Fraud Alert Radio, the Druff and Friend Show. Wait, hold on. It's not the Druff and Friend Show, it's the Druff and Drexel Show. Forgot about that. I am Todd Dandruff with Tellus. And I'm going to put on our co-host. Let's see if he's here. Brandel Drexen Gerson. Almost didn't get this started tonight. I had microphone problems. But here we are. I forgot to start Skype. <laughs> There's so much hassle with the microphone. I forgot about Skype to get Brandon on here. But anyway, that was Prince, who I'm sure you know, passed away well, shortly after radio last week. So he didn't cooperate. He didn't uh, kick the bucket one day earlier so we could uh, be more current. But uh, yeah, uh, Prince passed away last week. And uh, as a tribute to him, we played not one but two Prince songs. One selected by Brandon, one selected by me. He selected the first one, Let's Go Crazy. I selected the second one, Little Red Corvette, and we will talk about Prince a little bit towards the end. I'm not going to make a really long segment out of that because uh, everyone's been talking about it. In fact, if you've been on Facebook, it was probably just 
overwhelming your news feed. Probably more than you want it to see. At least that's how I felt. Whenever a celebrity dies, the, the news feed on Facebook just goes crazy. I don't see Brandon yet. So I guess we'll have to start without him. But let me tell you about a free roll we have that starts in eight minutes. You have 25 more minutes after that to get in there with a full stack for late registration. So don't panic. But we have a $120 free roll this week, a cash free roll, on the No Fraud Online Poker Room. That is near the top of the screen on PokerFraudAlert.com. You need a separate account to play it. For more information about the free roll and qualifying for the free money, go to PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll, all lowercase, PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll. And uh, it is No Limit Hold'em. It starts at 8.10 p.m. Pacific time. You have until 8.35 to get in there. For late registration, you need a separate account on the No Fraud Online Poker Room. Completely free. No play chips even required. $120 this week donated by two different parties, actually three different parties in a way. The first donation came from Sam Sneed, $45. And the second donation came from a combination, is a joint donation by Belly Buster, who also runs the No Fraud Online Poker Room, and Texter. They had a bet with each other regarding Dan Bilzerian and that stupid bike ride, and they weren't sure how to settle it because of the controversy involving it, so... Part of their settlement involved both of them agreeing to give $75 to the free roll, which is very nice and generous of both of them. So 75 came from them. So that makes $120. The way the money will break out, first place will get $60, second place $30, third place $16, fourth place $9, and this week we pay fifth also $5. 60 30 16, 9, and 5 for the first five places in this event starting at 8, 10 p.m., which is in six minutes. So get over there if you have not registered yet. You do have 25 minutes after that to get started. If you want to call into the show tonight, the phone number is 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. You can also call the Mount Charleston line, and you should note this number down, because last week, and I don't know if we're going to have this problem again this week, last week, for whatever reason, people were getting a busy signal on the main line when uh, when there were a few people on here already. It's supposed to be unlimited, but somehow it wasn't unlimited, and once there were two people on, people were getting a busy signal. So if you get a busy signal calling the 775-372-8355 number, You can call the Mount Charleston line, which actually feeds into a different line on my uh, little board here. So that's how you can get through on that one. 702-430-1808. 702-430-1808 is the Mount Charleston line. That's an old 70s telephone sitting on top of Mount Charleston. It's a rotary phone. It forwards to wherever I go. 702-430-1808. Either of them will reach the show. But speaking of busy signals, make sure to show your caller ID when you call in. Otherwise, you will get that busy signal. So you have to show your caller ID no matter which number you call. If you want to text me during the show, you can do so. In fact, you can text me during the show, before the show, or after the show. Any of those will work. And I will read it on the air unless you ask me not to. And I will answer all texts. So... You can try it anytime. Now, I won't answer during the show, but uh, after the show, before the show, I will answer. That number is the same as our main number, 775-372-8355. Now, Brandon, who's not with us right now at this moment, but he will be here soon, 
He will be here, I don't know, probably the next half hour. I thought he'd be here already, but very soon he will be here. But you can text him in the meantime and urge him to hurry along. The phone number is 203-299-2436. 203-299-2436 is Brandon's text number, which he can reach. You can reach him anytime by text at that number. And if you forget these numbers, no problem. Just go to the Flying Stupidity Forum on PokerFraudAlert.com and look at the official Druff and Drexel Show thread, and you will see these phone numbers there. We also have my favorite thing, my very favorite thing. In fact, I just got a message from Brandon that he's using this right now. That's the call to listen line. The call to listen line is a phone number that you can call to listen to the show at any time. You don't need a smartphone. You don't need the internet. You don't need anything except a phone that can dial. That's all you need. A phone that can dial. I don't care how old the phone is. It will work. It will not take up megabytes of your data plan. That phone number is 712-775-8162. 712-775-8162. That is the call to listen line and it's very useful if uh, you don't have very reliable internet where you are if uh, you would prefer to listen to the radio through a phone rather than through the internet in some way or if you don't have a smartphone or if you don't want to waste your data on your smartphone these are all ways these are all reasons to listen to the call to listen line and I get ratings for that line I get uh, a report that it automatically sends to me every day and its ratings are going up it's Every day getting used more. So if you could buy the call to listen line as a stock, it would be a strong buy right now. C Money texted me yesterday that he loves the call to listen line. I'm not even kidding. He texted me and said, never take this thing down. I love it. It's very easy. Just the easiest way to listen. 712-775-8162. Now you can also listen to streaming reruns. I've done this show for four years. We have almost 200 episodes in the can. So it's a lot of material, and what the radio server does is it just keeps picking random reruns whenever I'm not on live, and it streams one of those as if it's live. So it'll just pick a random show, okay, whatever, in 2013, we'll pick this one, and run it as if it's live. This occurs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. only time it's off is like two hours or so before radio because they don't want people getting confused of which is the live broadcast and which is the rerun broadcast. Other than that, it's always running if we're not on the air. So you can hear that either through the call to listen line or you can go to the radio page and just listen from there the same way you would listen to a normal radio. If you forget any of this stuff, you can go to the radio page, you can go to the radio thread, it's all up there. So if you forget these phone numbers, don't panic. Someone texted me and said, how do you get chips for the free roll? You don't. Just just once you've made an account on the No Fraud Online Poker Room, just sit down on the at the tournament table. You don't need chips. You honestly don't need chips. It will give you chips at the tournament. So here is the agenda tonight. And by the way, Brandon is listening to the call to listen line right now. He had to go visit that uh, condo he's talked about in the past. So he's on his way back home from there. And when he gets there, he will Skype into the show. That's where he is. But he's right now listening to the call to listen line. So here's the agenda tonight, and then we will get going. I woke up on Monday with something that 
you don't want to wake up to when you're in your 40s or older. I woke up to chest pain. Yeah. Chest pain, I woke up to. It, it's true. And I'm sorry for the sound probably blasting out your ear. I had to turn the volume up because for whatever reason, the Prince songs were not very loud. Anyway, I woke up to chest pain on Monday at about 7.30 in the morning. I said, huh, that's not good. But I was so tired. I had to wake up to bring Benjamin to school, and I had barely slept because I stayed up all night playing uh, on Bodog. So I was so tired. I was, like, too tired to deal with it. So I was like, all right, well, I'll drive him to school. I'll go back home, and F it. I'm not even going to think about this. It'll probably be gone when I wake up. So I went to sleep, woke up at about 1 p.m. Chest pain was still there. At that point, I decided it wasn't smart to avoid, like, avoid dealing with this anymore. So I did what anybody in my position would do. Anybody who is feeling chest pain, a male in their mid-40s who is aware that males in their mid-40s do sometimes just die of heart attacks, and I'm having chest pain that's unexplained. So I did what anyone else in my position would do. I went on the Internet. <laughs> I really, I really, that's what I did. So I went on the Internet. And I looked up the situation with right side chest pain. And it turned out that was a big difference. I, that's what I thought. I, I'd always heard the left side is what you really have to worry about. So it was. And uh, the right side chest pain is typically not related to heart problems. So I said, oh, that's good. So I read a little bit more. And there's a bunch of different things that could be from very mild or nothing to serious. But none of them had to do with the heart. So I was like, okay. If it doesn't have to do with the heart. F it, I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> so, I, so I went back to sleep and woke up again. I still, still had the chest pain. But uh, what I had recalled, and the reason I wasn't that worried about this, was that on Saturday I took a hike up, up and down some steep hills. And I took the dog along with us. And the dog is almost 11 years old. So he gets tired, especially up steep hills. He has a hard time, I can tell. So I picked him up a few times to help him up the steep hills. And it's kind of awkward to carry a dog. He's not all that happy, heavy. He's probably like 30 pounds. But it's not so much the weight. It's like the way you have to carry him because a dog it just isn't that easy to carry. So I think in the awkwardness with carrying the dog up the steep hills a number of times as I did during that hike, which was over three and a half miles up and down steep hills, I think I probably strained something in my chest and didn't realize it for a day and a half. So... I, I read that physical activity can bring on these chest pains as well on the right side. That that's a very common scenario where you, there's some physical activity that you haven't done very much of recently, and you get sore or you pull a muscle, and then it shows itself as chest pain. Now, fortunately, I have a very good cardiologist in the family. It's my brother, who's a uh, cardiology professor at Stanford, so I... I messaged him and asked him uh, if this is anything to worry about. But I, I was so, like, not worried about this that I didn't even, uh, like, try to interrupt whatever he was doing. I'm like, okay, whenever he gets the email, he can he can message me back. Where if I was really worried, I would have just made sure to reach him. But I, I uh, you know, he confirmed that he wasn't worried either. He thought it was probably muscular from everything I described. And here we are two days later, two and a half days later, and I'm still here. I'm doing this broadcast, so... 
I did not die. I guess it's possible that I will just keel over during the broadcast, and if uh, if that happens, then uh, you don't have to worry. The call to listen line is still functioning. You can still hear me. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm I'm okay right now. I I don't see a need to go to the doctor over this and spend all that time and money on this. It just seems like a waste, you know. It's like I, I guess if it's completely free, there's still the time factor, but. Since I have to spend money and to, to go to any doctor that would competently analyze this, you can't just go to, like, the urgent care. They won't know what they're doing. So you'd have to go to, like, a cardiologist, and it'd be a pain in the ass to get in. It's just – really, if I wanted an immediate answer, I'd have to go to the ER, and the ER is so expensive. Now, I have health insurance, but individual health insurance doesn't cover the ER very well because you have a big deductible. So, like, this would be a lot of money for me. So I chose to save the money. Yeah. I chose to save the money instead of uh, going to the ER, which some people found strange. Like, you have chest pain, and you choose not to go to the ER because you're cheap. And it's true. I'm a cheap Jew. I determined that this was not worth an ER visit, or even worth a doctor's visit for a $60 copay. So here I am. And I'm, I'm not worried. I, I, if it was the left side, I'd be worried. If it was the left side, even being Jewish, I would have gone to the ER. If it were the left side, I would have been very alarmed by it. But uh, the, the right side, you know, just because it's in that area doesn't mean it's a heart problem. So I'm sure that I'm fine. I'm sure that there's not going to be any issues here, and I'm, I'm sure that uh, the show will go as normal, and this will be something I laugh about in 20, 30, and 40 years, and... You know, so a little bit of a scare, but not that. Just kidding. Of course, uh, given what I said at the beginning of this broadcast, you probably probably thought that was mic trouble, not me falling over dead. Anyway, let's see if we can reach Brandon. Let's see what the chat room's saying about that one. (laughs) Someone said, get the paddles ready. Clear? Someone else said, what happened? (laughs) Someone said, holler if you can hear me. (laughs) So... No, seriously, I'm not worried. Unfortunately, I knocked something down while I was while I did the fake pass out. I actually knocked something down. Here it is. I can't even fake pass out correctly tonight. Jeez. All righty. Mumbles badly is saying in chat. At least the hypo can laugh at himself. You know. As not being a hypochondriac, it was the opposite. I, I felt chest pain, and I'm like, I'm not going. I'm, I don't even want to go to the doctor. That's the opposite of a of a hypochondriac. So let's uh, let's see if Brandon's around. Don't think he's here yet. Well, no problem. I will press on. And I'll give you a little bit of a Daredevil update. Daredevil, for those of you that don't know, I'm sure most of you do, Daredevil was our third host 
First, he was a guest co-host when Brandon was off the show for some time. And then he became the third host. You know, Brandon and Daredevil came back right around the same time in November of 2015. And they were both hosts of the show along with me. And uh, Daredevil was very, uh, very popular. People really enjoyed his takes on things. He, he was very knowledgeable about Vegas, especially for a guy in Canada. But he, he knew everything about Vegas. He was a, a very good asset to the show and, and was almost universally liked. But uh, he had some, uh, some issues in his life in the background that uh, I, I guess kind of started with a breakup of his relationship and then some other things happened and... Uh, you know, he's okay, but he decided he's he's stepping away from the poker world. He decided that's some somewhere he wants to be away from for some time. So, so he left. That's I'm I'm not going to go into more detail than that. But he didn't leave because of any dispute with us. Uh, he just left poker completely for a while. And uh, he didn't he didn't like have a massive loss or anything like that. It's just he just felt for his own. Sanity was better. He just steps away from poker and from poker forums and poker radio shows and everything like that. So he did, and he left. So I was wondering if Daredevil, you know, I, had, I hadn't heard from him, and I, I figured I wasn't going to bug him while he's taking his sabbatical. But uh, I actually heard from him this week, and he listened to the show for the first time in a while, and he actually thought the segment where I was making fun of this guy who won a bracelet in 2005 and hasn't done anything since and has the nerve to make other people pay for his site's free rolls and all that other stuff where I was clearly talking about myself and pretending like I was criticizing someone else. He thought that was a funny segment and wanted me to know that. And I was like, oh, that's nice you're listening. So Daredevil is alive. He's listening. He might be listening right now. Hello, Daredevil. And you you can come back anytime. I'm not even kidding. I mean, I'm sure he knows he can because we didn't have a dispute. But sometimes people just leave abruptly like that. They think the door's closed. But it's it's not closed. He was a, a very popular host on the show during the time he was here. We have another uh, host who's been well-received that replaced Daredevil, and that is a Northern California guy, and he's here right now. Hello. Uh-oh. Not this again. <laughs> Let me make sure it's not on my end. Doesn't look like it's on my end. It looks like it's on his end. Northern Cal guy, uh, try to call back. He's, he's uh, skyping on here. Uh, I guess we'll find out. So, you know, I got now. He's now he's scaring me. I got to make like a test call just to make sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll call it information like I always do to test it, just to make sure we can really hear people here. Uh oh, <laughs> what is wrong here? It's not coming through. That's crazy. Well, sorry, Northern California guy. It's on my end. Yeah, I, th- this is so. You guys are going to laugh at me. But the reason that uh, we're having mic problems tonight is because I got my microphone out and it was tangled. That's that's where the whole problem started. So the microphone was tangled, and I said I got to untangle this. It's like really tangled up. It's not going to work well the way it was tangled. So I untangled it and then just for some reason it stopped working. And then it, it took a long time for me to get it working. I, I still can't quite figure out what even was wrong. I just was playing around with it and finally started working again. And now for whatever reason I can't hear people who, who call into Skype, which is uh, really strange. Why would that even be? 
All right, I'm going to need the chat room's help on this one. <laughs> um, I'm going to play a sound effect, guys, in the chat room. Tell me if you can hear this. I know this makes, this makes great radio, but uh, can you guys? Did you guys hear the the sound effect I just played? If yes, tell me. Then at least that's not a problem. I, I don't know if it's a Skype thing. Yeah, okay, the guys hear it. Okay, that's good. So maybe a Skype thing. I mean, I'm going to shut down Skype and start it again. I appreciate the chat room helping me. What a freaking fail! Just, I don't know. Everything's going wrong here. One of these nights, just things aren't working. You know. It started with a mic that – and I was thinking as I am untangling my mic. I'm like, I wonder if I could plug this thing back in. It's not going to work again. And then I plug it back in. It doesn't work. They just restarted Skype. Okay. Try to, I'm going to try to put on Northern California guy. I have a feeling it's going to work this time. It's being optimistic. Grenader Roger trying to mess with me. It's a fart sound, right? They don't don't play with me here. I will actually put on a fart sound. Oh, I Hello, I, is this is this the Agenda Radio show? Oh, it is. This, no, it's not Agenda Radio. It's it's fixed sound problems radio. All right. Yeah, the most most hour shows you know pack a lot of material in one hour. We really feel like you've learned a lot and heard a lot here. We we spend an hour fixing the microphone. That's, well, we uh, do produce the show during the show. Yeah, so it's that's, understandable. I know that's the. Uh, it's embarrassing when this happens, and and one day I'm going to hear this show again on the call to listen line. But I forgot to give the date when I started the show. It's a, the date is April 27, 2016, because it tilts me listening to the old shows, and I can't figure out when they were. I'm like, I think this is around 2012, 2013. I don't know. I wish I would say a date, and I don't. So it's it's April 27, 2016. So when I I go listen to this like four years from now, I will. Be ashamed of myself. I will be uh, embarrassed for myself when I hear the beginning of this episode. Okay, here's the agenda, and then we'll get going. There's several elements of World Series news that I'm going to give tonight. Five different things. I'm going to leave you in suspense. I won't even tell you what they are. If you see the agenda, you probably see what they are. But five different elements of World Series news. There are a number of announcements were made today. They always make announcements like on Wednesday just so I can include it in the show. So thank you, Seth Polanski. The Las Vegas Review-Journal, owned now by Sheldon Adelson. He tried to hide that he was owning it, then that came out. And after it came out, they insisted that they're not going to change anything, that they are the same old Las Vegas Review-Journal just because Adelson owns them is not going to influence their content at all. Well, surprise, surprise, that's not true. And a columnist has quit the Las Vegas Review-Journal over restrictions placed upon him. You guys remember Dog is Head, Hasib Qureshi, who was involved in all kinds of scandals. All kinds of scandals, all kinds of shady dealings in the poker world. He was a high-stakes, no-limit player. Uh, he's now out of the poker world. But he appeared in an article where he talks about how he got a high-paying software job, and in fact several companies were competing to hire him, which is unbelievable given this guy's history and how available it is to find. So we'll talk about that and read his uh, account of... Uh, his job search, he's supposedly making pretty good money now. There's a new U.S.-facing online poker room. There is. One that U.S. players can sign up for and play, but 
I don't think it's that safe. I would not encourage signing up to it. Its name is Our Game Poker, and it's not the same company you might think it is. It's not the company that owns the WPT. No. It's a different Our Game, and I think it's a scam. So I will tell you some things about Our Game, and I will even give a bit of an editorial about the person who reported the Our Game online poker room and its potential issues about something he's doing that I don't care for too much. Jungle Man, Daniel Cates. He's also no stranger to controversy, and in fact, uh, he was involved with Hasib Qureshi at one point with uh, some unethical things that were going on. But he was in a thread recently on some other site where they were doing like an Ask Me Anything with him, and he revealed that Tom Dwan once lost a staggering amount of money in one pot. One million dollars. No. More. Much more. We'll talk about that. Gambling underworld figure Paul Fua, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, he gave an interview to Poker News denying all the allegations about him. He was the one who was in Caesars in their villas running a sports betting ring, allegedly, and got off thanks to a technicality. But he claims this is all fabricated, that uh, the media is is blowing this up, that he's actually a good guy. (laughs) So I'll I'll read. I I just lost my microphone. I'm back here. I'm back here. What the hell's the problem tonight? If I ever tangle this thing again, I swear I'm going to leave a tangle. I will never untangle this microphone as long as I live. I will, I will let it look like a rat's nest before I untangle this thing again. Okay, I think we're back. So, Paul Fua says he's a great guy. The media is slamming him for no good reason, and I'll read some excerpts of his interview with Poker News and give my opinion. Poker Stars launches a new form of poker called Knockout Poker. It has to do with bounties. We'll talk a bit about that. The Cromwell, which is what Caesars likes to call its boutique hotel in Las Vegas, originally built by a Russian mobster before they fired the Russian mobster and had someone else take over the building. Anyway, the Cromwell has added a hundred times odds craps game. You may not know what that means. I will explain it to you if you're not a craps player. If you are a craps player, that will be interesting to you because uh, typically hundred times odds games are not spread at major casinos. So there is a hundred times odds craps game and I'll explain why you might want to play it and why you might not want to play it. Finally, I'm going to give you some advice on casino bonus whoring. This is how to generate a lot of lucrative free play offers without playing very much at all. It's where you get much more in free play than you would ever lose in uh, earning the free play. Uh, This is what I call the one-and-done method, and I will give you my advice. Hello? On that, yes, yes. Hi, Brandon. Is the fresher running? It is for now. There's been some microphone issues. You know, there's been uh, some problems. There's been. Uh, Sorry, been... I'm late. I was on the phone with these fucking idiots from Our Game Poker. Have you heard about this site? <laughs> yeah, let me, let me guess. They, they will pay me my money. Oh man, see, that's, I, I, this is why you have to listen to the fraud segments here. See, you don't listen, Shit. and then this is what happens to you. I, I, I don't have much sympathy for this one. I, I don't I like see to see Schreiber, the, the Northern California kid. Yeah, he's here. Yeah. Hey, Northern What's California it? guy. Hello, Brandon. How are you doing, buddy? You having a better week than last week? Much better. Thanks. Jeez, for that asking. was a nightmare, huh? Yeah. Well, I can see the technological fail. You know, happens to everybody. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's, I, it, it's funny. It started off fine, and then, uh, Brandon, you probably heard, I, I untangled the microphone and everything fell apart. I was listening on the call to yeah. the listen line. But it, 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 I've never seen anything like this before. You untangle a microphone, and your world falls apart. Okay, so, so that's the uh, poker and gambling topics tonight. We'll also talk about Prince and uh, his death, and a poker fraud alert user called it four days early, way before anyone was really discussing this at all. Four days before Prince died, a user on poker fraud alert was saying he's going to die. Uh, Trump has crushed in the Northeast at the primary yesterday. I think he's on the path to securing the nomination. They say it? that that Indiana is going to be all important. Who yep. would have ever thought? Who would have thought? I, I wonder if that's ever been said on the show before. But yeah, I, uh, I think he's going to get the nomination. We'll talk about that when we get to that segment. Uh, Ted Cruz made a weird announcement today. He's picking a VP candidate. Very, very crazy. Has anyone ever done that before they've even wrapped up the nomination before? Um, I, I don't recall in my I, I actually talk, I actually talked to Ken Scaler, who we may reach tonight. I want to talk to him about Coachella. That may be a bonus segment tonight after 10. But uh, he said that Ronald Reagan did this in 76, who ended up you know, he ended up not uh, winning the primary. Who was his uh, running mate? I don't even remember. Uh, so, some person from Pennsylvania. I don't know either, really. Uh, he ended up having Bush as his running mate right, in, in 80. But yeah, in 76, I don't really, don't really know the person. As a four-year-old, I didn't really pay attention. Uh, as... It, the NBA rocked with injuries this week. Steph Curry down for at least two weeks, maybe more. Maybe by the time he is able to play again, the Warriors will be out. It'll be a very sad ending for them. The Clippers decimated by uh, Chris Paul and Blake Griffin getting injured in the same game. That's bad news for them. And they're both out for sure for the rest of the time. Right now, uh, they are actually ahead by five somehow at halftime, which I don't like to see because I bet against them. I, I was a little afraid of the bet, strangely enough. I'm like, what, what if they're all like... It was trending down for a while, but then it just trended right up. Yeah, it trended back up. I, I, it's only a five-point game. Anything can happen. But yeah, right now, Clippers winning by five, but they have no Paul, no Griffin for the rest of the time. And uh, so we'll see. And it's uh, I, I, if Portland manages to, to beat the Clippers... They they might even make the uh, the Western Conference Finals. Like uh, that's crazy to think about, but it could actually happen. Uh, probably won't. Probably Golden State has enough to beat them without Curry. But it's possible Portland, which is not a very good team, could actually be in the Western Conference Finals. Which is it's the, not that they're not a very good team. They're a very young team. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, right now they're not a very good team. They, they mean, may they, be a good one. You day. know what? I, I did. If you would have told me last year after they lost Aldridge and. Didn't really make any splashes in the free agency uh, signing period that they were going to be this competitive. I wouldn't have believed you. No, they're they're much better than expected. But uh, I think they lost four starters actually in the yeah. offseason. They're, they're yeah, much something ridiculous. They're much better. Damian Lillard though, he's a he's a square shooter, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's from so, North. He's from Northern California. Oh wow. Yeah, he is. So we'll talk cool. a bit about the playoffs there and uh, the Chicago Cubs. Another sports segment, which I'm sure you Euros will like. They are a very, very dominant baseball team thus far. Everyone knew they'd be good, but they're even better than people expected. How good are the Cubs going to be? Are they really as good as they appear? Are they just going to crush everyone this year? We will talk about the Cubs. Now what about the topic that's on everybody's mind? The, the hashtag big topic? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so people on the forum are What do you think? Should it be addressed once and for all? It's kind of hard to address because I haven't decided fully what to do. They're waiting for a ruling from you. Well, I know I haven't decided what the ruling is. That's why. I maybe you should do like uh, the Supreme Court or the appellate court. We'll have our ruling in like six to eight weeks. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm deciding what to do. It's a tough one. But uh, yeah, the Jay, the ongoing Jay Searles situation. Some people are are demanding that we ban him. See, the funny thing is Jay Searles 
Right now, he has no ability to give what's known as reputation on the forum, and I also haven't paid him $55 he won in a free roll because of, uh, uh, of all the controversy going on. So he is demanding that I pay him and restore his reputation privilege. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. That Frank Rizzo hasn't had a good night's sleep since this whole mess started. Yeah, and there's a, a regular listener here, Frank Rizzo. He just, he's been going nuts about this for some reason. And oh, so there's a lot, a, lot, a lot of controversy on the forum. about this. They, they want me to address this, but there's just – you know, most of the listeners here are not forum people, and we've we've given this a lot of time, and I haven't made a decision yet about what to do, so I'm not sure if I'll discuss it or not. Now, I also have to say, uh, you mentioned baseball, you mentioned forum, so that brings me to this point. Do you know how on baseball, it could be in the middle of the game, or it could even be at the end of the game, when an umpire blows a call, or, or they think the umpire blew a call, or something, they file what they call an official protest. Yeah. You know about this? And yeah, yeah. Playing ninety nine percent of the time, it's it's not ever over. You know, it's the protest is, yeah. is ignored. Funny enough, the last time that there was a protest, it was like three years ago, and I actually bet that game. It was the Cubs and I believe San Francisco. I have the ticket saved, and the, the protest won. And you know, that's not the point. The point is, though, I am doing radio tonight under protest. Uh oh. So, what? I mean, I, I realize nothing's probably going to be changed. Nothing's going to be overturned. But I want it to be known that I'm doing, I'm following a protest. I'm still going to be doing radio. Well, so, what's the protest about? Over the clit. Oh. Yeah, he doesn't like a, There's a, a user here named uh, Brittany Griner Clit. He, I, I unpost restricted him. But you said it'd be a while. You'd have to earn it back, and then you get all hopped up on the Viking late at night, and you start getting in the tender, loving, no, forgiving mood. Yeah, that's what they were saying. Well, I know, but there's no Viking. There's no medication. That's what they were. I, I, I that, was saying it. I know. The others were saying it. I know they were saying it, but it's not true. You said and I just all sauced up. I just decided. I, I just decided that uh, he seemed to have behaved well since I did it, and and I can put it back at any time. That's the whole point. It's not a, a permanent decision. It's a decision that can be reversed immediately if he makes a lot of crap posts again. So that's why that's why I did it. I just don't like to leave people under restriction for too long if I think that they're going to behave fine. The, the restriction is not really for punishment. It's just to kind of control the forum from getting messed up. Well, nonetheless, it's under protest. Okay, it's under protest. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Uh, the World Series, uh, they made a number of announcements today. And first of all, I want to give congratulations. This is one of the announcements, by the way. But uh, I want to give congratulations to KevMath, Kevin Mathers. Not the rapper. No. But Kevin Mathers, he got a job at the World Series of Poker. He is going to be the head of social media at the World Series. He will be operating the at WSOP account. This this will be him who's running it. And so now, this this is what was happening in the past. People would ask questions to at WSOP and they would often not get answered, or they get a, a, an answer that wasn't very good, or an answer that was too terse. So then they would ask the real authority of the World Series, KevMath. KevMath would sit there all day and all night and help people out. And I'm, I'm not saying this to be uh, condescending. I, he, he was very, very nice and generous to do this. He would make himself available all day for free, just to be a nice guy, because he's a big fan of poker. And he knew everything about the World Series. He knew more than... All the employees there combined. I'm, I'm not kidding. So anything people asked, Kev Math would answer. And it was so funny that the best answers that one would obtain at the World Series would come from a non-World Series employee. And I, I mentioned it on the show. I know. I think you mentioned it too last year. That Kev Math was uh, he was really the MVP of the World Series social media game. And uh, something else I remember talking about 
regarding social media in the World Series was that they're just not very good at social media. They get like if someone criticizes something, they get mad and snap at them. Hey, it's only been a week. Give us a fucking break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like the problem is. The, the guys who are in charge of the World Series, uh, social media just isn't their strength. They, they, they all have tempers, and they if you're running a social media account, you can't have a temper. If you do, You're you relics ha- from a different era? I don't really think so. Some of them are even younger than me. But, oh. but it, it's more that uh, they just – some people have the demeanor for, to run a social media account, and some don't. And uh, Kev Math definitely has it. Kev Math is so even-tempered. He's such a such a nice, even-tempered guy. Like, nobody dislikes him. So you don't have no worries that maybe he'll inadvertently say a slur or cause some kind of controversy, right? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what normally happens when they have a Twitter account. Yeah, I know, I know. So that's Something a... to say something racially insensitive or against homosexuals or... Well, that, yeah, but that's and... not really what they did. They just, they just, like, were pissing off the players. No, I'm but... saying the people that, like, the official Twitter of... Such and such. Oh, of, of some other companies, yeah, yeah. Right. No, no, I, I think he's going to do a great – right. I think he's going to do a great job, and, and he did a great job last year not being the official uh, – What do you think that pays? I was wondering that too, and like – Yeah, it was, I, I was – I have no idea. It can't be like a whole lot, but I think this is probably what happened. They, I'm sure they recognized that the most valuable resource for information was doing it for free last year and that people were probably saying, hey, why don't you hire this guy? And they probably also knew that they weren't very good at social media themselves. And I think, like, I don't think Seth Polanski enjoys answering that account. I don't think Jack Effel enjoys it. I don't think any of those guys, Ty Stewart, I don't think any of them enjoy answering these type of mundane questions. So what is what is the Twitter? It's WSOP what? It's just at WSOP. He's going to be running it. Oh, okay. So, good for him. So, yeah, he's, he's officially gotten the job to run it. And he thinks we're crazy for doing a fraud show that goes so many hours, though. Does he say that? He said that last oh, week. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah, well, he listens though. He listens to this show, and uh, very nice guy. And I, I once had an, an incident with Kev Math actually. I I've talked about this before, where I'd pass him in the hallway at the World Series, and he wouldn't acknowledge me. He'd be very nice to me online. He'd listen to this show. He'd come in the chat sometimes. He, but then like I'd see him in person, and he'd walk right by me like he doesn't know me. And I was a little bit insulted. I thought maybe he was ashamed to be seen with me or something, and I was, I was very hurt. So I, I actually said it on this show that Kev Math was snubbing me. And Kev Math made it a point then to, uh, when he did see me the next time, to stop me and say, look, I'm not doing this on purpose. When I'm walking around, my mind's on a million things. I'm not looking at anybody. I'm kind of just like walking and just staring off into space and I'm not, I'm not even seeing you so I'm so sorry I didn't mean to do that at all and you know Kev Math he, he knows a lot of things and something Kev Math knew especially from listening to the show he thought okay Todd is kind of pissed at me Todd is kind of frustrated with me about uh, snubbing him in the hallway what's something that I could do that would make Todd happy what would, what would make Todd forgive me what's something I could do that would uh, put a smile on his face give you something free the, the food voucher is the way to Todd's heart right he gave me a, a $10 food voucher. He took it out of his wallet and said, here's a voucher, a media voucher for food, for $10. And so he, he handed it to me, and I, I went and used it for a meal. So thank you, Kev Math, and I considered our snubbing to be in the past. I mean, maybe that, what are we going to do, though, about that other one without a job? The one with the videos, the funny videos, the party in the DOJ. Oh, seriously, serious? Yeah, I don't know. You got to get him a job too, then, no? I think he has some kind of job. I don't know. It's it's kind of didn't hard he to go think. under with Bluff or something? No, yeah, Bluff went under. Yeah, so yeah. yeah he, no, he left the he left Bluff before they went under. He actually oh. jumped off the sinking ship. 
I like that kid. Yeah, I like him too. Everybody likes Seriously Serious as well. But uh, Kevmath is even more liked. Like, like Seriously Serious at least has a few people who don't like him. Uh, Kevmath has like nobody that dislikes him. In fact, he was so well liked in the poker room, uh, the poker world, for everything he did that uh, Negranu and some other pros actually bought him into the main event one year. Caused controversy though. What controversy was there? I don't remember. There was a thread. Some oh, that's were right. Yeah, that's they were right. Against it, and it was unethical because then he's going to give. I'm not. I, I thought it was stupid. Oh, so I remember record, that now. Yeah. I, you know, Casey listens. And I'm not just saying I don't give a shit. What, you know, I'm going to say my opinion. But some people were saying that it's unethical for him to receive gifts, benefits for the same people he covered, insinuating he was going to give them preferential treatment, but. That's I mean the guy's tweeting and shit. What, what, yeah, it was, not, it was it was ridiculous because his that's job. That's the guy plays main event. Yeah, his his job at I remember now his job at Bluff at the time was not like giving opinions on things. He was reporting factual. Oh, yeah. he'd report factual things. This person finished fortieth uh, place. This per, right. Yeah, this person the, won. They're forehanded at the the WSOP circuit event in Hammond, Indiana. Yeah, that's what he would do. So right. like they didn't. It was it did, ridiculous. Yeah, it's not like it's not like he was editorializing. It ain't like he's Ted Koppel on Nightline. <laughs> yeah. So. So it was so stupid. Like the, but they and, were really up in arms about it. Yeah, there was a they, big they, thread on that one site that we don't talk about yeah, much. Yeah, they were, they were idiots over there. Yeah. So, I remember we talked about that here and just said they were morons. And not because we like Kev Math. It was, just, it was dumb. And uh, Well, no matter who it would have been, I mean, I like Kev Math. He's always been a, uh, what do they call that, a fair shaker, if you will, with us, you know, giving us good treatment. But, you know, not any, uh, you know, not, no... Fringe benefits. Yeah, you know he's been fair, and but so the point I'm saying is that it's a it was ridiculous, and I hope he play. I, well, I guess he can't play this year, huh? Because of that WSOP. Well, some people were ins- insisting to me that's not true. Well, uh, somebody posted it. Yeah. Now, now, did you see? I think it was Crow Diddley that posted that they're not allowed to play in any of the events. This was this year's rules, but the casino event. It was posted on well, your, no, uh, but no, no, but it did your, say, it did say, right, site. right. I saw that, but he, he posted the official rules. It's kind of weird that if you're a Caesars employee, you're not allowed to play the World Series events unless you get advanced permission from the Rio. No one gets permission, though. But I, I don't know. I've never do heard they? of no one. I mean, maybe. I they know. wouldn't let a cocktail waitress years ago from Tunica play. Maybe she didn't get permission. <laughs> well, I'm sure she didn't. That's what I'm saying. Maybe if you go to them like way in advance, and I, I don't know. It's. Uh, but I'm just saying that's they don't want that. Yeah, I know. They don't, you know, they don't want the appearance of impropriety, even though there wouldn't be. There's a Caesar's dealer. Oh, I know this dealer, and then oh, the dealer gives somebody a bad beat. Uh, you know that helps. The, the you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They just don't want that. They don't yeah. want that kind of publicity. Caesar's employee wins the twenty five hundred PLO. To, you know what I mean? They just yes, don't want. That. Yes, I know. Yeah, it makes sense. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm telling you that's why yeah, they yeah. don't want it. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, so Kevin Math, a great hire there, and uh, he's very not only is he just full of information and, and always gives the people what they want to know. And uh, not only is he just very helpful, but he's very, very even-tempered. I was saying last year they need to appoint a person running that account who will not get pissed if, if things get criticized or if people are irritated or people are asking things in a, an impolite manner. Just, just you need someone who just doesn't get insulted, and he's really the perfect hire in every way. I could not think of a better person on this earth to have this job than Kevmath. Last year when I was uh, spending ridiculous kinds of money eating at that uh, All-American Don restaurant, yeah. he would always tell me, get the chicken, not the fish. <laughs> That's kind of like in that movie Airplane, right? Yeah. And if I'm correct, where did Kevmath live? Was it Atlanta? 
I, well, I remember he wasn't even in Vegas. He was doing well, all this work. He's right, basically right. running the World Series well, in he, a different state. So he lived in Atlanta because that's where Bluff was based. So he moved there, as did Sirius the Sirius, to work on Bluff. Then when Bluff folded, he, they hadn't folded yet last year in the World Series, but uh, he was not there. Right. He was actually answering all these questions from thousands of miles away in Atlanta. But, that's where the one guy lived, too. Well, that's where everybody who worked like full-time at Bluff lived. No, but the guy that fled. Oh, yeah, yeah. He lived. Well, he didn't want to live there. No. He was kind of forced to by his wife. I'm sure he's glad because he met the one girl. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, anyway, uh, congrats to Kev Math. Very, very good hire. And the World Series, they, you know, sometimes you get on a streak, Brandon. Sometimes you you do a lot of fail things and stupid things in a row. When I say you, I mean, like, anybody, not just, not you personally. But uh, sometimes you'll be on a streak and just do a lot of stupid things in a row and you just feel like you can't do anything right. And sometimes you're on a streak and you do a lot of things that are good and correct and you feel good about yourself. Well, this week the World Series should feel good about itself because they they made a number of good decisions this year so far. And uh, hopefully this is indicative of what's to come. See, some people may believe that this show just likes to bash the World Series and Caesars and and, uh, we're always looking for an excuse to make fun of them and make them look bad. This is not true. We report the facts without any bias. We don't sugarcoat anything, and we don't uh, look for things to criticize that don't deserve criticism. Right, and I'm getting a text from the 410. I guess I can say it's Scott from the East Coast. He said, it was me that brought up the fact that Caesars Entertainment employees can't play WSOP events. Worst part is they only manage my property, and they don't own it. Ah, that's funny. And I'm getting... uh, Let's see. Call up. What area code is this? This is from the 919. Where is that? Uh, It's somewhere in the south. I love the fraud show. I don't think Todd spent enough time last week talking about that satellite issue. Maybe we can talk about it some more for another hour and 40 minutes. (laughs) All right. So, look, uh, the World Series... They they made a number of decisions, and, and so as I was saying, they, there's times that people like everyone's on the World Series ass about something, and then I look at it and I go, the World Series is actually right. Like all the people who are up in arms about something, it's all over nothing. I've seen this before where people get all worked up over stupidity, and it turns out the World Series has done nothing wrong, uh, or they're being falsely accused. So I I really look with an open mind. I know Brandon does too. Every time there's a controversy, and don't jump to conclusions either way. I'm not a, f- a fanboy of the World Series, going to kiss their ass. I'm also not uh, not going to look for reasons <laughs> to bash them. So this week I'm going to say they did a, a good job with a number of decisions and and uh, things they added this year. So here's the next one. Brandon, do you remember Poker News when they were covering the World Series? You could use an app of called My, called MyStack to report. I still your, have it on my phone right, now to report your own chips. Gonna, this this is very useful my, because I just busted out of the fraud tournament. I'm going to go put it on there now. <laughs> so the the MyStack app was very useful because uh, chip reporting is very difficult, especially if you're not Phil Ivey. Well, I'll tell Phil you, Helmet. it's gotten a lot worse since Poker News left. I'm just yeah, being honest. Yeah, it did. It did. It got worse. And but even when Poker News was there, you know, they're, they're only reporting on your stack every so often, and that's if you're like at least a semi-known player. If you're not own it, known at all, they won't report you at all unless you, get, unless you get really, really deep. So this is frustrating for people who are trying to follow the results of either friends, family members, those they've staked. Well, it's not even that. In the, you know, This is what people were worried about. Not, again, I'm, this, is, this is what you said. It's just an honest critique. But I've noticed the last couple of years, they'll basically go dormant, meaning they'll like say Phil Ivey has – 
you know, 5,000 in chips. And the, I mean, someone a big name. And there'll be hours before it even trends up or upwards or downwards. Yeah, so that's the problem, too. In fact, I remember uh, in 2012, I was there, and Huck Seed was furious. was actually yelling at a Poker News guy because he was listed with a lot of chips, and then he lost a whole lot, and then like an hour and a half passed, and they didn't update it. So he's sitting here with like a short stack. and Didn't they have you once at a final table and you busted the day before? That, that was my own fault. But, uh, How could it be your fault? It was through the app, actually. Through the, I, oh, I, that I, would be I, your fault. Yeah, so it was my fault. But but this one, Poker News didn't update Huck Seed's chip, so he was really short-stacked and going to bust before the money. And everyone's congratulating him. Hey, man, your chip leader, awesome. Where'd it go, dude? And he was furious. He's getting all these texts from people looking, showing him like one of the chip leaders. In reality, he's down to almost nothing and had been down for a long time. So he was really pissed. So the MyStack app, which... Poker News came out with was very useful. Lithuanian technology at work allowed you, the player, anybody, doesn't matter how small of a name you are in poker, you can add yourself to the official list. Who's the smallest name in poker? The very smallest? If you had to guess. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go on. (laughs) You know what, just for people that are listening, if they don't list you and you really want to get back at them, do not report. That's what I did. I just don't report. They don't want to report on me. I don't report at them. Then at the end of the day, no, the way to get back the, at the them, chip no, counts no, 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 just no. says did not report. It has no, your number. No, the way to really get back at them is to self-report yourself at the final table after you've busted. <laughs> so anyway, and you can do that actually with that MyStack app. So the MyStack app was, was very useful for that. And I personally really liked it because my, my family members and friends would uh, follow it and I would keep it very well updated so they'd see really how I'm doing. And then also people who bought pieces of me would have a very good idea if I'm doing well or poorly. They didn't have to count on those uh, reports. Well, the problem was Poker News was no longer covering the World Series due to some uh, contractual problems. They just uh, – I forgot who was paying who there. I think uh, – was Poker News paying them to cover it? I think they were. Anyway, whatever it was, uh, one party didn't want to pay the other anymore, and it was done. So the World Series was covering their own – uh, tournaments, and it was god-awful. It was terrible. The, if you think Poker News didn't do a good job, then you should have seen the World Series reporting. Even though a lot of the same people were working there, you know, a lot of the former Poker News reporters were working for World Series of Poker.com, they just did such a horrendous job covering... It was probably the worst I've ever seen. Where just, uh, as Brandon said, they go dormant for hours, even for very big names. So... The worst thing was, because Poker News was no longer involved, even though the MyStack app still worked, the only thing it would update would be Poker News. It would not update the official World Series of Poker site. So anyone who went to WSOP.com, anyone looking up on the electronic leaderboards at the Rio, uh, they would not get that information from MyStack. Because once Poker News was out, so was MyStack. So last year it took a step back that you were unable to update your chip counts. And it was really that one guy used to work for them and do the chip counts, the... Uh... Guy that dated the older girl that was hot, but she was like in her forties. Oh, but making Mark, yeah. Yep, yeah. So remember that or no? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this year they are bringing back an app to where you can report your chips. It's not the MyStack app. It has nothing to do with poker news, but they are bringing back an app. It is called Chip In. A new, this is from Seth Polanski. A new live reporting chip ta- counting tool for players to socialize their chip counts during WSOP Gold Bracelet events. From their, from their table slash seat, players can add their chip count to the official WSOP chip count list on WSOP.com, all from their smartphone or tablet. You just go to WSOP.com slash 
chip in c h i p i n so i i have to i haven't tried it yet i just got this notification uh, this afternoon but i have to imagine this is very similar to my stack so it's nice to see that back uh Here. northern california guy are you going to be making your way down to vegas at all for uh any part of the world series this year uh-oh uh no oh, i'm i'm not That's you already bad. found a partner for the tag team right yeah i'm good with that but i mean you just well, who's your partner? Again? It's not going to be me. I'm not going to be there. Uh, Jay Ryderson. Oh, Jay Ryderson. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. So well, I would have been you. We could have three, but you said that you had. No, you I know. can't. I can't do it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So here, here's it's a real another... gimmicky thing, but you know what? It is what a gimmicky hell? thing. But yeah, I, I would have totally done you it. Played if I was in there. the other gimmick last year. Yeah, and I, w- I would have done it if I were there. I know you would have. So uh, good news for headphone wearers. They used to have a policy at the World Series. You just can't wear headphones during a World Series event. Then they relaxed it to where you can wear headphones, but only up until you hit the money. Now, I always thought this is the dumbest thing because it's basically saying it's okay to cheat up until you hit the money. But once you hit the money, then you better be honest. <laughs> I mean, it was ridiculous. They would announce every time, okay, everybody, we're in the money. And then you'd people, people clapping. Okay, now nobody wear headphones anymore. Headphones are no longer allowed. And at that point, you could not wear headphones. And I never could understand why. Could you understand why? Makes no sense. Yeah. Is that really what they were worried about was cheating? Yes. I figured they'd be worried about people having them on and slowing down the game because they'd no, never know the action or wouldn't be paying attention. No, it was it was actually about them. It was actually about cheating. Like they were thinking like you're deeper in now. It makes more of a difference if you cheat them before. So it, it, it made no sense. So they, they finally have relaxed this. And now you are allowed to wear headphones all the way through except the final table. The final table is understandable just for, like for the reason you just said, because you want everyone paying attention at the final table and not uh, it, it slows down the action even just for the what viewer. What about the texting and whatnot if you're not in a hand? Can you do that? Um, you be on your phone, uh, on the Facebook, uh, the tweeting. As long as, the, as, long as it's not the final. Instagram. As long as it's not the final table. Final so you're table. saying that I'm 11-handed, I could be Instagramming for yes. one more hand. Yes. You could be periscoping. You could be, right. You could be, wow. You could be doing anything. I don't know about what periscoping. Is, what is, I've so, heard this one. What is periscoping? Actually, periscoping is video. I don't think that's allowed. I don't think video is allowed. What is it? What is, like, what is, what's it, the difference between that and the twitching? Uh, they're pretty similar, actually. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I just see it. Yeah. I, 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 One guy that was real good at poker and lives in Vegas, and then he is a little bipolar and won all the bracelets. Uh, he was like a he was a lawyer when he was like 13. Oh, uh, Dutch, Dutch Boyd? Boyd? Dutch Boyd, yeah. He uh, twitches every night. When he plays on the WSOP, like there's like a big tournament. I think oh, yeah. I, yeah, I know. He's very into that Twitch thing. Yeah. But that, but twitching, I get it. That's like, say I'm going to play the uh, Frog online poker tournament. People can sit and they can watch. But what is periscoping? I think it's like Twitch, but just maybe from a mobile phone or something. Yeah, that might be it. Okay, so we have uh, Scott from the right. East Coast on the air. Hello. I like that guy. Todd. Yeah, hi. When, uh, you know, the greatest poker player of all time, the brat makes the final table one of his events. It's mean he can't wear his, uh, his glasses because he got the MP3 player built in? Uh, that's, that's a good question. <laughs> you know, I actually won some of those Hi, glasses. Scott. I actually, I actually got hey, some of those. Hey, what's up, Brandon? I, I, I got read, the... I read your uh, text on the air. Did you hear it? I heard it. I love you. But can I just, before we talk, can I hear uh, Todd's response? Yeah, okay. uh, well, I, I actually Thanks. got some of these glasses like from one of my brief sponsorships I had 
like these glasses you can listen to music and they're also sunglasses. I, to be honest, I not only never used them, I don't even know where they are. But yeah, I, I, all I know is that you cannot wear headphones at the final table, but you can wear it all the way up until the final table. And that includes, it doesn't say this, but I know you can use smartphones all the way up until the final table. The only thing you can't do is you can't talk in a conversation at the table. Uh, I actually had this situation last year during the extended play no limit event where uh, Benjamin's mom called me and told me that she had gotten in an accident, an auto accident. And what? But as disclaimer, it wasn't her fault. It wasn't her fault, right? So I was, but what I was doing was I, I didn't want to miss hands because uh, you know I, I wouldn't miss hands unless the place is on fire. So I was actually the running difficult balance. Yeah. On one hand, you have to take care of. <laughs> Your girl, but the other hand, you're in a tournament. Right. So. Yeah, yeah, I paid $1,500 for this right. thing. So, it's so, a difficult balance. So, so it, was like, it was beginning of the tournament, too. It wasn't, like, really deep. So I, I, I would just tell her to hold on every so every time I'd be dealt a hand. Now, I was a little tighter than usual. I'll admit that. But uh, I was, I'd was i fold, and I'd run away from the table, be within view of it so I could see the table, so i see when it's dealing a new hand again. And then she'd be, so anyway, uh, you know, that, that, that thing flew up in the road and hit the car, and it's leaking oil. And Wait, hold on, hold on. Uh, and then I'd run, run back over there. And I'd say, oh, hold on. And then I'd say, hold on. And then I'd, yeah, I'd be dealt Ace King. Oh, crap, I don't want Ace King now. I want Seven News Officers so I don't have to, you know, I can finish the gam- right. damn conversation. So I was so sure this was going to just ruin the event. But somehow I just ran up big chips when this was all happening. And actually, but in the end, if someone asked you, Jeff, you can only pick one. It's either love or money. Which one would you take? <laughs> just, what would well, you take? I, there was a movie with Michael J. Fox on the same concept. Yeah, love or money. I know. Well, you you know well it's, it, it depends on how how good the love is and how little money I would have or how much money I would have. That's, that's You'd be dead broke. You'd be living bovada to bovada cash out. See, yeah, yeah, I don't think I can do that. What, what about you, uh, Northern California guy? Love or money? Uh, I'm going to be honest and say money. <laughs> All right. Scott in the East Coast, love or money? Uh, no doubt, man. Love. Oh. got married. Yeah, he just, uh, yeah, he just, just, that's right, he just got married. For that, man. I'm going to make a little note here. We'll ask Scott in the East Coast his feelings in another year. <laughs> no, you know, look, uh, if you Brandon, have money. You can come back to me in 25 years. It's still going to be the same. Oh, that's right. That's I'll very wait nice. 35 years for it. I'm going to. Very, very dedicated man here. I'm going to for it. Very dedicated. Well, so. Hey, you know, Brandon, if, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Brandon, real quick, because yes. I'm not going to be on here too long. Where's the greatest place to get a Wagyu burger? In Vegas. In Las Vegas, my favorite place is BLT at the Mirage. All right. We're going to have to I've get that there for one of the times that I come out there. And Druff has been there before, too. Druff, do you have an opinion? Yeah, it's – well, it's – I don't have that many Wagyu burgers. It was a very good burger. And uh, it's a little expensive. You're never going to be that guy spending 20 bucks on a burger. I, I remember the one want. thing that annoyed me, though, about the place is that – they oh, they wouldn't give you the fries right right, right. they they had a spe- they had like a meal deal where they would uh, like you could get like a burger or a burger meal where you get a burger fries and a drink and but that didn't apply to the wagyu the, the wagyu was more expensive a lot more expensive but for some reason you couldn't get a meal deal with that then you had to buy the fries out of the cart it made no sense usually the okay I think we're, we're back folks the uh, the radio server crashed like as I said like when you're losing everything's losing like you just uh, I I knew once I I had these headphones tangled this this. The fact that radio cut has nothing to do with the headphones being tangled right now. Just for some reason, the radio server crashed, as I, and so I had to start it over. So it's it's working again, but uh, that's what happened. Welcome back, everybody listening live. And uh, if you're in the archives, this won't sound as bad. But <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know what we were talking about when this uh, when this happened. Fortunately, I was looking at the chat room, 
and people were talking about, oh, get the paddles ready, like they thought maybe I died while uh, when the radio just crashed. I'll, I'll tell you something, though. The If I were to die during the show, the radio server would not go down. It, it would stay... It would stay up. Like the simulation I did of me falling over and dying, that would be what it would sound like. It would not be the server crashes. Do you have it actually in your will? Instructions on what to do with the site? If no, I don't. Down? I'm going to actually do something like that. Like I actually, I was thinking about this when I had the chest pain. I really was. I was Am like, I going to get skipped over again? No, no, no. I was going to actually get offered to you. You can, uh, you, you can be the next, uh, next of kin for Poker for Oddlers. All right. Thank so, you. so no. Really, what I would do, and what I'm I want to make. Uh, Northern California, my number two guy, because yeah. I think that Trader Ruski is a little bit too noncommittal. Okay. Well, so what, what, I, what I really want, though, is for the site to live on if I were to die unexpectedly. And, uh, and then I would even put money from my estate towards paying the bills of this thing. So I, it wouldn't even be your financial responsibility. It's not for a long time. And uh, I, I would instruct like, others to just pay the bills for it every month, like family members or whatever. I, I wouldn't want Poker Fraudler to die if I were to die. I at least want it to live on. And th- yeah, think about it. Like, like, like it could be in the year like 2025, and Benjamin could go, oh, I miss my dad. I wish I could hear his voice. Wait a minute. I can. And he'd call the, call, call the, call listen, the listen line. line. Yeah, he'd call the listen line, and he'd hear me. Hey, Todd, how else would I walk down to my basement and hear Trey Ruski at 10 o'clock at night? That's true. That's it. There's, there's so, many, uh, so many reasons. And uh, – so I, I wouldn't want it to die. Like, why, why should the site have to die if I die? So, okay. Uh, the server died, and I've uh, breathed it back into life. So let me give you another piece of information about the World Series and something else that's improved. We have a solution to the ridiculous lines for cash-outs when – or payout, should I say – if you have cashed in an event with a very, very large field, like the Colossus, like that Colossal. right? The Colossus event. So the twenty-two thousand people, twenty-two hundred cash, and you know that right when that bubble bursts, everyone's shipping it in, and you're going to have like mass number of people busting at once, which is what happened. So there was a mass number of people. The line was hours long to get paid. Now you didn't have to go do it right then. You could have waited. You could have come down at four in the morning. You could have come another day, but it's a pain in the ass for people who are not staying at the Rio or may have to go home or whatever it is. So. They have come up with an innovation to prevent this problem. That is the new EQ, to where now, if you have uh, if you have cashed in the World Series, remember they're paying out fifteen percent of the field now, not ten for every event. So there's going to be more people cashing. So what they're going to be utilizing is a system to where you can give them your text phone number. You you know any phone number they can be texted, a phone number for your cell phone or a text number, whatever it is, anything can be texted. And when it is your turn to go pick, out, pick up your money, it will text you saying, okay, come to the cage and get your money. So no longer standing in long lines. Even if there's like 500 people ahead of you, you can just leave and it will text you when to come back. So, so Rio is basically going, becoming a partnership with like the DMV. That's kind of what the DMV in Vegas does. Well, I know, but the DMV in Vegas, they're, they're very hard line about it. It's where if, if, uh, if you don't get right there when <laughs> – it calls you, then they give away your spot. And and you, and also, if they close in between, like if you, let, they close at 5, so let's say you go to the DMV at 4.30 and they give you a number, and you're not going to be called for like an hour and a half, which happens sometimes, mm-hmm. you can't walk out between 5 and 6. Like once it's 5 p.m., if you dare step out that door, if you dare put one foot out that door, you're gone. Like you're not allowed no. to come back in. So uh, I actually, when I last time I was at the DMV, I, I waited and it was after 5, and I just sat in the room and waited, and they you know, finally got to me. So 
after I was done, I get this text message saying, Sorry, we gave away your place in line. Try again later. <laughs> so, like, like, even when I complete everything successfully, it still gives me that message. So they, they have uh, ways to go with that system. But it's better than it was yeah. before. At least you have an idea of when you're going to be called. So, yeah, this is kind of similar. You just get texted. and you're, It's not binding, though, I assume. I, I have to assume that uh, you, you can go over there at that point. Now, do you think when you cash this year, when you go up to the – little desk and you hand them your ID and your player's card, they're going to say, would you like to donate a percentage of your win to XXX cause? Yes, they'll say, would you like to donate to one drop or whatever, and would you like to leave any extra for the dealer? Not any, would you like to leave anything for the dealers without letting you know that the dealers have already been tipped? Is it going to be one drop again? Is that the Yeah, I'm sure it'll be official? one drop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, I just give them a blanket no. I got no, I've already, I've already auto-tipped. You know, I like I'm like I'll leave a tip if it if it's not an auto tip, and then I can decide based upon the service I receive. Then I will leave a tip according to like how good I felt the dealing was. But but I'm not if I'm forced to tip whether the dealing is good or bad, which I am, then then that's it. Then that's all I'm leaving. It, it, you know, they Even can have, though what do they take out roughly like uh, okay hypothetically for those that are playing, and this is probably going to be our target audience. I mean, more people that listen to the show that maybe just come in for a week and they're going to play that five sixty five. Million dollar, I think it's what is it, seven million dollar guarantee price? Yeah, something like the Colossus, yeah. At six starting flights. So out of the 565, do you even have an idea what the breakdown comes out to be? Well, I I don't know how it totally breaks down, but all I know is that 13% of of that is going towards tips and fees to where it's only 500 is going the price pool of the 565. Wow. Yeah. So what do you think the chances are that the dealers don't complain this year that they're not making enough per drop? (laughs) <laughs> when you know Caesars, we know Caesars has enough to pay them. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure they will, and they have some valid points. They are being paid very much, but the bottom line is there's there's high demand for these jobs, so the so that's why Caesars just you know can get used to just not paying them very much, and and a lot of times the quality of the dealing is poor. But I don't even blame the World Series for that, because when you need that many thousands of dealers, there, there's no way to get like all top notch dealers, even if you pay them a lot. So that's that's. Inevitably, you're going to have some bad dealers. But no, just as far as the tips go, like whenever there's an auto tip, at the, at that point, if, I, I feel like they've kind of given up the opportunity to get tipped above that, at least as far as I'm concerned, because I'm forced to tip whether it's good or bad, which means uh, since I can't deduct from it when it's bad, I, I shouldn't be adding to it when it's good. So, uh, but but I will leave tips like like in the tournaments I've played where it's not auto tipped, I always do leave tips. Yeah, what tournaments are that? Because I haven't seen any of those in Vegas in years. No, not in Vegas, but like at the bike it was that way and some other places it was oh. that way. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, yet. everything that's big, you know, I mean, even not that big, even something like the Orleans, the Venetian, I think it's almost standard now that it's just an auto tip kind of situation. Well, here's the other problem with the, with the auto tip is that once you've auto tipped, then if you leave anything on top of it, you kind of look like an asshole because unless you leave something really big, if you say, oh, I'll leave $100 more, well, then you look like a dick. You look like you only left them $100 on, on, a, on, a, on a cash of 10000 or a cash of 50000 You look like a complete dick, even though you've already tipped with the auto tip. This happened to this poor kid like 10 years ago who won like a million-something-dollar tournament in Northern California, I think at uh, Bay 101. No, it's not a poor kid. I, mean, it was, I know exactly who it was. Not a poor kid. It was Brandon Cantu. No, it wasn't Cantu. It was someone else. He dated. Yes, it was. Th- then there was, there was a different, it, it was a different story. I, I, I know who it was. I don't remember his there name. There was a 20-page thread 
that went on that made national poker news. Then like, there was the, there may have been a backhand too, also. So that's why I'm not going to bet with you. But there was a, a kid who dated this. There was this girl na- named uh, Jade at the Commerce, an Asian girl. She was uh, Kenny Tran's wife, and then they split up for some time, and then they got back together. Anyway, in between, while she wasn't with Kenny Tran, she dated this guy, and it wasn't Cantu. It was some. Uh, I forgot his name, but it definitely wasn't Cantu. And he, he was like a kid. Okay. That, he was like a nice kid. He wasn't someone like Cantu who gets obnoxious. So he won like uh, $1.2 million at Bay 101. He gave them like $1,000 extra for tips. And some asshole dealer went and posted, you see this asshole? He was $1.2 million. He gives $1,000 tip to all the dealers. What a freaking asshole. That's you know that's 0.1%. What, what a fucking slap in the it's face. It's very ironic you're saying this because I'm looking at it right now. 45-page thread. Well, I guess it happened with March Cantu March 23rd, also. 2008. Brandon Cantu yeah, this $1.2 million and stiffs the dealers at Bay 101. Okay, so that, well, this happened to him. This kid, this is in 06, so it must have happened twice. Hmm. I don't remember the guy's name, but anyway, they, they tore him to shreds on 2 Plus 2, and I even went on 2 Plus 2 and defended him and said uh, and said this is ridiculous. It's an auto tip. He's already tipped like 3%. He wanted to try to leave a little bit extra, and now everyone's biting his head off. If he gave zero extra, no one would be saying anything. So he gives a thousand extra. They all bite his head off. He leave, if he left zero, they wouldn't say anything because it's an auto tip. So it was like so. That's kind of how I feel. Also, when they ask, "Would you like to leave anything extra for the dealers?" Like, what so, happens if you hit that one point two million score? Do you tip on top? No, I, mean, I like to have that dilemma. I've never had that. No, had that because dilemma. I've already tipped so much of three percent of, of one point two million, million is a lot of money. I'm not saying you tip three percent, but I'm, so you get no. 1. I've, 2 I've already tipped one percent. I'm saying I've already tipped three percent at that point. From the auto tip. Well, you've tipped three percent of your buying of five thousand. No, that's not that's not that's not what it really is. It's it's it, because if it wasn't, when there's no tip, when there's no auto tip, that wait. So if you won one point two million, you wouldn't give them a couple thousand. No, because I've already given like three thirty six thousand. Oh, because you're counting everyone's everyone right? Because if you don't if, if, you because if won? you don't, right because if you don't cash, don't it's the same thing. No, well, I'll tell you why it's the same. If it's a th- five thousand dollar buy-in and you lose, you don't give a crap where it goes. You don't if you if you could look in the future and see that you're fi- you're going to lose, okay? But you play anyway. Like you, Conan O'Brien used to do in the year two thousand. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so if you could look in the future and see that you're going to lose, but still play, like you couldn't change your mind to play, but you know you're going to lose no matter what. You wouldn't care what the breakdown is. You wouldn't care what percentage the house takes. You wouldn't care what take who takes what because it's the same thing. You're out five thousand dollars. So the only way it matters is if you cash. And and so what they're doing is see if I won one point two million in the turn, I'd be so happy. I'd probably throw around five thousand. See, so see 10, I would I, I would I would be generous with the tip if it was so not happy. A, if it wasn't an auto tip. But the but but you know, but if you threw around five thousand again, you'd probably be get, getting a criticism for being a cheapskate. That's the problem. They'll go, oh, look at Brandon. He gave five thousand. That's like. What about they say, look at Druff. He tipped nothing. No, but then then it's an auto tip. That's standard. A lot of people do that. What do you but mean it's an auto tip? It's standard. It's standard when there's an auto tip. People don't leave extra. It's very standard. But I'm saying, so if I, you're saying that if I'm in an auto tip tournament and I tip five thousand on a big win. They're going to say I'm cheap, but they're they, not going to say anything if you don't tip at all. Right. I don't know about five. Like if you know, if you this is what happened to the kid in 2006. He left a thousand dollars above the auto tip, and everyone gave him a hard time for being a cheapskate. But there were so many others who won big tournaments who gave zero above the auto tip, and they were not given a hard time. It was just seen like a slap in the face, like oh, a thousand dollars. Oh wow, you won one point two million. You get just a thousand. Like it was. It was such a dumb line of thinking. It, it's like you might as well. So that's the problem. Is once there's an auto tip. It's it's kind of like when there's a delivery fee when you get a pizza and it and it goes to the driver and you know that for sure. Do you tip the driver a second time? 
Do you give him a double tip? I mean, I always just tip the pizza guy. Like, if the pizza's five bucks, or if the pizza's like fifteen bucks, I'll give him five bucks. Okay, but but okay, so let's say I don't know if there's an okay. Auto so let, tip so let's involved. let's say let's say you the pizza's fifteen bucks, and you heard that the that he's already getting five bucks because you're let's say the pizza's actually ten, and you're paying a five dollar delivery fee. See, I just am different. I feel guilty because I I you know. I mean, who wants to deliver pizzas? No, 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 okay, okay. Then I have a question for you. Okay, okay. That, that's that. That's what a lot of people say. So here comes the here comes the moral dilemma that's going to make your head spin. Okay, so you're saying it's so just to clarify, just to clarify before I ask the next questions. I tip twenty. I tip usually it's like a standard twenty percent, and I'll round up like the change. No, no, no. Whatever. I understand. I understand. If but I order not, a pizza or order any to go. That's not the I question. Tip though. twenty. Okay, I'm just telling you. Okay, go ahead. What's your question? So here's the, here's the question that's going to make your head spin. And I've brought this up on the forum before, and people give me a hard time for being a cheap Jew, but this is a good question, okay? Let's say, hypothetically, you call up to order a $10 pizza, and they say, sir, it's a $5 delivery charge, too. You say, okay, no problem. I don't feel like getting it, so that becomes 15 You, and you say, oh, by the way, where's the delivery charge going? And they tell you it, it, it's going to the driver, and you know for a fact the guy's telling the truth. Let's say, just take out of the equation that he could be lying to you. Just, you know for a fact it's really going to the driver, that $5. So, so then the guy gets there. And you're telling me that when he asks for the $15, you're going to give him another five on top of that. Right? I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I'd never have asked to break down where. No, no, but if you knew, I know you haven't, but if you knew this, if you knew for sure he's getting the $5 already, would you give him another five? I probably would. Right. Okay. And and, you, and the reason, as you said, is that it's kind of a crappy job to deliver pizzas. I just pizzas. feel bad. And you feel bad. Long. Right. And right. I don't order a lot of food, so right. it's, I'm okay. Out, so okay. it's not a big leak. So now, now your head's going to spin. Here comes the next question. It probably won't spin, but go ahead. Here's the next question. If there is no delivery charge and it's a $10 pizza and it comes here and they say, okay, $10, please, do you give them a 20? I tip 20%, no matter so you what. Give it, 20% is $2 there. Okay, and then I mean, that's. If it's. If it, well, first off, that's kind of not really a fair question because there's nowhere here in Vegas. That I can order something where I live and it's only ten dollars. Well, okay, so then let's just add so five dollars to both and say, then go for a fifteen dollar pizza with a five dollar delivery. I'm going to just give a, if it's a fifteen dollar pizza. I'm going to throw him a twenty. Okay, but you, you're missing the point. You, see, you're, you're now you're saying, no, well, there's no I, pizza. I don't know the point. Uh, I get, I get what you're saying. What I'm honest. saying here, yeah, he gets what I'm saying. I'm saying here that if there's a delivery charge that the driver's already getting. Then if you give him another tip on top of that, it's a double tip. And if you say, well, no problem, I just like being a generous tipper. I don't care if he gets a double tip. Then the question is, why don't you double tip everyone then? If, if, double, t- if double tipping is, is the right thing to do, and if you do it because you feel bad about the guy not having the best job, why don't you double tip everyone? Why only the one well, where there's a delivery charge? Well, A, I don't know. Like, for example, a service like Postmates, uh, and they have like about five of those now, where you can just order from any, anywhere in the city. You can order anything you want. I know that a majority of that money, the fee goes to the company. That's how they stay in business. Mm-hmm. So no, that's fine. That's a different story. Now, to be educated, I don't call every – or not, not to be educated, but to be honest with you, I don't call every place that I order from and ask for a breakdown. So if I'm double-tipping on certain occasions or – you know what? I don't think I'd be double-tipping. I think of anything, I'd be tipping on top of a small tip that's built in. No, because but sometimes, I, sometimes I, the whole tip like goes for, to the – Okay, for, for example, places like Postmates – Say there's like a seven dollar and fifty cent charge. I know that the seven fifty isn't going to the to the driver. No, it's not. So but, have, but that's but that's different. There, there's there's each place handles it differently. I've called some places. Well, I guess it's better for it's easier for me to say this to you. I don't sweat the small things, and to me that's a small. Well, thing. okay, but then you should. Then, you, but then you should, but then you should double tip everybody. Then, that's my point. Is that is that you're actually screwing the people who are who are not getting part of the delivery fee because they're getting less of a tip from you. 
Hey, Todd, I think a good example would be like, you know how a lot of restaurants, if you have like eight or more people, they tack on 18% right, gratuity? Right. Yeah. So like I was out today with like a group of people and, you know, so we had a bar tab and, and so they add on that 18% and someone said, well, did you tip? And I said, well, it was included. And they said, well, throw something at, you know, give them an extra 10%. And I was like, okay, so if you were, if there was seven people, would you tip 28% mm-hmm. or would you just tip the 18 Right, exactly. Perfect example. Now, also, though, when you go out to eat, like, okay, here's an example. I went to a restaurant, my new favorite restaurant, uh, at the Palazzo the other night. And, I, I mean, I had a comp, but that still doesn't change anything. The bill came to 350 bucks, So I tipped $75. Now, okay. I think the breakdown is a server, and then, like, the server has an assistant. And they somehow split it. You know, maybe it's like 80, 20, or whatever it may be. So okay. that's the different scenario because I, I, I'm not. You're asking me why I don't double tip. Someone in that scenario is making a lot of money off me for good for good service. Wait, but seventy five dollars is that's, that's a, that's a pretty good. That's, that's a good tip for so. Hold on, seventy five is a good tip for three fifty. That's over. Yeah, it's, tw- it's, it's, it's over twenty. So, I don't, I don't, so what are you saying here? You don't double tip. Like that's I don't know what you're saying here. What I'm saying, you're asking me. Basically, you're saying that I'm screwing over. No, no, no. I'm not. Ta- I'm not comparing. Tipping, but I'm giving. I'm double tipping the pizza guy. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that if you t- double tip the pizza guy, you've got a double tip in a, in a fine dining meal where they're making so much money. I'm talking about two different things that are very equivalent. Where like two different places that deliver pizza to you. One takes a delivery charge and gives it to the driver. One takes a delivery charge and keeps it themselves. If you're going to tip them both the same way, you're screwing the one who's. Uh, you're you're screwing the one who's not getting some of the delivery fee. Because he's already I getting tipped. Twenty percent, or like you know, rounding it up. Like if it's fifteen dollars. No, but that's 60, not answering the question. Twenty that's, bucks, huh? That's not answering the question. That's that's what I'm. I don't that's know. The point. Is there a question in there? Well, no. It's 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 not addressing the point. What I I understand what you're saying, but what I'm saying is I like to be constant with everyone. I I think to myself when someone delivers a yeah, pizza. Yeah, I vary. I'm not constant with everyone. Well, no, no, I'm not constant. I'm constant if the service is better or worse. But I'm saying that I'm constant in like if I think pizza delivery is worth you know approximately this percentage of it, or or if it's a really small order, if it's worth a minimum of this, then that's what I want them to have every time, unless they mess up. Okay, so 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 I don't want someone to get extra just because there's a delivery charge and they're getting part of it. If they're getting part of it, then I want to deduct from that from with a tip because otherwise. It's not fair that people who are getting part of the delivery charge well, are getting extra money. You're saying that you're just not being – you want to be fair to the whole pizza delivery I want. I want to, I want to tip – if, if a pizza delivery delivering to me on Tuesday and I'm getting another one on Thursday and they're the same price, <laughs> I want to tip the guy the same for both of them. He doesn't want to have a lot of variance in his tip. Yeah, I want there, – there's no reason the guy on Thursday should get more than the guy on Tuesday just because his, his store's policy is different. It's, it's not fair. So I want to be fair. I'm not trying to be cheap. I'm trying to be fair. And and just the, what what the Northern California guy said is so true. Where, so say you order a pizza that's eighteen dollars. You just gonna give him a twenty? No, I'll give him no, I'll give him like like twenty one or something. So I can give, never do that. But you know it's what fine. You gonna, no, why would you do that? What, that? what would you do? Different. That? Everyone's different. No, what I, would you I, do then? I don't understand. What would you give? I don't think two dollars is enough. I wouldn't. I said I wouldn't give twenty. I'd give twenty. I don't think three is enough. So what would you give? Twenty-five. If it was eighteen, I probably and I'm very good about that. I have uh, like a jar where I just throw dollar bills into and, and small bills, just to you know, just not even save up, but just have them. And then one day I'll you know, once a year I'll go cash it out. But if it was eighteen, I'd give twenty-three bucks. 
No, I, you know what? No. I, you know what? I actually would give one twenty. I, I take I that back. Give $3. I, I, I take it back. Like, I, I take it back. I would give. I, you know why? I, I didn't have a good answer for that. Is I never order right. delivery pizza. I always pick it up. As you probably well, neither do I. But 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 no. I, I probably you know, now that I'm thinking about, it, I would give more than uh, I'd give more than three dollars. But that's yeah. that's not the point I'm making. I, whatever whatever thing you think is right for. But everyone has their own. There's no right. such thing as right. No, 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 no. That's, that's, that's my point. You are. That's my point. If you think 30% is right, give 30%. But give 30% to everyone. Don't don't give one person 30, one person 15 just because of different policies at the store. It's just like what the Northern California guy said. He was saying – I don't even know what the policies are at the store. I don't well, then if you don't, well then, then if you don't know, you don't know. But, but you can ask. But that, that's uh, – I, I ask just because I want to be fair to everybody. I don't want to give extra to somebody. That I wouldn't give to someone else just because the store policy is different. It's just like what Northern California guys well, said. Well, it's like this. Say someone comes at my house and delivers a pizza. Yeah. And I have a bunch of money in my hand, and it's an old guy. You know, like he looks like he, he, you know, he shouldn't be working, but he probably is because, you know, whatever the. So I'm going to. I'll give that guy a little bit more. Well, no, I understand that. I, and I would do that just too. That's no, I understand that. I would do that too, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just the, the almost the exact same guy. Like, 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 you know, some, some guys, uh, you know, 22 years old, looks very similar to the other one, no more, no better or worse off than the other. You don't want one to get more than the other just because of the store's policy. That's, that's my point. Now, I feel in a weird spot, though, when I have the answer to that question, because I feel if I don't give a full tip and I deduct because of the delivery charge, I feel like the guy's going to hate me and think I'm a dick. So, so then, when you order from other places that, that you don't know their policies, do you ask them yeah, I how ask, much goes to the driver? Yes. I ask, does it go to the driver? No, I said, does it go to the driver or go to the store? And then if they say the store, I believe them. If they tell me the driver, then I ask for more details. Are you sure? Are you sure it 100% goes to the driver? Like I, <laughs> okay. no, it's I asked, funny because I totally believe this. No, I asked them. Of course I believe it. That's not even a question. No, yeah, no, I, I want to know because I don't want to – like if I'm going to double tip, then I want to double tip everybody. I don't mean everybody that I encounter, but I mean if I'm going to double tip this pizza delivery guy, I want to double tip the next one and the next one because that's that's what should be the right amount if I think that's the right amount. Now, wouldn't you think some stores, specifically mom and pop type places, may be inclined to say that it doesn't go, nothing goes to the driver, just to make you tip? Because if they say it goes to the driver, most people are going to be like you. No, no, that's tip. fine. No, if they if they lie, then I'm not going to do an investigation. No, I'm <laughs> asking you. Do you think that's likely? Because it kind of no, makes sense. no. They just they see. In fact, it's, some people think it's the opposite. Some people think that they say it goes to the driver to sound better, and then it really doesn't. But I I, I think they're mo- they're honest for the most part with that. I think if you ask, does it go to the store? Does it go to the driver? They'll just tell you. And and that's what I've seen. And uh, but I then I feel weird. Like I, I'm I'm not saying I do deduct it because then I feel weird about deducting it. But but I feel like at the same time I'm being unfair to the other people who are coming and delivering stuff to me. So. The good thing is I almost never get things delivered. I almost always get things myself. So that I do about once a week. Yeah, I, I do it probably once a year. So oh, yeah. So it doesn't apply to me much. So you want to be equal once a year? That's what you're worried about. Equality no, I'm just uh, once a year. You order in once a year, probably or not even that. Sometimes is it to save the tipping or the five dollars or no, three dollars? No, it's because I hate when it, the food comes and something's wrong and then you don't know what to do. But you can check when it comes before right. you pay and then, them. Okay, so okay, good, good question. But sometimes aren't you just laying on the couch and like, fuck, I don't want to get up. I do, but I, for, I, do, I force myself. I, I, I force myself. Listen, oh. listen. Here's, here's, here's a freaking nightmare. I hate it, okay? Food comes to the door. I answer the door. I look at it. Something's wrong. And so, Let's say it's something that some people would think was minor, but for me is a big deal. Like I, I said, uh, um, you know, I'd like the, the vegetables in a separate container, and it's not, and it has sauce all over it that I don't want all over the vegetables. Something like that. So, so let's say something like that happens, okay? Or let's say it's even a bigger mistake. 
What do you do then? Do you, do you send them all the way back and have them come back a second time with it and then worry that they're going to spit in your food because they're pissed? Or what do you do? Or just accept it and eat something you don't like? What do you do? There's no good answer. I'm a- Actually, I'm asking you. You order a lot more than I do. What do you do if something comes wrong? I mean, okay, I know this is kind of like picking needles but like, or out of the haystack, but what do you mean define wrong? Something comes that is different than how you like ordered it. Like it's like the different order that no, I had? No, 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 no. You like... order something and they make it wrong. They, they just uh, An instruction you give them was not followed and it's something that's going to interfere with your enjoyment of the meal. If, if it's something that will interfere with my enjoyment of the meal, I'm not going to suck it up and just eat it. I'll, I will call and I will demand some sort of recourse. But are you going to have them send you a new one or are you just going to yes, go without or it? Yes, either that or give me a credit. And, and so, are you, so are you worried that if you have them bring back the other one that the delivery driver is going to be pissed? And, uh, and are you going to have to tip him a second time? You know, I, I honestly can't think of a situation that I've been in in an order, you know, fortunately in an ordering at home type deal that I can relate to. So I can't really tell you if I would tip again because I, I don't recall an experience like that. Um, there's been a couple times when I've used like a service like Postmates, for instance, where things have been screwed up and I've called and I've just got a credit. Like that's what they've done. No, th- th- that's I've, the different story. The if, if, you're, if, you're willing, me- okay, if you're willing to take a credit, that's fine. But sometimes the people there are hungry and they're going to want to eat. You're going to want to get the right amount of food. So. Well, a couple of times I've just eaten it and you know maybe one thing wasn't quite the way I wanted it and I still got a credit for it or I just sent it back, I think, and maybe – Ordered something else, or or when I don't, you know, I don't. Recall but then they've got to bring it back to you again. Fortunately, I've had a lot of these situations. Okay, well, the, the, that's what I don't like. Not, like I've never been worried about speaking my mind or eating. I've never eaten something that was just. Yeah, and, and I, I wouldn't either. So that's my point. It's like I, I no. hate. I, I always fear, and it's actually happened to me. It's not. I'm not. It's not paranoia. It's happened to me where something comes and is wrong. And then I've got to decide. Well, how wrong is it? Like, am I willing to just deal with it? Is is it a you know? Should I send it back? Should I should I ask for a refund? And then, or should I ask them to replace it and have the guy come back out here? Like, I I can never think of the right thing to do, and it just sucks. And I go, fuck! Why didn't I pick this up? That's what I think. So so I just pick it up. Here's a text from the seven hundred three. They want to know: Does Druff tip mailmen and garbage guys and his servants during the holidays? <laughs> well, I don't have any servants, but. Uh... Uh, okay, no, I, I don't. I don't tip the mailman. Or guy. The, the mailman, I think, uh, makes pretty good money, actually. <laughs> so, but I don't. No, I don't tip him or the garbage guy. I, I think also makes pretty good money. Yeah. But, but remember when we were kids, everyone would say you grew up and you're going to be a garbage man. And but they make the jokes kind of on them now. I know. Garbage men make good money. They made decent money back then. It's just it seems like a crappy job. But uh, and also it's a lot easier now because they just have a truck that goes and picks up uh, the bins and you just operate it like a forklift. Whereas before yeah, you had that's to, how you had to lift. Start that year, by the way. Yeah, you had you had to lift uh, big, heavy trash cans. It was it was very unpleasant then. It's it's much easier to be a, a trash man now. But uh, yeah, I I just I like to pick things up. I like to. It, this goes with the general theme. I like to do things for myself, and this way I know it's done the way I want it to be done. And uh, and this way, if anything's wrong when I pick up food myself, I go, oh, it's wrong, and they remake it, and and, and that's that. And there's no big deal. There's no delivering, re-delivering it to me. Also, I hate when I ask for like, you know, I say bring a lot of ketchup. They they barely bring any. Well, what? I'm going to send the the guy out to bring a whole lot more ketchup to me. Like it's just like you don't keep you don't keep, <laughs> uh, ketchup in at home. No, I have all those kind of garnishments in my fridge. I got mustard. Okay, got what about what about a sauce? What 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 if there's not enough sauce? Mayo. Oh no, forget ketchup. What if there's not enough sauce? What do you do with that? Like a special a sauce that they make there. 
they don't put enough on. Well, to be honest with you, I kind of like light sauces because when you eat out, that's the most unhealthiest part of the meal is okay. the sauce. Well, see, the, that's what's yeah. and you're having heart problems now, so you probably <laughs> should. No, I'm just saying you need to get off the sauce because that's where all the, un, the saturated fat and bad stuff is in. There's, so there's, there's actually the there's actually sauce. there's actually debates about the saturated fat how dangerous it yeah. actually is. I'm just saying. No, I, look, I, I'm just. The point is here. I, I like to have control. I don't have to decide. Like, is this small? Is this too small to send the guy back? Or, or you know, do I replace it? Do I just send it back? Do I try, try to argue with them to give me a credit next time? The whole thing sucks. I I just pick things up. Yes, sometimes I don't feel like going out and getting the food. But how See, long I don't does it force take? Myself. Yeah, but it doesn't take that long. It's not like it's a three hour. What about deal. Northern California guy? Do you, how often do you order in? I would say almost never. Probably not even one time in the last three or four years. Mm. Is it cost efficiency or is it because you live out in the wilderness? What is it? For me, honestly, I usually – most of the time I cook for myself. Oh, he lives off the land. That's right. If, well, if I eat out, I'll just go pick it up. I'm not – I live very close to any place that I would go and I'm with like Todd. It's just easier to go pick it up. I don't mind driving out. There's but you never like happening. say maybe laying in bed with Mrs. – is there a Mrs. Northern California girl? Uh, Not the – lives in this household but is there okay, but is there a regular mrs northern california that you spend time with no not a regular but if you found a mrs northern california girl and you guys are frolicking in the bedroom and it's nine thirty, and, and and you're both you know in arrears and under the covers and then she's like oh i can go for some chinese are you just gonna automatically get up and either make the chinese and get the wok and the soy are you gonna order the chinese or are you gonna go pick it up every time well, it's actually funny. The last time I think I actually got like delivery was when there was a Mrs. Northern California yes, girl exactly. over here. That's my point. Yeah, so that's, we That's ordered, what these restaurants are counting yeah. on, Mrs. <laughs> Northern California girls. But anyhow, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. It's a personal choice. No, of course it's a personal choice. we all agree on that? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Of course it's a personal choice. So it's, uh, I'm just saying that my – Reasoning for these things, and uh, and we got into it. We got into this tangent because of the tipping thing, and and where the double tipping situation, where you once you've already left an auto tip, uh, then how do you add a proper additional Wait, tip? Wait, is that how all this started? With yes, the, that's how it is. So okay, let's, let's yeah, let's okay, so let's move on. Uh, the Wait, are we still doing the intro, or is the show even? No, been no, gone? no. The show is going. The show has been okay, going. Okay, this is yeah. the show. At least it's the real show. We're not getting anywhere, but at least it's the real show. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, the last thing is that uh, David Tuckman. Last thing, this no, is the last thing last about, about the World Series. The, the, the last di- part of the first. The last part of the first right. topic. David Tuckman will that's be the blind guy or the, the deaf the guy. The deaf guy will be returning to do. I can never remember his disability. Which yeah, one is it? Is he like deaf, or, deaf. or mostly deaf? Yeah. So he's going to he be can see good. Yeah, and I guess I guess if they blast it like really loud, he can hear it. But it's it's he's like mostly deaf. So I hear. Oh, so he's not a real deaf. No, he's not. Well, he's mostly deaf. Yeah. So if they blast it loud, he can hear. Well, yeah. Does he have but, one of those little things in his ear? I don't know what he's battery? doing. I don't know what he's doing. I just heard that he's deaf, and I was surprised because he's you, know, you can't tell when he's announcing. Because he things. doesn't talk like weird. No, he talks normally, and he can hear his co-hosts that are talking to him. Oh. So it, it seems like he's not deaf at all. Anyway, it says it, so. David Tuckman is returning. He did it in previous years. In fact, he announced my final table when uh, David Baker came on and trashed me. But uh, there's another person joining him that I believe is new. Tatiana Pasalik will be joining him. What, is, who does, what did she do? Oh, I, I thought you would know who that is. Okay, so she's, she's not really 
much of a poker player. She was like a poker media person. And all these per- all these people in poker, all I shouldn't say people, all these guys in poker were obsessed with her. They thought she was like super hot. She was like a poker in the poker media. I'm pulling uh, up the picture now. I, it, it's spelled T A T. Ignite. It's copy and paste. Yeah. Okay. Copy and paste. So Speaking talks, of people in poker, I sent you a picture of that uh, McNultry the other day. Yeah. yeah I'm looking that. right now. I'm not impressed. I mean, I don't – Let's see. That's what I thought. OK? So like I, I don't I mean, think – like I don't, I don't think don't, she's bad, but but I think she's overrated as far as like how hot she is. Uh, people were act, acting like she's like the hottest thing ever. To me – and I'm going to piss off the European listeners, but to me she has kind of like a little bit of a hard European look to me. And I'm not really into like the hard I don't know European. What that look. means? It, it's it's kind of like uh, how do you describe it? Hard European look. It's kind of like like almost like an Eastern European look that looks just. Uh, like are a, you saying she looks like a mail order bride, Todd? Like a Baltic look? <laughs> sort of, yeah. It's, I call it the hard European look. She's actually from uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina, so it makes sense. But I just I'm not really that into the the, the hard European look, and uh, I I just think that. Yeah, she's a pretty girl, but I think she's overrated compared to how everyone raves about her. But I think also because she'll sometimes wear, like, low-cut shirts at the table so people will see part of her breasts. I think and- what it is is at my age, I don't even care about these things. I'm not going to listen or not listen because of how she looks. No, I wouldn't either. I'm just being honest. I don't even – whatever. It doesn't – I'm looking at her and, I mean, I guess she's attractive, but I don't – I don't – I don't really – I don't think that's anything special. Yeah, that's what I thought when Sorry, I saw it. Sorry, I'm not that's trying a, to be mean. That's, that's, I mean, that's what I thought. That's what it, I thought. It just doesn't bother me either way. Like, whatever she's doing, it doesn't matter. Shouldn't matter if she's attractive or not. Like, like I if, I, if I saw her at the table, she plays poker a few times. She played a few events that people bought her in for. But, like, I, if what I did saw her. What she do before this? Like, I, did she I, have a platform? No idea what she did. But when I. If I saw her at my poker table, of course I'd notice, like, oh, there's a pretty girl at the table. Like, I would notice, but, like, if I was just walking around outside somewhere, like, and I just saw her walk by, I wouldn't go, oh, wow, she's so hot. I'd, I'd kind of just walk by. I wouldn't even really notice her, to be honest. Poker hot. Let's see. She's a little bit beyond poker hot, but not that far beyond. You know, like. Uh, and she's not really a true Herzegonova person because she moved when she was two months old out of oh, there. Okay. I'm just saying. That's not a true like. Oh, but she can still she can still have the hard euro look because it's no still, it's right. In her but blood, I'm saying though. like a true hardcore Herzegovina, you got to be there at least until like fifth grade. Yeah, a real Herzegovinian. Uh, let's see. After years of this is Wikipedia. After years of living abroad and collecting information about poker, what does that mean? Collecting information <laughs> about poker. <laughs> well, Kevmath does that. You, you, I mean. Uh... Maybe she'll she take started. Oh, this this is not real. This is really her biography. I'm not making this up. But where is it? Where is the biography? Where is it? It's Wikipedia. This is going to tilt me. After years of living abroad and collecting information about poker, Pasialik <laughs> or Pasalik started her poker boom in her country by educating the public about poker. Come on. <laughs> After years of living abroad and collecting information about poker, Palasek started a poker boom in her country so there she's claiming yeah she started a poker boom in, in bosnia and herzegovina well i don't know because then it says at the age of 19 she moved to denmark and started getting interested in online poker oh. and has been in the industry ever since then she lived in malta for work purposes then she moved to endenburg scotland so it kind of seems like she's becoming she's almost a renounced herzegovina <laughs> like she went from herzegovina okay to uh Croatia, then from Croatia to Denmark, then Denmark to Malta, then Malta to where she lives now, Scotland. Yeah, you know, I just see her as like someone who – Oh, and then she moved in 2013 to London. Okay. Yeah, I see that. 
I see her as like someone who who is like some... through, grind it out, gritty Herzegovinian. No, no. But I, I see her. I see her as somebody that is supposed to be hot. Like you're supposed to look at her, and go, "Wow, she's really hot." But then, like, if you honestly look at it and think about it, she she isn't as hot as everyone says. In 2011, she joined Team Bodog, and that's where like the women go that can't really play poker. Yep. Um, in 2012, she renewed her contract with Bodog, uh, and also she played in her second main event, and she created a sensation by wearing a cat suit. Oh, was, I, yeah, I've, so, I've seen that picture. To her boyfriend, professional poker player McLean Carr. Oh, yeah, he, 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 played me. I, I, he played with me once at the main event. Oh. I didn't know McLean Carr went out with her. Not that it really matters. But. I don't think it created a sensation, though. No. I never heard of such no, a No, I remember seeing the picture of the cat, the, the cat suit. In fact, you can, see, you can see it if you look at Google images of her. Yeah. Then... Uh, 2013, she played the main event, making day two for the third consecutive year. Well, yeah, 60% of the people do it, though. So. Right. You can pretty much fold it. 2015, she joined the World Series of Poker live stream as her sideline reporter. Sideline reporter. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. This is just a sign of the times. This person doesn't deserve a Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure she made it herself. I mean, and she's 31, so she started the poker boom. I, I'm not trashing her. I'm just saying all this shit's all just... I mean, here. Yeah, th- this is the thing about the cat. Listen, this is the cat suit thing. Hey guys, you're watching PokerNews.com. I'm Lynn Gilmartin. This is Tatiana Pashalich. I always ruin it. I've got it right. We're at the 45th Annual World Series of Poker, day one of the main event. It is Tatiana, but it's also a bit of a cat. What's going on here? I lost the prop bed to McLean. He um, he tricked me into this one. I thought we didn't last longer, and I always I always last longer than him. He re-entered the tournament, and he was like, "No, you lose." And I was like, "Well, I no, it's a new tournament, but apparently it isn't." And him and Joe Chong kind of like made this point. So now this is what I am looking like. Okay, let's have a look at it. I'll, I'll do I'll do a little twirl where he put my shoes on. Oh. I mean, there's not many women that can wear a suit like that and look this good. Um, I, <laughs> I wanted to do like a Catwoman thing where you're just completely covered in black, but McLean was like, "Nope, you're not wearing that." And then I found this, and he was like, "Yeah, that's great." And I was like, "But that's open back in front of thousands of people." <laughs> and uh, he was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's great, that's great." <laughs> so. I don't think we're hearing any complaints at all. So anyway, let's talk about poker. Of course, you're playing the main event. Uh, thanks to Bodog with your your sponsorship with them. Tell us about that. Well, I've been with Bodog for another. Uh, I've been a year, and now another year. Thank you. They put me in the main event. I haven't been playing much. I've been cooking, as you can see on my Twitter. And uh, that's okay, I can't hear. Much- I can't listen anymore. <laughs> you have to make it stop. Do, do you think? Well, Please. you know, you you lasted a minute twenty-five. McLean Carr. If I don't know if he's still with her, but he had to listen all the time. There's no way he's with her. There's no way. I, you had to make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's gonna be well. Okay, you can I mean, you can I'm laugh sure at this. She's a nice person, but it just it's all just fluff. Well, you can laugh at this, but she's gonna it's be doing fluff. she's gonna be doing commentary with that Tuckman guy. Genocide's gonna be back at the bike in two weeks, or at the, that's the true, Maryland that's true. The, the countdown, we'll the countdown starting. East Coast affiliate Scott. The, the countdown starting. On it. But no, she's gonna be doing the the commentary along with Tuckman. I mean, I, I just I don't get any of it. I don't even get why there's commentary. Like, no, I get that, but why? Why wouldn't they pick that. someone who's like an experienced poker player? What they, what they need to have in the booth? Because they're trying rooms. to what they call appeal to a broader market. Yeah, I guess they're trying to appeal to that key demographic: the fifteen-year-old, the twenty-four-year-old. Isn't that the key demographic? 
No, I don't think that's a question. What do they? What's, well, it depends on what the, it depends where uh, what it depends what the uh, what do you think the demographic is? is? Like here's an example: like when they have the old people shows, like Murder She Wrote and The Love Boat back in your heyday, the '80s. The key demographic was like the sixty to ninety year olds. Well, no, I know. So I, I don't think poker is is aimed at young people only. I think it's aimed at a, actually a wide age range. They want young people to enjoy. They want older people to. In fact, the old older people are important because they buy into the events. Uh, Papa Giorgio in the chat uh, is throwing out a comment. Maybe which should be addressed. He wants to know: Is there a woman in poker that doesn't get bashed here? <laughs> I, but it's that's not what it is. I mean, I'm not bashing her. Because she's a woman, I'm just saying it's all fluff. That's it's all irre- it's You're basically saying it's irrelevant. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I understand. I understand, Brand. All this stuff that when people are, are trying to pretend like poker is not like a dying industry, like reading her own Wikipedia, where she basically takes claim to starting the poker boom in like a big country in Europe. It just, it just come on. Well, to be fair, I think we bash guys on here plenty too. Of course we do. Well, it's like uh, the Northern California guy said, it is just irrelevant to me. I don't care. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I I'm curious why they hired her because uh, you're not really seeing the people who are doing the streaming commentary. You're just hearing them. So it doesn't really matter if, if it's a hot chick or not if you're just hearing her. You could, you could get like a really ugly girl with a nice voice and accomplish the same thing. Who was that one girl that was on uh, Poker After Dark for a number of years? She had real big breasts and... Uh, she got kind of became mainstream. She was in some other magazines on the cover. She said uh, the name I'd know if someone in the chat says it. She was on there for like, three, but at the height of Poker After Dark. Do you remember? Did you ever watch that show? Either of you? I watched yeah, it I used to watch it. What was your favorite? Uh, you know that they had like the themes, like the angry people of poker or Cowboy Week. Do you remember how they had that? <laughs> was there any particular one? Either one of you? No, I didn't care. I, I didn't care. Yeah, that's her. Leanne Tweeden. Shout okay. out to Natural Born Hustler. Very, very good. That, that that was her. I just couldn't think of her name. Not that. Uh, and then uh, anyhow. So the point I'm making is, I, I maybe I'm just like that, you know, early forty guy that doesn't care anymore. Well, you know, I think I, mean, I think they're I, also I bringing just, her in also to appeal to that. Someone's early pretty 40s, or not. It's not going to change whether I listen, watch it. It just, especially in poker. Just doesn't matter to me. I think what they were believing is that if they have a hot chick on there that everyone says is like the hottest chick in poker, that that uh, it's going to make people listen. Like just they're excited to hear her, even if you can't really see her while she's doing it. To just uh, oh wow, it's Tatiana Pasalik talking. Well, I want to hear this. But I if, mean, in, in in fifteen years of this poker boom, you know, like the kind of the beginning leading up to it, and then the you know dramatic downfall. There never has been a unanimous, or even a close to unanimous, official hot girl of poker. No, there's not. But I've said that like. I've noticed there's been a lot of fanfare about her. Where everyone's always talking about how hot she is. That's what that's what I hear the most. That's why when I actually saw her, like I heard about her more before I saw her. And when I saw her, yeah, I thought she was pretty. I'm not going to say I saw her and like, oh, she's ugly. What are they saying? But it was underwhelming compared to what I had heard. Mumbles badly is saying Drexel, you are not the tar- target demographic. He's probably right. Papa Giorgio is saying, uh, is there just one that exists that we that we respect? <laughs> and there's a lot. Like I mean. Okay, Vanessa Selps. I respect her. She's an amazing tournament player. Kathy Lieber, amazing tournament player. Uh, in fact, she probably got screwed more than anybody, which is awful that during – and I know this factually because she's talked about it – that during the poker boom, 
She never got offered any sponsorship deals, and that was solely based on how she looked. Yep. And that's fucking ridiculous. It's utterly. I know you and her had a fight on Twitter. No, over, we're, we're, no, we're past that now. Sports no, bets no, or something. We, no, no, we, no, we, we got over it though. She, we, she was okay. nice to me last year. But the year. point is, that is an absolute fucking crime. When when any everyone and everyone were getting deals on Full Tilt or Poker Stars, Bodog, Ultimate Bet, that no one ever reached out to her, and I, you'd have to. Well, she got a, she got a failed she got a failed deal with Inner Poker, but she didn't get very much money. But back during the poker boom and that height, she was unarguably the best female tournament player. Yeah, I, mean, I know. She, she, she deserved something, and she did. Absolutely. So yep. someone's asking me right there, right there uh, <laughs> Papa Georgia, that's someone that definitely gets all, both all. Northern California guy, do you give her respect? Who's that, Kathy? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, as a player. Forum Orbs is saying she didn't get screwed more than anybody else. Sorry. Well, everyone's going to have an opinion. Well, Maybe he's making, a, maybe he's making a joke there. That she didn't get screwed, literally. I don't know. I thought, Mac- I thought Paul McAvoy was tapping that. That shouldn't matter, though. <laughs> like, it doesn't... It's just ridiculous. Now, it, I, I understand why it happened, because they're, they're giving the, the pretty girls the sponsorships for the same reason they're not giving me the sponsorships, because they... they uh, or Forgetting me, I'm not that much of a tournament player, but, like, you know... But uh, see, oh, if you're an up-and-coming poker player, are you really more inclined to play on a site... That has Tiffany Michelle's name. No, or someone named Kathy Lee. No, I, I've, like, I've always said it, I've always said it's stupid. The whole sponsorship thing. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think I think it honestly matters for a lot of like the fish or the recreational or amateur oh, players. Yeah. I honestly think that like they would be drawn more towards a hot chick than some woman who has good accomplishments. They they, they might, but I think that that's not. I would, like, I, if I was like, I remember when I was at that stage where. I first started playing online poker, you know, specifically full tilt. And I'm sitting down, you know, and Aaron Bartley's at my table, and I'm <laughs> filling in Tim. No, I'm kidding. But I'm sitting down. I would rather, if it was like a LOL Tiffany Michelle, like, no, I wouldn't. I would laugh. I'm like, oh, look, there's Tiffany Michelle here. Someone like Kathy Liebert's on my right, and, like, I'm in a Sunday Million or something. I'm taking that shit serious. I'm thinking that's a great player. And I knock her out. I kind of feel more honored than I would if it was Tiffany Michelle. I'm just being honest. Well, and I, I agree with you personally. I'm just talking about like well, mainstream. We talking about mainstream, like what draws people to the site. I just don't think there's the, no I, mainstream appeal. But I, I don't think the, I, yeah, I don't think the sponsored pros, other than the really big names, I don't think they ever really drew people to the site. <laughs> so that's what's so stupid about. It. I think the only time people get drawn to a site based on a, a pro is like if it's a really really big name. You I know what those were on Full Tilt? They're basically props. Some were, but some. Uh, Remember that cum liquor. <laughs> she had to write that thread, and she yeah. just kind of went wayward. I, mean, I, 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 know, I, I bet you, I bet she'll be back. Let me see. I'm gonna look her up. Cum sticker. Yeah. Stench, stench, stench cum. Stinky cum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up right now. I'm gonna see if she's coming back. I bet she's coming back. She had a boyfriend that she met like at the World Series. That it was like, like I think around my age, maybe a little bit younger. Let's see. It says she is. Let's see. Retweeting something about the Orioles. I don't really care about that. She has. She's retweeting something else about how to win at poker. Uh, you know how this whole thing started when they took out uh, that AJ Benza from <laughs> High Stakes Poker. And look, uh, listen, they put that. Uh, what's the one girl? The English girl, the uh, Kara Knightley. No, Kara Scott. Kara Scott. And they screwed that up because you know this is this is just a rule that every industry it should be followed in. If it's not broke. Don't fix Don't it. Don't fix it. And high-stakes poker wasn't broke. It was not only the highest-watched poker program, it was the highest-rated show on the Game Show Network, on the whole fucking network. Yeah, that was during the boom, though. Now, okay, but well, it doesn't matter, though. I mean, if that show kept going, 
I mean, it, it, it was the only watchable form of poker at that point. But yeah, it was during the boom, and it was a little bit after the boom. But what do they do? It's the highest-rated show. Everyone universally loves it. They fire A.J. Benza, and they bring in a sideline reporter, this European, uh, what did I say her name was? Uh, uh, Kara Scott? Kara Scott. And she's doing, like, fake sideline reporting. Because it's not even real, because it's all edited after they play. And uh, See, oh. Brandon, one of the well, my biggest... One of my biggest pet peeves in poker yeah. is is when they try and make it like other sports, you know, like with the sideline reporting. Yes. I, I don't e- <laughs> I don't even like sideline interviews with the coaches in basketball, oh. let alone poker. I don't like it either. Yeah, it does, it does like, feel kind of weird. It's like the, they ask the coach at the half, "Coach, you guys are down ten. What do we have to do? Well, we have to play harder. We have to yeah. make shots." It's <laughs> terrible. And then when the coach gives them some kind of you know answer that they don't like, then you know, like Popovich, and they bash on him. But you know. Yeah, I mean we gotta just get back on defense. Gotta here, play hard. Here's here, here's a good uh, like more. Here, here's a good answer that a uh, a manager once gave in baseball when he was asked about how he felt about the play of an opposing player who beat them that day. What's your opinion of Kingman's performance? What's my opinion of Kingman's performance? What the fuck do you think is my opinion of it? I think it was fucking horseshit. Put that in. I don't fucking opinion of his performance. Jesus Christ, he beat us with three fucking home runs. <laughs> what the fuck can you mean? What is my opinion of his performance? How can you ask me that question like that? What is my opinion of his of, of his performance? Jesus Christ, he hit three home runs. Jesus Christ, I'm fucking pissed off to lose a fucking game. And you ask me my opinion of his performance? Jesus Christ. That's Tommy Lasorda yeah. when I asked him about Dave Kingman. What do you think of Dave Kingman's performance that. after he hit three home runs? Yeah, so. Uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, I, I agree. The, the sideline interviews are kind of weird, like during the games. And- That's just what the thing. They have to keep fucking with it. They can't ever just find something and say, let's not tinker with it. I mean, it, 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 we don't need sideline reporters. And you know what? Uh, someone asked me, who would you rather hear do commentary, this Tatiana girl or Kathy Liebert? If you had a choice. Oh, 100% Kathy Liebert. Me too. Here. That's what I responded. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's uh, yeah that's why it's kind of a weird thing. So that's the only thing that the World Series did. Of all these things they talked about with the World Series, that's the only thing that's kind of odd to me is the Tatiana Pasal. I'm, I'm fine with them bringing Tuckman back; he does a good job. But uh, with Tatiana, I I, I don't, I'm not saying she's going to do a bad job. I haven't heard her do this before, but it seems like she, she was picked based upon her looks, which is kind of a weird thing. It'd be it'd be like picking someone for this radio show based on their looks. That wouldn't make sense either. Well, also now that we've kind of sunken our teeth into the issues more doesn't it bother either one of you that she's not a true grinding Herzegovian <laughs> that she bailed on them I mean a normal Herzegovian talks to you and they're like yeah I had missiles coming through in the backyard and I had to dodge line man or I had to dodge landmines to get to the market you know that's a real Herzegovian but now she's living in Scotland and Malta and Denmark, probably at the Hilton. That's not a real Herzegovian, and that's all I have to say about that. Okay. All right, so so next topic, unlike the, un, not about the World Series. We're uh, done with the World Series for now, though we will have a lot of talk about the World Series once we get into the World Series itself next month uh, at the end of the month. So there will be plenty more. But uh, for the most part, good job, World Series, for these decisions. And uh, good hire of Kevmath. I, I got to take a break. I'm really upset now about all this. 
I just need maybe five minutes. Uh, Northern California, you guy, want, can you step into the? So you want you want to just calm down about the Bosnia thing? I got, I, got you, I got you covered, like, man. Thank you. Like her saying on Wikipedia, because you know it's her words that she started the poker boom in her country. Come on, do you don't find that outlandish? Well, okay, okay. So you know, I but think it's outlandish. Here, go watch like a. Uh, but is it outlandish? Yes, but go go watch a Vladi Divac video and calm down. All right, I'll be right back. <laughs> okay, thank you. He's a real Herzegovian. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so Brandon, Brandon's pretty outraged, but he'll he'll calm down. And uh, I understand he's under a lot of stress tonight already with with the show having problems and everything like that. So, and it's uh, listen, it's under protest. And it's I'm under doing protest. The show under protest. By, by the way, at least I, at least I won. Uh, Portland won the game by ten, so I won that Good bit. Job. Yeah. All right, I'll be right back. Yeah. Let me just go have a drink and calm down. What was the line on that one, Todd? Did it you was, have to it, give minus, points? Minus three. But they had, they had no Paul, no Griffin. I just couldn't picture him winning. You know? Yeah. So Portland did it. Not 5-1 and one in the playoffs. I've, I've done pretty well with that. So, all right. So going on, going on here. Uh, the Las Vegas Review Journal, a columnist there, has quit because they want to write about Sheldon Adelson, and they can't. So the Las Vegas Review Journal was bought in 2015, December 2015, by Sheldon Adelson for a whopping 140 million dollars. But he did not reveal that he was the one who bought it. He was trying to do this under the radar. But it's hard to sell or buy a major paper like that in Las Vegas and have people not ask questions about who the owner really is. So it came out that Adelson was the owner. But he said, no, 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 no. It's fine. I'm, I'm not going to influence the content. You guys just go on, keep doing what you're doing. I just own the paper now, but I'm not going to interfere with anything you write here. But no one believed that. And, and people were thinking maybe it's like almost like a, a soft interference where he doesn't say anything, but you're terrified to write anything bad about him for fear of getting fired. Well, apparently it was more than that. Review Journal columnist John L. Smith... You think he calls himself John L. Smith because just John Smith sounds so generic? But John L. Smith resigned from the Las Vegas Review-Journal because his superiors at the paper forbade him from writing anything about either Sheldon Adelson or Steve Wynn. And that part's really strange because I don't know why they're protecting Steve Wynn, but... <laughs> Whatever. So you could, he was not allowed to write about Adelson or Wynn. And J- John L. Smith said, that's ridiculous. I refuse to work under these circumstances. So he quit. Uh, now, in uh, on January 28th, the paper's publisher, Jason Taylor, prom- he, you know, he had promised previously that they're not going to change anything under Adelson's tenure. Well, it didn't matter anymore what he promised because he was gone. Craig Moon took over as publisher of the paper on January 28th. And uh, one of Moon's first orders of business was to remove a disclosure about Adelson's ownership from the third page of the paper. It used to be there. You know, for, up until Moon took over, there was a, a, a small fine print thing there on the third page saying Adelson owns the paper. Uh, Moon removed that when he took over. So, right when that happened, on January 28th, John L. Smith was supposedly told by Craig Moon, the new publisher, 
that he is not to write about Adelson. And he is not to talk about how he can't write about Adelson. He just can't do it and can't talk about it. And very few people knew about this prohibition. But um, it has come out. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been verified by others that uh, they just were not going to write about Adelson there. And in fact, uh, an editor there named uh, Keith Moyer, J. Keith Moyer, said at one point, uh, as long as I'm editor, John won't write about Sheldon Adelson. This is referring to John Smith, who just quit. He said, I'll tell you that John Smith and Sheldon Adelson have some, pers- have some personal, they have a long history, a legal history. Frankly, I personally think it was a conflict for John to write about Sheldon. The fact that he was writing about Sheldon was a problem. It wasn't right. So uh, I guess the legal history is that Adelson fil- filed a lawsuit against John Smith in 2005 because Smith had written a, a book about Adelson. Steve Wynn also sued John Smith in 1997 for writing a book. And now, these cases were dismissed. So that's what this Moyer guy is, create, is claiming, the uh, editor at the Las Vegas Review-Journal, is that we're not forbidding people to write about Adelson, we're just forbidding John Smith to do it, because John Smith had been sued by Adelson and sued by Wynn, and we don't want uh, a conflict of interest when he writes about them, that he's going to probably have a negative slant on these guys. That I understand. So the question is here, is this an actual hard ban on writing about Adelson that has been put into place by publisher Craig Moon, or is it just a ban for this one guy writing about Adelson because he has a history with him? If it is the latter, I understand. If it is the former, which it may be, then that's pretty bad. That's, that's a, the censorship people have been worrying about that would occur. So what do you think? Do you think that uh, John – do you think it's just John Smith who is forbidden or do you think everybody's forbidden? What would be your guess? You, you know what I think it is? I think it's one of those things where it's kind of maybe not directly said, but everybody else knows it or it's a heavily implied. And then for this guy, maybe it was directly said because of his history. But I assume everyone else, they, they've probably at the minimum implied to everyone else not to do it. That's a good take. Said it. That is a good take. I, I agree. I agree that uh, maybe there's not a hard rule that's been slapped in everyone's face that uh, do not write about Adelson, but that for the one guy they thought might do it because uh, of their history, the one guy who had an axe to grind with Adelson, they made sure to tell him specifically, uh, you can't do it, and we have a good reason for you not to do it because you have a history with the guy. Well, now this even goes to show the rest of the employees, too, probably not to do it because look what happened with this guy. He ended up not working there anymore. So, Yeah, I do have to say, since he was also told not to write about Wynn, unless that was just said also to make it look more like they're, being, uh, they're not protecting Adelson, they're just uh, preventing a conflict of interest. But if he was being told not to write about Wynn, and it's because of the lawsuit that Wynn had sued him back in 97, uh, then it would appear that it's more about just not a conflict of interest, but then again, they could just be doing that for show. In fact, that'd be a clever way to do it, to make it look like they're not censoring about Adelson, they're just censoring him uh, from writing about anyone he has a history with, when in reality that's just an excuse to get someone to not write about Adelson. So who knows? It's a, I, I think your take on it is, is very possibly true. And this is, uh, this is Smith's letter that he gave to other employees in the office on the way out. 
it, the letter, the title is funny. The title is Job Opening Columnist. <laughs> Dear friends, I learned many years ago about the importance of not punching down in weight class. You don't hit the, the little people in this craft. You defend them. In Las Vegas, the quintessential company town, it's the blowhard billionaires and their political toadies who are worth punching. And if you don't have the freedom to call the community's heavyweights to account, that commentary tag isn't worth the paper it's printed on. It isn't always easy to afflict the comfortable and questioned authority, but it's, essential, it's an essential part of the job. And although I've fallen short of the mark many times over the past three decades, this is a job I've loved. But recent events have convinced me that I no longer remain employed at the Las Vegas Review-Journal, a spirited newspaper that has battled to remain an independent voice of journalism in this community. If a Las Vegas columnist is considered conflicted because he's been unsuccessfully sued by two of the most powerful and unspoken players in the gaming industry, then it's time to move on. If the Strip's thin-skinned casino bosses aren't grist for commentary, who is? It's been an honor working with all of you. Your hard work and dedication remind me every day that journalism is better than ever, even if management leaves something to be desired. Take care, John L. Smith. So he's, he's pretty pissed, and... John L. Smith, he's been a fixture uh, in the Vegas paper industry since I've been here. So, so you know who he is, then? Absolutely. Now, I was asking. Call him probably like five times well, a week. He won't be anymore. So, do do you? Well, not my day's just gotten worse. <laughs> so, so right you... now I'm getting a call. I just got a text. What's the plus? It's a long distance. It's plus three eight seven. Where the hell's that? I don't know. Plus three eight seven. So, what does it say? It says, hello, old friend. It is Nikolai from small village outside Sarajevo. So, you know, Tatiana not respected in our village. She outlander. She lose three sheep uh, in stud game many years ago in fled village. Sarajevo support fraud site. And lastly, friend, free fluffer. <laughs> Very good. So, so now, Brandon, do you think John L. Smith goes by John L. Smith because John Smith is such a generic sounding name? Probably. Yeah, I would assume so. But honestly, I'm not joking. He, he I've, I've read his various columns for years, and uh, whether I agreed or disagreed with whatever his particular commentary was that day, uh, I always respected his writing style, and I thought that he was pretty fair. And I didn't know about this. I'm actually kind of shocked. Mm. I mean, I read it in the highlights. I didn't know it was actually him that was quitting. Yeah. So John L. Smith is not going to be at the Review Journal anymore. So, okay. Uh, infamous poker world liar, multi-accounter, and scammer Dog is Head, also known as uh, Hasib Qureshi. You know, seriously, serious even did a... Wait, say a, the whole intro again before you said the name. Infamous poker world liar, multi-accounter, and scammer. And you know who I thought you were going to say? Who? Chino Reem. Sorrell Mitzi? Chino Reem just won the W whatever. Yeah, like, no, but whatever. He, he wasn't really a multi-accounter. He was, uh, but he was everything else. Yeah, everything else, yeah. No, uh, and you know what? Would you be surprised if it came out? <laughs> Chino Reem multi-accounter back no, in the day? No, I wouldn't be. Of course not. Uh, so anyway, Hasib Qureshi, we haven't heard about him in a while. Uh, he was first – he were first – Entered controversy. He was a high stakes player and a pretty good one. Uh, but he he first entered controversy when that whole lock poker thing with Jira happened, where Jira won this contest for like win the most money in April, get a World Series seat. And on April thirtieth, he won a hundred thousand dollars from a, a mysterious account that hadn't been seen before. That was actually in the name of uh, Poker uh, Life Coach Sam Chuan, but it wasn't really Sam Chuan. So the one who was actually operating that account was 
dog is head, a Hasib Qureshi. So basically, Hasib Qureshi loaded up an account on lock with 100000 dumped it to his friend Jira to win this World Series seat unfairly for the contest of who wins the most money. And I it mean, was so obvious, It was too. super obvious. I mean, it was not a very smart uh, tactic there. To, it's, it's one thing to slowly dump over time, but this is on April 30th. Uh, Jira goes from down money to winning 100000 against an unknown account in one day. At, at a stake he never played before So anyway That was the first thing that Doggett's head uh, did That uh, had controversy And he ended up in a number of different Other scandals over time Where he was caught lying He was caught uh, uh, Scamming in some way Laughtering Yeah he was a very uh, shady guy And he also would write these Book long posts on 2 plus 2 In, in very uh Haughty language. He he tried to come off that he was more educated and smarter than you were. And and, and over- now, just to be clear, what's his name again? Hasib Qureshi. And this is not related to Hasim Habib. No, just so, no. <laughs> but I'm just saying. Now, do you know about the Hasim Habib uh, thing that started happening? That what do they call it, like a phenomenon? Uh, I heard people always said Hasim Habib. People would just start randomly saying yeah. it at tournaments. Yeah. <laughs> They'd stand up and just scream it. Yeah. And it just started, you know, what do they call those things? Remember when everyone would show up, like, at Central Park or at a subway station and, like, a uh, flash mob? Flash, is that yeah, flash mob. Yeah, That's yeah. kind of what they did with Hasim Habib. <laughs> people would just start randomly screaming at a certain I'm, – I'm not making this up. Yeah. And then, I mean, again, this was during the poker boom. Now they don't do such a thing. Yeah. But so, anyhow, go on with your so little tale. Hasim Qureshi – uh, he, he would get in long uh, arguments on 2 plus 2, and he would try to write everything as if he's writing like a college essay where he, he, you know, he'd try to use the, the most advanced vocabulary possible to the point where it looked ridiculous. Uh, it, he tried way too hard for everyone to think that he was smart and educated. And he was smart and educated, but he tried to hit you over the head with it, and it looked ridiculous. And, and he was just very dishonest, and he was a scammer, and he was a multi-accounter. And, you know, he, uh, he got action. One of the things he did was uh, to get action – from Tom Dwan uh, against like Jungle Man, who was uh, who, who was beating Dwan. This was before that challenge. That he, he would uh, they they used uh, multi accounts to do that, and and Koreshi was behind that as well. So there's there's a lot of things he was behind, uh, and he was pretty much run out of poker because nobody uh, nobody trusted him, and he was. Uh, his rep was really shot, and he in fact he even registered an account on Poker Fraud Alert at one point and argued with me. But uh, some new news about him. Uh, Can I make a confession real fast? Yeah. A couple of weeks back, I multi-accounted on the fraud site poker room. You actually used two accounts at once, or you just used a different account? Look, I was playing two at different tables just to see if I could. And now I realize that the loophole's been fixed, but I, I felt guilty I wanted to get that's off the very, That's not very nice. That's and nice. I didn't cash in either. I, the, just so people do know and, and all... You know, transparency. The name I used was Brad L. I didn't want to give it away. Okay. Well, you, you know what? You, you should go uh, join the Choice Center like Sorrel Mizzy. You can atone for this. Okay. So, sorry. So, so here You're is. Not, you mad at me, Druff, or no? You're, uh, I'm good. doing the show under protest now. Okay. So. Listen, also, uh, hold on. Besides this, Tatiana ruined my day, and my favorite review journalist columnist uh, getting fired or quitting, whatever the case may be. And then my Miami Heat choked. The game away at oh, home. I, I have to. I have to tell you, Brandon. I was rooting the other yeah. way. 
Of course you were. You've been betting the other way the whole no, series. Well, no, I have, I have Char- I didn't have a bet on this game, but I have Charlotte thirty three to oh, one. Oh yeah, we talked about yeah thirty three to one to win the the East, and and yeah. uh, if, if now it's looking like they're going to face Toronto, who I also have at five to one to win the East. You know now, what though, Cleveland though it's going to be so well rested. I, I, I don't right. Think so what I think I'm probably going to do is bet back and then just cash out that way. Yeah, I would. Yeah, but but no, if Charlotte can somehow get past Toronto, this would be excellent. Then I could bet back and make a nice profit. That's no, amazing. Charlotte literally is peaking at the most perfect point. Yeah, playing the best basketball of the season. Well, I know, but I, they were looking good at the end of the year too. That's why. That's why I bet on them. They won their first road playoff game. Yes, yeah, since two. Fourteen years. <laughs> Fourteen fucking years. Yeah. So yeah, I think they're going to take oh, it. I'm sorry. I want to add one more thing to the agenda. Tomorrow in Las Vegas, Mark Davis, son of founder of uh, former founder of the Raiders, Al Davis, is going to be in Las Vegas tomorrow to meet with city officials in hopes of announcing that they've gained approval and financing for a stadium uh, on Tropicana, very close to the uh, T-Mobile arena that just opened up. And now there's literally whispers. Someone tweeted this to me because they know that, you know, I live in Vegas, of supposed behind-the-scenes talks that it is looking – uh, that it's not like a pipe dream now, and there's actually a decent chance that in two years or so, or three years, we may have football here in Las Vegas. Which, yes. So can we add that to the agenda? Yeah, we can. Uh, you just got to remember because I can't type All it right. in right now. Okay, so well, so here's so anyway, uh, Dog is head. Who's who's he's actually uh, he even has an account on Poker for All that he hasn't used it in a while. Uh, he there's an article on finance.yahoo.com about him. But not about any of the scamming he did in poker. It's uh, if you go to this, there's a thread called Deja Hasib in the Scam Scandals and Shadiness forum on Poker Fraud Alert. If you go to the last page, you'll find a link to this article on Yahoo. It, it, this article was written on April. That's weird. This is April 28, 2016. That's not oh, April 23rd. I see 28th is something else here. It's not even April 28th yet. I don't know why I would even say that. But uh, April 23rd, 2016, it was written. So it was written. It's April just, 28th in Australia. Actually, in the East Coast, it is too. I just kind of yeah. I got the West Coast bias here. Anyway, April 23rd, this was written. How one Silicon Valley engineer, referring to Hasib Qureshi, negotiated a starting salary from 120,000 to 250,000 in just a few weeks. So this is a story about Hasib Qureshi, the negotiator, getting his salary almost doubled. So this is the article. Hasib Qureshi, and yes, it's the same one makes $250,000 a year as a software engineer at Airbnb. I didn't even know that was his background, software engineer. That's what I used to do, too. Uh, but he could have ended up with a 120k position at Yelp if he had taken his first offer. How did he manage to more than double his starting salary in just a few weeks? Qureshi, a former professional poker player with an English degree, which he always let us know about, recounts his story in a recent blog post shared on his website. The whole story is a fascinating read and gives a glimpse into Silicon Valley's competitive hiring market for engineers. It also serves as a reminder that persistence and negotiation pays off in any job hunt. If there's one thing this job search has taught me is that there's always, always more money on the table, Qureshi writes. On all but two of my offers, I negotiated. Negotiation pays, boys and girls. Qureshi tells his story in two separate long blog posts. Everything he writes is like super long, like super long-winded, everything he writes. You should read the whole thing. But if you don't have time this second, here are some highlights. Uh, Qureshi isn't your typical Silicon Valley engineer. He's an English major and former professional poker player who has no professional coding experience. I didn't know that. 
He first learned how to code by joining a 12-week coding boot camp at the App Academy, where he learned, where he later became director of product. Koreshi was rejected by every one of the 20-plus jobs he first applied for. He finally got an interview with 23andMe, I don't even know what that is, through a referral of a boot camp classmate. They didn't offer him the job. So he I tra- think that's uh, the thing where you send in your saliva and they tell you about your ancestry through your DNA. Oh, okay. So he signed up for TripleByte, a YC startup that helps engineers find jobs. He passed their programming quiz and did well on the interview. Soon it connected him with a number of YC startups, including Gusto and Flexport. Flexport passed on him. Augusto made him an offer. He got an interview with Yelp through another referral and was offered a job too. Both offered around 120k in total salary. Instead of settling there, Koreshi told other companies he was talking that he was talking to that he received several offers. Suddenly, recruiters started setting up interviews, including a call with Google. He killed his Google interview and was offered 162k a year package. And with that, the floodgates opened. Recruiters sent him, set him up with big startups like Uber, Stripe, and Twitch. Not Periscope, though, Brandon. All of which. Ended up making him offers. Right as he was about to accept the Google offers offer, he got a call from Airbnb, the company that rejected him just a month ago. He was referred by the CTO, the chief technical officer, of the App Academy, who has a friend at Airbnb. With his referral, I was prop- promptly unrejected, Koreshi writes. He aced the interview again and was offered 220k in total. That is 130000 plus 25000 signing bonus and uh, 65000 worth of RSUs a year. What's, what's you RSU? know what? To make matters worse, I, I shit you not. Guess what my girlfriend's about to do now? What? She's going to order a pizza. I'm not kidding. You can't make this kind of day up. She's literally going to just come in and ask me what I would like on my half of the pizza. <laughs> Life imitates art. Okay, so so uh, by the way, uh, this guy in 585 who just called, uh, please call back. I, I know who it is. Please call back. He wants to talk about Koreshi. So. It's not that one weird guy, is it? No, he's not weird. He's, he's, I, okay. I've met this guy before in 585. So, okay. Uh, so he said Google – countered by raising their offer to 211k a year. Koreshi still wanted to work for Airbnb. I told myself if I'm choosing Airbnb, just remember 220k was their initial officer. Initial offer, that means there's more money on the table. He called his Airbnb recruiter and said if Airbnb can move up uh, the RSUs by 30k to hit a total of 250, then I'll sign. Airbnb returned with a new offer worth 250, which is a 130 salary, 25 signing, 95,000 a year in RSUs. He took the job. Koreshi said that he didn't get a single offer through raw applications. All the offers came through a referral of some kind. On all but two of his offers, he negotiated. The base salary is mostly around the same at 130 k a year. He negotiated a lot more aggressively on RSUs and signing bonuses. There's obviously a lot more to the story, though. So an RSU, by the way, is it's a, a grant that's valued in terms of company stock, but the, to- but the company stock is not issued at the time of the grant. So after you've, uh, you've you've satisfied a vesting requirement, then the the company gives you shares or the cash equivalent of the shares. The one guy that fled, he promised me some RCUs over at the, <laughs> the other Donkdown site. <laughs> That's true. I've never got no RCUs. <laughs> and that stands for restricted stock unit, units, by yep. the way. So right. so that's uh, so that's Koreshi's story. And uh, someone, the guy who was going to call in, now now I'm not hearing from him. Well, he's welcome to call back the five eight five guy. Uh, here we go. Let's slap him on here. Caller, you're on the air. Yeah, Todd, it's uh, Calwat. How you doing? Yeah, hi. So Calwat, uh, I met this guy, by the way. He was normal, Brandon. You you can feel safe to meet him, too. If you're is this one of the students from your university class? No, no. Calwat is actually, uh, he's he's a programmer. He's in his 40s, and he uh, he's friends with that Hanson kid. Okay, good. Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah, so, so I, felt, 
I, I felt compelled to call up because I, uh, if you're, I'll, I'll chime in if you're not done. Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Story. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I mean, when I read everything, I mean, the only thing I could think of is this really sounded uh, to me like he was trying to kind of do the whole prodigy thing all over again. You know, <laughs> this time it's not a Portuguese kid that's a poker prodigy. It happens to be him that can just miraculously go to a, uh, you know, app academy boot camp and then land uh, a, an amazing job. And it's just, it's ridiculous. That's I mean, true. As you know, because you were in the field. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, that's a good point is that he was very big on the whole prodigy thing. Yeah, the, the, the whole thing with Jira, who he propped up and the whole thing was yep. a puppet. To, that, that the whole theme with Jira that got him into so much trouble was that he was pretending that Jira was this prodigy who just started out of nowhere and became this great no-limit poker player, when in reality the Jira account was being uh, used by him and probably Jungle Man to, to play people yeah. when, when uh, they thought they were playing this this new guy. So, uh, so yeah, Is this- there something wrong with me if I honestly can look all three of you into the eye if we were periscoping and say I have no idea what you were talking about? With what? I'm trying Basically, to. Any we're telling him, we're, we're, I don't know we're what, what, what we're even talking about. Full of shit. <laughs> yeah, he's saying he's full we're of shit. Basically, saying that this guy is full of shit because I mean, basically, oh. what, what he's saying the the salary that he landed and the experience he had. I mean, it's basically like he went to uh, you know a week long session after being an English major and then is suddenly going to be a programmer that's going to be making 200k a year. Okay, um, I got it. It's just, it's, it's just fucking ridiculous. It, it is weird, um, and, and you know what's weird too to me is that. There's so much stuff that comes up on Hasib Qureshi if you Google him, and everybody Googles you nowadays when you when you want to go work somewhere. There's all this stuff yep. about him being a liar and a scammer, and like there's so much stuff. How do these places like just ignore that and hire him, especially with so little experience? Yeah, I mean, honestly, what I think uh, that this might be, and the reason why it's on Yahoo is, I think it's uh, kind of a PR move uh, on part of you know either the App Academy or him to kind of show how amazing they are. You know, you come to our week-long uh. class, the App Academy, and you too can land a 200K-plus job, you know? So do you think he works um, at Airbnb? So do you think he's lying about it, or is, what, what's the story? Um, I think it's a mix of both, kind of like the, the Jura thing was a mix of both. Um, and the reason I brought that up is um, it's a very similarly themed story, right? You know, a guy comes out of nowhere and he's just amazing at whatever it is he does. And that's kind of the same story with, uh, uh, you know, with him being an English major and then going to App Academy and then suddenly, you know, whatever. But it, it, the reason why I think it might be uh, kind of PR related is that it did say that uh, uh, Koreshi went on to be a, a manager of some kind uh, or project manager at App Academy. Yeah, right. It, right. That, yeah. Yeah. And, it, it, and he also said that he was rejected from... Uh, you know, these various job positions until his App Academy friend, you know, gave him the recommendation. So this really, to me, is kind of like a, uh, an infomercial puff piece that uh, someone decided to put out uh, and got picked up. And I really think that it's it's kind of the same in theme of what they did with the, the whole Jira thing. That's you know, a good theory. That's a good theory. I, I think it's very possibly. I was wondering what his angle was with this. With him, there's always an angle. Everything's an angle with him. Yeah. It's, it's so frustrating dealing with this guy because he, he tries to come off like, uh, like like he's a good guy, a, a straightforward guy, an intelligent guy, someone that you can like and trust. Like and, Daniel Schreiber. And, and, <laughs> and there's always there's always an angle. There's always an angle. Here's, here's yeah. something even dumber here that he uh, – this is from last year, April 13, 2015. But uh, he claims that he's what's doing is earning to give. 
that that he's basically giving away what he's earning uh, to charities. There's there's no way that he wrote this a year ago. Yeah. Like there's no way a guy like this who's been so selfish and so money hungry is now working to earn money to give away to charities. It, it, there, there's got to be some angle to that. There's no way someone who was like that before, someone who would do that, do the earn to give, would be someone who doesn't care about money, someone who values people above money, things like that. Not, not someone like this, not someone who's been a scammer and a grifter for, for the last several years. There's no way. So Yeah, the, the, the guy's a scumbag. And the way the whole article read, you know, it started off saying a $230,000 a year job. And yeah, later qualified it, but... I mean, it really smacked of something where, you know, he got together with this App Academy guy and was to say, look, you know, I know how we can spin this into uh, into an awesome PR thing. Let's let's see what we can do. You know, you know, it's another thing that would support your theory is I had wondered when I read this. I I didn't think about it the way you did, but I think I think you're onto something here. I read this on finance.yahoo.com and I'm like, how do they find out about this? Like, I doubt they're just like, right. like surfing blogs and going, oh, Hasim Qureshi is talking about how he. Uh, how does Yahoo even have an investigative department? I notice sometimes will be some breaking story uh, in the sports world. It's like Yahoo Sports first to break this story. They can't even. No. <laughs> how, how do they no, have I, these people? Well, I, I don't want to tell you guys that there's no Santa Claus and there's no Easter. No, tell me, please. I want to know. Tell me, tell me the truth. I'll, I'll tell this. you. I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these organizations just, you know, take whatever they're given. Um, there are a lot of industry magazines that you basically pay for the cover, uh, or you pay to have an article in there. Uh, if you go into your local food store, a lot of the uh, product placement and just what brands are carried. That's actually the shelf space is actually paid for. Uh, by the companies that make the food. Yeah, I knew about that. It's very yeah. similar in a Entenmans, lot of these news articles. Like Entenmann's, you know, they the make the donuts and the cupcakes. They will have their own little yep. private shelf that they pay for. Do you like Entenmann's? greasing the palms. Yeah, I like Entenmann's. The chocolate donuts are really – have either have you guys ever had Entenmann's before? I think it's okay. I, I don't like it or dislike it. Okay. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, the whole thing just sounded so – ridiculous and, and it's actually timely because uh o'reilly uh, which is a, a noted uh industry you know computer industry uh publishing company yeah they actually just released a survey of incomes for uh 2016 and you know i mean <laughs> an entry-level job which is what this guy should be getting is is uh is way lower than the the amount of money that he lives. Yeah, I wasn't figure I couldn't and, figure that out either because it, it is an entry level job. And how do you just rock it up to such a salary right at the beginning? It didn't make sense to me. Well, I don't know. I mean, somehow he managed to get the job in in theory. And I mean, I don't even know if that part of it is true, but it doesn't mean he's going to keep the job because I mean, the Druff, as you know, this is not the kind of thing that you you go to school for a liberal arts degree. And then you go to uh, an app academy, and then suddenly you're a hot property that everyone wants to pick up. Like, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, even if you're naturally inclined to be good at computer programming, there's just a shit ton to learn. And it just, it just I mean, the whole story is just complete you, bullshit. Now that you're saying all this, I, I think it's possible maybe that the Airbnb guy that he was uh, interfacing with, that uh, maybe that person had some friendship or relationship in some way with the app academy guy and they're sure. like and they're like hey let's uh you know let's scratch each other's backs here and, and they got him some kind of bullshit sure. job there and then and then just let him write you know you, you can write whatever you want about your salary the the company's never going to verify it yeah i mean who knows maybe he learned enough that he can actually do like you know 
basic programming and they decided to hire him and they goosed everything up. But I can guarantee you that this entire story is just a fluff piece. Um, and very likely the, the beneficiaries are uh, App Academy and then, you know, I, I would assume Qureshi in some way as well. And uh, he obviously also likes the intention and having his ego stroked. But oh, yeah, he loves that. And I, 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 read I, it, his, I read it and I'm like, this is just <laughs> – this is ridiculous. Yeah, and, and I see on his webpage, right? And I see on his webpage, he says right there, "Hello, I'm Hasib. I'm a software engineer currently working at Airbnb. I used to be an instructor and director of product at App Academy, a top coding boot camp in, in San Francisco. So yeah, it, it's just too yep. convenient that this is mentioned so prominently in the article. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Yep, and and that you know the fact that that article got picked up. Um, they may very well have paid for placement in that article. Yeah, I mean, they paid like, it, or, or, or they just fed it yeah. to someone that they thought would print it. Whatever. I yep. mean, that happens all the time. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's definitely some kind of self-promotion there. Yeah, you're you're you're, you're onto something here for sure. So, okay, that's uh, good information you gave me there. Thank you. Uh, by the way, this is the guy who runs uh, who runs uh, or used to run TastySteaks.com. I guess now it's. Uh, oh. do, do you have Do you have any? Uh, do, wow. you, do you still actually run it at all, or is it uh, since it's been bought? Is no, it... I still do. I oh, see. So no, still do. So, so you still operate it, even though you don't own it anymore. You own part of it. How, how does that work? Uh, you don't have to so, comment if you don't want to. Yeah, you don't have to comment if you don't want to. But uh. yeah, <laughs> no, I don't care. So it doesn't bother me at all. Um, so basically, it's something that I created, uh, you know, for basically for Bart Hansen like about a year ago, and then decided, well, you know, it actually would be pretty cool if anyone could use it. Um, and then there's some other guys called U Stake that um, they did a really good job on uh, pounding the pavement, building relationships, all that kind of stuff that I just didn't have time for. Yeah. They marketed uh, it a lot. I was doing other things. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we, we kind of had a, a good match in that I had a uh, really good technical foundation and technical skills and they have really good personal and marketing relationships and venture capital. Um, we decided to join forces instead of uh, going separately. Cause I mean, realistically, I don't have a whole enough time to really, uh, you know, market the crap out of the thing, and I never charge a dime for it anyway. So yeah, you know. Now, as I was, I was telling people on the, on here that uh, you know I use it to keep track of my World Series uh, pieces that have been selling, and I, I've yeah. I said that uh, the first thing I asked you is is it, is it free <laughs> before I, <laughs> before I wanted to use it? I said I'm not I'm not, I'm not paying for anything here, but uh, it but is yeah. free as in Dan Druff free. Yeah, Absolutely. you know if you know if I'm using it, it couldn't be costing any money. So. Yeah, there's not even an ad. I mean, there's literally nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. It, it really is totally free. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you for the uh, the input there. It's, uh, I think you're really, if not correct, very close to correct. Yeah, I mean, he's benefiting in some way. And the, the whole App Academy thing, I mean, I would guarantee you that, you know, think about it. If you're App Academy and you've got $20,000 you want to spend on marketing, you know, you could take out some ads and some magazines or whatever, or you could concoct something like this yeah yeah no it sounds good you read it you go wow i could i could go from an english major to to learning how to code in in a short time and then and then get a 250k job whoa i'm i'm signing up here it's like a modern day uh sally struthers (laughs) remember you could be a vcr repairman yeah from your own home yes yeah it's like they always say follow the money i'll hang up and listen all right thank you bye later yeah, I think, uh, Brandon, you're, you're talking about this. Money? Of course we all do. So find out how easy it is to train at home.
for a better career. Just get a pencil and paper right now and write down this toll-free number. There's absolutely no obligation. At international correspondence schools, more than 10 million men and women have trained for job promotions and new careers without setting foot inside a classroom. I'm making an exception here and running commercials for free. And now at home in your spare time, uh-huh. you can get your career diploma or even your degree. Choose from any one of these courses. High school, TV, VCR, repair. <laughs> I like, uh, I like uh, TV, VCR, repair. Computer programming, auto mechanics, bookkeeping, learning the personal computer. Learning the personal computer. That's a good career. Electrician, legal assistant, animal care specialist, interior decorating, child daycare, medical dental office, gun repair, small business management, teacher aid, catering and gourmet cooking, electronics, air conditioning repair, drafting, hotel restaurant management, fitness and nutrition, PC repair, or get your degree. You can major in business management or accounting. Compare your present salary with the money you could be making in any one of these careers. They'll be repeated for you at the end of this commercial. So have your pencil ready to jot down the course you're most interested in. Then call the ICS toll-free number, and we'll send you one of these exciting career packs absolutely free with all the information you need. Your career pack explains how easy it is to study at home. Wow. tells you about the many success stories of other people just like yourself who train through ICS at... All right, we have, we have a call. low house. We, we have a call here. That, that was really sad. This is in '91. This wasn't that long after all. It's like a decade after all in the family, and she's uh, she's doing that. I right, call her on the air. What's up, dude? Who are you? I'm man. You know who this is, right? You're you're who? You don't know who this is? Come on, Drexel. You know who this is? I right? think I know who it is. All right, I'm going to give some trivia. Don't say, don't say. Okay. Gonna, here's, a, here's a little fun trivia. All right, so the first ever Poker Fraud Alert radio podcast, right? Yeah. Was actually not archived. Did you even know that? No. I, th- I thought it was like t- test show yeah. number one was archived. The podcast number one was not archived, and I was the co-host. How come I don't remember this? Wait, Jason? <laughs> no. Nope. How come I don't remember Eric this? Ryland. Hold on. It's, it's Eric Ryland. Well, you know what? I didn't hear him because I'm just reading this complaint about Caesars, Las Vegas, and Rio. What, yes, do you know that's about this, I'm Eric? In. Oh, well, I'm already ahead of it. So they wouldn't give you the hundred dollars. No, let's hear about it. What's, what's going on? Okay, what happened? Wait, Eric Ryland co-hosted the first PFA show. I don't remember this. I think I think maybe he dreamed it. No, no, no. I, it's a true story. Because I look, okay, if we go in the archives, hold on, if you go in the archives, you see there's like test show number one, and that is in the archives, so they, you're telling me there's like a test show number zero? Yes, I was <laughs> not, if it says I was in the first test show, then, then that... Then I, I'm going to go look right now, now, now so I'm going to... You didn't even have me on the first real show, I'm like a, like the black lady in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? I wouldn't lie about this. You oh, no, he's right. There is there is no test show number one. There's a test show number two, but no test show number one. He's correct. I, I just, so now I'm not even on the fraud show. <laughs> I'm actually happy that you put number two on there instead of a number one. Wow. So so where, what, what happened? Why didn't I, was there no setup to do it yet? Well, during, during the show, I co-host, and you said, you know, Ryland, it's sad because um, you've never been on NWP radio, and I finally get you as a co-host, and I'm not going to – I, the archiving isn't working. Oh, I probably didn't have it, it set up. Fail, See, here, a here's the job. very first thing in the archives. Here it is. Oh, well, it doesn't even work. Is this file not found? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Let me see here. I, I think I, I think I see the problem. Uh, oh, I also should say 
You hear it? Uh, for the... Yeah, go ahead. Is it going to play? I play the safety dance? All right, let's, let's get past this. Let's get past the safety dance. You're what I'm saying at the beginning. This is the very first thing in the archives of PFA Radio from March 2012. Do I have another song now? Rocky? Jeez. Come on. Let's get past the music here. Where we go from? Hold on, I, I got to hear this. I, I got to hear if I mentioned Ryland in the first, in, in the second one. I understand this. You paused it while I Now here it is. Welcome, everybody, to the second test show of Poker Fraud Alert Radio. I know this one had very, very, very short notice. I decided 20 minutes before airtime that I was going to do it. And the motivation to do it was that, well, I'll get to that in a second. But uh, this is the second test show, and we're going to be testing a few things here. We're going to be testing the chat room. We have a new chat room this time, completely different chat software than the previous test show. And I changed it because the previous chat is terrible. crashed the server. So that, even though I like that chat room... Wait, hold on. The server was crashing back then, too? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I, I haven't made much progress in four years. It just uh, wasn't going to work out for us. And we have a new chat room, and then we also have an on-air sign that's on the very top of the forum... Or actually, anywhere you are. On this, this is this is riveting stuff. I, I can't believe the show ever caught on with this type of entry. It's going to flash on air, so I want to make sure that shows up for everyone. And then we also have archiving oh. automatically enabled. Every time yep. I connect to the radio and broadcast anything, it will archive it. So oh, you mispronounced I'm going to be too. testing that as well and see how that works out. So these are the three tests, and we will see. Where we go from here, if everything works out well, then a regular radio show that's scheduled, that has a specific time, that uh, has a real concept to it, these things won't be that far away. And we'll Come get on, them why, why do I sound like I'm in a tunnel? I sound like I'm in a tunnel there. What's wrong? I, like, I know my equipment now is better, but I, I, I think it sounded somewhat better back then than it does. Well, that... well you know, I've actually missed the past four shows. And I would talk about that, but you actually sound different than you did four shows ago. So it's—I <laughs> don't know, man. Your voice, your voice is changing. No, it's the same. It's the same. It's always been. No, are it's the, just the sound quality is poor. Fail, are you in a remote, a secret location? No, no, no. I'm in. I, I mean, I was maybe maybe four shows ago. I was. I was uh, earlier in the month. I was. That's probably oh, why. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but uh, so there I wasn't in a secret location. But the, it sounds like I'm in a tunnel. And and Brandon, the reason I don't mention you is that I, I don't believe at that point we had decided on on uh, who the hosts were going to be yet. I don't think you had been. Uh, I don't think you were on board yet. And, the, and PFA was only about four weeks old at this point when I did this broadcast. I was just, I was still building everything. So I hope this test goes well. Here are my requests for you. Request number one is you go into the chat room. I don't care if you want to chat or not. Just please come into the chat. Mm. And just sit there if you have to. Sounds fun. But please be in the chat. <laughs> and let me know 
if the chat has any trouble, because this is new chat software. I'm going to be monitoring the... It sounds like tonight where I say, let me know if you can hear the laugh soundtrack. I really make no progress. I, re- I make no progress in my life. This is terrible. Okay, so so Ryland, I believe you now that you were on the first uh, PFA radio. Yeah, yeah. So what, what's going yeah, on with I, what's I, going I, on with a hundred dollars? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Well I, well, I will say this beforehand. I've actually never been on the radio with Drexel. Hello, Drexel. Hey, buddy. How are you? Pretty good. We've never had an interaction over the radio. Isn't you know, I didn't even know that there was a first show that I wasn't on that you were on. This I didn't is the know, first I'm hearing. Well, I, I didn't know either till I just yeah. uh, f- looked back at it. Yeah, Brylan, are you are you living in Vegas now? Are you, do you stay I've here been permanently? Here since since May of 2013, and I'll never go back to Minnesota because we had on May 5th in Minnesota the worst blizzard in 60 years, and that was my don't fucking come back going away present. Basically, my wow. car got stuck on the way out of there. Really? So, so uh, what part of the valley do you live in? Uh, well, the most of the time I've been here, I've been in Centennial, which is you know the northwest, the newer part. Right. Right now, right now, I do like the area that's kind of on the border of Summerlin by the uh, Pebble Park. There, the let's see, what else is by there? It's. I mean, I know next to the Texas Station's ghetto, but it's like. The Texas Station meets Summerlin. I uh, it's hard to explain. You know, you know where that is? What is it like? By you're like near Lake Mead, kind of. What just name? Yeah, the big yeah, road? yeah. Dan, you're Dan. You're good. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. By the way, for those of you that don't know, Ryland. Uh, one unusual thing about him, he actually makes me look short. Ryland is six foot seven. Yeah, dude. I still have to meet both of you. In I, I, I keep top. Yeah, God, I try, don't I? I text you all. No, time. that's not true. You you text me, but then when I when I can meet you, you you're never around. I text you and you said you're not in Vegas, but I actually didn't realize you don't live in Vegas anymore. Did you at some point? Yes, but uh, but the thing I'm there enough yeah, to where you. But, okay. I thought you were avoiding me, so I stopped trying. No, now no. I know that you live in California. Well, okay. When I come back, uh, then I, I'll message you again. World Series. The World Series. I will. I, I will fucking buy you a direct bowl. Lunch or dinner anywhere. Oh, that's matter. so sweet. Uh, that's very good. Okay, so Ryland, what what happened with Caesars here? Okay, so you should play the video actually. It, where, it, oh, do you uh, have my Lawn Order oh, soundtrack ready? Oh, okay, let me get it ready. I'll, yeah. I'll, give you, I'll give you the clip notes on to get the laugh track ready. Okay. So, <laughs> By the way, uh, Ryland, have you met Northern California guy? Have you heard him? He's kind of a. I haven't met. You know, I haven't yeah, met, you haven't met him. But... I'm trying to think of it. Oh, Ry- Ryland's met me, just not in person. Okay. I've actually played. I've actually played against Ryland on the online pokers back in the day. Really? Yeah. Ryland, would it, would it be possible to? I don't know what the problem. You're very soft. Is there a way you can call back on Skype or something where it's a little louder? It's it's, it's kind of hard to hear you. Uh, I have nothing else. Uh, let's see. Well, well, if I, you can I, just. I actually, I'm going to call back on Skype. It's going to be on the on the Caesar's internet though. So get ready. Okay, we we can try. It, yeah, it'll be better if it's on that. Uh, if it doesn't work, then just call. Before I, before I forget to upload that video I just posted in the the Flying Spaghetti, okay. uh, it actually would not upload with the Caesar's internet, so I had to turn on my data on my phone to upload it. Well, I, I appreciate the sacrifice. So, okay, let's uh, call back on <laughs> Skype. If you can't get a hold of me, then call back with a phone, and then we will uh, we'll proceed from there. All right. Bye. Okay. Okay, so, uh, so Ryland is going to call back here. He's with a good kid. Some, some complaint about Caesars. We've got to give this time here. Okay. And 
the uh, you know uh, Ryland. We've you know, he's he started in this community like ten years ago when he was like sixteen. So he's he's grown up before. Is our he's, eyes. he's twenty-one yet or not? No, he's yeah, way past that now. Oh, yeah. he's probably close to my age actually. Yeah, he's he's not even that young anymore. He's got to still be young. He can't be thirty. Yet. No, no, he's way under thirty. Just, I mean, he's not like a, a little kid anymore. He started. I remember, as a, he was like, yeah, he was like in high school. Yeah. So I mean, he he pursued it though. His his dream was to be a professional poker player, and Good he for him. Uh, he went through, and he lives in Vegas now. He used to come on here and tell stories about how he would uh, meet girls in Vegas and uh, talk them into being uh, webcam whores. And <laughs> what they would do is they, they, like he would they would strip on cam for money, and he would get them into it. Like he would uh, refer them to some service who would give him a cut. He, he was their the, pimp. Yeah, he was like he was like the webcam pip. I don't know. I don't know if he's still doing that. We can ask him. By the way, speaking of this, we're gonna. You know, maybe we should call Ken Scaler in the meantime. Let's. Oh yeah, we gotta talk to Scaler for sure. Let's I want to know if he got his motel for the second day of uh, Coachella. Yes, that's a good question. So let, let's let's call him. Let's call Ken Scaler. I I I want to help Ken Scaler out, man. Any way I can. That's good. It's, in some ways, he's beyond help, but we're gonna try. Okay. To... Now he he promised me that he's gonna answer here tonight. We'll see. Sometimes he says what you want to hear and then disappears. If I was still living down in the desert, I would let that guy crash in my garage for sure. No, it's, it's not first ring voicemail. That's a good sign. Let's not forget about Ryland, though. That will. Going to answer? I had to wait till Ken's night class at community college was over here. That's why we're calling him late. <laughs> he said, no, don't call me between 7 and 10. I'm in the night class. That sucks. Usually, I'm sorry, but the person you call has kidding. a voice. Usually, see, this is weird because usually if you call Ken and it rings, he answers, and if you call and get first ring voicemail, the phone's off. This was this weird in between one where we'll try later. Let's uh, and Ryland's just, maybe he's booting up his computer. I don't know what to say, but uh, here I'm going to play Ryland's video in the meantime while we're waiting for him. Yo, it's your boy Ryland. Excuse the sunburnt face. I've been <laughs> in the sun for days. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good start. Um. I just wanted to make a video complaint about Caesars. It's what Todd, the Seven Stars members, always uh, complaining about, and I always brush it off for the. What is he? He's bringing me into this. What the hell? What the? He's already bringing me into this. That's not fair. Last three years, but now I'm, now I'm pissed. Uh, Basically, uh, I got this. I got hit the diamond second tier aspirations thing. I'm halfway there in three months already this year. So it goes to show I'm not like a fucking, I'm doing something for Caesars, you know? Uh, but they say, they said I get a hundred dollar, uh, room service comp Hmm. for when I stay. So I, I booked my five nights free at the link like three, three months ago. And they said, Oh no, the food comp, uh, we'll, we'll give it to you in 24 hours. It will be applied. 24 hours goes by, not applied, and I couldn't get a hold of anybody. So I left. Didn't even check out. Didn't even stay two nights uh, for my free stay. And uh, now here I am at the Rio, using my own money to stay here. And I I walked to the diamond or the uh the toy i've got to stop him for before he comes see we just lost him i don't know where i was afraid he'd never call back if he hung up and that's kind of what's happened but I, i'm going to ask you a question eric if you can hear this and if you if not i'll try to call you back at the phone number you called from but why is he staying at the rio with his own money if he lives in vegas 
Oh, here I thought he said he was staying at the links. No, no, he wasn't. He left out of protest because of uh, – I'm going to ask you. Ryland, we're, we're watching your video right now. Yeah. Oh, you're, the, the radio's listening to? Yeah, yeah. They're listening to. So I got to the part where you said you're staying at the Rio now since you left the link. Why Why are you paying your own money to stay at the Rio if you live in Vegas? Um. Well, it's a very complicated thing I have with my, my – uh, I live with a female, right? Uh-huh. Now, she has some kind of complicated thing going on with a quote-unquote boyfriend in California. <laughs> What's, oh, is that a new soundtrack? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a Law & Order soundtrack. Whoa, you, you just fucking threw me off guard, dude. Did you, you like it, Ryland? <laughs> I love it. Me too. That was my uh, – That was yeah. Brandon's idea. Yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, her uh, – that, that guy – is visiting for uh, six days. Uh oh. You know what? I'm just. I was like, you know what? I want. I'm gonna just lounge out on the at the pool and uh, play some poker and play online and and just stay here. It's like, it's like nineteen dollars a day for me because I don't have to pay the resort fees. You so, know? but wait a minute. Though. I you know I understand that, but you're letting your girlfriend like just be alone with some other dude for like six days. What do you think's gonna no, happen? It's not another dude. It's her boyfriend. Well, wait, is this his, is this Eric's girlfriend? Yeah, I'm confused. Is this your, what is this? Well, she's she's like a wing woman for me. Like she doesn't care. I hook up with other. Oh, women. So, wait, but do you ha- do you hook up with her too, or it's just like a platonic? Thing? I hook up with her too. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. All right. Go on. Does it make sense at least? Yeah. At least, so so it's like nobody has any commitments to anybody here. And and I mean that's the way to be. Like fuck no, no, fine. That's that's good. Go ahead. Uh, that's just me at this point in my life, you know. No, that's fine. You know what? I I actually wish I was more that way when I was your age too. Go and, that, and you know what? I I it took a lot for me to get to work for this now too. So. Yeah. All right. Where was I? Let's so see. so so you said you're you're at the Rio. So I'm going to play the the remainder of this, and then I'll, I'll stop and ask you questions if I if I have further questions. Here we Definitely. go. And there's more at the beginning of the story too. So the rewards desk, the hotel. Front desk, the what the fuck? It's the the place next, the concierge. It's called, and they the concierge told me to go to the hotel desk. The hotel desk told me to go to the total rewards. The total rewards told told me to go to the front desk. So I so yeah, I've had that before. I've had the run around where they and that's what I was going to say. It's like eerily similar to all the fucking stories I've heard you say. Yeah, because the the thing is here, Caesar's properties. Each department does not communicate with the other departments, so they all send you elsewhere if they don't know what to do. But they, they, yeah. they, they, God forbid they ever call the, call each other and talk about it. They just, nope, we don't deal with it. You go there. Oh, no, no, we don't go. You, you go back there. I mean, I, I've actually had to, like, get out my phone and, and call the other one while I'm standing in front yeah, of the and, first and, one. And I see why you tweet at the, the high-ups at Caesars because <laughs> so. – it works. <laughs> I mean, I want to do that. Okay, let's and go on. You know how I was finally sent away, though? How, how I went up to my room? Well, gave up? Do you tell the story here? I want to let your, your recording tell the story here. Uh, I got to tell it here because the recording didn't say it. Well, let, let's finish this and you can, you okay, can get it. Okay. It's a joke. So I got up here and called the desk's front desk services, and uh, they were going to get me in touch with the host, right? And that's that's what I was asking. I got where's the host? Where's the host at? And uh, uh, here, let me show you. I uh, wrote down the time that I hung up, my room number, my fingers. <laughs> and I did over that because they record those the things there. Right? So I want like the high and, ups to uh, that bullshit. <laughs> wow. I was on the phone for half an hour, and the operator 
was uh, kept checking in on me, and she's like, I, I can't seem to get a hold of anybody. And I'm like, story of my life with Caesars. Uh, and this is actually the first time I've ever complained about anything in my life. But uh, if there's anyone that deserves just the small thing, I, I'm, I'm going to do Caesars the ben, like the, the favor of not complaining more about the other bad experiences, but this is just absolutely unacceptable. Um, it feels like I'm being scammed, and I am. And I'm going to tweet this at all the high-ups of Caesars because I can't get a hold of anybody. Like, what else am I supposed to do? Um, Todd, hopefully you can chime in and agree with me. You're a Seven <laughs> Stars member. And I'm going to leave off with something else I found funny. Is uh, I was taking a shower here. There's a female friend that was with me. Oh, boy. And... Uh, what do you think that that? Wait, looked? before we get to that, so, so you you brought a female friend with you to the Rio too? Yeah, a different female. Uh, a different. Wow, you're really getting around there in Vegas. <laughs> All right, let's, let's go on. Here. The window is right there. Ron, what know, stakes uh, poker are you playing what? these days? Where can people find you if they want? To... Um, well, I'm actually I'm I'm boycotting WSOP.com until the World Series, but usually, yeah, as you see, I'm on there every day at the two five, and only when fish sit. Uh, for the five ten as well, um, I just like whatever the fish buy in for at the five ten, I'll match them. You know. Um, other than that, live is just recreationally and trying to get a backer for that. But other than that, uh, just wherever the fish are, I think I, I'll even play as low as like fifty cent a dollar, but as high as five ten. You know. Okay. Well, that's here. That's all, good. all at the same time. But. I, I want to hear the funny thing in this. Let's hear the rest of this video right here, and. Uh... That's right. <laughs> it looks right into the bathroom in the shower. That is I weird. mean, that's so he's showing there's a window on the wall that goes. There's in. like a little, a little square window. You see it in the video. Yes, it's yeah, right I see there. it. It's a, it's a weird window in the wall from the bedroom to the bathroom. It's like a little square window. Which uh, is this in the Masquerade Tower? Yes, that's why it's a failed tower. I like the Ipanema better. It's none of this crap. That's kind of weird. That that little window's there. Uh, <laughs> I think that could be like a that could that could have some. Uh, I don't know. It you know really what odd. I mean? <laughs> You're looking in right on the toilet. It's really weird. That that, that was pretty funny because she was like she tapped on the window and she's like Eric, my God, you didn't know I didn't know that little window was there. And if I didn't see it, you know, like a lot of people. Uh, I don't know. It is a I small can only window. Imagine it's, the it, stories people have. About it is. I've stayed at some like boutique hotels where there's some funny thing where there's like a window into the bathroom from the bedroom. I don't like it, but there's like yeah. a, a big window. This is like a little square window. It's so strange. You know, I mean, it's like I didn't even notice it. Like, can you imagine? Like, if you know, granted, a lot of people are there in the same room. They're like, you know, comfortable with each other, whatever it may be. What if it was like a business thing, or you're <laughs> you're with some like female colleague, or whatever it may be. You know. There's just so many variables. Well, like, I wonder uh, if there's like a hole in the wall there, and that's the way they they fixed it was by just putting in a window. <laughs> yeah, it, it's because I it's haven't seen just, it. In Masquerade Tower. I've never seen a window like that before. It, it, it doesn't. It, it's just a pointless, <laughs> pointless, like fucking weird thing. Like I don't get it. It's a. It's. It does not make any sense. That little. That little peephole. Uh, anyway, this is Ryland out. Uh, bad Caesar story number one. Okay, so so Ryland, I'm trying to understand this. You you booked an offer where yep. you get a hundred dollar food credit. Now, is it a food credit or only a room service credit? I've never seen just a room service credit. Is that what it is, or is it any? Well, food it, yeah, it's the room service credit, 
and it's for the second tier aspirations for Diamond. Right? No, no, but that's not just room service. It's, it's a hundred dollars for for everything. I, I booked I booked under that recently. Right, and they won't give it to me. I tried, and they said it was room service only, and it says there in the fine print. Um, well, first know, of all, that's not true. That's not true. Well, it's it's supposed to be it's supposed to be what it's called is a. What are the, what's the word? The word I'm uh, a folio up? credit. A folio that, credit. That's not that's not room service. It could be room service. You you can yeah, use room service. But it could be it could be room uh, service. Let me that's tell you what a folio credit. I, I always talk about folio. I love folios. Yeah. Because... It, well, if you said that's not true, what it says in the fine print exactly is folio credit. Right. Okay. Folio but, credit just means that they have a credit that's uh, going to be on your account, which is known as your folio. And it's the only time I ever hear the word folio used. By the way, is is, is having to do with hotel rooms. Right. But but. The folio credit means that anything you charge to your room that has to do with food, they will take off $100 of it. But if you don't use all 100 you don't get any change. You don't get extra money or anything. And you can't use it for gift shop stuff. It's just food Same stuff. Same for the celebration dinners. You yeah, right. And, and you also have to use it at, at Caesars restaurants that are at least 50% owned by them. So any totally independent restaurant that's just renting space, you can't use the folio credit. And, and you probably can't blame me. When I heard, when I saw folio credit, the first thing that pops into my mind is room service money. Okay, but here's, okay, I don't know how you translated that, but that's, that's fine. What, what, my, my question to you is, when I, and I just booked this recently, so I, I know the, the situation with this, uh, this one. Yeah. It, when you booked it, they should have said when you booked it that it's there. So who did you book it through? Did you book it through the 800 number or online? How, how did you book it? Online. Okay, that's the first problem. Um, how, how did you book – online, I don't see how you can book that because it's not like a bookable offer. What I've seen is that you have to actually call up the uh, 800 number and they will – I think that's where your problem is. Right, how, yeah, you, totally. When you, when you booked this five nights free, did it say there just five nights free or does it say five nights free and $100 food credit? Uh, five nights free only. Okay. I, there, there, now we've got the issue. I, I, I figured the whole thing out. And you might, you might or might not be able to get them to fix this. Mm-hmm. What's happened here is this, this Diamond Aspirations $100 folio credit is an offer by itself. And it's not something you can book online. You have to call – you either have a host do it or just do it the way I prefer. Call the 800 number, which is 800 Caesars. And tell them I want to book my Diamond Aspirations uh, trip for the hundred dollars for the hundred dollar uh, food credit. They'll know what you're talking about. They will book it. I just did this recently, and then you just charge a hundred dollars to your room, and the hundred dollars comes off. It, it it worked fine when I did it, but what you did is you booked a regular room without that, and then said, "Well, I'm Diamond Aspirations. I want to redeem my hundred. And they're like, "No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. So it is right. it. it it's stupid and confusing, but what, what I would try to have them do, and I'm not sure if they can do it because they're kind of funny about – what they're really funny about there is that if you don't book the offer that way, mm-hmm. they, they have a hard time like retroactively going back and changing your booking. But that's what they need to do. You need to speak to someone high up. Um, I would go to uh, – try the front desk. If they can't do it, you can even try to call the 800 number. If they won't do it, you can try to call uh, – you can try to go to Front Desk Matter, even Total Rewards. You go, you go to someone here. Total Rewards probably isn't the right one because they – I think it's got to be the hotel here because it's a, it's a, it's a hotel offer, okay? And, and Total Rewards, they can only deal with things that uh, are not related to hotel stays. This is related to a hotel stay. So what you need to do is tell them this is very confusing and that you thought that you just booked a free night and you just get the $100 and it doesn't work that way. So tell them you meant to book – you didn't understand it, but what you meant to do was that, was that uh, to, to book your aspirations trip, and that 
and that. So you're saying the the hotel though? Yes. Yeah, that that's the that's the last person I left off was was the front. The, yeah, the you hotel. should go to the front desk. They they may have a hard time fixing and it. That though. was where I gave up because she said, you know what she she told me she said, uh, well I have no idea about that, but uh, if you figure it out, uh, invite me up yeah, uh, and get a and I get a order a bottle of wine with a hundred dollars. Yeah. So 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 the other thing you can do is just you know explain the whole thing to them and see if they'll just cop off the hundred. They probably won't. You probably have to somehow get them to uh, either rebook, like retroactively rebook it, or uh, or something like that. And then uh, have them pull some shenanigans and see if you can speak to a manager, a supervisor, someone at the hotel. Uh, right. Try to and, and tell tell them it was just very confusing. You didn't understand that to redeem the aspirations, you had to redeem. You had to book it as the aspirations. You thought you just book any room and get it. And tell them that that's yeah. the only confusion. Can they fix that? They might be able to. And if, if not, you may try to go to a host and say to them, "Can you fix it?" But what they may just do is wipe it off. I, I'm not going to go into the whole story I had, but there's two things you actually can earn as a diamond for a hundred dollars for dinner. One is this thing we're talking about here. The second thing it doesn't require a hotel stay, and it's just $100 flat. They print out a certificate for you. You just use it. It's yep. a celebration dinner. Okay? The celebration dinner you only qualify for if you're a new diamond, meaning if you were a if – if you were a seven-star before, you can't just claim it because seven-star is above diamond, and you re-earn seven-star. The only way you can do it is if you were below diamond and, and earned either diamond or seven-star. So I don't know if you renew diamond. If you renew diamond, you still get it. But you can't get if you're seven star, you can't get it unless you're a new seven star. So my point to them was I am a new seven star because my seven star lapsed actually for two days, which it did. So I said my seven star lapsed for two days. I went down to gold, then I re-earned it. So I am a new seven star. I should get it. So they were so confused. <laughs> They're like they they tried and tried to solve it and they couldn't. And finally, a host uh, who was actually nice said, "You know what?" This is so hard for us to figure out. I'm just going to comp off $100 off your bill. And he just comped off $100 off my bill. So I was like, okay, cool. So, so, so Now, Ryland, do you have anything you want to promote? Do you have a book coming out, training videos, anything? We always give or, our or, guests. Or what about the webcam thing? You're still doing the webcam or thing? Or whatever, webcamming. We always uh, give our guests an opportunity here's, here's to promote. The here's, the, here's the thing. Concerning women in Vegas, I think the saying is kind of true. Um, as far as women go in Vegas, it, it is hard to find – a normal woman that has always lived here in Vegas. Now, that's not to say women that come here from like California or wherever, you know. That's what you want to look for. I think the strippers, the the webcam, like all those types of women are just like stay away from them, to be honest. You know what I mean? Well, I, I mean, thought you were just making money off that. Some of them are fucked up in the head. That's yeah, I mean, well, just, just in like overall, though, it's just like the mental illnesses, the everything, they're just – it's just there. Uh, there are a lot of women in Vegas that have some issues. Yeah, that's for sure. But I hear ringing in my head. It's not me. It's, no. it's Ken Scaler who's supposed to answer this time. He just called me. I told him to call him back. And Todd, the thank you for the unavailable. Jesus, right now. what the hell is this crap? Again, so, Ryland, will will we be seeing you uh, at the World Series? Tell us your plans for the future. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, this series for sure. Both of you are in the Rio at the same time, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you both have my number, right? I text you once in a while, Drexel. Just like, what's yeah, up? Yeah. Is it the and same number like, as last time? I also text you like, Drexel, you going to back me yet? <laughs> yeah. I saw that. Uh, okay. Let's see if Ken answers this time. Yeah. Okay, Ken. Hello. Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio. Oh, hey. What's up? Okay. So, so we have we have several people. We have we have Brandon here. We have. Uh, oh, hey, Brandon. Hey, buddy. How are you? 
I'm on Better Than Most, not as good as some. Hey, Ken, we can't talk about it in detail because it's on the radio, but thank you for that thing you did for me that one time. Oh, yeah, and hopefully it'll be paid back that, yeah, yeah, yeah. over okay. time. Uh, yeah, okay, good. Okay, then then uh, we, we also have a Northern California guy on here. So say hello to Ken. What's up, Ken? And then we, we hey, what's up? I we, hope you're not voting for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> then we have we have uh, we have Eric Ryland. I don't even know who he's voting for, but Eric Ryland. Uh, I've never been on the radio with you before either, Ken. Yeah, Eric Ryland is a fan Eric of yours. Eric Ryland is he is he a pro? Yeah, he's yeah, a pro. he's a legend. Actually, he was on when he was 16 years old, Kenneth, and now he's how old are you, Eric? 21. I'm 22? turning 27 soon. 27. So he's been 11 years on these sites. I thought to be 18 to play pro. Actually, it's be 21. He was doing it online. I, I don't know. But anyway. Oh, oh okay. Uh, I'll I won't say, say anything. Ken, I, I drank two Red Bulls a bit ago, and you, you sound like you have uh, like a higher energy level than me. He always has a high energy level. That's, Who does? You do. I do. I have a high energy level? You sound like it. That's for damn sure. So, okay, well, so, you know, I mean, I... I when I'm alone, I'm kind of like like melancholy. Yeah, no, yeah we, we know what you do you when know. you're al- you know what you do when you're alone. So, all right. Uh, no, I don't. I don't know what I do when I'm alone. That's not funny. Okay, so Ken, funny. Ken, let's let's talk about Coachella. So Ken went to the Coachella Music Festival both weeks, and uh, uh, the the second week Ken tends to have a problem there where uh, he doesn't have. Uh, I- he doesn't have anyone to room does with. Part, does, does that part have to be on the radio? Well, yeah, we're not going to give details of it. I don't want it to leak to other. No, we're not. We're not. We're, we're, no, but we're not going to talk about exactly what you do. Just, uh, uh, but, but, no, uh, but there's like there's a certain like I can't really. I don't want to give any hints. I don't want people to look. But I think you yeah. kind of understand, Todd. It's a, it's a psychic. A psychic friend kind of way. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Forget that story. You know so, what I mean now, so, right? So, okay. So, 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 can can we at least talk about the the girl that you encountered there? Oh, oh, that girl. Oh, yeah, Fiona. Yeah, yeah. What about Fiona? So, so Ken met a girl at uh, at the Coachella Music Festival. This is on Sunday night. She was from Florida, from where you are, Brandon. Or where, yeah, she was from Florida. Yeah, I don't. I think she was from like southern florida she went to fiu which is florida international university that's in uh, miami florida that's in what they call dade County. yeah and by the way she's not and by the way she's not hispanic even though that school's like 85 percent hispanic she's not hispanic so ken actually but, hung out with she was like 25 years old ken hung out with her on sunday night and uh ken he, he couldn't seal the deal though he didn't get she he didn't even try to do anything with her even though she seemed to be showing some moderate interest is this true well i mean she said she just broke up with something and, and she's she was flying back at LAX like at ten in the morning the next day, and and my my room was kind of like you know people and you know her room. I I, I don't know. It was just it was just a bad timing. It was, bad you could have been the rebound. Kid. There was there was logistical issues. He's saying. There's just a lot of logistical issues. But what I don't, I don't understand, Ken, more detail. Here's what I don't get. Okay, you got along well with this girl. You said you said she was uh, fairly good looking, right? I want somebody local. Okay, no, that's fine. But but wouldn't it wouldn't have been worthwhile to get her phone number so the next year when she goes to Coachella again, and you'll definitely be there again, uh, then you could you could hang out with her the whole weekend. Wouldn't that have been smart? Yeah, like you, I, I should have. Like I, you don't have, you don't have yeah, to start a relationship. You don't have to like like have her be your long distance girlfriend for a year. But you could have you could have kept in contact, and then when she came out, you could have met up with her on Friday and and spent the oh, whole yeah, weekend. Yeah, with her. yeah, yeah, but that's a year away, and she lives in Florida. She works for. Hospital Corporation of America, which is like the evil, like 
Who so cares? They want to kill all health care reform. Who cares? That that doesn't matter. You she just wanna... says, I want to make America great again, though she said it sarcastically. But, yeah. But, but, she but she doesn't like what they do politically, by so, the way. So, She's just, it's just a job. Again, you know? if, if you were born... Because, uh, okay, well, you know, I'll just tell you the story. I've taken issue with this young girl, uh, Tatiana, what is her last name? Pasolik. Yeah. Pasolik. Now, she was born in uh, Herzegovina, but she left. Oh, Herzegovina, that's by Bosnia. So <laughs> yes. Is she Serbian, or is she, what, what, what is she? She's, well, she's uh, Bosnia. Yeah. But she left. Herzegovina. She, well, hold on, Ben. Hold on, she left when story. she was two months old, yet she's. Well, she was two Yes, but yet she's taking credit for the poker boom in the whole entire Herzegovina. And this is not some famous poker pro. You'd never – what was her name again? Tatiana what? Uh, Pasolik. Pasolik, yeah. You've never heard of this person, have you, Kenneth? Does she have a boob job? She sounds like she has a boob job and she's fake. Is she probably, <laughs> you're not that far off, actually. <laughs> is she like a totally like smaltzy boob job, like I think much higher myself than should be thought of type girl? Boy, he's really perceptive. <laughs> he is. You got good reads. And she's Ken. probably you really shallow with the kind of guy she dates too. Very shallow, and they think she's showing interest, but she's after money, right? Well, maybe because she she dated a successful tournament player named uh, McLean Carr. I mean, he's okay. I don't have a problem with McLean Carr, but uh... yeah, I oh, okay. Too. And you know, Ken, you know, you do have a lot of fans that are still listen and take interest. What have you been up to other than uh, Coachella? What else is new that you? Oh, I've just been. Comfortable I, I've been taking. I've been. I've been like working at a crappy job. And I've been, like, <clears throat> taking a couple classes and then a couple few online classes and just, you know, hanging out and just um, my second job. Is, I had a second job, just like a survey job. It's kind of dormant right now. I'm kind of waiting for that to come back. And yeah, I had to look. I've been thinking about learning how to drive. I think, I think this is the year I'm going to actually drive. Yeah, Ken could have driven 30 years ago. And he is not. Thirty years ago, he could have oh, driven. Yeah. And thirty didn't. years ago, I could have driven. Yeah, you're now, oh, God, now, Ken, on a normal me. on a normal week. How often do you and Todd hang out? Would you say he doesn't live near me? Yeah, no, I'm not very close to him. So no, I, I don't. So how often would you would you guys see each other? Uh, not only once in a while. Like it, you know, it's probably every uh, here and there. I mean, yeah, he, has, he has a family. I have a family. Time, you know. When was the last time you guys saw each other? Like a week ago. Okay, what do you guys? A week normally? ago. Well, no, we, uh, well, no, we, no, we didn't have that much time. We we had to. Uh, I had to give him his. Uh, it was a brief visit. Yeah, I just had to give him something. And, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, you I, guys I, don't have like a tradition, like a favorite restaurant or a favorite hanging out spot. No. Well, no. I, mean, I like Asperger out there. Yeah. That's what? What out there? It's a place called Smashburger. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll usually, yeah, usually what I what I will do is I'll provided there's you know we're not just meeting for a second. I will bring Ken to uh, to get a meal there and and pay for it and uh, so so Ken I, I do get him something like that. I, I'm aware that Ken does not have a lot of money. Also, I was nice enough to uh, loan Ken three hundred dollars for spending money at at the two weekends of Coachella combined. So, wow, was that true, Ken? No, oh, I think we lost him. Did we lose him? Ken? I think we lost him. Let me put him back. We lost hey, Todd. him. Yeah. Uh, quick interruption. I just I just found the refrigerator in here. I'm eating a pizza. And there's some somebody left some fucking Subway in the uh <laughs> They didn't clean it out. That's funny. <laughs> Dude, more Caesars fail. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm sorry. Jeez. But the person you called well, I guess has we a don't... voice mailbox that has not been set up yet. Goodbye. Okay, here, let's. I mean, you probably don't have to. He's calling my phone back. Give... Let, me, let me tell him. 
the exact title, but what what, what hey, industry does he work in? Hey, can yeah, can okay, 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 hang up? I'm gonna, I'm gonna call you right back. Hang up. Oh, okay, okay. What what industry does he work in? Um, well, giving too much detail. No, I'll, he'll, he'll probably say it. I'll let him explain. Plat plasma sales. So, well, he works in that one too. <laughs> well, he's been doing that for a while. How much? Yeah. Does this affect his long-term health? I, I've said to him, I, I mean, I, I've told him he should stop, but he he doesn't listen to me. Yeah, so FIU is very Hispanic. I guess the University of Florida is like 50,000 <laughs> students, four Caucasian. Okay, and the University of Central Florida is like 60,000 students. And then, like, you know what's really growing down there is Florida Gulf Coast University. It's only been around since 91. It's like not even like 30 years old at Florida Gulf Coast University. It's really growing. Okay. They made the Sweet 16 in basketball. They're in Bo- uh, Boca Raton. Or, I'm sorry, they're in Fort Myers. What does that mean? <laughs> I, guess that's the end. I guess that's where his knowledge ends on this one. So, okay, Ken, uh, Brandon yeah. is curious about your job, your crappy job. Can you describe it? You don't have to say where it is, but just can you describe the job? Um, it's just selling, like, I call businesses, and it's like selling medical equipment, and, you know, it's just kind of, Really awful. Um, I'm not really. I'm, I'm not as good at it as I used to do toner, but whatever. Yeah. So, so yeah. So Ken had a, he had a difficult year in 2015. He's trying to to rebound this year and uh, do some things better. Yeah, I don't want to be telemarketing much longer. I, re- I really want this to be my year, guys. But you but you said you I really want to like you want to get a I car. I want to move on the career front. I want to move on the love front. I want to move on the car front. I want to keep my apartment for a while. That's extremely important. Now, you know, this right. could be the summer of Ken. <laughs> now, Ken actually the had summer he, of Ken. I Ken, like that. Ken has a roommate uh, who's uh, now he has a one bedroom apartment, but has a roommate. Now, I yeah, he's, miss, he's, he's, Ken. I know you may not want to talk about it, but the audience, I'm getting text messages. What's going on with Colleen? Do you guys still talk? Are you I, friends? I haven't talked to her. Okay. I yeah, they're not. Right. They're not. They're not talking. Is the is the short answer? And believe me, believe me. I wish. I wish I could talk to her. I think she's a wonderful girl. She's a, probably one of the best artists in the world. I mean, she she's just like brilliant, you know. And, and I bet. <laughs> I, for what I understand, she's doing very well selling art, and she's making a lot of money now. And I'm very right? proud of her. Big what? Borderline personality disorder, right? Borderline. Uh, she, if if you want to go to callingsanlandart.com, buy her paintings, oh, Poker no. World people. <laughs> hey, oh, there's no free commercials here. Up in your oh, no. no free commercials here. Oh, no. Spam. Well, All right. Well, how, somebody how, actually how, know how it. Long, how long has it been since you guys have spoken? It, Probably a few months. Yeah, it's been a few oh, months. There yeah, was an incident that almost happened, but I was talked out of and. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would have been an unnecessary incident. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Basically, Colleen just doesn't really want anything to do with him right now. But I don't even blame Ken. It wasn't his, none of it was his fault. I really care about her, and she's a wonderful. She's a very special, magical girl. She's very special and wonderful and magical and a, a, a kind person, and and she loves animals, and she's a great artist and and talented and 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 brilliant and and and. And beautiful and, 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 and embellishing and and uh, 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 she's a, she's a, she's a wonderkind and uh, uh, phenomenal and she's sober now from what I understand and she, she and, can't really be uh, a, she can't really be a wonderkind she's like thirty four uh, not yet not yet don't don't say her age publicly Ken, have you ever seen Ken, have you ever seen the classic movie Freddie got fingered <laughs> yeah I did see Freddie got fingered why she would be your Betty then. You'd be the Tom. She's Green my Betty. She's your Betty. Yes. Wait. Okay, I don't get it, but all right. 
But the, the things that you just said, that's how Tom Green described his Betty. Well, well people, people always compared Ken to Tom Green. That was a very common comparison. The only, movie, the only movie I care about is June 24th, Todd Salon's latest masterpiece, uh, Wiener Dog's coming out. He's my favorite director. And the day Wiener Dog comes out, I'm going to try to go to premiere. Last time his movie premiered at the New Art. And Todd Salon's is the greatest director who ever lived. I've never told Todd would tell us about Todd Salon's, but he's like a, a hero to me. No, so, I, anyway. I actually didn't know that. That's interesting. Oh, he's an absolute. Oh, I'm obsessed with Todd Salon. See, he did Welcome to the Dollhouse, Happiness, Storytelling, Palindromes, uh, uh, Dark Horse, uh, Life During Wartime. Oh, I've, I've seen all of them. Now, if Todd Salon said that. said Pathos, Logos, what? If Todd Salon said that you could be uh, the first to see every movie he makes, but you have to have gay sex with him, would you do it? No. Okay. I will not have gay sex with anybody ever. Okay. Hey, Ken, who are some of the best uh, music acts you caught at Coachella? That's a good year? question. Oh, I saw some great bands. That band Lush got back together. They're like a shoegaze band from England. I finally saw an old British punk band, The Damned. And I saw this band I really like. They're called um, Melody's Echo Chamber. They're real haunting. And uh, this band, the, the, I think they're called the DMAs. They sound like Oasis, but they're from Australia. And oh yeah, I saw I saw a lot of great bands. Like, the Cold War Kids are good, and Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. I did not see Guns and Roses. I did not. Before you ask, I did not purposely did not see Guns and Roses. And, and by the way, Ken takes the bus all the way to Coachella from L.A., which is uh, Greyhound, which is like what they say. It says like 150 miles, right? Remember, go Greyhound and leave the driving to us. <laughs> So they used to have trailways, but they bought them out, those assholes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so in Coachella, it's a very By the way, tomorrow night's the last night of Love Line, a competing radio show, and for very strong show. reasons, I'm not sad about it. Yeah, so, so by the way, Ken, uh, Ken goes to Coachella every single year, both weeks. It's a two-, two 15 they, years in a row. They, they have two identical weeks where uh, most people just go to one of the two. Ken makes sure to go both, but he sees different bands. Every, there's so many bands there, you can see different every bands. Every single time. I've followed over 70 bands. Even, even though they're just, the two weeks are identical, you can just choose to see different bands while you're there. It's a big festival, a whole lot of different bands. So he, he goes to different ones. Yeah. So he really – and you, you get there like right at the beginning when they open all three days and stay oh, all the way. Oh, yeah. I'm one of the first people in line, if not the first. And, and, then, and, then and you, I run to a stage and I stay there. And then you, you stay all the way to the very end each day. Yeah, I might, I might. If it's not that busy, I might run to the bathroom or something. I'll make sure somebody holds my spot, you know. And you're in the front. And every, no one agrees. For every performance, you're in the very front row, right? Front row center. Yeah, I never figured it's out how you do that. Admission. Everyone wonders. Everyone wonders when there's a festival with general seating or, or even standing, whatever. Uh, how every time you manage to get into the front, everything you see. How do you do it? I I just plan. He's determined. Yeah, there's pictures all over the message board of me uh, in the front row at various years of various random different acts. <laughs> I always seem to be in the front. So. He's talking about the Coachella message, well, right? Yeah, so Ken has a talent of getting in the front of, of, of uh, people are amazed that he's always in the front watching these, these shows. Yeah, yep. and I've met a lot of the artists. They come up and they high-five me. and they, Some people crowd surf on me, which is annoying, <laughs> trying to get my head kicked, you know. And I hate when there's a mosh pit, then I have to like hold a dear life on the rail. You know, I don't want to get killed on the. You know, and, and Ken is one. So. He's now one of the older people at Coachella. There, there are some other people his age, but you know, Ken is, is 46 and so. older and older. I was talking to a guy who was 48 there. You know, well, that's you know, he's a he's a he's a math professor at the University of Alberta. Okay, Dave, well, something I don't know his last. You're only, name, you're only two yeah. years away from 48, so. 
Yeah, I don't know. There's, I've met married couples there. They're not all like 14 years old, you know, viewpoint student snobs or whatever, you know, but. Well, I was thinking, I, I've never been there, but I would, uh, isn't the most common age like early 20s? I'd say early 20s, teens, early 20s, some 30s, you know. It's a millennial crowd. It's a millennial crowd. And oh, I wish I was a millennial. I am a Gen Xer, not by choice. See, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be that age. Like that's that doesn't appeal to me. The only nice thing about being that age would be I have, I'd have a lot longer to live from this point forward. Well, I, I, I'm not, I'm not in a hurry to die anytime soon. Um, by the way, uh, uh, I, I always wonder if Colleen's ever going to go to Coachella. Because yeah. I don't talk to her, she might have been there this year, and I don't even know about. You know, Ken, I don't think you. you know? I don't think you know about this. You know, I, I woke up with chest pain on on Monday. Chest pain? Yep. Like, like, you think you might be having a heart attack? Like, I know. I still have it right now. Have you gone to a doctor? No, I'm too cheap. Acid reflux. Okay. Well, I think I think the problem, I think the problem is, is that you're eating. Uh, you're eating too much red meat. No, I think maybe no, you got to go. I, I, no, I think it's muscular. Down on the red meat, it, it looks you like won't have chest pain. It looks like it's, it looks like it's muscular. That's why I haven't gone anywhere. What do you mean it's muscular? What you, you can have muscular? How can, can have, chest pain be muscular? It, I don't understand. On the, on the right side, it's very common. On the right side, it's common. Why would it matter whether it's the right or the left? Hey, it's a, it's a big your heart's on the left. Yeah, it's a big deal. The right the right oh, side. Oh, because your heart's on the left. Yeah, it's a, it's a, the right side is not a big deal apparently. So I'm fine. At least for now. Oh, okay. All righty. So, so Ken, well, th- thank you, for, thank you for calling in tonight. There was a, a yeah, I had a call. great time, and I do plan to go to Coachella for the next quite a few years. I never want to miss a year. Um, it's extremely important. It's the greatest music festival in the United States, and one of the best in the world. Maybe Glastonbury in England and Primavera Sound in Spain are a little, you know, compete with it, but you know. <laughs> and I hope Brandon, you go one day. But I don't think you're a big music fan, so. Hello. I don't know. I don't know where Brandon. Well, is. Hey, well, Ken, I used to actually live in that area. So really, where did you live I, over there? Uh, La Quinta. Oh. Okay. Which is like you know, really, it's pretty. The Coachella's in Indio, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's so in Indio. I know. I know. Close. I know. In fact, I'll, I'll I'll bring up poker really quick. They have they have like Fantasy Springs and Spotlight Twenty Nine, both by the festival. Yeah, I've been to That's both. Two, of them. And you know those two places, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And on the way there, you go over the Morongo Casino, just 90 minutes wherever you are. Good time. <laughs> Ken, you're bringing all these commercials to my show, and no one's paying me. Oh, I'm sorry. I just, I just off the 10 freeway, and you see it on the way there. You know? Yeah, know. He, for, he forgot to mention the Agua Caliente. That's true. Agua Caliente. I forgot about that. But, yeah. but they don't say good times. Yeah, I, I actually I stopped at one of them. I think it was Fantasy Springs one time when the wind was so horrendous on the ten. It was like it was it was so windy I couldn't even drive anymore. It was not safe, so I actually pulled off to the Fantasy Springs Casino and just played blackjack there. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Well, I'd like to play blackjack, but I don't know how to count cards. So yeah. All right. Well, well, uh, thank you for calling in, Ken, and uh, I will uh, talk to you uh, yeah. tomorrow whenever you call me next. Take okay, it easy, and, Ken. Uh, Good talking nice. to you, man. All right. All right, Brandon. That's Mark, not Brandon. That's, that's a Northern California guy. Same that's all good right. to hear from you, buddy. Have a good night. All right. Nice meeting the other Northern California and other quixotic people here. Okay. Thank you. Uh-huh. Right, so Kent Scaler, the uh, update from him from Coachella. So let's see what we got here, the, the agenda. Uh, so, so yeah, Ryland, that's, that's my advice to you. Just 
go to the hotel and try to get that fixed. But you, you may not be successful. Believe it or not, even if you put me in charge of it, even I may not be able to be successful. You just you've yeah, got your... whatever. I've already calmed down. I just fucking okay. No, you are too, right? Yeah, I mean, you've you've got you've just got yourself in a situation with a booking that's kind of hard to fix with them. So okay, let's let's go to the, the where's the damn uh, agenda? I always do the agenda at least once a show, and this just happened here. So here's the, bring the agenda back, and okay, so there's a new U.S. facing online poker room called R Game Poker. Now, does anybody here remember when a company called R Game bought the WPT? Do you remember anything about that uh, that new story? If you do nope, not, no, nope, can't say that. If I you do. don't, then uh, if you just Google our game, that's O U R G A M E space W P T, you will see June twenty first, two thousand fifteen. Our game international acquires World T- Poker Tour for thirty five million dollars. So that's not what the story is about because it is a different R game. So there's a fake R game. It's a, there's a an com- imposter, an imposter R game that has started. That's clearly chosen that name so they could trick people. So our game. A different one is running a poker room called uh, Our Game Poker, and uh, there is a very strong suspicion that it's a scam right right off the bat because of the the stealing the name of a of a known company in poker that they're not. But they they also pretend to be from London. Now I'm going to read something from their own website, and you tell me if you think this is this is written by uh, by Londoners, okay? Why will our game poker necessarily become your choice? Our game poker is a major advance in the world of poker. Innovative software, most attractive special offers, and the highest extent of service customizing ensure that you'll get an ultimate pleasure of playing at our site. Immediately after making a deposit with an indication of the bonus code, you will see six face-down cards from which you may choose one. At the chosen card, you will see the prize you have won, which will immediately be credited to your account. <laughs> now, d- does that sound like someone from London wrote that? It sounds like the, the guy that emailed you to try and get in the free roll. I like show, show is good. <laughs> right, so this is, uh, this is clearly a foreign site, and it seems if, if you go to their site, uh, you also see a lot of uh, imagery of like Asian looking imagery they have on there. It looks very, very Asian, very stereotypically Asian, this site, yet they claim to be based in London. Uh, now, a guy brought this to our attention on Poker Fraudler. He's the one who runs Professional Rakeback. He posts here as how quaint. He's a uh, Counter-Tron on, uh, on 2 Plus 2. Uh, he also was a, you know, a Limit Hold'em player for a while and made a lot of money at that. He's a good Limit Hold'em player. Anyway, on his Professional Rakeback site, he put up this review of our game poker. And by the way, the our game poker logo has like Asian letters. I don't know which, which, uh, which language it is, but also that, that also seems to be suspicious. A London based company would use that logo, but he points out a few things that he's very suspicious about in his blog. He talks about how the name thing, how they stole the name, our game to make it implied that they're the ones who own the WPT. Uh, he also mentioned that if you, Talk about how they're this. If you chat with them and say, "Oh yeah, I'm glad you guys bought the WPT. I really trust you," they don't correct you. They don't say, "No, we're a different one." They just say, "Oh, you know," they just ignore it or say, "Thank you." So they never directly claim they own it, but if you say it, they when you're interacting with them, they don't deny it. Uh, they claim to be based out of London, but obviously with that uh, 
little blurb I read you. They're not based out of London. Well, the Asian imagery on their site. Uh, another funny thing is their weekly tournament, instead of being called like the Sunday Million, it's called the Sunday Dragon. <laughs> you think they'd try a little bit harder to be like, uh, come off like they're English. Uh, here's, here's another funny thing that shows they're not from uh, England. They have a list of, uh, of languages you could choose to, to read the site, and they, they do it by flags. So the, the very first one is a Chinese flag, which is, of course, suspicious. Like, why, why is that the first choice if they're based in London? But that's not even the bigger thing. Uh, the second thing is an American flag. So why would they – if they're based in London, why would they not even have a UK flag up there? Why, why would it be an American flag and there's no – it's not like there's both. There's just only an American flag to choose English. But they, so we know they're not based in London. So that's obviously they're being very uh, dishonest. And not only that, if they are in London, they're actually breaking the law in London because uh, in London you actually have you know you have to get licensed to run a poker room there. So that that's another thing. But here's the here's one of the most disturbing parts. They don't understand American payment processing. When when someone asks them, "How are you going to pay American players?" They said, oh, uh, we'll pay American players using Skrill and NetTeller. <laughs> now, NetTeller hasn't been in the American market in, in over nine years. Skrill has never been in the American market. That's never been an option for Americans. So, so they think they're going to pay you using payment processors that will not serve Americans. So that shows you how much they've looked into the payment processing, which is got, it's got to be a little bit uh, disturbing that a site that you deposit on doesn't have a way to pay you because they, they claim that they're going to pay you using Skrill or NetTeller. They obviously haven't even looked into it for a few minutes or otherwise they'd see they can't do that to Americans. And it's not just it's not allowed. They just absolutely – they will not serve Americans. There's no way to get a, pay, a payment on those services if you're an American. So they have no viable way to pay people. And, and honestly, that's the hardest thing to set up. If you set up an online poker site, the hardest thing to do – is get a payment processor. It's uh, you know to get the software you can get it from some third parties or even you know hire some people yourself to write some. Uh, you, you you could set up in some other jurisdiction. You can get some kind of license from a jurisdiction that'll give it to anyone. Just you know you pay them enough money they'll give you a license. These things aren't too hard. The hardest thing is arranging payment processors for Americans because it's against the law. They get busted all the time. They go to prison. They get their money confiscated. They most. American payment processors who are obviously breaking the law to do so, they're very hard to find. So clearly they haven't even looked into this if they think they're going to be using NetTeller. So if you sign up there, you're not going to get paid. At least for right now, because they they don't even understand how to process the payment, which is a very tough thing to, to do. They also have some very low rake. Uh, the high stakes games, the highest rake you're going to pay is $2 per hand. Now that's great, but there's no site you can play on that. It's, it's uh, $2 per hand yeah, rake in high-stakes games. Uh, they, they have a VIP system offering rewards up to 40%, but, uh, but then the referral program is part of the rewards and available to all players. And the referral program is like multi-tiered, so you can end up, if you refer someone who refers someone who refers someone, you could get some, you know, some crazy amount of rake back that wouldn't make sense for them to give. They also have really, really good bonuses. Ballin. Yeah. <laughs> they really good bonuses. If you deposit Skrill, 
you can get instant deposit deposit bonuses up to uh, five thousand uh, dollars if you were to deposit a uh, hundred k. Uh, if you deposit like a twenty dollar deposit, you get an instant instant deposit of bonus of five dollars. There's also two hundred percent deposit bonuses up to two thousand dollars to be had. So there's a lot of generous deposit bonuses. There's just a lot of things here that seem to be too good to be true. And then there's the really weird thing with about their American payment that they haven't looked into at all. And there's the lying about their location and pretending they're in London when in reality it looks like a Chinese site. And they stole some some other company's name. Other than that, they're a great site. So, uh, is anybody here? Dying to sign up to the site, our game. Does, does anyone believe that if you if you put money on there, what, what do you think the odds are that you would ever get that money off? Play the cricket sound effect. <laughs> no, I, I think the the, the zero point. Yeah, zero. I was going to say this. This is the better sound effect. Zero point zero. Yeah, this looks like uh, at at best. Idiots in China setting up something they don't understand and won't be able to sustain, and they'll just disappear. At, at worst, this is just an outright scam. It's it's one of these two things. Uh, it's definitely something you should not trust, and no matter how good of terms they claim they're giving you. Now, I, I have to call out though the guy who wrote this review. Now, everything I was reading you or, or telling you here came from this guy's review. This this guy How Quaint on Poker Fraud Alert, also known as a Counatron who runs po- Professional Rateback. So he did all this research, and I agree with all of it. I, I agree with his conclusions. We we've come to the same conclusions. We I, I have nothing to say bad about the, the conclusions he came to, and I have to give him credit for making this public. He's the first one I've seen that's made this public. Also, something really shady they did. They br- I can't believe that 2 plus 2 even did this. Or maybe I can. They bribed 2 plus 2. I guess they, they bought like a custom forum on 2 plus 2, which you can do there. So they have like a support forum for our game. They bribed the 2 plus 2 moderators to edit people's posts and insert links to on-game poker. <laughs> so like you, you post like oh our game poker sucks it looks like the scam it's suspicious and then like they'll change your our game poker to like a link to it <laughs> so so people were really mad about this that their posts were being edited and links were being added back to it including including a critical post so finally the mod stopped that but someone was being paid off to do that over there so that, that, that's really shady so anyway the guy who did all this this whole review you would think he did a good thing for the poker world by alerting us to this. But then here's the weirdest part. There are two buttons at the end of his review. Uh, first of all, I don't like his, his, his conclusion. It's his summary. This site has potential, the potential to grow exponentially if they're legitimate. Well, come on. No, it doesn't. It looks like a big scam. It doesn't have potential. But that's, that's not my biggest problem. My biggest problem, there's two buttons under this. One of them in red says, I like to live dangerously. Take me to our game poker site, and then green a green button. I'd like to play it safe. Take me to a legal U.S. friendly poker site. So, this is almost like the the red pill and the blue pill in the Matrix. But uh, I, I went and hovered my mouse over the red one. But I'd like to live dangerously, and I could not believe that it's an affiliate link to go play on our game poker. For those of you that don't understand what I mean by that, it means that this guy who wrote this very scathing review of them, though he did say they had potential at the end, uh, he, he's telling you all the reasons they're probably a scam and then gives you a link that if you click on and sign up, he makes a commission for it. That would be like me 
bashing lock poker on this radio show and saying, oh, but if you'd like to sign up for lock poker, use this bonus code. And uh, like, would, would that make any sense? Would I have any credibility if I did that? Even if I gave you a warning beforehand, would I get, have any credibility telling you this is probably a scam, telling you all the problems with it, and then saying, well, but it has potential. If you want to sign up, click here. I haven't heard that name in a while, lock poker. <laughs> so, yeah, so... So this, so I, I called them out for it. I said, what the hell? If, if you were warning everyone about it, why would you ever give them a link uh, to sign up to it? And, and are you making money for it? So his response was that he's actually doing this as kind of just a social experiment to see after all the bad things he wrote, if anyone will sign up. He's just tracking the number of links and, and seeing how many he gets. <laughs> but, of course, he's making money from it uh, if people sign up and deposit. So uh, th- this... Uh, Affiliates really bug me sometimes because they, they just can't help trying to make money on something. They, they've always got to make money in some way. So even when he's warning people and doing a good service and warning everyone about this new shady site, he still has to put up an affiliate link to them in case you're dumb enough to still sign up. So if you're dumb enough not to listen to him and you get scammed, he wants to make some money off you getting scammed, which I think is really lousy. And there's some people on, my, on, on Poker Fraud Alert who disagreed with me and said, no, if, if, uh, if it's let the buyer beware, if he's laying it all out there of all the risks, if you want to still sign up, there's no problem with him providing an affiliate link. And I think that's BS. I think if, you're, if you are concluding it's probably a scam, you should not be leading people there, and you especially shouldn't be making commission off leading people there. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, I, think it, I think it's pretty shady to have an affiliate link, especially if, it's, if it's owned by his own judgment, it's – you know, questionable at best. Yeah. And so, Brandon, what do you think? Are you still here? Or you take a break? I got to get the cricket sound effect ready. R- Ryland, what do you think, Ryland? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't get it. Like, why? why uh, I, I want to know the results. How many people are that fucking stupid? Well, so what I said to him is, I said also, he didn't respond to this part. I said, look, if you really want to do the social experiment, you don't have to give them an affiliate link that you make money from. You could just put, click here if you still want to play, and then take them to just a, a, a page saying, ah, no, this isn't really a link to it. Come on, you should be playing there. It's a scam. Or something like that. Then at least you see who wanted to play there. And, and But you don't actually take them there. But something like that. You don't have to actually link them to the site with an affiliate link where you make money. Okay, Brandon, uh, what is your opinion on this? Okay, that's what I thought. Never gets old. <laughs> so it's, I think Brandon always takes a break during the poker segments. He's like, okay, a poker segment, a, a, fraud, a fraud show segment, I'm out of here. All right, so I'm, I'm glad I have you guys here to comment on it. So that's the, don't sign up for our game poker. And I think if you're going to call out our game poker, do not put an affiliate link to it. You know, I, I once had had it out with Poker News with the the Lithuanians there, back when they owned Neverwin Poker. At one point, they wanted an affiliate link to UB on there, and this is after the scandal. And I said, absolutely not. They said, no, 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 you can write a whole review about how terrible they are, but we just want to put a link at the bottom if you still want to, just like this guy, if you still want to play, click here. And I said, no. I said, if you put that here, I'm leaving. If, there, if there's a site that I am part of, a big part of, that I'm a you know, small percentage owner and, uh, and, and one of the main faces of the site, and, and it's giving affiliate links to UB, I, I, I'm not staying. I, I can't. I'd be a big hypocrite if I did. So they actually backed down and didn't do it. Yeah, but, it's pretty sick these days. It's like everyone's a fucking scammer. Uh, by the way, that lawyer started paying. Your advice worked. Oh, so, good. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 
that nice. ethics complaint or whatever, that's some serious business with lawyers, huh? Yeah, that, that, that scares them. Yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm glad you're getting So they've gotten all the – what percentage have you gotten back yet? I've gotten two payments of 500, so I got a thousand of the 6k of the, you know, he, he initially owed me 12k, <clears throat> but he paid off half fairly quickly, you know. So you see, he owes five more then. He does. Yep. When was the last time you got 500 though? Oh, it's on the first of every month. Oh, so, so, so he's no, been no missing payments. Okay, so well, that's good. Wow. Okay. He's so. on the Jason plan. <laughs> well, <that's>, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, has Jason been paying? Uh, he was for a while, and now it's, it's kind of gone cold. It's the winter season. Wow, everyone predicted that. It's not the winter, though, anymore. It's April 27th. No, but it's the, remember, it's all about that summer job at the camp. I mean, I hope so. I, I just hope he hasn't disappeared. That's what it was it. last year, too. Okay. I hope so. I mean, we'll, we'll see. see. We will see. If not, okay. we'll find his new girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, so here, here's an interesting story. Uh, Jungle Man, they they did an Ask Me Anything thing with him on, on some, some other poker site. And uh, let me find this here. Here we are. So this is on uh, PokerVIP.com. They have a forum. I've never heard. Of. There's all these weird forums I've never heard of. But uh, for some reason, Jungle Man posts there. And they so someone asked him some questions. He didn't ask me anything, Thread. So this is what he posted about a week ago. Yeah, I've been reading that Alan's uh, Best Buy site a lot, too. Oh, really? That's a good site. Now, they, the Best Buy site or the, the, the when I took over? In when you took over. Okay. Okay. So... Here is uh, the some things that Jungle Man wrote. Interesting things. Uh, let me get to, let me read the best part here. He, so, someone asked him if he beat, ever beat anyone up at the poker table. He said never beat anyone up at the poker table. Someone asked uh, Jungle Man, "What type of girls do you like?" Uh, and so, what do you, what kind of girls do you think that Jungle Man is into? Asian. Okay. What about you, Northern California guy? Uh. Pretty girls. So it's like any as long as they're pretty. I think that's the answer. And what about what about you, Ryland? Oh, geez, I'm just gonna say black women. Okay, you're all wrong. It's uh, he says I like the white girls and Latina girls, not much else. <laughs> okay, so then oh, wow. uh, someone asked him, "What were the biggest pots you've ever played?" So now, who is this? This is uh, Daniel Cage, Jungle Man. Oh, is that the guy that had the challenge with the one guy? Yeah, with Durr. Durr yeah. challenge. Yeah. Yeah, okay. See, it's been so long since Durr's fucking been around, Drexel doesn't even remember his name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, well, we're about to talk to about uh, about Durr in this little segment. So so he said, I played some uh, 25 million uh, Hong Kong dollar pots in Manila, as Philippines, but I don't remember which were the biggest. And that, By the way, to translate that, it's not as much as it sounds. A uh, Hong Kong dollar is is about thirteen cents, so there's about uh, about seven to eight of them in uh, in a U.S. dollar. So that that makes this actually about three million, uh, about three to four million, which is a, still a huge pot, obviously, but uh, not twenty five million sounds bigger. But don't worry, we'll get to something like that. Someone asked him, "What was the biggest pot you ever saw Durr play?" And he said, "I saw Tom for Tom Dwan Durr." Get set over set on a dry board versus another player for something like one million dollars times twenty. Twenty million dollars. He that said. Hong Kong money or no uh, real U.S. dollars. So he lost a USD twenty million dollar pot. Yes. Well, he didn't say who. Well, he said he saw Tom get set over set on a dry board versus another player for something like twenty million dollars. I don't know if he won or lost it, but that was a 
That was that was the pot that he claims that uh, the, the biggest pot he ever saw. Isn't isn't that how much uh, Dan Blitzerian claimed he won in like one session? Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Deposit. Yeah, he was full of crap. Oh, Drexel, do you do you think that's real? No, I don't. No, no. I th- I don't think it's real. No, it's la- like laundering money from his dad. <laughs> so, yeah. so, but anyway, yeah, he claims. Dirt. Now I don't know who had the set over set. And you got to think. Okay, the the board's dry. So let's let's say you've got. Uh, uh, yeah, one guy. You have pocket sevens. Another guy has pocket fours, and the, the board comes seven four two. Okay, uh, how far do you go if you've got the fours like, as far as putting money in? Like, like, is it that hard to think that the guy could have sevens? Is it that much? It's not like a. It's not like something you wouldn't really picture, like a straight flush that gets you instead of a nut flush. Like, like, would you really just shove in ten million dollars believing that your fours are better? But maybe it was a fish he was up against that did that's, that. That's what I'm saying. It depends on who it's versed. It's hard for me to believe that Durr would have I mean, lost that. He could that. think that maybe someone was really overplaying aces. And he was thinking, I, I, you know what? I can't even think at that level. That's just insane. Well, yeah, it, it could have been money. a fish who would just shove in a lot of money with, with, with non-nut hands, and he had to just, uh, with middle set, just go, okay, well, I've, I've got to do it. And then it turns out the guy had top set. So, so uh, uh, someone else just called in. Is this China Maniac? Yeah, what's up? So do you have anything to add to this thing with Durr we're talking about? Do you know any more than I do? No, but the, the Dan Bilzerian thing, I don't know if we talked. I think you had we're talking about this on radio maybe once before, but on Joe Ingram's podcast, he had Haralabob on there. Wait, hold on. Asking him about is this Chicago Joey? No, this is Chicago China Maniac. Yeah, it's China Maniac talking about no, Chicago Joey. No, no, but Joe, Joe Ingram, so, is this the Chicago Joey or different Joe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Chicago, that's Chicago Joey. Joey on two plus two. So Chicago Joey had Bob on his podcast. This was like six months ago or something. And, you know, he asked him about the Hollywood games, and he basically said he could never get in. He showed up at a couple. Toby McGuire, like, had him kicked out a couple times because he knew who he was. And But he said he knows with pretty good authority that Dan Bilzerian did beat a guy for $50 million in a heads-up game for real money, and it was like a real guy. It wasn't like a total fish, and that's basically what he said. Who was He said it? he wasn't there, but, like, who but was he said it? he's pretty sure it happened. Was it like just some rich businessman? Who was it? He didn't say. He didn't mention any names, but he just said, as far as he knows, like he just said, like, Dan's an honorable guy as far as I know, what people that, I, that know him tell me. But he said that match did take place, and he, he really did win fifty million dollars in a heads-up poker game. Mm. So you know, like, it's crazy that if you want to take Haral Bob's word, then you take Haral Bob's word. It's funny that there were books and everything made about uh, that twenty million dollars that what's his face lost to the, the, the all those poker players that teamed up versus uh, Andy Beal. Yeah, yeah. You mean that that was like the banker the. Uh, devil and something. Yeah. The yeah. Professor, and, uh, the banker, the professor. Suicide and, King. And the Suicide yeah. King. And yeah. he and, actually showed up in Vegas last summer. Yeah, I was just about to say, first Todd. Uh, the Todd uh, Brunson. Todd Brunson. I, I saw that. And he I, lost I, like $10 million or $20 million or something. I thought it was $5 million, but maybe it was no, It was a lot of money, whatever it was. So, so by the way, he uh, I, I read a little bit more in this thread. It, it, he said that Tom Dwan lost that pot. So I'd love to know the circumstances of that one. And and he also said that Tom Dwan is currently taking care, or at least with his sick father back in New Jersey. Tom is from uh, Edison, New Jersey. So he's saying that he said that he's uh, currently over there in New Jersey. That the the state of the jungle man, you know, the Tom Dwan challenge, that uh, it's on hold. 
while uh, Durr is, is supposedly taking care of his sick dad in New Jersey. But uh, he, he also thinks that uh, Durr is not broke. He thinks, uh, he, but he said he's not sure. He said Tom Dwan is probably worth seven figures or so in theory, but not sure about his liquidity. <laughs> so that's yeah. It. I mean, like, so like a twenty million pot. They play like what? It's equivalent to like ten k, twenty k USD. That's as high as I've heard those games. Maybe they've gone higher, but that's like what two hundred big lines or something like that. Two hundred big bets. Um, I mean, well, no, well, ten k, twenty k. No, that that would be uh, uh, twenty twenty million would be a thousand. A thousand. A thousand. Yeah. So that's, no, that's, that's really deep. Maybe they yeah. those pots. Maybe get really deep stacked. Maybe it's just like they're deep stacked, and he's against a fish who will overplay aces in that spot too. And he just had to. He had to call off with middle set or something. Like that's right. that, that's a freaking nightmare. Like I, I mean, it reminds me a little bit on a much smaller scale when I played in limit hold'em too, and I played this uh, super wild Japanese guy on, on the party poker cruise ten years ago at four hundred, eight hundred, and and I it was, the one thing hard with him was that. He super overplayed his hands, but I only have limited bankroll on there because I'm on a boat, and I and and he can literally have any two cards. So you 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 have to like if you don't have the nuts, you have to wonder how far you go against this guy. And uh, so it, it maybe how much like that. did you beat the Japanese man for, Druff? Like like twenty three thousand. Wow. So, uh, so it's, it's different though in no limit because. You know, limit. You could, over a period of time, you're just going to beat the guy down. Yeah, I know. No limit, but you could take one huge bath like that, and you're, you're screwed. I know. You know? That's why I'd be, I'd be so terrified playing that for exactly that reason. Like, it would be my luck that that would be that time the guy has the top set. Right. That's that's what I'd be, or or that even if he doesn't, somehow he'd spike the 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 ace if he's overplaying aces. He'd spike the ace in the river, and I'd be go, oh my god, there goes ten million dollars. Like I could. Like uh, even if it was someone else's money who staked me, I'd just be terrified playing that thing. So, Druff, could no, you afford maybe, to play maybe, in that game? Okay. No, no, no. You couldn't afford to play in and that not, Hong Kong whatever it was game. No, he in fact. So Jungle Man said that's not even the biggest game. He said that no. there's been bigger pots that have taken place in other games. He said that uh, there's private games that uh, are played in China and in Russia. But he says. I can't talk about them more than this. I also can't talk much more about the games in Manila. So uh, I guess he's uh, he's not allowed to talk about these. Think they sound like a non-disclosure at the podium? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's he's either he, I guess he's not allowed to talk about them. They're illegal, and that you know they're not going to tell him. Uh, uh, or he doesn't. He probably doesn't want to jeopardize his chance of being able to play in yeah. the games again. Yeah, that's what I know? mean. Yeah, so. So anyway, I thought it was interesting these things he's saying. Now, Jungle Man, keep in mind, he's not a pillar of the community. He's uh, he was involved with uh, Hasib Qureshi and and then the multi accounting. He's done some shady things himself. He's he's in fact gotten a pass to some degree. While Hasib Qureshi is known to be a scumbag, Jungle Man he's he's gotten a pass somewhat. Uh, in fact, some people, Jungle Man has some uh, some social issues, so to speak. So some people kind of think he just doesn't know better. That he's just like a, a savant. Like that, uh, Matt Marifiati? Yes, a little, a little different. It, but the Jungle Man, they kind of think like, like like he just doesn't understand some of the things he's doing is wrong. That he's like a poker savant who just sucks at everything. He's just like everything else doesn't really understand right and wrong. But I think that's giving him too little credit. He when, Like when he writes, you, you see in his writing he doesn't come off like that. He comes off as a um, – Wait, you know, you're saying that people are giving him 
a pass because they don't think he knows right from wrong? Yeah, they think like they thought like for example with the Hasib Qureshi stuff that Hasib just manipulated him. He didn't really understand the multi accounting was wrong. Things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's BS. I think he knows what he's doing, and I think that uh, um, you know he's using whatever perception there is of him. Uh, having social issues to, to his advantage to get away with things, but so I, I think I don't think this guy's like a, a total scammer, but I think he does some shady things and has mostly gotten a pass, especially because a lot of people want to like him because of you know he plays in the really big games, he's a, a very successful player. People want people want to like a winner, and uh, it's easier to like someone like Jungle Man who who has these high profile, super high stakes games than someone like Hasib Qureshi who's a winner but was kind of a more as far as his results, kind of just more of a grinder type that, uh, that, that nothing glamorous about him. So it's easier to hate a guy like that. And also, Hasib is much more obnoxious. Hasib tries to beat you over the head with how smart he is and, and his great vocabulary, where Jungle Man just kind of just, just, you know, just types what's on his mind. So uh, Jungle Man's really gotten a pass in some ways. So the reason I'm bringing this up is that you can't believe everything he's writing necessarily. But on the other hand, he may be telling the truth about these things. So... Now, also, China, while we have you, a couple things. Uh, earlier we were talking about Edmonds at the grocery store. You were a fan as well as I was back in the 80s of Entenmann's products? Yeah. I, I grew, my parents used to buy Entenmann's all the time. Mine too. In the 80s. Maybe it's an East Coast thing. I don't know if they have yeah. that out there. They're all over Florida. And secondly, with uh, the uh, – Non-mandatory training camp starting for football soon. Uh, is there any info on maybe a reboot of the Zone Blitz? Have you given any thought? No, no Zone Blitz. Uh-huh. All right. no zone, zone Blitz, blitz. okay. Well, now time for a commercial break. How good could that free cake make you feel? Ain't misbehaving. It's I'm funny. saving my love for you. When fat free can still make you feel like this, it can only be intimate. This is a commercial from 1993. Wow. When I, I, I hear when I hear intimates, I think of that Seinfeld episode where Elaine eats the like twenty thousand yep. dollar piece of cake. It was from like a royal wedding or something. Yeah, and she tries to replace it with the Edmonds, and the guy has the appraiser come over. I, I'd say f- four, four millions. No, four dollars. It's an Edmonds. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So China, what else is going on on the East Coast? Uh, I, I, I know this is off topic, but you know it's been in the news yesterday. The uh, second uh, Circuit Appellate Court overturn the, the lower court's ruling on Tom Brady. What uh, Do you see him going all the way to the United States Supreme Court, as some do, or do you think he's finally just going to be done with it and serve the four games and move on? Nah, he, he, if, he, if he decided to settle it now, they think that the league would settle with like one game or something like that, maybe two. But I don't think he's going to do that. It's too much like with his reputation and all of that. So far, like, you know, the big... Four judges have ruled so far. I mean, he's won one case and lost one case. Two judges are for him. Two judges are against him. So he's going to try and get the 13-judge panel probably to hear it and see if they can get a majority against the league. It would get overturned, but that's if they want to hear it. I don't know if it would go if the Supreme Court would even take the case. 
So I think he's going to fight it all the way. I wouldn't rule out him suing the league either. But do you think it's preposterous that there's even a chance that this could go before the United States Supreme Court and they will have to entertain about deflated balls with taxpayer dollars? (laughs) I say there's no chance they would take it. Think about it. They've they've already spent $25 million in lawyer fees on this combined. That's what's estimated they've spent. So I just wouldn't be surprised if it would go as far as – he's going to take it as far as he can until they tell him, like, you, you lost, you can't do anything. We're That's talking about deflated balls of the first half of a blowout game, $25 million. Well, well, the best part is the league weighed all the, like, footballs, plenty of games this year, and they would not release the details because you could bring a ball in at 12.5, which is, like, the, the legal limit or whatever, and in a, in a cold atmosphere after a ball being in a warm room, of course it's not going to weigh the same amount. They were only like one, whatever, one PSI under. So people have done so many tests in the same exact, pretty, you know, ideal conditions compared to that. And they always drop it about a pound. Yeah. And lastly, with tomorrow being uh, day one of the NFL draft, and, you know, it's kind of insane. They've gotten to the point that they're having a special tonight, or they had a special tonight for the NFL draft eve. Like where they're doing a whole like four five hour show like the night Eve. before, yeah. Yeah. So it's ridiculous. anyhow, do you, it is ridiculous. Do you see those two quarterbacks uh, going one and two, Golf and Wentz, in whatever scenario may be, whether it's yeah. Philly or the Rams? Is that kind of a done deal? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance any other two get taken unless the uh, unless the third quarterback is the third rated quarterback, Paxton Lynch. Who knows? Maybe he could get picked in there, but I, I, he's probably going to be the third quarterback taken, but I don't see like, either of those teams trading as much away if they're not going to draft a quarterback. Yeah, very good points. So now, I, Druff, uh, are you even excited at all about having a team in your, uh, you know, roughly within square miles? Yeah, of the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah I'm, I'm moderately excited, yeah, so I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with that, and uh, you know, if, if it's going to be a fail team, I, it's, it's going to be kind of lame, but... Uh, well, LA won't support a fail team. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying they won't. I, I'm hoping Some they won't. Some cities will get by. Look at the Cubs. For a hundred and something years, they <laughs> sit on the rooftops. They miss work, and and they've been a loser. And then now, you know, now I know we'll, we'll, that'll be one of our topics tonight. Here, I, I want to read some texts though before we I forget Please. here. So, from six six two, Hydruff, former Donk Downer. Uh, he, he said his, his name was J B Jeff. By the way, I don't know that uh, name. I remember him a little bit. I, I, I read about your chest pain this week. Do you take a daily multivitamin? It could just be cramping due to a lack of potassium. I've had the same symptoms. I get I get back on the vitamins. It's back to normal. Best of luck to you. I, I don't think it's about potassium. I really think it's about uh, carrying that dog in an awkward fashion up steep hills. And I think that it was like a uh, – it turns out right side chest pain – a very common cause of that is, is the physical strain. So I have to think Maybe that. your oblique muscle? Yeah. Uh, no, I just think it's, it's just something. Is the dog okay? No, the dog's fine. I didn't drop the dog. <laughs> the dog is, but I'm just saying. No, I carry the dog because he's, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough hike. It's a 3.6 miles of uh, a lot of steep hills. The dog is 11 years old. He has kind of a hard time. So, uh, Okay, so going back to uh, the text from the 512, LOL, Todd, you're a gem. I think this is in reference to the tipping discussion. That's a... Just from the timestamp, it looks like that's what it was. Uh, another heart-related message from the 916. Your heart is in the middle, but pumps out to the left. So he's a, 
we have uh, 619 saying call to listen plus one. So this is someone who likes the call to listen line. Mm-hmm. From the 505, I picked up pizza and wings between the agenda and the intro, LOL. Then, uh, let's see. From the 406, uh you didn't notice? I said I was staying, saying in chat how funny it would be if you went dead air five minutes before you did it, right up until when you did it. Okay, I guess it wasn't intentional. My bad. I guess he was talking about the, when the thing died. I, I did do a fake thing where I just pretended to fall, fall over during uh, talking about the heart problems. But uh, uh, I also, we also had it where the whole site went to dead air because of the server crashing, and that was not intentional. From the 470, Shaq and Kobe are cool. Shaq has a, pod, a podcast. I didn't know about that. And him and Kobe talked about it. I know Shaq had a podcast. Everyone can get a podcast these yeah, days, I, I guess everybody can. Uh, I, thought it was, I thought it was just me. Okay. So, oh, and, and uh, also the 662, he said something else nice. It's JB Jeff. You've always been kind of a hero to me. I'm just I'm just a mid-stakes PLO guy. I hope you do well at the World Series of Poker. Well, that's, that's very nice of him. That is sweet. Uh, let's see here. From the 912, uh... It's from Telefriend. He said, you might want to discuss uh, how many shares you have of yourself at the World Series and what's left. I, 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 there's not much left right now. If, if you want to buy anything, please PM me first because I'm not sure if there's anything left to sell. Still waiting for a few checks people said they were sending me to make sure that give them enough time. Uh, this is about Jay Searles from the 734. Are you going to stick to what you said about that piece of shit Welcher? Three, seven, oh, that's Rizzo's number. <laughs> he posts high, He posts with his nose up high, deserves the ban hammer. It's been a joke to him for years. Uh, let's see. From the 714, listening this week to this week's PFA show. This is referring to last week's show. I got this a few days ago. Always look forward to it. Thanks. That's from someone in Orange County. These are all real texts. Because, you know, sometimes you turn on the TV late at night and they're like, testimonial, Barbara J from... Uh, Orlando, Florida. <laughs> oh, you know, I love the Stairmaster for. I mean, you know what I'm saying with the yeah. rock pot. This is all real now. Yeah, it's real. I mean, I, I guess He's no on. one. I guess I have no way to prove it. I guess that I could be making this all up. No, I believe. I could you. even be texting myself. There's text apps I could make to text myself. Hey, I could say, oh, this one is from the uh, from the 503 Druff. Uh, you are the best radio host I've ever heard in my life. Uh, I, I honestly think I would commit suicide if you ended this show. This is what I live for. I, I wish you were on every day. Uh, it's very hard to get through the other six days of my life when you're not. I, mean, I, I could say that, but it's, I didn't get it. Right. But, but no, these are all real. Uh, this is from the 410. Uh, oh, my God, did you see that James Dar- Garner died? Well, that was the, about a year ago. But, yeah, I was a big fan of James Garner, and I love the Rockets. Wait, he Plus. just found out now? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, it was, yeah, about a year ago. And we'll be calling in in 2017 to tell us about Prince. Yeah, yeah, oh, my God, Prince died. I can't believe it. Did you find that out? Okay, so then uh, – Let's see here. Now I got a voice message. I'm going to play this here. I have no idea what this is. It's from the 602 in Phoenix. Can I hear it? Why is this not playing? Oh, I guess it's silent. That's boring. It was 20, 24 seconds of silence. Tell us what 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 it said. It, nothing. It's just it's just silent. There's nothing. Oh. Okay. So let's see here. Uh, I think they call those on these. Uh infomercials, testimonials. Yeah, testimonials, yeah. It's actually a crime, FCC violation at least, to post false testimonials for your product. They don't really enforce it very much. But, no. But you, you can't, you're not allowed to do it. And that, that Hanson kid texted me that his friend who already got through, Kalwat, uh, Andrew, 
that he was trying to call in. So uh, the, the Hanson kid was trying. You and Hanson are text buddies now. I, I guess the, the Hanson kid wow. is a fan of the show now. So uh, from the four hundred five, uh, great show. Love John Stamos. So thank you, John Stamos. And I, th- I th- think this is. Let's see from the five one zero. You keep saying it's not your fault about DD because you're referring to Doc Down, so it must be your fault, big guy. I'm not sure, for, not sure what that's referring to. Hmm. Uh, oh, here, hang. But he also wrote, "Hang in there, bruh. Don't be the fourth celebrity to go out. Radio needs you, big guy. The Warriors need you to keep betting against them." I actually considered betting for them tonight. Uh, There's only nine and a half spread. I thought they were going to win by a lot, but it's just so weird without Curry there. It's hard to picture what they were. I thought they were going to win, but I wasn't. Yeah, but Houston's that much of a fail. That yeah, I know. That's why I, I was really tempted to bet on it. There's two I really liked today. It was the the Portland without the Chris Paul and uh, and, and uh, Blake Griffin, and that uh, didn't go that well in the first half. But then they ended up covering easily. And then and then there's this Golden State, but I was just like oh, I could see them winning by seven or something. And like I, I already got screwed with that Cleveland one where they won the fourth game, went up three zero, and but not by the spread. So right. I, that was the only one I've lost. I've like five and one so far in the NBA playoffs. So I, I was afraid. So I shouldn't have been. They totally blew them out. Uh, let's see here. So I guess that's it. Uh, you have any text you want to read, Brandon? That you got? No, I, I, let me see. But before, while I'm looking, China Maniac, are, are you still with us? China? Uh-huh. Oh, we lost China. We lost China. I was going to ask him if he was coming out here for the WSOP. Now, who's on the line now? Do we still have Rylan? Yes. Yeah, Rylan's hanging wow. in there. Okay. So he's going to be basically hey, co-host. All China Maniac too. I never met him. He's been around forever, dude. Yeah, yep. he's old school. He Hello, heads up player too. Let's see, uh, let's see what do we have here? Oh, so here I want I want to talk about uh, Poker Stars has launched a new form of poker. They've innovated yet another. This isn't a complete innovation because it's a it's kind of a they they already have similar things out there, but this is called Knockout Poker, and uh, it's actually similar to a World Series event that's coming out. But yet, yeah, Knockout Poker by Poker Stars is starting. <laughs> So what is knockout poker? Knockout poker is where half the prize pool is just a normal poker prize pool. And then the other half of the prize pool are bounties. So they actually take half the prize pool and use them for bounties. And each player that gets knocked out... You, you get the bounty for knocking them out. So they actually have that this year at the World Series of Poker, the, the bounty tournament. And uh, But they have this – they're calling it Knockout Poker on, on Poker Stars. And we will see now what uh, – if, if this will catch up. Is this kind of similar to the former bracelet winner bounty event fail? Well, that, Remember, didn't they have some kind of bracelet Oh, yeah, that was, yeah, that was the bounty bracelet. Only if you knock out a bracelet winner. That was an awful right. event. But no, this is a this is just on Poker Stars. But they're actually going to have a, a bounty event at the World Series, which I'm actually going to play, where uh, for anyone you knock out, doesn't matter are who they are. $500 bounties? Yeah, $500 bounties, yeah. Wow. So, so this, I thought that would be interesting. The, 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 and I like, you know why I like those type of events is because anything that people aren't really used to, I, I always tend to do well at because... I'm good at kind of figuring out the right thing to do on the fly, even if it's not 100% optimal. Uh, where, where people, uh, a lot of others aren't as good at it. Where they struggle. Whereas if it's a form of poker that's existed for a long time, then you have these people who just 
optimized everything. They've played so many hands. They've 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 run the numbers. They've just done everything, and they've just they they just know all the right moves to make. And it's hard to compete with those people. I like when it's something new where no one's that familiar with the exact right thing to do. So so the, so you could see yourself visualizing already being a bounty bracelet. Champion. Yeah. <laughs> well, so so the interesting thing is with these bounty tournaments is if the bounty's high enough, uh, you can actually make your buy-in back or more without even cashing. So that's what's attractive about this to some people. If you get off to a good start and knock a. But how is this going to affect stakers now? There has to be some sort of uh, yeah, recourse. Record. If not, it could be a very shady. Say, player A is wandering out of that pavilion room with five or six bounty chips in his pocket, and he tells his backer. Back in Lansing, Michigan, I only had two. And he pockets a 1500 and he plays craps. How do you prevent that kind of fraud? I guess, I, I guess you can't. I guess There it, has to be something. I guess for the World Series, I, they, probably in the Hinden Mob and all these databases, it's not going to list who knocked out who. It'll probably just be like whatever place you are. I bet it doesn't list that. I bet I bet you could like not even cash. You could just – you could tell your backer – like here, here we are on the fraud show giving people advice on how to defraud. That's great. But no, you shouldn't be doing that. I'm saying though – <laughs> there be, aren't you on some committee with uh, – you talk with Seth Polanski like – No, I'm on, I'm, on, I'm on no committee. The, the only committee – told me he called you for 45 no, minutes. He, he did. The, the only committee I'm on is that uh, if, I'm, if I'm too harsh on the World Series, uh, they, they actually at the World Series uh, acknowledge that this show has an audience and, and will sometimes like want to talk to me so I will understand their point of view and, and then present it back to people. Like they, they'll do that. They're, they actually are cognizant that, that we have some influence, which is nice. To, like the World Series actually thinks that of us, which, which feels good it in a way. Nice. It's very yeah. respectful. But what I'm saying is do you understand that there's a potential for a fraud to be perpetrated here? Yes, yes, of course there is. So I think the easiest way to do it is for the back, uh, backers that are listening out there, don't back anyone in the bounty event unless you really truly trust them. Or unless you're there to see it, I guess. You, but what would you? You're going to pull up a lounge chair in the middle of the Amazon room? Well, no, I, th- I think I think I think the, probably when you go cash out, you you probably have to present whatever bounty chips you have, and that's how you get them. So if, if the once you bust, then you, you just go with that person to cash out. You see what they cash out. I don't think you yeah. can just car- you know, carry. Who would want to stay there for days and days watching their horse? No, you play? you say to the horse, text me when you've busted out, and then and then go with them. And then the horse says, "I don't have any bounties." Well, if they busted out without cashing, then they can get away with it. But if they if they if they cashed also and had bounties, then they can't get away with it. You'll, you'll now, be with them. You're just assuming, but for all we know, they just give you a five hundred dollar chip. I'm just saying it's yeah, within reason. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. I guess, I guess it is. But I'm, so, I'm not saying it's possible. I mean, I'm not saying that's what it's going to be. But would it just blow your mind if the dealers just sit there and throw you a five hundred dollar chip? <laughs> have you seen dumber things before? I've, yes, I have. But okay, you, you so know, that's my point. Well, I'm also wondering about taxes. Like, how how are they going to handle that? Are they if it's going to be an official record of this, or are they just going to give you the money? There's no way there could be a record because it'd be too slow. They'd have to call a bounty on. Well, no, ma- no, no. Maybe they maybe record. they give you some kind of chip that that when when you bust out finally, you bring whether you cashed or not, you bring to the cashier and they trade it in for cash and and process it like a normal cash out. That would work. Yeah. So you're in the computer, but I'm saying that it may not show up in the official results. So let's say let's say you finish out of the money, but but knocked out uh, four people in the bounty event. There you've made money. You will have made uh, 500 bucks overall. You have 1500 buy-in, and you. So got technically, to- it's probably possible for someone to run really hot, not make the money, and almost make final table money. No, no. Money. Like, no, so let's say someone knocks out 40 people. No, it's never going to happen. It's not impossible. No, then they then they would about- ease, then they make. Then they'd cash big time there. They would uh, they've knocked out forty. I, I've never knocked out forty people ever. Forty well, when people. When you won the one contest that one year, 
Okay, you know what? Better, better question. The main event, what did you finish? Uh, 75, 83? No, I barely knocked out anybody. That was the amazing thing with that. I was, oh, wow. I, I was just surviving there. And not by, like, I, I wasn't like being a super tight knit. I was just, I was never able to get momentum going or, or to get a lot of chips. But at the same time, I was never just in that spot where I was busting. I was just always winning when I needed to win to survive and then just never be able to run up chips. It was weird. So uh, I, I really did, you know, people will think I'm being cocky or something when I say this. I really did not get very good cards that time. When I got that 88th, I actually, when I left, the first thing I thought to myself is, well, I stretched this one as far as it was going to go. Like, uh, I really didn't get that great of cards the whole way. I just, the only thing that was lucky with it, I just didn't get in bad situations that knocked me out. But I, 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 avo- I, I was, as far as, like, surviving, I did the most with it I could. And uh, I just could not build up a stack in that thing. But uh, anyway, there... Getting back to the bounty thing, what is possible is people can actually make money in it over the buy-in and not cash and just claim they didn't bust anyone and probably get away with it. That, that's what I think might be possible. So anyway, that, that, it's, it's existing on PokerStars now. It's called Knockout Poker. And if you're, not, if you're in America, you can't play, of course. I don't know. I, I wonder if they're going to bring this type of stuff to New Jersey, to the PokerStars New Jersey. Is this something you can play there? Is this only like mainstream PokerStars? That, that I'm not sure about. Well, my understanding was that everything that was eligible for New Jersey or for other for the dot sites, the dot EU sites, and then the dot country sites, like you know, obviously, I mean, you know how it works, France. Yeah, poker stars at FR and all those. Yeah, yeah, right. And they have to they play within just France. And how many? I think there are like nine of them. Like there's France and Italy. Anyhow, those countries have everything that everyone else has. And I, it was my understanding that when New Jersey opened. Like, they'd have this, what are they called, spinning goes? Is that yeah. the name of it? Yeah. They'd have those, and, I mean, you know, when is this supposed to uh, take effect? No, this, this uh, well, the New Jersey, you're saying the New Jersey side or this knockout no, poker? No, these, these uh, cute little contests that you're talking about. Uh, I, I think it's already started. I'm going to log on to my little uh, poker star in New Jersey and look at it. Yeah, it's already started. It started about a week ago. What are they called again? Knockout poker. It's hmm. cute. Knockout poker. Shout out, by the way, to the fake uh, Matt Glantz on PokerStars New Jersey. <laughs> shout out to Poker Pete. Oh, shout out to Poker. That's oh, right. TMMLK. Ballin'. Where has he been? He's been kind of AWOL. He has kind of been AWOL. I guess it's because I'm not, I'm not giving enough credit to him or something. He does. You know what really pisses him off is when he calls he's in. Insight. When when he calls in, he thinks he saves the show, and then I don't write him up in the in the show write up. Like I don't mention him. He gets so mad about that. He he is so angry when. Like, he just immediately goes to the show right up afterwards and is like, what? I'm not in there? How could I not be in there? He's so pissed when he's not in there. Maybe you should take his absence as a compliment that the show hasn't needed saving lately. I guess. Maybe that is. Maybe he just feels he has nothing to add. Just start summarizing the whole show as PMMLK called in. <laughs> yeah, that should be, I should do that one time. Just one show. It's just call for PMMLK where he saves the show. That's it. <laughs> you know, I find Northern California got quite refreshing because – when we come out with the glasses half empty point of view, he comes back with the glasses half full. The glasses half full. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very, very uh, now, invigorating and positive. Now, Brandon, you used to deal craps, right? I did. Yeah. 
So here's a crap story, which uh, you might be interested in. I know everything about craps. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you do. That's why I, I thought this would be a good segment for you. Uh, the Cromwell, which is a Caesar's property, is what they they like to call their boutique hotel. It now, used this- to be called the Barbary Coast originally. It was owned by Michael Gahn. Then it was in a little swap with the MGM or, or Caesars. Then it was Bill's Gaming Hall. Yeah. Then it was out of commission for about 14 months, and it was supposed to be uh, competing as a boutique hotel along the same lines as a Cosmopolitan, LLL Druff. <laughs> okay. And it, 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 I mean, every time I've walked in there, it's been a ghost town. It is pretty much a ghost um, town. So the, the cr- they tried to make it so exquisite that initially <clears throat> when you would book – you know, I was a seven-star when this first opened. When you would book your hotel trips online, it, uh, the Cromwell, as well as Nobu, the hotel, which is still that way as far as I know, was excluded from right. being able I to know, book it I yourself. noticed that. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't book it yourself. You, you, but then the Cromwell became such a fail, or at least, I mean, it's not a big hotel. It's, I think, maybe 200 rooms. People weren't staying there that they opened it up for. Is that how you see it? Because I get offers so all the time. Yeah, and I you know, I, 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 I've considered staying there just out of curiosity. No, but they're very small rooms. They're like three hundred. That, that's what I was thinking. They're small, and also no. they, they seem to like face like. I it, stayed there once, never again. Okay, no. is it noisy? Because it looks noisy. Yep, it's noisy and it's small. It's old. It's broken down. Uh, I don't know. They claim they spent what a hundred. Fifty million. I don't it's worse they than they spent. that. They spent. Some, it was very costly in another way. They were unable to get the the one Boston casino, uh, thanks to uh, them being accidentally in business with a Russian mobster, for to to build the Cromwell, and they didn't realize the guy was a Russian mobster. So they they disassociated themselves with them. But by then it was too late, and Boston basically said, "You're, you're not getting this license because of this." So they just dropped out. And Wynn ended up getting the license. Wynn is building a casino in Boston, and, and it, it it easily could have been a Caesar's property there. And it's all because of this Cromwell thing. So that that happened a while ago. But anyway, the, the Cromwell, yeah, I noticed like it's kind of like an open hotel in that you can see the rooms from the street, whereas like at Caesar's you can't. You just see a building. Here you can like look into the hotel and see the rooms. But it's also right next to Las Vegas Boulevard and right next to that uh, Link shopping uh, – not shopping, but that link. Uh, you wouldn't like it, especially if you uh, had a family there in tow with you. Too small. Yeah, right. It's, it's, 300 square feet is not good for a no, little lady and a, a child. No, that's why I like Caesars, the Augustus Tower. It's big rooms mm-hmm. there. and uh, But yeah, but it also looks noisy because it's like open to – the building is open to everything. So, yeah, this uh, – anyway, the Cromwell, they – getting. And back, I, and I'm sorry. But I don't, I don't want to forget this, Druff. I, I finally have loaded the update, and I am not seeing on Poker Stars, by the way, uh, any sort of knock you out tournament. They have <laughs> the regular tournaments, they have spin and goes, sit and goes, Zoom, and cash games. Huh. So there's nothing to indicate that they have this. And right now, how many uh, players do you think are playing cash games, Druff? On New Jersey? Take a guess. On New Jersey? Yes. Oh, at, uh, let's see, it is 3.15 in the morning in New Jersey. I would say that there are probably uh, 100 people. 63 people play. That was too generous. The biggest game that's going right now is $2.50, $5 pot limit Omaha. Yeah, it's not there, I guess. Weird. So, uh, the Cromwell. But they, there is a $3, $6 limit Raz game. Oh, exciting. Scotty, no. I know yep. he's, he's been on the site recently. It's uh, He has been posting more lately. I almost banned him, but I said, yeah, it's, let bygones be bygones. 
So, okay, uh, Cromwell has added a uh, hundred times odds craps game to their lineup, and this is unusual because you don't see many hundred times odds games at uh, at major strip casinos, and some you people don't see any. Yeah, so some not pe- many any. Yeah, no. right. That's correct, actually. So There's none. So some people may the be standard saying, strip odds, Jeff. Can you tell the folks what they normally see at any Caesars or MGM or? Uh, winner Venetian type property. Five. It's called three, four, five times odds. Yeah, those are standard everywhere. And what that? Do you know what that means, Drew? Well, yes, that's what I was going to explain to people. So, okay. so uh, what does three, four, five odds mean? I don't know what three, four, five odds. I was going to explain odds to people. Well, I, I, I don't what know what three, four, five means, is. Can I give you maybe a Northern California guy? Do you know? Are you a dice guy? Do you throw the bones once well, in a okay, while? Here, let me let me explain to the audience first what odds are, and then you can explain three, okay, four, five, I, which I, which, okay. I, which I don't know. So I'll, I can explain what odds are in general and why this is a, a story. So uh, cr- with craps, uh, you can place an even money bet, which is is called get, getting odds once a point is, is established on craps. It's not an even money bet. How is it not even money? Odds do not be even. No, no, I mean, I'm sorry, not even. Even uh, expectation, zero expectation. Yes, that is correct. I meant even, that's what I meant. You said even money. I know, I I said the wrong thing. Over the long run, if you just could only bet odds without a pass line bet, you would break even over eternity. Right, that's That's correct. So so the house does not have an edge on you on the odds bet itself. Now, you can't just start off with an odds bet. You have to to make a pass line bet first, which, which is a negative expectation bet. But what 100 times odds means... Is so. Let's say you do a pass line bet, and then someone throws an eight. So the point is established at eight, and uh, so at that point, let's let's say the uh, let's say you bet uh, let's say the table minimum is five dollars, and that's what you bet. So you bet five dollars on uh, on the pass line. Okay. Then an eight is an eight is rolled. You you haven't lost yet. So it, uh, but uh, then what you can do is you can place a bet at uh, zero expectation, meaning it's uh, it's not negative, not positive. It would break even over time with a casino, with a lot of variance. Uh, you can place an odds bet of whatever times uh, what your bet is here. So you could, so up to five hundred dollars. So in this case, with a five dollar pass line bet, you could do a five hundred dollar odds bet. So what this, what's so good about this, odds wise, is that you know, as far as the odds of winning and losing, is that instead of having a pass line bet, which uh, ha- has uh, a substantial house edge, uh, now you now the pass line bet is only. Uh, about one percent of your entire bet, and ninety-nine percent of your entire bet is at uh, even odds of the casino. So, so it's almost—it's not quite, but it's very close to an even money bet with a casino, even, even odds at, at the casino, where they almost have no edge on you. They have a tiny edge on the pass line, but the original five-dollar pass line bet. So, for that five dollars, they have a small edge on you on the. Other five hundred dollars. You have five hundred five riding on it total now. You have five dollar on the pass line, five hundred on the uh, on, on on you know the odds bet. So you have five hundred five on a total. Five hundred of that five hundred five are at no casino edge. So you can imagine that the casino has very very little edge on you when you do that. So the question would be, and then Brandon will tell us what three four five odds is. I don't know what that is. Uh, the question is, why wouldn't you always do that if, if the casino has almost no edge? Well, the problem is. That's huge variance. So you're, what you're doing is you're turning a $5 table into a $505 table for yourself. So that makes every time you're betting, it's $505, which uh, if you have a whole lot of money to gamble, if you're a big-time gambler, that's now, fine. Let's, just to be clear, though, you don't have to capital or utilize 
the 100 times odds. You could take 50 times. Yeah, you can. Times. I'm just saying it's optimal uh, as far as EV to, to right. do Right, in terms times. of just being realistic, there are not many people that can afford to put up $100 odds. Or 100 times odds, yeah. Or 100 times odds over and over continuously throughout a, a, you know, a trip. Yeah, but but people have asked before what's what's the best bet you can make in craps? The best bet you can make is uh is the past line small bet in the past line max odds. Right. So so now what Brandon was so on the strip they don't have hundred times odds. It's it's like uh, what he calls I don't know, he'll explain what three four or five odds is, but five odds is the that means five times the bet. So in a, a five times odds craps table, if you had a five dollar pass line bet out there, the most you could put at, at odds is 25, which isn't, it right. doesn't do that much for you. So tell us what 3, 4, 5 odds is. 3, 4, 5 is a standard odds that have been around at least 20, 25 years, maybe longer on the strip. They've been like this since I've lived out here. Like I said, all Caesars property, Wynn properties, uh, Venetian properties, MGM properties, and what that means, 3, 4, 5 is, when the point is a 4 or a 10, you can bet three times odds, oh. <laughs> meaning if you have a $5 bet, you can bet $15. That $15 will pay double, which is the true odds of a 4 or a 10 hitting versus 7, meaning uh, why it's your true odds. And when Druff said earlier that over the long run, that there's literally no edge, there isn't. That is why, because you're getting paid what the true odds of any given number rolling are, meaning the reason why you're getting paid 2 to 1 when a 4 and a 10 hit is because there's a 1 and 2 chance that a 4 hits or that a 7 hits before a 4 or 10 does. So 4 or 10, 3 times odds, 5 or 9, when, when that is a point, it is 4 times odds, and the 5 and 9 both pay like blackjack. Okay? Three so the easiest way to think, you know, if you ever want to think of what you get paid, just look at what you have in odds. Look what, what your odds are and just... Tell yourself what it would pay as a blackjack, meaning say you have twenty dollars, what is what would twenty dollars pay? Thirty. What would fifty dollars? Fifty would pay seventy-five. So that's that's for a five and a nine. And six and eight pay six to five. For every five dollars you wager, you get six dollars back. So it's like a six wager, to five blackjack table. Exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. So if you wager twenty-five, you get thirty. If you wager thirty, you get thirty-six. Uh, wager fifty, et cetera, et cetera. So that's where you're going to find it. And those are, for the longest time, maybe even still now, those were just called strip odds or three, four, five times odds. Um, local places, you can find higher odds and you can find, you know, uh, other kind of novelty games like at, at the Stratosphere. They were known for having a game called Crapless Craps, where other than the number seven, every number was a point, meaning that if the, the shooter on the come out roll rolled aces, which is, uh, you know, two, an ace and an ace, or one and a one, two would be your point and be marked. Three, et cetera, 11, 12, that's, you know. So, but it's very, very uncommon. In fact, I've never seen it anywhere on the actual strip where there was anything other than three, four, five time, times odds. Um, so this is definitely a novelty, but the thing I've noticed, uh, Binion's used to have uh, 100 times odds, you know, they had a promotion going on for a while. Sam's Town, which is a uh, locals joint in Vegas, it's all owned by uh, Boyd Gaming. Um, they used to promote the hell out of their 100 times odds. But it's very, very rare that you really see somebody utilizing that. The people that normally have that kind of money, that they're going to, you know, bet 100 times odds every roll of the dice, uh, aren't usually found at 
station properties or Boyd properties or so. What about the Cromwell? Would they go to there? Would they go to that property that uh, at least masquerades as a, as a classy hotel? Well, you know what? If if a gambler was going to bet that kind of money and wanted to really be smart and lower their uh, ex, ex, uh, expected loss, that would be the place to do it. It's very very common that you'll see gamblers on the strip with $100 on the pass line and then $500 behind or 300 behind or even higher. You see you know, at the Blasio, yeah. 500 on the pass line, well, so, 1500 so, so, yeah, to be clear, though, it's that you cannot do $5 pass line bets at the Cromwell. The minimum is 10 So if you did the 100 times odds, you would be putting out $1,000. You'd be 1010 every time. So that's that gets pretty uh, steep. <laughs> okay, that's another – you know, so in all – in all likelihood, you know, they, they, this is a marketing ploy. Sounds really, really good, and oh, my God, but, you know, with, with, I didn't know that, that it was $10 at all times, and if, if that's what you're saying. That's what I, I was mean, told. It's... Okay. So that kind of changes it because who's really they're, – they're, they, they don't really attract that kind of clientele there. And, I mean, you know, but like I said, you don't have to bet the 100, the 100 times odds. If you really like playing craps and you play high limit and you, you know, bet two $300 – uh, you know, on your odds bet, then just go there. Yeah, at ten bucks and, and have the three hundred behind, and you're only gonna the only edge that casino is gonna have is gonna be on that ten dollar pass line bet. Now here's here's a question row, for you. The, the, uh, yeah. uh, do you think that on the odds bet that that is figured into rating you as far as giving you tier credits for uh, what you're no, playing? No, not not at all. Nope. I I was told that nope. in this case, yes. Well, the the thing is ratings. And in, in, I've said this for years. There needs to be a better system because they're very, very subjective um, because they're done by humans. Uh, I've, I can't even recount how many times I've been told by people that – and this really isn't in Vegas as much as it is on the East Coast – that they play at Caesars Properties Blackjack. Uh, as low as 100, 150 a hand. Some people have told me they play three, 400 a hand and they don't understand why they're not – getting elevated level-wise or seeing tiers or seeing comps. Um, and again, a lot of this is, is, is human. And, you know, if a dealer looks at you, and, or I'm sorry, a floor person looks at you and your first bet is $75 or $100, or maybe even if your bet's 200 and that you're just in a bad mood or they're just lazy and they just mark you down as, you know, a $100 average bet, it's very, very subjective and there needs to be a better system. When you're playing slots – or any sort of game where you can stick a card in, then all the, the ratings are done by computers. You never have to worry about how accurate it is for the most part. But with table games, it's very, very subjective. If you yeah, have a it, very also- lazy floor person that looks at you once and sees your first bet and doesn't look for an hour, and then, you know, then whatever your first bet is that they have in the computer as you being rated for, that's going to affect... And that's going to be what your rating is. They're also known for, as far as tier credits, Caesars is known for being notoriously stingy with giving tier credits for pit games. So I don't play table games uh, for ratings anymore at all. Uh, but what I, when I did, what I would do, and this is what I would advise everyone to do if, if this is what your concern is, when you're done playing with your session, find whatever pit boss is in your section because there always will be one assigned to your section. If you see them leave... And someone else come, and that's normally what's called the breaker, meaning that the pit boss that was in your section went to either lunch or on a 15-minute break. But find who was in your section for you know the majority of the time you were playing and ask them what your rating was, ask them what your average bet was, and how much time they have you logged in and playing. And if you dispute that, you can go ahead and dispute it. I mean, I wouldn't do it dishonestly, 
But if they have it wrong and you believe your average bet was 200 or higher or whatever it may be, say something to them and say, no, this isn't correct. You know, and, and, and if there's a problem, find a host or go above them. I mean, don't take shots at people, but the easiest way to make sure you're being rated properly again, ask when you're done. Yeah, so but, I, but I, that's a good advice. But I've also been told that even if your rating is correct, that you're just not earning the tier credits that you probably should be. They just Well, the, the, the reason for that in any casino is because the theoretical loss on almost all table games and the fact that it's slower. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The spin of a slot machine is instantaneously fast. But say you play a game like Pi Gal Poker, for instance, or Ultimate Texas Hold'em, even if you're betting $100 per spot, you have to realize that sometimes it takes five, six, seven minutes between hands. And, you know, from the dealers turning the cards and setting their own hand to you setting your hand to the payouts, the commission. So they take that into effect or account. They really, truly do. Yeah, and, um, and so, so what we're what I'm saying here is that because of this, uh, it's not wise to say, "Oh, I'm going to do this to earn a lot of tier credits at Caesars." I'm going to go play 100 times odds at Cromwell, even if you have a lot of money that you're willing to invest in this, and say, "Oh, well, I'll, I'll just gamble and, and hope it falls the right way for me," because there's very, very big variances. You might imagine if you play like a thousand dollars per hand. Rough, I would guess you would probably have to bet in the thousands or if not the high hundreds a hand in a game like blackjack to make seven star. Uh, I mean, I know people that bet two, three hundred dollars, uh, you know, a couple times a month playing blackjack and they're not even diamond. Yeah. I know they people like that too. I do too. Yeah. So I would have to think you'd have to be betting tremendous money, almost money. That's not even worth it. Yeah. So I, I'm just, I'm just saying to people, you should, even if they are rating you, even if the rating, the average bet is based upon the odds too, the, which is the even money bet. And a lot of places won't do that. A lot of places will not count the odds bet because they're not making any money on it in the long run. But, uh, they, they Caesars claims they're doing that for the Cromwell, but it's, it's, it's still not going to help you that much because you're just not going to earn that many tier credits. So a uh, caller from the three, two, three, you're on the air. Go ahead, caller. Hey, this is the handsome kid. It's the handsome I kid. Hello. That, yeah. Hey, Bart. No. Hey, what's going on, Brandon and uh, Jeroff? I I wanted to chime in here because it was my understanding. Now, if you're saying it was Cromwell is a special thing, now you know my history with Caesars and tier credits and things like that. But I do know quite a lot about craps, and they don't rate you on the odds bet like you guys were saying. I didn't so, say they did. Druff said they did. No, I'm saying at the Cromwell they're doing this uh, uh, differently than other places do. That's what I was told. That they're, that they're rating you on the odds the, bet? The, the odds bet counts. Uh, Druff as, is saying that someone has stated to him that they are. He doesn't know factually. Yeah, I don't know factually, but I, I, I've been told that from someone who checked into it with the Cromwell that maybe they were given the wrong info. But they, well, we can call them. It's very easy. You know, that's a good point. We should call them. They, call the pit right now. They should call them right now. So yeah, we were told that like it would be rated the same way a pass line bet would be. But, Bart, I, I, mean, I, what, I agree with you. I mean, Everywhere that I've ever been, the pass line has not – you've not been rated or there's only been a certain percentage. And this is, again, a very long time ago, over a decade ago. But for the reason that it was uh, – it wasn't a plus EV or a minus EV bet. It was just uh, – well, they'll rate you on a pass line bet, but they're not going to rate you on true odds. That's what I'm saying. I, I was, I was told, I was told that they are, but but we'll see. We'll and call them right now. Definitely, always rate you on what are called place bets, and that's when you wager money inside the various boxes that you see in a craps layout. And the reason why is uh, those do not pay true odds. As I mentioned before, yeah. 
for example, when the Thank points... Thank you for calling the Cromwell. Sorry, Your call I, I, may be recorded for quality middle, assurance. You're in the middle of dialing when you were starting that speech. Oh, let's find out. Yes, hello. Ken and Nigel Fabersham. Yeah, um, I'd like to speak to someone who could give me some information about your craps game. You know, your 100 times odds craps game. Can I speak to someone there who's knowledgeable about the situation? Thank you. I'll connect you with the crap pit, sir. You have a wonderful All right, evening. Tally, open pit, up pit, a pit. world of choices at nearly 40 resorts and casinos. Well, see, a, a commercial rewards, now? Our award-winning customer oh, loyalty loud. program. Learn more at TotalRewards.com or log into Access. I don't like the free commercials here. Hello, this is Andy. Uh, hello, Colonel Nigel Fabersham here. I- I'm calling to inquire about your um, your craps game. I-, I heard about this 100 times odds game you have there. Is, is this true? That's true. All right. Now, um, the-, the question that's on my mind, and, you know, it's, it's, um, it's just something I'm, I'm trying to... Uh, Established for myself before I decide to fly out from London. Um, sure. If, if I were to place a hundred times odds bet there, how would I be rated? So if I put down a ten dollar pass line bet and then I did a a, a thousand a thousand dollar hundred times odds bet there, which is the most I could do, um, would I be rated as if I'm betting a thousand dollars or as if I'm only betting ten? Uh, let me let me transfer you over to. Uh the guy next to me. I don't actually watch dice, so let me let me transfer you. All Just right, one second, right. okay? All right. Yeah. I was going to lay odds that you guys weren't going to get this actual answer by just randomly calling in. Even I mean, you've dealt with casinos enough. Are they going to know uh, the answer to this question? Hello, someone here. Hello. Uh, yeah. Hello. Good evening. This is Phil. Hello, games uh, manager. Yeah, hello, Phil. Uh, this kind of yes. Nigel, kind of Nigel Fabersham here. Uh, I'm calling from London right now, and I'm, I'm thinking of coming out here to the uh, to Las Vegas and, and, and visiting the the, the Cromwell. And uh, yes. so I heard about this hundred times odds craps game, which is uh, quite a novelty in the uh, in, in the strip. Um, uh, so I want to know about the way it's rated. Uh, if I bet odds, am I, am I earning tier credits for my odds bet, or is is that no. being ignored? No, we do. We do not. Uh, we put in an average bet, uh, overall average bet, but your odds do not get counted towards uh, that rating. Bollocks! All right, so you know, I had this. I had this other individual, an assistant of mine, call up before, and he 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 claims to me that he asked this question, and they told him, "Oh yes, 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 you you earn everything. You earn it as if it's the same as a pass line bet." And I said, "Have you gone mad? There's no way they're no, giving." No, no. Most most casinos are. Uh, they won't rate it. Even if they do, it's it's very minimal. Yeah, that's what I thought. I said, "Have you gone mad?" Yeah. There's no way. So, you know, this is like um, uh, if, you know, if getting if, for the casino. If they're going to rate you like that on on, on odds bets, it's, it's just, they might as well be carrying coals to Newcastle. You know, it's, it's, it yeah, just I mean, all, sense the, all the other casinos would lose dice players then. <laughs> yeah, that's like that. All right, all right. So uh, thank yeah, you for clarifying. We, we are uh, we are currently the only one on the strip with a hundred times odds. All right, and, and just um, and it's hundred times odds up to five thousand our table max. So. So, so, and just to clarify, you, you um, the minimum bet is ten dollars at the tables. Um, it will it will vary from five to ten. Uh, five to ten. All right. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and have you seen? We any, do have four tables here. So, have you actually seen anyone do a hundred times odds bet yet? Has it happened yet? Has someone come in and done so? Uh, close to it. Close, close so, to it. So no one's quite um, done. It's not, it's not going to be everyone, but we have we have had a few that uh, got really close to it, or uh, even try to you know more than the usual 
at least more than 10 times. So. Yeah. yeah, so I, I might consider, you know, if the British pound uh, continues to rise against the dollar, I might be more um, brave to do so. All right, um, I, I'm, I'm going to consider coming out here. Thank you for the information. Tally ho- Absolutely. We'll see you when you come in. Tally ho, pip, pip, let's get on with it. <laughs> All right, thank you now. <laughs> See, I knew that was the answer. At least he was honest. Yeah, at least he was. That's what I was going to say. At least he because was. Because that's the thing. If, if every strip casino did that, I mean, everyone would be a high roller. I mean, even, you know, still into, even in today's landscape, betting 1,000 a hand or 500 a hand, that's still a pretty big deal. No, it is. If, I, you're, if you're continually yeah. doing it for, you know, hours a day. Like, I wouldn't. Um, like, let's well, the, say... promo- the promotion in itself is 100 times because, like Brandon said, three, four, five. If you're able to put up 100 times, your overall bet edge is going to be less than if it was three, four, five. So oh, much less, yeah. No, I, I know that's the big promotion, yeah. and I, I was. Uh, but the thing is, it's it's just out of most people's bankroll to do. They're afraid. They're afraid of the variance, which is huge in that case. So, unless, but why bother? But that's, that's You're not getting rated for it. <laughs> you know, why would you yeah. do it? Well, it, well, I mean, crap. you would do it. You would. I mean, the guy that flies the Bellagio that has a hundred, two hundred thousand dollar marker that bets five hundred and three, four, five times odds, he'd be inclined. To do that, right? That's what I was you know, going to say. If, if, if you're going to bet, gambler, if you're... The, I mean, the, they are people. Believe me, there are people that love craps. That's their only game, and there are people in this city that play it very, very big and very, very fast. Yeah. Um. So the people that, and that's, I mean, it's, it's not you know a huge market, but there's there's enough. You know, craps is kind of strange. Uh, a lot of people from, I guess, our parents' generation, you know, they grew up loving that game. For instance, like when. I moved out here and I used to come as a kid. My dad and my grandfather, that was the game, the only game they would play. Uh, they knew how to play, obviously, you know, blackjack and other games, but they, you know, the men would sit there and play craps. And this isn't to sound sexist, and the women would, you know, play slots. This is really how it was back, like in the old Vegas days. Um, but if you are a smart gambler um, and, and, you know, you wanted to look and find the best edge, that's what you would do. But the thing is, most of these guys that come to Blasio, they've had hosts or, you know, it could be Aria, wherever, Venetian win, and they have prearranged deals and they get everything taken care of. So it would really take more incentive unless it's somebody that's really just looking just for the best deal in terms of the game and nothing else. It would really take some incentive to get those kind of players there. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree. I think a lot of this, like I said before, is just kind of, kind of going to be fluff. You, you know, the gentleman that you just called said it. He hasn't seen anyone even do yeah, it Yeah, no one's yet. even done it yet. That's just funny. <laughs> a couple of people have gotten close, which means they've bet like $300 before. And the other thing I wanted to say, it's very, very common, um, especially during the day, what, what they'll do with limits, table limits, that is, it's kind of like a supply and demand formula. Um, if you're somewhere during the day and it's packed, they'll raise the limits. You know, you'll see $10 tables to even $25 tables during the day. Uh, on weekends, on holidays, you probably won't find a dice table less than $15 or even a quarter on the strip. But during the day, when it's slow and there's a dead table, they'll keep dropping it. And then if it's a full table, then they'll they'll raise it. That's kind of how it works. Yeah, and Blackjack then, was like that too. In fact, I remember when I was – back when I was uh, less willing to gamble higher stakes and I had learned to count cards. So I was uh, – I would I would prefer the ten dollar minimum game because uh, the, there I could spread from like ten dollars to sixty per bet rather than like twenty five to one fifty, and uh, so I found I would have to play during the day during or, or during and not on weekends like try to play on like slow times when it's going to be dead and they're going to keep the limits down to ten. Otherwise, uh, you can't go Friday or Saturday night. It's going to be uh, twenty five dollar minimum everywhere, and uh, or anywhere with a beatable game. So. Uh, I noticed that was a problem back then. Until finally, I just raised my stakes. I'm like, okay, if, if I'm going to do this, I, I got to stop 
keeping this restriction on myself, I'll just play 25 uh, minimum. So. But, Brandon, if you're a high-rolling craps guy that flies into the Bellagio and you're just firing off, why would you go play $10 with a 1000 behind at 100 times as opposed to playing Bellagio $300, 345 when you're going to get taken care of at Bellagio because those bets are going to count? Not the odds bets, but at least the three hundred a hand. I'm a thousand dollar hand player. I'm not getting shit at Cromwell. Well, because ten and one. Well, because what, what you're going to earn in comps is still not going to compare to what you're going to be saving as far as the the expectation with a hundred times odds. But but you are introducing a lot more variance. I, I would I would tell you if I was someone who you know wanted who really enjoyed playing craps and was willing to gamble a lot of money. This is I would do this. I would I would say screw all the comps. This is this this is a way I can gamble, and and have. Almost no edge for the house, so it really is just luck. If I have the better luck, I win. If they have the better luck, they win without really a house edge. I'm not going to earn comps for it. I'm not going to earn very much for it because they're not rating the odds bets. But but at least if I just want to gamble big and have just about an, uh, an even situation with a casino, who's going to win, who's going to lose, uh, that's what that's where to do it. That's how to do it. That's more important yeah, than comps. Yeah, but that's smart gambling, Druff. That's not high-stakes gambling. Like, these guys come in, they want to be taken care of. That's what I'm saying. That's what that's why this promotion is kind of a little bit antsy-pantsy, and that's why you haven't seen anybody do it. No one's going to drop their host at the win or Bellagio to come over and play $10 pass line when they're playing 300 at 345. Well, I That's agree. I, I agree also because a lot of people, believe it or not, even some people who play that much money, they don't even know what they're doing. They don't even understand that 100 times odds is, is, is uh, better than five times what's, odds. What's always been amazing to me is you'll see people that come out here year after year. People come out here for 20, 30, 40 years, and they are okay with losing, and they can even justify it. And they'll say, well, but, you know, I, oh, I got killed in Vegas, but I got a free room. And I, I got all these free, free meals. And, you know, there are people that are okay with that. And then that's, you know, those kind of gamblers that you're, you're not going to get. But people that are just smart gamblers that, that that don't care about all that other stuff and just, you know, like, like okay, all of us on the phone here, you know, we're all smart professional gamblers. And what's more important to us, walking out with cash and making money or getting free meals? I mean, we'll buy our own meals. We'll pay for our own hotels if we have to. We would rather win. Um but you know, for, unfortunately, there are not a lot of people that share that mentality, and they can easily justify to themselves that the fact that they got their rooms for free and their food picked up, the fact that they've lost thousands of dollars playing, or even tens of thousands or more playing games that aren't even close to, to EV, uh, you know, they can justify it to themselves. Um, I, you know, I don't play craps anymore, but if I was going to play mid stakes or high stakes craps, uh, sure, why would I go to Bellagio and? But play a twenty-five dollar game or you know a hundred dollar game uh, with three, four, five times odds. If I can just put five dollars down and take whatever odds I want, depending on the flow of the table or whatever I feel comfortable with betting, I mean that'd obviously be the smarter thing to do. Um, Absolutely, and and actually, you know what they have at the Rio, Brandon, which is uh, the actual worst bet in craps, which I kind of find humorous because they cap the payout. So oh, the really fire bad odds. The, it's the, the fire bet. Yeah, the fire that's bet's awful. Unbelievable. That's, I've never seen <laughs> it ever even to, hit. I've never seen a fire bet hit before. Drop the fire bet is you have to establish and pass every single number. Meaning that if I roll a five, and then I pass a five, I roll a five again, I win. I have to do that for every number. <laughs> Every single number. You have to come out with with every different point and make every different point before a seven comes out with an established point. (laughs) And the other thing I'll tell people, and I know it's a lot of fun. uh, You know, I even used to do it. 
the prop bets in dice are horrific. Oh, yeah, I know when that. When I say that I... prop bets, I mean the horn bets, the yo bets, uh, the, the hopping bets, the hard eights, the hard fours, the hard sixes. Look at what it pays out and look at what the true odds of that bet hitting are and you can calculate how bad yeah and the way you calculate right and the way you calculate is it, it's not hard and dice to figure out the actual odds because there's there's 36 combinations of every of every dice throw 36 different ways it could, it could fall and then you just got to look at what you're betting on and and how many of those 36 uh, combinations would would make uh, would be what you're betting on. So if, if there's four different ways your bet can win out of, out of the 36 combinations, it's four divided by 36, which is one and nine. So so for it to be uh, uh, an even money bet or an, an even EV bet, it would be uh, you'd be paid nine times whenever it hits. But uh, uh, but you wouldn't be in the, in these cases. So that's that's what we're we're saying here. So that's and that's what, what the true are, then that's what the true odds are too. Like for example, you know when you establish a 10 or a 4 and you get 2 to 1 on your money if you hit that's because there's two more times combinations of 7s than right. a 4 than a 4 or a 10 right because you've got two combinations of the, of uh, 4 of a 10 and there's you have, three ways for a 4 10 to hit there's six right. different combinations for a 7 to hit and when and, and right. this this confused a lot of people in fact I remember being confused myself and I think wait there's only two ways a 4 can hit but no there's actually three there's a 2 and a 2 an ace and a three, or a three and an ace. You have to count both right. different combinations on each side. So, and again, like Bart just said, hence that's why it pays two to one. So, if you are going to play craps and you do care about playing the closest uh, that you can to having an edge or not giving the casino much of an edge, the bet and it's very basic and it's a little even boring. But the best way is a minimal pass line bet, the maximum odds, and then nothing else. When you start talking about place bets. Hard ways, uh, the one roll props, which are hopping numbers, and what hopping numbers means, you can actually make a one roll wager on what the next throw of the dice will be. So, say I just am superstitious, and I think the next uh, roll of the dice will be a six and an ace. It'll be a seven, but it'll be a six and an ace. I'd throw however much I want to bet. You can do this for as, as little as a dollar at the boxman, and I'd say I want to hop the six. Ace, or you can say six one for a dollar, and that means that next roll and that next roll only, the dice have to come six one. Any other combination of seven or any other numbers, you lose. But anyhow, those are all just terrible, terrible, terrible bets. They pay close to nowhere near what the true odds are. So stick to the pass line. Uh, and, you know, I always see people do this, and it's so tilting. I see somebody bet like ten dollars or twenty five dollars on the pass line, and then like only either the same amount or maybe double. For their odds, and it, it just—you don't want to do that. You want to bet whatever the minimum is uh, or above, if if that's what you need to, and take the max odds. So, if you're betting five dollars, prepare to always bet twenty-five, twenty, or fifteen. If you're betting ten, always bet fifty, forty, or thirty behind, or go somewhere like, uh, you know, the property, or go to. Uh, what was what's the uh, Sam's Town or some other place? I don't know. How long are they going to have this hundred times odds? Did, did they say? Uh, let me see if I can get information. We should ask them on the phone. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. It, it start, it's let's see. And if you want to bet against the table, you can go the other way and do the don'ts too. Now, some people think that oh, they're like, well, I don't want to roll from the don'ts because if I do don't odds, I have to lay, which is true. 
But the thing that I find uh, fun about rolling from the don'ts well, and you don't laying don't of, odds right. is that, like, when you're rolling with the table, like, you, a guy might roll a number like a six, and then he might hit five numbers. And now I'm sitting there, and I've played come and odds on every single number. So I've got a bet up on every single number that's been established, because the come bet is basically a pass bet on every individual roll, even if it's just if the guy is still rolling on the number. If he rolls a seven now, I lose everything. But if you do don'ts, you actually have to lay odds, and you only lose one by one. And if someone rolls a seven after hitting a bunch of numbers, you win everything. But you're sort of against the table. You're yeah. going against the table. Yeah, I know. But that's like a etiquette thing. By the way, there's a uh, – I just read that it's, uh, it's, it's not technically a promotion in that they are just – this is a change they've made. They're just offering it, but they, they may revoke it at any time. It's just kind of an open-ended thing. One, we're going to run it as long as we feel like running it sort of thing. Bart, where do you normally play craps in Vegas? And if you don't mind me asking, what stakes roughly do you normally play I don't, when you do? I mean, I've, I've rolled dice a little bit like at the Rio and Caesars, but I don't really do it just because you don't get – the only times that I'm ever really playing pick games is to, you know – preserve my status or try to compost a little bit and that just doesn't really work into it you know what i mean with craps because you don't get rated on the odds yeah so So, by the way here's here's a text i got druff this is mumbles badly the last time you said my name during the show i crapped my shorts sleeping in my truck he's a truck driver by the way i'm wearing a diaper now please say my name on air to test whether it will cause me to crap my shorts again thanks this is the type of text i get here in the show <laughs> he wants he wants us i mean i don't know if he's got like some kind of uh like shitting in his pants fetish or something but uh, he wants me to say his that's name he wants me to say his name so he can see if he can crap in his diaper and that's i, I thought now i was the thing you know uh the hansen kid makes a very excellent point uh you know if you are an uh, a don't better First off, you're not you're, you're not betting against the table. What you're doing, you're just betting the other side. And some people get intimidated because craps, more than any other table game, is a very social game. For the most part, under normal circumstances, everybody wins together and everybody loses together, which is different than blackjack, where everyone has individual bets, individual cards, and some people will win, some people will lose. But in craps, as you know, you walk through casinos and you heard people yelling and cheering. That's because for the most part, people just think that they should bet on the pass line. And you know what? I've bet on the, I've, I've been a don't better before. <laughs> um, do, you people, know, do people just, get pissed? It's about money. I don't care what people think. Do, and, they get, do they get mad though? Have you had people scold you for it? You know, the only, I, I've never had anyone scold me for it, but when I've lost on the bets, you know, when, when I've had like a 10, or a hard, a hard number, like a 4 or 10 are the two hardest numbers to make. And I've been on the don'ts, and I've had a 4 or 10, and I've laid some money, which I'll kind of get into in a second about that. And then they've hit the 4 or the 10. I've had people say, oh, I told you. That's what you get for betting, you know, <laughs> comments like that. But ne- always in jest. Never, no one's ever got really, really mad. Um, the one thing I will say etiquette-wise is that there's two sides to a dice table. There's the stick man, and there's a, a, a dealer on the left side of left of the stick man on the right. What I've always done, and I feel this is proper, if there's somebody betting a lot of money, um, and you can use your own common sense what that may be, um, and you do want to bet, if you think feel like the table's cold, shooters just aren't making passes, or you just enjoy playing on the don'ts, um, what I would do is I always would go to the, a different side, and I won't stand next to somebody 
betting a thousand, you know, five hundred, you know, a large sum of money betting the pass line, sit right next to him with my bet on the dome. I kind of, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Casinos aren't going to stop you. They're not going to kick you out. No one's going to admonish you. But uh, you know, you're basically, you know, if he wins. You lose. If you win, he loses. And if someone betting a lot of money where people can get kind of emotional, uh, I've always in the past made it a point not to be next to somebody if I'm betting opposite than he is. Uh, the fundamental dif- difference – I'm sorry? I was going to say that's a good point. I was going to say, Jeroff, you, you don't get anywhere near as harassed betting from the don'ts as some of these guys that think they know how to play blackjack and think that you make I agree. Moves. Absolutely. It's not even close. Absolutely. It's not, even close. It's not in the Absolutely. same ballpark. Now, for those that don't know a lot about this and for those that do, just bear, bear with me, the fundamental difference of betting the don'ts are that when you're betting the pass line, the first roll of the dice, which is called the coming out roll, if you're betting on the pass line, you actually have a mathematical edge the first roll. You win if a 7 is rolled or an 11 is rolled, and you, only, and you lose if aces are rolled if ace deuce is rolled or a 12 is rolled. Okay, so if you look at the combinations, there's there's how many ways to make a 12, how many ways to make uh, aces, how many ways to make ace deuce versus how many ways to make a 7, how many ways to make an 11, you, you'll understand that. Or if a number comes out, you're still not dead. You'll be a dog at that point, but then if that number hits like a 6 or an 8, you know, or a 5 or you know, 9, 4 or 10, you'll still win. On the don'ts, though, it's the reverse with a little caveat. On the don'ts of a seven rolls or an 11 rolls, on the come out roll, the first roll before a point is established, you will lose. If aces, which is one and a one, or ace deuce, which is a one and a two roll, on the come out roll and you have money on the don'ts, you win. If a 12 rolls, although everyone on the pass line will win, if you have money on the don't pass, it, it's called a push. If you look on any dice right. table, you'll see a 12 and you'll see the term bar. It means bar the 12, meaning the 12 pushes. Um, but after the first roll, if you're, if you're playing on the don'ts and you can escape that first roll without a 7 or an 11 rolling, you are a favorite. Because after that first roll, no matter what the point is, 4, 10, 6, 8, 5, or 9, there are more ways for a 7 to roll on a dice than whatever the established point is. So basically, you need to escape that first roll, and then you'll be a favorite. Now, of course, people are listening, and they're thinking, well, that sounds really easy. I'll just play the don'ts. But the thing is, that first roll, I've seen sevens rolled four, five, six times in a row. I've seen seven, 11, seven, 11. You literally have a huge disadvantage that first roll. There are a lot of ways you can, lo- you can lose. Uh, I mean, just look at it. You have, you have, there's 36 combinations on the dice. There's, se- there's six sevens. And then for an 11, there's two different settings. There are two combinations, so that's eight. And then, of course, there's a 12, which you push. So eight out of eight possibilities out of 36, you're going to lose. And then the other are just points that are established where you still haven't won yet. So either way, mathematically, you don't have an edge. But uh, I was going to say, Brandon, yeah. when, because they bar the 12, <laughs> if they didn't bar the 12 – you know, you look at it and you're like, well, if I'm betting the opposite of the table and the table's at a disadvantage, wouldn't I have a wouldn't I have an advantage betting the other side? But because you push the twelve, that yeah. puts and that and that's why absolutely and that's why they borrow the, the twelve houses play. Yep. Yeah, I was totally going to ask you something, Brandon, but 
But the funny thing is, is that, of course, casinos are going to let you do something that's at your disadvantage. Have you ever seen somebody, and I can't believe I've seen this, roll from the don't pass, okay, so they put a bet on the don't pass, the shooter or they or whoever's shooting rolls a six or an eight, and they'll pick their bet up. I've seen that all. Well, I was a, I was a dice <laughs> dealer at the Suncoast, broken at the Cortez. I was a pit boss at the Hard Rock. I worked at the Mirage. So I've seen all of it, but yeah. And that's the silliest thing in the world because it is true that a six and an eight are a lot easier to make. They're one and a half times easier to make than a five and a nine. And it's twice as easy to make almost than a four and a ten. But you still have a mathematical definitive edge. But people think, oh, shit, it's a six. And, and they pick up their bet. Now, that's, that's, this is what's funny. If you bet on the pass line in craps, once a point is established, you cannot pick up your bet. You are committed until an outcome is determined. If you have $10, $100, $500, once you put it down and the dice is rolled and a point is established, you cannot touch that. But the converse side is on the don't side, and the casinos, of course, love this. Okay, If you have money on the don't pass after the, the come out roll, when you're actually technically behind and you survive that, you can pick up your money and have no action on that roll if you want. can't put your money back down later in that roll, but you can pick it up. And the reason why, again, is because the fact that you have an edge, even if it's a small edge, you know, and, and a lot of people get scared when they bet the don'ts when a six or eight, you know, is the come out number because, like I said, it's very, very easy to hit a six or eight. You know, there's six different, there's, uh, six different ways to hit a six or an eight. Um, but still, nonetheless, you have an advantage. And if you're going to bet the don'ts and you're going to bet them religiously, don't ever pick up your money. I mean, no matter what the point is, seven, or, or I'm sorry, six, eight, you're still ahead. You don't want to pick it up. I mean, you survived the come-out roll, which was you know, basically the hardest part. You got a point established. You're actually mathematically ahead of the casino. Never pick up your money on the don't pass line uh, when a point's been established. And I've seen it, I've seen it thousands of times. That's funny. Before I, before I go, I'm going to have to go in a second. In all your history of uh, being a dice man and a pit-off, have you ever seen anybody that you actually thought was successfully dice setting or someone that that, you, that was like sliding and they kicked them out? Or is that just like an urban I, no, I've, I've I've seen it before. Uh, you know, normally the way it works, I, okay, I'm not convinced. I've never seen anyone that I believe is a profitable dice setter. And, and we can talk more about what dice setting means later. It basically means you can control the dice in terms of what will land. Um, if you've ever been in a casino... You'll you'll hear from time to time in a dice pit shooter. Make sure you hit the back of the wall. And the reason why is they have what they call alligator teeth on a dice table. They're like little kind of pointed, little triangular shaped configurations. And once a dice hit those, it's of it's of the casino's belief that nobody can control the dice. That they will just bounce off the little alligator teeth randomly and, and become whatever number they are. Um, Tons of times I've had people that have been barred from shooting because they refuse to hit the back wall. And I don't know how much I believe in this, but there are a lot of people that do believe that if you don't hit the back wall, you can control dice, the the dice. Sliding the dice, same thing. I mean, I've seen people that slide the dice, meaning they'll set it on a hard six, and they won't even throw it. They'll just slide the three and the three down the whole way. And if you're not paying attention... Uh, that's a, it's a, that's an easy way for someone to, to do what's called shooting an angle at you, and uh, more than I think blackjack or any other game, uh, dice you need you know if you're a dealer, if you're a pit boss, if you're a stickman, you need to always keep your eye on the dice, always watch the shooter, 
pay a lot of attention because there are a lot of things that can be done in dice to deceive the casino. There's things called pass posting, um, like Bart said, sliding the dice. Uh, there's just a lot of manipulative tricks that, that people that have been in the business a long time could employ. And if you're a lazy dealer or just even a new dealer, uh, you know, people can get away with it. Um, but again, there are people that believe, and there are even schools that offer classes on how to set the dice. And meaning like you can throw less what the casino counts on a dice, and the way they make their money is mathematically one in every six rolls you're going to throw a seven. There's 36 combinations. There's six ways to throw a seven. Six divided into 36, uh, one in six. There are people that claim that they can make dice a plus EV game by throwing sevens less than one in every six rolls. The people that religiously swear by this, uh, I don't believe it. I've never seen anyone that can do it. Uh, if they can do it, it's by means of, of like what Bart said, either sliding them or not hitting the back wall. If you pick up the dice randomly and shake them like you're supposed to, or even if you don't shake them, you throw both of them independently against the back of the wall, there's no possible way, in my opinion, to control what the outcome of those die are. Uh, but again, there are other people that believe that that's differently than that. So I, I don't know what to tell you, but they are people in Las Vegas that are banned from shooting dice, that are banned from playing craps, and most commonly, it's because of those reasons. Whether they won't they won't hit the back wall, or they've been sliders, meaning they just will set the numbers and just kind of slide the dice down the felt without them turning. So, all right, guys. Well, thanks for taking my call. I got to get back to this uh, no limit holdem training video I'm doing, but awesome. love Bart, the show. We'll see, you, we'll see you like in a month, buddy, at the World Series. I can't wait. Yeah, to I'm gonna meet you. I'm playing a whole I'm playing a whole slate. Um, at least forty tournaments on my wow. side, so yeah, I'll be in every one. We'll, we'll have to meet. We'll have to meet up there. Definitely. All right. Thanks cool. for calling. In. We, we love the. We love having you on the show, buddy. Thank you. You got it. All that, right. That Hanson kid, and uh, so. Now, does all that make sense to you, Drew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. I hope the listeners would understand. But yeah, I, I understood do all of it. Do you think yeah. that there are people that can manipulate the dice? No, not by cheat, not by sliding, or no, I don't. Know, I, I don't believe using it. loaded dice. But do you think there are people that can? Lower the one in six. No, I, I don't think there's been this, odds. there's been this discussion on this uh, this Vegas casino talk site I have because uh, Alan Mendelson. I've never seen it. Alan Mendelson, the uh, the guy who used to own it, he was uh, he likes playing crap, so he's he's made a lot of discussion about the dice setting and and uh, controlled throws, and I I don't believe it. I don't believe that. Uh, and, and he doesn't believe it. He, he says, I, I have to see evidence of this. And I, I say the same thing. I just don't believe people can do it. So, okay, let's... True uh, story. Yeah. I wanted to share something. I got suspended only for a day. This was at the Hard Rock in 2005, I think, maybe 2004. I got suspended for one day. I was running the dice pit. We had four games going. I don't remember. It wasn't a weekend. I don't know. Maybe it was. I don't know. We had four dice games going, and a guy started shooting the dice that I didn't recognize, didn't have a player's card, and he was 86th from the Hard Rock for playing any game in which he touched cards or dice, meaning he could play a blackjack game in which the dealer always controlled the cards, meaning he couldn't play a pitch game. Uh, he could play a game such as Pie Gal Poker where the dealer touches a card, but he couldn't be, play a double deck game where, where the, or a single deck where the cards are in your hands. And he also couldn't 
play dice. Okay. Uh, and I didn't know, I didn't recognize him. I heard the name, I knew who he was, but I didn't recognize him. This person's name was David Blaine. Huh. You know who David Blaine is, Jeff? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yes. So I didn't know this. Somebody came over to me and said, you know, that's David Blaine shooting the dice. He's not allowed to uh, play any games in which he touches a dice or uh, cards. And of course, I walk over real fast to the computer and I see it. The patron is not allowed to blah, 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 blah. I'm like, shit. All right. Well, you know what? He's, shoot, he's shooting the dice, too. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll say something afterwards. You know, I'm not going to go up and offend him. You know, it's my bad. She shoots the dice for about 45 minutes. The table ends up blowing or dumping about $50,000 off his roll. I'm watching. I mean, I'm looking at the dice, and, and I even had the stick man twice bring them to the center so I could inspect them. Every pair of dice at a craps table anywhere in Las Vegas have two identical numbers on them. That's to make sure that somebody can't bring foreign dice onto the game. And, uh, or, you know, they take one dice off. And I'm sorry, I shouldn't say two identical numbers because there's six dice in the bowl. And when you dump out the bowl and you send the six dice to a shooter, the shooter picks two dice out of the six that he wants to shoot. It means nothing. Um, sometimes it, you'll even hear a shooter ask for new dice because it, it's just like a superstitious thing. But you have six dice that are sent to you and you can pick any two. All six of them have the same number in very, very small print in front of them. And again, that's to make sure that no foreign dice are brought into a game, which I've never seen happen. It's also to make sure when a dice leaves the table, and you'll see that happen in craps. Dice goes flying off the table. The first thing you'll, you'll see the boxman or floorman do when it comes back on the table is inspect it and look at it. And what he's looking at is to make sure that number matches the numbers on the other five dice to make sure someone hasn't put a weighed dice back on the table. So anyhow, I looked at the numbers. Everything was legitimate, uh, but they were uncomfortable. This just tells you how, how casinos operate, even, you know, <laughs> what was that, 12 years ago. The fact that I guess he was a magician and, and he did things that <laughs> casinos were uncomfortable with. He was not allowed to shoot dice or have cards in his hand. And he ended up shooting and made, like I said, I think the table dumped – 50,000, 60,000 is a lot of money. It's like a 45-minute roll. Wow. Uh, it, was, it was during the daytime. It wasn't, you know, this is when I was working day shift, so it was maybe two in the afternoon. One wasn't slammed. But uh, anyhow, so long story short, I got written up because he was not allowed. <laughs> and I, but I didn't know who he was, you know, and, and he didn't have a player's card. And so anyway, I got, I, the, the long story short is I ended up getting suspended, I think, for one shift, which was fine. I was only working there part-time, and that was right when I started playing, uh, pretty heavy limits on poker stars. So it's kind of like my, and that was the last job I ever had at the hard rock. And that was kind of during my phase. Well, you know what? Let me work part time and, and play poker and see, you know, how this turns out and not, you know, give up my $250 a day job yet. Um, and that was the last job I had. But anyhow, that, that's, that's a true story, Druff. Interesting. David Blaine cost <laughs> me a day's pay. That's funny. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that came out. Okay. So, so, uh, do you know, uh, Paul Fua, the guy who, yeah, Paul Fua. I've played, uh, I've played, I think, three or four tournaments with him. Oh, before. really? I've never played with him, but uh, he, he's been in the news recently for 
that whole raid at Caesar's Palace during the World Cup where he was accused of running a betting ring from the Caesar's little private villas that you can he rent. He made in. law enforcement. He put egg all over their face, Druff. He did. So what, what happened is law enforcement, they, they pretended to be – they killed the internet. They had Caesar's kill the internet there. And then you know he calls up and is like, hey, the internet's broken here. So they, they said, okay, we'll send the cable company right away. So the cable company was really the FBI and that, that was how they uh, – were able to search the property without uh, Paul Fua knowing it, and uh, and that was eventually ruled to be an illegal search. So he got off. But uh, just that the FBI ended up lying about it. What did they That's lie about? I missed that part. Uh, when they applied for the warrant to a judge, they left off certain parts of the the internet and. You don't remember this? I, oh, I, to, didn't, I, know, to... I didn't know they lied about how they were born. Yeah, they did. Okay. So, uh, so basically the public's impression of this for the most part was the, the FBI kind of – they kind of stepped over the line with the, uh, with the investigation and pretending to be the cable company. So that, you know, in general, people understood why he got off of this. But everyone also kind of got the impression that he was guilty. He actually was guilty but that uh, they screwed up in the way they investigated him and, and therefore – Therefore, he got off. But very few people left with the impression Paul Fuwa didn't actually do anything. It was more that uh, the, the law enforcement handled it improperly. So Paul Fuwa does not like that impression, and he wants everyone to know that he's an innocent man, that uh, he is actually not guilty of these crimes of which he's accused. <laughs> and here, here is what he has said. He's... Uh, ESPN, by the way, labeled him the world's biggest bookie. The FBI publicly labeled him as a high-ranking member of the infamous 14K Triad, which is a uh, Chinese organized crime syndicate. And, of course, there are the accusations about the 2014 World Cup uh, betting ring that he had in Caesars Villas. And then also... There is an accusation that he was the operator of a billion-dollar online sports book and the ringleader behind a match-fixing scandal in the English Premier League. So a lot of pretty serious accusations against him, even if these were not proven. So uh, there's also been talk uh, that he really does love to gamble as well. And that the thriving Macau casino business was pretty much built by Paul Fua going there and, and gambling and losing tons of money. That he would just pump millions into the industry. And uh, and then they also pumped uh, pumped up these cash games in Macau that he was said to be a, a very frequent participant there and, and not a winning player. And that uh, that really kept those games going there as well. So... Uh, so he actually did an interview with Poker News, of all things, which is surprising, but he did. And uh, th- this is what he had to say. He- he's pretty much denying everything, saying that the media is uh, portraying him as a monster and he's actually a good guy. So this is what he said. The truth is that I have not been involved in the sports betting industry for a long time. <laughs> I-, I don't believe that. I'm just an investor. I'm a gambler, 
and I'm a risk taper, taker, but I'm not an operator. I've invested in a lot in a lot of businesses, including online gambling businesses, in the past. But for the past seven or eight years, for me, it's been all about poker, family, and a lot of real estate property investments. I, I think you could even say the statement's true and still believe the accusation because when he says he's an investor, he could be the one bankrolling these sports betting operations and just not be physically running them. And, and then that statement he made would technically be true. Now, he doesn't deny that uh, sports betting is what initially made him. Uh, he claims he's part of the culture in, uh, in Malaysia, and that's just uh, something that uh, he got involved in from a very young age. He said, from a young age, I was very interested in soccer. During our days, we, we only had black and white TV. But we watched the FA Cup final, the English First Division, and now the Premier League. When I was really young, we didn't even have a TV. So we had to go to my neighbor's house and watch from the window. I would bet with some of my friends 20 or 30 cents during our school days. From there, I would read a lot of the newspaper reports and became very interested in how they created the line. So I became good at that. And coming from a community of Chinese immigrants in Malaysia, the mentality and culture, family and gambling is interconnected. We would all get together for card games and mahjong and every big sporting event Everyone liked to pick a team to support. I became interested in horse racing, too. Being young, I was not mature enough, and I was a constant gambler. I was attracted to the casinos, and from there I met more and more people, high rollers, and eventually I started my own casino junket business. Uh, Fua's junket business found success in Malaysia. He was uh, continued to bet sports. Uh, he invested uh, in the online sports betting industry. But... Uh, when uh, when Macau got going, uh, he got involved in the junkets business. This is what he's saying here: is that he was uh, um, th- he's claiming I made my money this way through the legal junket business. I had my junkets in Malaysia with a lot of my VIP clients, and I brought the junkets over to Macau. The junkets, by the way, for those of you that don't know, that's when they um, these are businesses or people that bring over high rollers to the to casinos, and and then they're given a, a piece of the action. So uh, yeah, he's claiming that he saw Macau getting built up, especially when the when when the Sands Hotel was built. You ever been on a junket back in the day, Druff? No, I have. Really? Where where did you go on a junket to? Uh, never to Vegas, but I used to take weekend junkets to uh, Biloxi in huh. Gulfport, Mississippi, when I lived in Florida. Okay. Um, and actually, it's funny enough. It, most of the time, it was actually by bus because it wasn't really an easy way to fly. It was actually longer to fly. You had to go to two different airports. Yeah, I, I can believe that with Biloxi. Yeah, especially from a small city like Tallahassee. But uh, and even junkets, you'll see, you know, a big bus with senior citizens, a hundred, two hundred. Well, my grandmother those used junk, to. Those are junkets as well. That's that's you know, there's different levels. Degrees, yeah, my my grandmother went on on little junkets to Atlantic yep. City from um, when she lived in, in New Jersey, and that's and the, where Atlantic City has made a lot of money, and and w- where they're worried. Now, going forward, or, or the day junkets, the day trippers that come over from New York or Pennsylvania just you know early in the morning, and this is very common. They had these from Florida to Mississippi. We had to leave like at 3, 4 in the morning. You get there around 8 o'clock in the morning, and then you leave around 11 o'clock. You spend about you know, 14, 15 hours there gambling. You, you know what's funny? You know what my grandmother would do? She would take advantage of the junkets. They had... They had ones that uh, they would bus to Atlantic City. She never drove, by the way, my grandmother. But they they uh, they would take bus buses to Atlantic City, and mm-hmm. they would actually give them 
a small amount of money to play with at first. They yeah, hope, they'll hope, give you. Yeah, right. they, they did that in Biloxi. So, 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 so twenty they gave, or forty bucks, and yep. Yeah, so they gave her the money, and she she had no interest in gambling. She would just go there and then spend the money on food and hang out on the boardwalk. And, you know, so so she, yeah, she, she's well, tell us, right? Yeah, she, yeah, she was she was a bonus whoring back before I was born. <laughs> that's so adorable. Maybe that's re- can sheepness be genetic? I guess, I guess, yeah. You know, it actually can be because – and I'll tell you why cheapness can be genetic because uh, what people don't realize, a lot of a lot of you really did come from – a lot of who you are came from your parents even if you don't realize it. Like you, you said, you know, yes, you, you know that you know, 50% from your mom, 50% from your dad, but you don't realize your personality, how much of that is actually shaped by genetics. And uh, um, often there's – Likes and dislikes and traits you have that you didn't necessarily learn from your parents, so that can happen too. Uh, but that actually, it's just you're just naturally a certain way, where you're just naturally inclined towards something, or naturally have a certain behavior that that mirrors your parents because you're half, you know, you're half of one of them or half of the other, and 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 it uh, it comes through to you. So. And you'll find these things. Sometimes you'll find out, you know, your parents have a certain attitude about something or like something or dislike something that you've never discussed with them before, never had any exposure to before. But it turns out you have the exact same uh, uh, views or uh, uh, or actions towards these things. It's it's funny to notice these things. So yes, it actually can be inherited. And of course, of course, it's also from uh, observation that some things like cheapness. You know, you learn an attitude towards money by watching your parents' attitude towards money. That's a very big part of it too. But but anyway, yeah, so so he was he made money on uh, the junkets thing by arranging junkets. He said, over time, a lot of the junkets from all around Asia joined us to form a company big enough to allow us to negotiate favorably with the casino in terms of bonuses. It was really good for everybody. The first year, it's true, we brought in about 30% of the Sands business. Today, that's that's very small, uh, but, but at the time, it was a lot of money. He said, uh, uh so he claimed that the junket business is thriving. And uh, now, as far as the thing about the match fixing in the, the English Premier League, in the, uh, the the West Ham versus Crystal Palace and Arsenal versus Wimbledon, that they actually stopped when the, uh, when the stadium life failed. He said, it's absolute nonsense. And without any basis in fact, it's some rumors. Being in the gambling circles gets you these kind of allegations, but it's all nonsense. <laughs> So you know, I say I don't. I don't believe these denials of his. It, it's one of these things. Where there, there's no way that someone like him has all these uh, serious accusations towards them, but yet they've been completely innocent and totally misunderstood. I, I, I can believe that maybe he could have some things could have been attributed to him that he didn't do, just because uh, he's done so many other things that they. Th- there's some things that they blame on him that he actually was not guilty of. But I, I don't believe that this is just all BS and he's, he's just a legitimate businessman who is being blamed. So uh, so that that's most of the article is him basically talking about his life. You can go to Poker News. That's where it is and uh, and read about it. Uh, he, But uh, that's... That's Paul Fua. He he really he wants everyone to believe. Seems it. like to me he's trying to do some kind of rebranding. Yeah, it's kind of does seem like that. World, or, because none of that's going to affect it mainstream wise. I mean, it's not like you know the everyday person or even government officials read poker news. But it seems like maybe he wants to come back and play the World Series, and he's afraid of what people may think of him. I don't know. Exactly I, I, it could what? be that, or it could, it could even be about uh, you know he doesn't want people to be afraid of playing poker against him in these private games. He doesn't want people to. Uh, uh, 
he doesn't want casinos to be afraid to take his action and, and welcome it. He doesn't want to be banned from casinos. Like I, I think he just it is probably an imagery building that he wants. Uh, now that he's beaten this rap against him with Caesars, it should have had uh, what was the one guy that uh, interviewed for the letter of uh, letterer files? Oh, Matthew Parvis. Yeah, they should have had him do this yeah, interview. It's, Could have uh, had it like a Frost Nixon kind of thing. <laughs> Hold on, let, me, let me let me see if who did this interview. It's done by uh, Marty Derbyshire. I don't know who he is. So yeah, so you can read. It's a long article. I'm not going to read the whole thing out here, but you can find it on Poker News. Interesting. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, so I want to talk a little bit about uh, the one and done method of bonus whoring. And I thought of this because the discussion came up on Vegas Casino Talk about the Palm Springs area casinos. Can we just start calling that our sister site? Yeah, the sister site. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so, so yeah, this. So there's some discussion about. Uh, the Palm Springs area casinos and someone went there once and played for half an hour and got, got some decent free play offers. They're the only pain in the ass is they're only good on Mondays, but it made me think about bonus whoring in clusters of casinos rather than doing it as casino by casino, that if you're in a certain area where a number of casinos are, it could be Vegas. It could be uh, Northern San Diego County. It could be Southern San Diego County. It could be Palm Springs could be Atlantic City. Atlantic City. Even Laughlin, yeah. There's a number of casinos. Anywhere there's a number of casinos that are owned by different companies. If they're all by the same company, it's not going to help. But uh, a number of casinos owned by different companies, different rewards programs, and uh, and where you've never had a card before. If you've had a card there already – or yeah. if you, I guess if you had one 10 years ago and haven't played, it's probably okay. But if if you've had one recently and played actively or semi-actively or even, you know, the last year or two, don't bother. But you're basically aiming at new casinos. You can do, only do this once. But I, I think this could actually be uh, lucrative for you. And so basically, casinos, it, it, it's, it's all by computer now. And the computer tries to figure out who they want back, how badly they want you back, and how to entice you back. And, of course, the way to entice you is to give some kind of promotions, free play, free food, free hotel rooms, whatever. So in this the strategy I'm going to discuss, the, the hotel rooms aren't really worth anything, but but and free food, if you get too many of them, how much can you eat? But but the, the free play could really be worth it if you do enough of them together. So so think of this, for example. In, in northern San Diego County there and and uh, and also the Riverside County that's that's near northern San Diego County, there there are the following casinos. There is Harris Rincon, uh, a.k.a. Harris Resort SoCal. Same thing. Uh, Pala, Palma, Valley View, and, and Pachanga. There's also a little bit northeast of there, Saboba. And if you want to extend it to southern San Diego County, which is you know, probably 40 miles away, uh, you can go to Vieja, Siquan, Santa Isabel, and Barona. So you could even go to you know you could go to ten casinos total in that area without all that much driving. You can go to definitely go to five with very little driving. So if if you don't have cards at any of these, or if you haven't played in a very long time, even if you do have cards. You could go play like dollar video poker at the best odds machine you could find there. Play it for about half an hour, and and at a normal pace. There's no point in slow play because it's not timing you. It's doing it based upon your coin in. Play about half an hour at dollars at each one. Quit no matter what your results are. Of course, you got to get a card before you do this. You make sure to play in your card, and then walk out. And then just go to the next one. Go to each one all on the same day. Then go home and, and wait a while. And then you, the offers will start rolling in. And now, 
sometimes the offers won't be compatible with one another. Maybe some are only good on Mondays and another ones are only good on Wednesdays, but usually you're going to get offers that will uh, be good on the same day. And so if you think about it, let's say you went to all 10 casinos I just described here and, and got cards at all 10 of them. Let's say you, you've never been to any of these. Now, now Harris Rincon, uh, and by the way, Harris Rincon, even if you have a total rewards card, if you've never been there before, that's fine too because they consider it like separate over there. It's, it's Indian owned, so if you start playing there, they'll they'll give you offers based on your play there, uh, ignoring what you you did or didn't do at at other Caesars properties for the most part. So, let's say you have a Caesars you know a total rewards card, but you've never been to Rincon before or haven't been there for a very long time. You go there, you play half an hour at a dollar game, then you go to Palma, same thing, then you go to Palma, same thing, then you go to Valley View, same thing, uh, you know Pachanga, same thing, go up northeast to Saboba, the same thing, go to the other four in northern south of San Diego County. Within about a month or two, you will get offers from all of these places. Now, think about it. If you got $150 from each of these in free play, and I'm not saying you will, but if, let's say you did, because I know someone who just did, uh, who's posting in the thread about this, that got $150 for doing exactly this from one of them. So imagine if all 10 of them offered you $150 and it was good in every casino for, for free play. Well, you could tr- trek back over there and run $1,500 worth of free play. With no risk, which is pretty good, provided you're not too far away from there. So th- that's what I call the one and done. So what you do is you bring back the free play, run it, and, and not only that, you'll you'll probably get a few offers of free play before the computer catches on that that's what you're doing. It's not it's not going to take it away the first time you pull it, but if you pull it a few times, it'll take it away, which is fine. Now, you're never going to be able to pull this again on them because then it's going to be wise to you. But then you can move over to a different group of casinos. You could do it to the casinos in Las Vegas. You could do it to the casinos in Laughlin, as Brandon said. You could do it to Atlantic City if you live close to there. Uh, eventually, you run out. But if you do a bunch at once, it really could be worth it to just spend a day going from casino to casino. And you're not even risking that much money. If you run like a half an hour worth of, of dollars on there, you know, sometimes you'll win, sometimes you'll lose. But you're probably not going to get really beat down. If you did this in ten different casinos, you you, you might lose a few hundred dollars, that, but you, but you may even win, and you may keep come close to even. But I think the offers you'll get, you, you could get some some you can make some decent money. Now you're not going to get rich on this, you're not going to be able to quit your job and retire, but this could be a little thing you could do to get an edge, especially in places that you really don't have an interest otherwise in going. Like I haven't been to Paula in many many years. I've never been to Palma. Or I think I was once a long time ago. Uh, never been to Valley View. Never been to Pachanga, though I've been by it many times. So, like, I wouldn't care if these places no offered me after this because I'm never going to go there anyway. And so I think, especially for casinos that you're not going to be going to, why not do this? Why not? Why not hit them for this? And uh, and, and keep you know, get get your free play offers till they run out and, and take advantage. Now, if you live far away from them, it's not going to work because it's not worth it to fly out there for this or, or to drive some you know, 800 miles or something. You're not going to want to do that. But if it's something you can go fairly locally and then come back fairly easily, I think it's worth it. I, I actually think that uh, I might do this tour sometime soon and, uh, and, and see how it works out. And I'll be glad to report back because I don't care. Like, I, I'll tell you, like, something that's like a secret – that, that, I, that I could get ruined or something, and too many people do it, I, I wouldn't report. But this type of thing, they don't really have a defense against. And there's, not, there's nothing illegal about it, by the way. I'm not, uh, you're not breaking the law. That's why I'm happy to talk about it. And you should never feel guilty about uh, something with a casino where you find a way to beat them. Well, we lost Brandon somehow, but we have a caller. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, 
I'm still here, though. Weird. It says it says you're not here, but you are. But that's bad. Really? I'm, I'm glad you're here. Call, you're on the air. Caller from 702. Yeah, they're, just, they're clicking the phone. I don't know what they're doing here. Oh man, last man standing. <laughs> if if you're gonna if you're gonna be a a prank caller here, just don't, don't click the phone or something stupid. Okay. Actually, I hear someone else clicking the phone now. Oh, that's me playing poker. See, that's oh. why I was on mute. Okay. Now, is Northern California guy still here? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, good, good. Okay. Oh, shit. No, you're not the last man standing. Everybody's here I still. I startled Ryland. Yeah, Ryland, everybody's still here. So anyway, that's, that's my advice. Uh, go try it. I think it'll work. I'm not guaranteeing it'll work, but uh, I, I think this will work. And I'll, I'll tell you something. I know somebody who in Vegas got a new card, at uh, never had a total rewards card before, went and played video poker, a high return video poker machine too, ran very poorly, lost about 1500 bucks, quit, and got some really nice offers. Because I think I think it mistook them to be a video poker fish because they ran so badly. They lost like fifteen hundred like really fast to where normally you would never do that that quickly at that machine, just because it's running awful. But they got they got thousands of dollars worth of offers in a short period of time and made that fifteen hundred back several times over. So, uh, so you could do things like that. So so th- so many different casinos that are all independent from one another, and they've all got these computerized reward systems. You could really Hello? Make a man- yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I had to do a reboot. Okay. Are you there? Yeah, you're, yeah everything's here. I'm back. He's back. Hey, Northern California. So, okay, where are? What are we talking about? This is a bonus whoring. So that, that's all I have to say. Just a suggestion to people. Well, you know, downtown at both uh, the Four Queens and uh, Binions, they have a promotion that's been going on for a long, long time. Uh, if you don't have a car, if you've never had a card there before, uh, it's called a free ace bet. Uh, the max is ten dollars. Have you ever heard of this, Druff? I may have, but I think I forgot it. Okay. Well, what it is is. Uh, Go and get a card. And everywhere downtown, by the way, most strip casinos won't have uh, much to offer. Uh, but since you're talking about it, I'll, I'll go real fast. Uh, at Binion's and the Four Queens, it's called a free ace bet. Used for blackjack. It's up to $10. And what you do is you bring it to the table. And literally, you have an ace as your first card uh, automatically. Oh, wow. It doesn't ensure that you're going to win. If you get blackjack, it actually pays, I, I believe, Please don't quote me and send me texts telling me I'm a liar. I believe it pays three to two, like a normal blackjack. It may not. They may have changed it. Uh, I know as recently as a few months ago when I was down there for at large, which is the kind of uh, – or not at large, uh, embargo, which is like the barge, but it's kind of like the mini barge in the winter. They still had this promotion going. And you get a free ace, which is a huge edge, and you, you play it just you know the way you would after the free ace, any other hand uh, – get a face card of course you're going to stay if you get a nine you're going to stay if you get like a five you have six or you have 16 etc etc um they have that going on most places downtown have some sort of small incentive when i say small i mean in the 10 20 range um i know right now because i've been playing there a lot at the venetian and the palazzo if you do not play uh or if you've never played there if you don't have an account there a card at either property are both owned by, by the same person. Um, they have a promotion going on where if you earn a certain amount of points within 24 hours, and this isn't like a loss thing where you have to lose money, but if you play a certain uh, amount of points earned tier or tier-wise, you can get up to $100 back right on your card, whether you win or lose. It's only for first-time players. Um, but other than that, most places generally on the strip don't have 
those kind of programs. It's because they kind of don't need it. You know, it's just not. But but they will. But if you're a new player and just play like half an hour, an hour, and leave at decent limit, not even high limit, but like decent limits. Uh, and then just leave and don't come back. You, you will get some nice offers. Oh, absolutely! Months. You know, I, it's funny you mentioned that because today I, I was getting my mail at my secret location, and I have offers that come in every month from Laughlin. I haven't been there in maybe two years, but every month, sure as hell, I get free play, free rooms at the Tropicana Laughlin, at Harris Laughlin. I, I was looking today; I have seventy dollars a week in free play at Harris and Laughlin uh, for next month, and a hundred dollars or fifty, you know. For the first fifteen days and fifty for the next second, second fifteen days of food. Well, that's that's what uh, I did at, at with Laughlin when I got in awful traffic between L- Vegas and L.A. I went to the, uh, the ninety-five way around all the terrible traffic on the fifteen. Ended up all the way in Laughlin because the traffic the, yeah. there was then an issue on the ninety-five. So I'm like, all right, well, I might as well stop here and just run my sixty-five dollars in free play and eat the free food that I have. So we did that. Yeah. Remember sense. when I went to Laughlin, Ruff? Yes, yes, you went to Laughlin for some girl, right? Yeah, I posted a trip report with the pictures and everything. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Is that Ryland? Yeah, that's Ryland. Yeah. Oh, shit. What's up, buddy? <laughs> I've been What's listening. You're great, Drexel. You're you're just thank like you, uh, I don't want to even re- interrupt you too. No, you're, thank like, you. Please interrupt me. But the point I'm making is, if you've never ever ever gotten a card at a particular casino that you're at, I think this is the point Druff is making too, and or even if you're unsure. Go to the Total Reward Center before you play and ask if they have any first-time customer promotions because uh, you never know. Sometimes they'll have something that isn't run year-round. Um, sometimes they'll just have something that's always the same program constantly. But anywhere you go, and I mean, I'm kind of out of luck. You know, I always have to wait for a new company to buy out a casino or something to be built because I have a card. Uh, literally, I think I can't sit here and name one casino. In Las Vegas, I don't. I'm not in their system. I don't know of one. Um, you know what even, sucks is I I have cards, but I have it's been many years since I've used some of them. So I'm wondering if I'd be considered a new player now at some of these. I, I don't know how that works, but I mean I know that uh, for instance, when Trader Ruski was in town, he was staying at the Tropicana, and I hadn't been there in maybe four or five years. Uh, I don't even know the last time I played there, and I went there and I went to the players you know booth and I asked and I was on file. And it's changed ownership hands at least once, maybe even twice since the last time I was there. Yeah, you're on file, but sometimes they'll allow you to get new player promotions if you have no activity in like five years or four yeah. years. Or well, they, anyhow, it didn't really matter, and I wasn't going to fight it because the only thing they had was a stupid, if you lose, we'll, we'll match. Uh, it was one of those kind of programs. You yeah, yeah. Lose, like a bunch of money. I actually, I actually wrote it up on, on dandruffpoker.com, believe it or not. Yeah, and it just wasn't worth it to me to have to lo- – and then you get part of it back. Yeah, then you have to come back the next 30 day, days and then later. you have to come back yeah. in like a month or two yeah. weeks or it just it wasn't worth my time. Um, but always ask. I mean always, always ask. Like a place like the Palms where I know I took some heat because I, I don't understand even now what had happened with that matching program. A place like the Palms will constantly have offers for new players or try to get players from other casinos over and it, it just will be like a seasonal thing. And it won't be year-round, so, you know, you show up at the Palms. Uh, but it never hurts to ask. It never hurts to ask, and that's what I always yeah. do, even when I go uh, out of town. When I was in Palm Springs over uh, the holiday weekend in February, uh, I was at two casinos I had never been to before. And, and, you know, I think I ended up maybe getting like 20 30 bucks free just for asking and getting players' cards. Um, yeah, but even if you don't do that, as I said, you could really – 
get some nice offers from a lot of places together by just going from casino to casino, the new card at each one, and playing half an hour on each at like dollar video poker, and you, you'll be surprised within a few months what kind of offers you get back, and then your next trip you can really get a lot of free stuff. So yeah, so that's and, and another thing. Uh, just in general, the whole downtown area. If you come to Vegas and you've never been downtown, you could make a day and probably grind a hundred, if not more, just by going to every casino downtown, getting a player's card, playing a little bit, redeeming whatever offer they have for new players. Uh, I've, I've done that several times with, with family or friends that have come to Vegas for the first time or haven't been downtown before. And uh, it's, you know, it was kind of fun. You know, walk in, just kind of win $7 here, $15 here, 20, you know, it, all, it all adds up. So. Yeah, I, used to, I actually used to do that when I was very young. Just when I was old enough to gamble, I used to just go around to these players' clubs and uh, sign up and get whatever the promotion was there and you know, make little money like that. Anyway, uh, let's let's talk about uh, Prince a little bit here. Uh, on April seventeenth, we had a post on Poker Fraud Alert from longtime user and community member Sonatine. I met him several times. I've met him once. I bought him a a very fine 18-year-old scotch at the Aria once. Yeah, so this is what Sonatine wrote. He put, this is the title of the thread. This is April 17th, four days before Prince died. Mm -hmm. Speaking of super aids, Prince death pool anyone? He said, fact, Prince's flight had to land early today to get Prince to the hospital. Rumor. Prince got HIV in the 90s and was taking his meds up till around two years ago when some of his Jehovah's Witness friends got in his ear and told him God cured him. So he stopped taking the meds, and now he has full-blown AIDS. 30% chance it's not Prince, but some other 90s hedonist black superstar that has AIDS, and wires got crossed, but yeah, 70% chance it's fucking Prince, and he's about to die serious 100% to God super AIDS, which is just about exactly what I'd expect from this fucking world. That was from Sonatine. Well, sure enough... You know, posted April seventeenth. Sure. Enough, April April twenty first. Four days later, Prince died. So Who was, it? was that Northern California or Eric uh, Ryland? This is me. Uh, Druff. Didn't didn't uh, PFA blow up for a few days? What was it? Charlie Sheen? Someone? Yeah, you're so, the biggest link in the world when Charlie Sheen. Yeah, had when AIDS. Charlie Sheen had a, a, HIV, it was, was that the same guy? For, yes, for a while it was actually number one result if you typed in Charlie Sheen HIV. Was it the same guy? The... No, no, Charlie Sheen. Oh no, Sonny. Oh, 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 you're saying who posted about it? He's saying if we have a user that can just name AIDS people. Yeah, maybe I don't know who posted about Charlie. Maybe it was Sonny. I forgot who posted. Gotta that check one. that out. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, so yeah. Now, it's still not totally known why Prince died. The AIDS thing, people have been kind of backing away from that that may not be true. But the so well, nobody wants to be hit with a libel suit. I mean, that's... yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be worried if we ever post about Druff. I mean, <laughs> so it says source Prince had this is on CNN right now. Just posted at uh, about seven thirty p.m. Pr- source. Uh, Damp CNN with a good car play. has to maneuver quickly. No, I Can to... I ask questions, Ruff? Yeah. I was hoping, because I know we never do this, but uh, I do like his music. Can we end the show by playing 1999 instead of doing our normal Shalom goodbye? Could we do Shalom and end it with 1999? Sure, why not? Plus, you like the 90s anyhow. <laughs> I don't really like the 90s. I actually like the 80s. But okay. Uh, well, the early 90s you liked? The early 90s, kind of. Okay. So, so, so Source, right. Prince had... Opioid medication on him at the time of death. It says uh, authorities investigate. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
Authorities investigating the death of Prince found prescription opioid medication on his person in his Minnesota home. The pills are commonly used to treat pain, and investigators have brought the U.S. DEA to help with the case. Investigators believe a health scare about a week before Prince's death, which caused an unscheduled landing of his plane in Illinois, was likely the result of the reaction to the pain medication. Uh, so, who knows? There's, there's Can a I lot- ask you a question? Yeah. Now, okay, they did an autopsy the day after he died. Then the family immediately cremated him, and they already have the ashes. Now, uh, forgive me for sounding uneducated. I just don't quite know about these things. When they release the autopsy, does it have to be made public? Like, if the family says, we don't want the results made public, is that like a privacy thing? And I guess what I'm getting at, I want to know, will the truth really come out? Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure will, the rules about the that either. Will have to come out and say, I, I'm not sure he died either. of... <clears throat> Let's say flu or pneumonia or whatever from AIDS-related symptoms. I, I, I think they can probably keep him. The I think they can we'll keep him as long as it's not sure. criminal. I believe they can keep it private. So we may never know for sure. We may never. So it says invest, investigators are, are still awaiting the results of an autopsy and toxicology test for further understanding of why Prince died. Uh, the the mid you know we may know though because they, they may have to they're investigating just in case it was something you know foul play so that we may know now, for that reason. This is what's very strange. They're doing this, okay, and they're doing an autopsy, and it's gonna like you just said, make sure nothing strange happened. When that Supreme Court justice died in February, Anthony uh, Scalia, 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 they, yeah. Scalia, they immediately cremated him, and they didn't have an autopsy, and they just said that. It was natural causes. I, mean, I don't know if you know yeah, about this. Yeah, it was this. weird, yeah. And people were like kind of outraged, I mean, just because he was in a ranch and, you know, by himself and they just – But Yeah, and the conspiracy the theorists were saying – such that, an important person. Well, yeah, there's conspiracy theorists. they have done that to rule – just to – I mean, just – Yeah, it's kind of weird. The conspiracy theorists were – I mean, there, there are some signs that they could see if there's a, a heart attack. He was resting like he took a – but we don't know. This is what they're reporting. We don't – I mean, you know what I mean? We yeah, don't, the thing is it is true that there is very big political in, implications to his death. So the yes. Democrats really did gain very much from his death. I'm not saying the Democrats How murdered him. not perform an autopsy? Yeah, I'm not saying the Democrats murdered him. I'm saying – but the, the, he was uh, – this was a very, very big thing, the very big gain for Democrats for, to have him die at this point. So, uh, so here's what it, it says. Uh, the investigators did are weighing results of an autopsy and toxicology tests. The Midwest Medical Examiner's Chief Office in Ramsey, Minnesota performed the autopsy, uh, finished the procedure in four hours. But uh, they won't declare what caused Prince's death until, until the office gathers all relevant details. It'll take weeks. So I guess we will find out, but it's going to take weeks. And Prince was unresponsive in an elevator at his home. All of this is so weird to me. He was doing a concert the day before for, for people that lived in his, in his area of, of Minnesota or Minneapolis, St. Paul. He was reportedly seen pacing in a parking lot back and forth like he's nervous. Like all this, and he like and other people close to him said he knew he was going to die. It's all quite bizarre. All of it. It is. It is bizarre. I mean, I have to with the information that I've been given, that I've read, I have to kind of assume he died of AIDS. I have to. I'm just being honest. I mean, that's my deductive reasoning of all the information that's out there that I put together. I think he died of AIDS. But but AIDS doesn't hit you suddenly like this. AIDS is like a, a, a deterioration. That's what's kind of weird here. I mean, yes, you can you can have 
with age, you can have it where your your body ha- just has no immunity, and something like pneumonia can kill you. But uh, or I, the I, flu, the flu could kill him. Yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm just saying with him acting like, "Oh, I'm going to die, I'm going to die." Like, how would he know that necessarily so quickly? Well, also, it said reports stated that doctors had claimed or stated to him, and of course, were no names that once he went and tried to seek treatment. He was informed he had been off his medicine too late. His immune system had gotten to such a level of fail that there was little, there was basically nothing doctors could do to reverse uh, the outcome. Um, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? It, 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 you know, then we're hearing stories that when he stopped in Illinois, he got that what is it called a save shot that they give to people when they overdose on opiates or heroin. Did you hear about this? Yeah, that was you know. I don't know, tell me what 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 do you think? If you had to bet, you know, just I'm not making light of it. I mean, I, the the guy was great, uh, very very sad. I feel like all the legends, you know. I mean, someone would have said, Jeff, before your 45th birthday, that both Michael Jackson and Prince would be dead before you turned 45. Would you have believed it? Yeah, it's strange to think about. Yeah, because they weren't yeah. they weren't that much older than me. Right, exactly. Um, but I'm so so. If you had to just make a wager. What would you guess his true cause of death? Not what they're going to report, you know. Not whatever if there's a possible cover up. I, I would actually think it's it's something related to some sort of drug abuse. Either either you don't think it's AIDS. Or, no, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it was, but I, I think it's some kind of drug abuse that was going on. May maybe even related to some kind of pain or other problems he was having. Then then he started abusing drugs to. to so I think it's got to be something similar to that. But though it maybe maybe it was an AIDS thing. And I will tell you this: there's been talk for years that prince was bisexual so uh as i remember most, that when we were kids hearing yeah that. so so what most as most of you probably know there's a much 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 higher chance to contract hiv from, from butt sex from, from gay sex than, than it is to have not the user yeah. just to be clear yeah right don't yeah. we have a user named gay sex yeah well it's, it, it's not called that on our site but yeah uh so but yeah you, you can it, for, between men having sex with each other, it's so much of a higher chance, much, 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 much higher than having sex with a woman. You you would have a much greater chance to contract AIDS from having unprotected sex with one man than you would with uh, having unprotected sex with 500 prostitutes. Uh, but that, that, that journalistic piece that Salatine referred to and – all the other speculation, and then him dying right away. You don't find that just a little too convenient well, well, for thing, a drug the, overdose. The, the thing is, Sonatine did post this because of the thing with the plane landing. So, so the, at that point, there was already something wrong with him, and they were coming up with a reason why. So it wasn't just like they're saying, "Oh, no." But I'm saying that that information that there's a male African American that has AIDS. I mean, just I. I don't know. It's, it's, it's just possible. Too, I, I just not, I, for some. Yeah. I just the thing that gets me is how sudden it was, and you know it was sudden because he was performing right before then. So if if he was really on truly on death's door, he wouldn't have been able to do that. So but do we know that for a fact? Do we know that? I, I mean, I don't. I've never had fortunately anyone that was close to me or a family member, or even a close friend, or even a friend of a friend die of AIDS. So is it factually that in no cases? That somebody can be near death's doors and still be able to function and be on enough pain medicine that you can still wake up 
and basically function until the day you die. I, I don't so know for sure, but, slow... but if, if you're really like a day away or two away from death, it's hard to believe you could you could perform uh, if, if you're deteriorating that quickly, even from a, something that's that's happening from a illness you've just gotten. It's just a it's just very quick for it to occur. It really with AIDS, it, it's usually either a uh, some kind of, of slow deterioration or that you're you're very susceptible to uh, to things like pneumonia killing you. But uh, but those things you're you're not in the shape days before you die to be performing. If if you caught pneumonia, it's going to kill you. So so that's what's weird. But that's that's what would go against the whole AIDS thing. But but I I, I could believe it too. And uh, you know, and I'll tell you they they don't emphasize enough the much higher risk to catch. HIV from male male contact versus male female because it's politically incorrect to say because it's they've been fighting ever since the 80s when when AIDS uh, showed up they've been fighting for a long time the perception that AIDS is a gay disease and the reason they don't like that perception is because if if it's seen as a gay disease then everybody who's straight is going to say well this isn't my problem let the gays die I don't care or it's just going to make more prejudice and 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 foul treatment yeah. or mistreatment towards homosexuals but i think anyone in today's day and age because i remember even when i was in my teens hearing this and 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 knowing that that you know the the common ways that you can get aids were from anal sex um and blood transfusions you know those were two of the biggest well, ways yes but the and, funny and thing for was, sharing needles i talked to people in college i remember i had these discussions with them and it was amazing these discussions i'd have i really had a lot of people not just a few idiots but a lot of people who believed that Having unprotected sex with a girl and a guy, if you are a guy, was the same thing as risk for AIDS. It was, it's just pretty much the same thing. They, they believed it's just uh, unprotected sex equals. I find dangerous. that preposterous that you had friends that were that uneducated. These weren't friends. Well, these, well, these, the weren't, these weren't friends. These were just people around yeah. college, and, and a lot of people believe this, or they believe there was a higher chance for male to male sex, but not like like hundreds of times or thousands of times higher, which it is. I mean, I remember obviously the ignorant people back in the mid-80s that would say that AIDS was a gay disease, but scientists, studies, education, you know, quickly informed people that that was not the case. And I mean, like I said, I remember probably when I was 13, 12, 12 years old, knowing that, you know, the, the, the ways that AIDS was contacted and, or, you know, and I wasn't afraid, not that I knew anyone, but I was always told you can't get it from shaking hands or, you know, kissing someone and even... Things such as oral sex, it was very, very. You know, look here, look at Magic Johnson, who contracted it. And I, I guess, you know, we're, we would probably say, you know, even though there are rumors of him being gay, that you know he claimed he slept with so many women. Yeah, but I, uh, I heard rumors that he was bisexual. You know, well, okay, well, whatever it may be, but just keep in mind, and this is, you know, what was this nineteen ninety one? Yeah, ninety two, ninety one. That not only did his wife. Uh, test negative for it. The child that they just had, and I guess I'm assuming that, you know, that was his child, it's his biological child, uh, never tested positive for it either. So that's how hard, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's not the easiest thing to get in the world. No, no, it's, it could be, be t- tough to get. So, so but, but the thing is, if you are, if you are having, uh, Reckless uh, sex with with other men, or then, needles, yeah, or, or needles, another one. Then 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 there's there's a fair chance of catching it, and uh, you know the or more blood you transfusions, do it. and you know when when they weren't checked, yeah, that's how a lot of people caught it too. Yeah, so if you, you do these things, you know, it, it can happen, and then 
Uh, now, sometimes you can be lucky. Between being rich enough to afford the very best drugs for it and, and also just being lucky, you could be like Magic Johnson where 25 years later you're, you're walking around looking healthy. He's probably healthier than you and me. He's probably yeah. not having <laughs> chest pains from carrying an old 80s dog. <laughs> Yeah, so but but uh well, let me ask you, when you were young and you started coming your own sexually, now has it ever been stated I don't want to be intrusive, I don't want this to be like uh uh the chicken incident as I refer to it, <laughs> but you know, I like to have just some straight dialogue with you and and you with me and I feel like the users like that. They get to, you know, especially the ones that find you heroic, it kind of gives them a real sense of who Dan Druff is. Has it ever been revealed either on radio or these forums when you lost your virginity? Yeah, it was. It was, it was in the 89. How old were you? 89. I was 17. When you started having sexual relations, uh, did AIDS play any role in your fears? No. Just No, I wasn't, I wasn't worried about it. I, you know, I, I wasn't going to go have sex with hookers or anything, but uh, like, just, just like normal like, you know, teenage girls my age, I wasn't worried about catching AIDS from them. I just wasn't. So, uh, I, so I, I would say you found out that a girl you had been with or, or could have could be with had been maybe a little promiscuous and been with seven guys. No, I actually guys. was I actually worried about other other STDs. I didn't worry about AIDS. Okay, it just seems so unlikely for me to catch that I, way. I, I was same way for me. Yeah, no, I, and I actually looked into it. I was like looking into it, like like what is my real chance of catching this? And I just looked like the the number of heterosexuals in the U.S. who were catching it that weren't doing intravenous drugs uh, and weren't getting drugs. For, uh, blood transfusions that were bad. It was such a tiny number. I said it's not going to happen to me, especially since I'm not, you know, I'm not having sex with prostitutes. Like having sex with a, a, a promiscuous girl in uh, her teens is not going to. The, the chance of catching that is, is very small. I was worried about catching other things, but uh, so you know, let me ask you this: I, I, you know, I haven't really studied up on it. I've been reading more about it now than I have probably since you know the '90s or I don't know. If is it factual that if you have HIV and you discover it, I guess early to some degree. I don't know what really early means. I guess when it's detectable, uh, with these cocktails that 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 they have on the market now, is it almost as if it's guaranteed not to be a death sentence? Does no, everyone... it's not guaranteed, but there's a high chance if you if you can afford them all and you you take them regularly and you catch it early enough. Yeah, you're in good shape then. The, so, so I mean, it's true in terms of the AIDS really isn't a death sentence anymore. No, it's not. No, if it's a, you, you, it's not like it's a guarantee you're going to get past it. If you, if but that's you, what. But do you know what the percentages are? No, like, I don't. But like, it, that's what I'm asking. So it's not a guarantee. Okay, so say tomorrow I find out that I have a very small but detectable level of HIV in my blood, and then I start immediately taking the rigorous cocktails daily. You know, exercising whatever I'm told to do, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee I'll live. Magic Johnson's been around what? Twenty five years. Quarter, yeah. So yeah, quarter century longer. So, the, but that's what I'm saying. It, it's still no, not. It's a not guarantee. But 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 you're in a lot better shape. Where we're back in the 80s, you were just screwed. If 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 it progressed, some people just got lucky and it didn't progress. But if and it, it's true that Magic Johnson taking these drugs now, if he went to a doctor, uh, you know, assuming that everything we're told is honest, honest. They would not even be able to detect in any way that he has HIV. Is that correct? Uh, that I don't know. I don't know. I, I always thought that that, that that you know these people say that uh, you know Charlie Sheen. I remember when he did that interview. Whoever it was with stated that he has undet- now since he's been on medicine, it's undetectable in his blood. 
I mean, so you've I heard know. this before yeah. that that you can't even detect it. In yeah, people. maybe. I, I don't know. I yeah. haven't looked into right. that much. But yeah, that's. Uh, but it's a lot better situation now than than it was uh, back in the eighties. So uh, anyway, that's uh, it'll be interesting to find out in the coming weeks what the story is. And there's also the weird thing with the will. He didn't have a will, so his uh, it's a mess with his estate, which is probably worth about uh, three hundred million dollars. So. They've got to figure out who gets that and how to distribute it. He didn't have any kids, so it's not yeah. like it's going to go to his kin. So he's got a sister, and uh, they, you know they're trying to see who gets rights to what. It's a big mess because there's no will. That's a, when, when you're uh, when you have as many assets as he did. That's, that's whoever gets that is going to get about a billion dollars because all the rights for the movies and the songs. And I mean, they'll they'll you know, it's funny. You know, we we I don't know if we've talked about it, but this is a fact. Literally, when they say somebody, you know, I've heard people say, I'm worth more dead than alive. In the case of Michael Jackson, that was basically true. I mean, his, his you know, when he died, he wasn't in great financial shape. Do you remember that? Yeah, well, he was always blowing his money in crazy ways. But since he's died, I mean, it's become like a billion-dollar-plus empire. Well, yeah, and, and Elvis, too. He made, he made a yeah, fortune yeah, dead. Yeah, he's made a lot of money since he died. Well, since I don't think I, I. I'm going to go on record. I believe, just from the information I've gathered, I've read, my own educated guess, I guess you'd call it, is that he did die of uh, AIDS. Um, I don't think we're ever going to get clarity. I don't think a coroner is going to give a press conference and state that he died of uh, symptoms from HIV or from AIDS. I think uh, his family, and I'm not saying I disagree with it, but I think they're going to try to preserve. His legacy as best as possible, and we're always going to be led to speculate. Yeah, probably. Um, and and uh, but, but I want to say something about Prince. He, uh, what I've heard from people who've gone to his concerts, and I've never been to one, but neither have I. I, I was told that these were really, really good. They said you know, I've had people tell me, you know, sometimes you go to a, a musician their concert, you know, a musician that you like, and they just don't sound very good live. It's that someone who needs the. Uh, the studio to, to improve things to, for their voice on the radio or on the, the album you buy, but then you hear them live, they don't sound that good. Or even if they sound good, they just don't put on a very good show. They're kind of boring. They sing the songs, and that's it. Prince, not only was he said to sound excellent in concert, but that he put on a very entertaining and very interesting show. Everybody loved the Prince concerts. Even people who weren't that big of fans of his music would go to his concert and say, wow, I'm glad I went to this. This was really great. Everyone loved Prince's concerts. There's so many people who say these are the best concerts I've ever been to, and these are even people who are not otherwise huge fans of his. So that was something he really... What was your favorite Prince song of all time? You know, I, I was thinking of that. It, it was probably either uh, When Doves Cry or uh, or Little Red Corvette. I played Little Red Corvette. You, you've I sold, heard. So you, you I, wanted, was the, I was on the call of listen line. Yes. Yeah, so Brandon said, let's play two songs. I'll choose one. You choose one. Yep. So he chose... Uh, let's Go Crazy. Uh, let's Go Crazy. And then I chose Little, Little Red Corvette. That, uh, and then he... Of course, he had the Purple Brain movie in 1984, which was successful. And he had a his, couple. Didn't he also have a movie called Under the Cherry Moon? Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't as successful. Yeah. Purple think. Rain was the big one. That, yeah. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, surprising to think about someone like you know. For Brandon and I, we're, we're fairly close to the same age. I'm about three and a half years older, but you know, close to the same age. And uh, you know, growing up, you remember these people who you knew were older than you because you know, when you were kids well, or teenagers, they were adults already. But 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 they weren't like older people. They weren't people that like when when you were a teenager, they were like 
40 or 50. So, See, my first memory was like in maybe fifth or sixth grade when kids would ask, are you a Prince or Michael Jackson fan? I kind of remember like them both coming out being popular at the same time. I don't, I don't remember how far apart Thriller and Purple Rain were, but I remember like people used to kind of put themselves in a demograph whether they were Prince fans or Michael Jackson fans. Yeah, I didn't really hear that. But what I what I do remember is you know just just when uh, it's just like when Prince was uh, had these big string of hits <clears> in the mid eighties, uh, like in eighty four, and, and you know I saw I was twelve years old at the time, and and I didn't see him as someone near my age because I was a twelve year old and he was an adult. But uh, but he was someone who was like a young guy. He was someone who didn't seem like a, like an older man. He was like a young man to me. And so so that's what's strange to have people like him and Michael Jackson die is that they I remember them as young men when I was like a, a kid a t- teenager, and so it doesn't seem like they should be dead yet. It seems like they should it's be kind dead. of going to be like how Elvis was to us. Michael Jackson and Prince will be to your son. Yeah, that's actually that's true because I was Benjamin's five, and uh, Prince has died. I was five when Elvis died. And Michael Jackson died before Ben was born, right? Yeah, he did actually. Yeah. God, I mean, who's even left? Like, who do you think is the biggest, the next real true big star? Right? We'll just say music-wise, music-wise to die. I mean, like the you know oh, name-wise. I, I have to say, thinking about that the other day, I know it sounds very, very gloomy and morbid, but I, I was thinking the only name I can come up with was like, I don't know, you know, American-wise, maybe Madonna. You know, that's a very big name. Well, I know she's a very big name, but I don't think she's going to die soon. She doesn't. Well, I'm just – well, I didn't think Prince was going to die. No, but I, I think Madonna is not – I don't think she has any of these issues. I think she's – the only thing with Madonna, she looks kind of weird because she's kind of got this like uh, – Yeah, well – Madonna, what, what what she's made the mistake with is uh, she's like one of these older women who, who works out too much. And they, they, I I don't think that looks good. When when a woman gets as old as she is or even a little younger than that, like like – you don't want to work out too much because you end up with what I call the muscle and bone look where there's like no fat on your body and that doesn't look good. It just looks weird. And it's different than doing this when you're like 25 or, or 30 or 35. You right. get to Madonna's age. You, 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 if you try to work out and, and, and be toned and buff or whatever you try to do, it looks really weird because your body, uh, it, it just ends up with a funny look. I call the muscle and bone look. Like it looks like just all muscle and bone and no fat and it just looks really odd. So that's what that's what Madonna looks like now and I, I don't know why yeah. she does it. But but people most people look at Madonna now and just think she looks really strange. But I don't think she But I'm not. just talking in terms of big names. I guess like someone like Mick Jagger from someone from the Rolling Stones, Paul McCartney, but I don't know, I, I guess I'm saying is a lot of the legends are just Yeah, we lost like David Bowie recently and I, yeah. It's, so, hmm. so yeah, they, they and, and he was 69, and he wasn't super young, but that's not that old, 69. Not in today's day. No, you, like, you, like if someone told you you're going to die at 69, you'd be kind of disappointed. you go, oh, that's, that's, that sucks. I expected to go longer than that. Yeah. Like, I'm 44 here. 69 is 25 years away. I, 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 I would I, I'll hope that I, I, I do better than that as far as how uh, long. I'd like to think I have more than 25 years yeah. left. So, Well, nonetheless, I'm very saddened by his death. I think uh, whether you're a huge fan or you weren't, everyone – can agree that uh, you know we lost a very talented person and uh, a great performer. I never saw him like yourself in concert. Looking back now, I wish I would have. Yeah, I wish I would have too. So as soon as he died, I'm like, oh crap! You know, I heard all these good things about him in concert. Now I'm never going to get to see it. Yeah. So, 
All right. Uh, let's let's take a look here. The the next thing on the agenda is I'm I'm, I'm going to throw something in there. Just a real curveball. So tomorrow or today, later today, uh, officials from Las Vegas city officials and possibly someone representing Sheldon Adelson will be touring a site. Don't know the exact location. I'm sure I could Google it, but it's on East Tropicana, which is on the other side of the strip towards the airport. Uh, a location that has been designated as a possible spot for a stadium. The stadium that would apparently now be home to both UNLV football in college and the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Mark Davis, Al Davis's son, uh, is going to be there. He's the owner, obviously, to meet with officials, to meet with either Sheldon Adelson himself or representatives of Sheldon. Uh, and then sources have said, and this is like not my sources, like ESPN, like Adam Scheffner and John Clayton and those guys that work for ESPN have said that they've heard statements off the record from the NFL office that they are not opposed potentially to an NFL team coming into Vegas. Now, for many, many years, uh, Paul Tagliabue was commissioner before Roger Goodell. Uh, it was pretty common uh, knowledge that the NFL did not want to have anything to do with Vegas. Uh, it was, to me, a, a very big, you know, they were just huge hypocrites in the fact that the NFL basically ignored point spreads, wanted to shy away from gambling as much as it could, when that's really, truly what made the game popular. Yeah, that's why I mean, it, it, Monday Night well, Football know, was popular. It, yes, exactly. Now, why are people watching Monday night games when the other team's up by 10 points or 14 points or maybe even 20 points? Why are the people still tuned in? Why are their ratings still, you know, great versus any other sport where, you know, it was a blowout? Why are advertising so high? Because people are still tuning in. Everyone's still trying to get unstuck from the weekend's betting or get ahead even more. And, and it doesn't matter, you know, and you always hear it's always funny, uh, they don't really do it that much anymore, Druff, but Al Michaels used to always drop on little tidbits about the spread before, like, you know, I'm talking like five, ten years ago. You know, he would say something like, you know, they, say someone would score a meaningless touchdown with no time left on the clock, and they'd still lose by one or two. But he'd say something, up, oh, but, you know, the Vegas people are happy, or, you know, he, he and, and I remember being a kid and hearing that, and I'm like, what does that mean? And then finally, as I got old and understood gambling, I got it. But that always kind of perturbed me, Druff, that the NFL looked at Vegas like we were leopards, but that's really, you know, what made the game popular. Uh, yeah. Your thoughts? You know, what's interesting, too, is that uh, it's, it's gotten more mainstream, though, because, like, the Yahoo Sportacular app on uh, the iPhone, that list spreads in uh, on the schedule. So, like, for example, I've got the NBA up for tomorrow. I was only one game, Atlanta-Boston. It says right there on the uh, – right there. I like schedule, Boston. Well, it says Atlanta minus two. So if you like Boston, you could actually get uh, uh, better than even money. Who do you like, Jeff, right now? I've, that's if you've noticed. You know, I've, I've talked to you about where I've been betting. Uh, if you've noticed, I have not bet once on that series because no, Boston, Boston is so confusing to me. They're they're just it's so they've won at home every game this series. Yeah, but they, the Boston Boston can just shit the bed so easily. Like I, I know they've been good at home, but it's just they can just be awful. They can just come out and be terrible, and you just uh, well. In that case, you just don't bet it. Just that, stay that's away. What, that's what I've been doing with Boston because they're, just, uh, they're so uh, 
like I've I've been all over that that Portland L.A. series, and I've gotten all three of them right so yeah. far. But but so, what do you think? I mean, you know, I lived in a city, South Florida, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, West Palm Beach. That all we had when I was up till I think thirteen years old, fourteen years old, was a football team and and in a college, University of Miami. We had no basketball. We had no NBA. We had no hockey. Uh, you know, we just you know baseball. Baseball, yeah. no. All we had was uh, a football team. Yeah. And now I'm kind of starting to see this with with Vegas now, and it's really exciting me now. Uh, supposedly next month there's going to be an announcement, and I've heard this from various shows, and, and we can look on the internet. The NHL is supposedly going to. It's already a done deal. Award Las Vegas an NHL team. Um, I have mixed emotions. Uh, I, I'm happy that. You know, for for my city, uh, I am a little bit trepid in the fact that I, I hope that we're not an embarrassment—not the team itself, but the fans in terms of supporting it. Um, well, that's what I was saying. I, I think it may not be enough people there to support an NFL team. It's only a little over a million, right? Well, well, yeah, yeah. There's there's over it's like one point two in Clark County, but this was also mentioned. We still are bigger markets than Jacksonville, than New Orleans, than Buffalo. Than Green Bay, and those are NFL. I mean, we're going to be obviously in the bottom part of of the market, but you know, it's not like we're talking about you know moving uh, I don't know to a city like Austin, Texas, or I mean, you know what I'm saying? We're still bigger than you know what did I say five NFL franchises. Well, it's well, you know, see, you know, being the only sports team, they might. Uh, well, and we have nothing. Yeah, I mean, people like to say UNLV has cornered the market and i guess that's true to some degree but unlv and these people are so delusional both the, the, the university the president the, the athletic director unlv really hasn't been relevant in in, in 20 years yeah <laughs> i mean they, they keep saying that that we're a historic program we're this or that i mean no i mean we're not we had one good run you know when i was in my teens we haven't even come close to, to duplicating it since and there's nothing that anyone's shown to indicate that. So basically, what I'm saying is, UNLV has not, or Las Vegas has nothing. We have no, nothing significant, you know, to root for, to to, to just embrace. I mean, we have, uh, I don't even know, we have a Triple A AAA baseball team. I think it's the Mets affiliate. I don't even yeah, it's know. Constantly it's constantly changing. Dodgers. It's, yeah, it's constantly changing. It was the Dodgers at one point. But yeah, so I, I can see how their the NFL team could excite people. Uh, now attendance, oh, I'm, I'm so excited. Buddy. Attendance wise, they actually could do okay because tourists may actually have an interest in going to a of an NFL well, game while in Vegas. But can I tell you something? What was said? Uh, a someone who spoke on Mark Davis's behalf off the record said that his idea. Was that he basically? You know, they already have the Northern California fan base. They already have the Southern California fan base, meaning the LA area. They have fans that are in San Diego that they wanted to make it broader, expand it east to Vegas, and then they assume that since Vegas is only four hours away by car, and even smaller to some places like Bakersfield and. You know, other uh, what's what's the one halfway uh, Barstow? Well, that, yeah, Riverside, San Bernardino. Yeah, too. that fans are gonna make the eight home games a year football Vegas weekends, and you're gonna get not only the Vegas market, 
you're going to have the fan base coming in from L.A., from Northern California, from Southern California to Vegas for two and three day weekends, get some gambling, you know, have some food and enjoy the vacation and see a football game on Sunday. And you're going to have the best of both worlds. That's what his or a spokesperson or someone that claimed they weren't authorized to speak on his behalf said off the record. And I thought about it yesterday. You know what? That makes a lot of sense. Maybe you're right, Druff. Maybe Vegas isn't going to get forty, fifty, sixty thousand people uh, to show up, you know, every Sunday for eight games a year. And again, maybe they will. You have to think it's eight games. If we had a baseball team, especially in the fucking, you know, the dog days of summer when it's one hundred twenty degrees, you're not. I mean, we're going to have Florida Marlin numbers, you know, in Vegas. You wouldn't have. I mean. I guess you'd have to assume they'd have a, a retractable roof. Yeah, they, they would need but, a dome stadium of some type. For eight, yeah, for eight games a year, I mean, I think that we could fill those stadiums. I, I truly do. And if, if that logic is correct, which I thought about, and it seems like the best of both worlds, people that love gambling, people that love football, you come down here, you make a bet on your team or another team, you go to the game, you know, I could see it working. And I'll tell you, I've never had season tickets for any sport in my life except for Florida State football, uh, my junior and senior year in college. Uh, never, you know, when I lived in South Florida, whether it was Marlins, Heat, part of it was my age. I didn't have the income, and part of it just I wasn't interested. But I will tell you this. When and if the Rams do come to Las Vegas and we have an NFL franchise, I will 100% buy season tickets, and I will be there eight weeks a year tailgating, cooking food, uh, you know, bringing friends and family to watch the games. I will be there. I will support them, and I'll be there. And I thought today about this. My Dolphins haven't given me nothing. Uh, I live out here now. This is my home. By the way, you mean the Raiders, not the Rams. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, the Raiders, yeah. Thank you. But uh, I, I'm really excited about this. And, again, I, I pledge you, Druff, I will go and I will spend uh, a decent sum of money and get at least two season tickets and support them, whether they're a fail whether they're good, I'm not going to be a bandwagon jumper. You know, you know those guys, you know, team's good for the first time in 30 years. Oh, now everyone's a fan. Where were they for 30 years? Yeah, well, the Raiders, they, they've been, it's been a long time, so they've been good. So. Rich Gannon against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. John Gruden. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's been, honestly, Tampa. it's been an awful team for a long time. It's yeah. been a, a very bad team for a long time. What was that, 2003? Well, forget like yeah, forget like last time they were really good. Like they've been like not even okay. They've been like bad every year. Well, you know year. what? They are they are on the right track. They had I think their best record this past season in, in probably a decade. Uh, I think they do have a quarterback now of, of the future for the first time. Uh, David Carr. Do you know about this kid? Derek, I think. Or Derek Carr, David <laughs> Carr's younger brother. Thank you, thank you. And, and they got that Amari Cooper, that young receiver who from was Alabama. pretty promising. So what do you guys think? Do you think NFL in, in Vegas can work, or do you guys think it would be a fail? Rylan, would you go to the games? Freddie just woke me up. Rylan Ruski. Yeah, Rylan Ruski, if the Oakland Raiders relocate to Vegas, would you go to their games? Would you be a fan? Would you care? Well, I'll say this. I don't follow sports. Uh, only one Mayweather fights. That's uh, about all I know about sports. And you know he's been retired now for about six months. Uh, he's he th- you know he's coming back. He might be. So so okay. So Ryland sounds like he wouldn't go. And uh, you know I would be interested. I I I, w- I don't know how much. Uh, 
of an interest I would have of going regularly. I, I would have an interest uh, going at least to one game if the Raiders came to Las Vegas. But uh, and how often I would want to go, I don't know. And it's I, kind I have of weird, you know. I, I noticed this this past year. You don't out of all the th- the three major sports. Sorry, no offense to hockey fans. I think football is your least favorite sport. Well, it is because it's been out that's of LA. That's so strange to me. It's been, it's been out of LA for so long. That's kind of what it doesn't matter. Me. I but I don't have a team either, and I still every Sunday I wake up and I'm excited. And I, whether I just have you know what, even being in something like fantasy. Do you even do fantasy football? Have you ever done it before? No. Now you fancy baseball, that's it. Yeah. yeah, see, I think football is one of those things where even if you don't have a team you're a fan of, you yes, can still exactly. kind of get into it. Absolutely. Because there's, there's only a small amount of games, and every game means something, you know, versus basketball or baseball. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, You don't get the fatigue it, factor. Exactly. Yes. Thank you. Very, very, very good point. I mean, you think about it. They have Sunday football. Then the brilliant idea was Monday Night Football. Uh, Everyone uh, watches. Uh, it's had the highest ratings, you know, for years. It, it, it dominates Monday Night. Then <laughs> said, "Well, you know what? Two days a week isn't enough. Let's have a Thursday football night." And what does it do? It, it, everyone's watching. It kills the ratings. People just—they watch it, even though I think it's pretty bad on Thursdays. Well, I mean, you know what? It, it, you, the way they schedule it. You know, unless you're traditionally just scheduling out-of-conference teams that are traditionally good, like, I don't know, say the Patriots. and I mean, I don't even know. You know, with with the way the NFL is these days, with the parity because of the salary cap, other than the Patriots, and believe me, I'm no Patriots fan. What other team can any of you say, year after year, you just know they're going to make the playoffs? I mean, not Dallas. I mean, Indy last year, you'd think, but they didn't make the playoffs, so... You know, scheduling-wise, it's kind of hard, but because you're betting, because there's gambling on it, because you can bet first half, second half, quarters, you can always have some sort of interest in it. And it's, it's really, really brilliant. I mean, literally that, like, you know, because I remember when I first started betting, you didn't have any of that. You didn't have the first quarter or, you know, bet the second half or bet, you know, this, bet the over-under for the second half. Now it's come to the point where you can have money on almost the entirety of the game. And start over. You know, you have a new game starting in the third quarter. Uh, you know, and, and gambling, whether it's the internet, you know, or I mean, I get some sports book uh, overseas. Every study I've read says that sports betting on the internet and outside of Vegas is only going to increase and increase. And and you know, it's already killing Vegas. So I don't know. I, I think it'd be great. I'm not worried. I don't think that it's even possible for uh, a football team to shave points. I mean, they have 22 guys, 11 on offense, 11 on defense, you know, or 10 on offense, so whatever it may be, shave points like in basketball. And that was always the biggest concern that people would get guys to throw games and, you know, conflict of interest. But I mean, these guys get paid so much money as it is. Why? What would even be the incentive for them to do that? Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's an old concern because they make so much money now; it's just not worth it. So, all right, let's let's. Uh, that's an interesting topic, though. We'll, we'll, I guess next week we'll know a lot more. Brandon, if the Raiders come to Vegas, let's make a deal. I'll make a trip out there, and we'll we'll watch uh, we'll watch a game together. Absolutely, brother. It'd be my treat. I'll buy the ticket. You buy the beer. How does that sound? 
That's no, that's, ho- that's hopefully this goes fair. okay though. This is Brandon meeting another uh, person from PFA. So no, I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. Or you could have you could have Todd like screen me first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he he told me about that trader Ruski. He said you have no worries. He's a good guy. Listen, I I, I very particular trader Ruski is the first one I've met new in in quite some time yeah. since the Garrett debacle. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I'm very I'm very excited about this because I, I I do miss that. The two things I miss living in Vegas. People always ask me. What do I miss the most uh, living out in Vegas you know, versus Florida? And I always say the sports and the beach. And you can't bring the beach over here, obviously, but maybe you can bring some sports teams for Brandon. It'll be happy. Yeah, that'll be good for Brandon. Okay, so uh, in the, the election, the uh, yesterday's election, Donald Trump, there's actually a bad – Primaries, not elections, Jeff. Yeah, the, okay, the primary election. The, 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 there's actually a bet on the predicted site – Will Donald Trump, in all five primaries, finish with more than fifty percent? And at first, that seemed like wow, that you know that would be a good bet to, to say no. But he has to, for you to win the yes side of that bet, he had to finish fifty percent or above in all five primaries. And some of them he was polling in the forties. You got to think one of them he's not going to make. Well, he made it. All five of them he won a majority. All five of them he won more than fifty percent. And uh, so, so he crushed. I mean, it was known he was going to win all five. That was pretty clear from the start. But but uh, to actually crush where you're winning over 50% of the votes in uh, in all five of those states was pretty impressive. Uh, and then uh, on, on the Democratic side, uh, the only one that was considered to be close was uh, – what's, what's in the background there? I'm sorry. I was talking. Go ahead. I, I'll, I'll mute myself. Okay. So the only thing that was considered – Really, a contest was Rhode Island, and Bernie Sanders ended up taking that. But everything else, Hillary won, uh, some by bigger margins than others, but she uh, she won four of the five. Uh, that one's pretty much rigged for a long time because that, not only is Bernie just behind in general, but the superdelegates are all for Hillary, so uh, Bernie has no chance anyway. It's Anyone who thinks Bernie has a chance. I have people on my Facebook just constantly stuff about Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. They, they, they're really delusional believing he could win. They're not even saying, like, well, Bernie stays, you know, if he stays... But we said on the fraud shows four months ago he had no chance. Yeah. It's and, fixed. But they, but, but they believe... He, got 50, he had 53 superdelegates. Hillary has, like, 500 and something. It's rigged. Yeah, and, and yes, she, and, and she's winning anyway. But, uh, yeah, but even if he pulled off some miracle... Uh, well, it, now... Basically, uh, he said he, he. I didn't hear the speech, Druff, but he gave a speech yesterday, which many interpreted to mean that he's coming near the the, the just realizing that defeat is imminent. And now, what's the next step? And what do you think the next step is? Uh, Getting some sort of agreement that at the Democratic Party convention in Philadelphia, that some of his agenda makes a platform oh, okay. yeah, and his sense. issues will become public. And that's what supposedly, and I, you know, this is the AP. This is, you know, major news organizations reporting this, that his people or Hillary's people have reached out to him. They don't want him attacking her anymore and causing any more damage. They want the democratic party to unify. And what he wants out of this is to be able to have a prominent role at the convention to show his point has been made that there is a movement et cetera, et cetera, and to stop bashing her. And then, of course, for him to tell all his supporters to get behind Hillary. Yeah, well, he's um, – and, and, and his 
a lot of why he was running was to try to move Hillary to the left and try to get his ideas out there. So I, I think he, he, he even knew from the start that this was a very unlikely uh, scenario that he would end up beating her in the primary. In fact, he, I think he outperformed where he thought he was going to get in the first place. I think he did a lot better than expected, but, but still is, is coming far off, especially with the rigged uh, superdelegate crap. So, uh, so yeah, it, it totally makes sense what, what you're saying here. I had heard something about a speech where it sounds like he's kind of uh, about acknowledging it's over. But uh, so, so it's going to be Hillary. And, and you know, with Trump, it's, it, as I said some weeks ago on this show, it's going to come down to Indiana. And where, where before I thought Cruz was going to take Indiana, now it's really looking more like Trump is going to get it. It's looking like uh, – And what does he do? Like, I, 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 listen, I didn't go to school for political science. I know you didn't. I'm going to guess that Trader – or Trader Ruski. Well, Trader Ruski and Northern California guy didn't. And I'm pretty sure Eric Ryland didn't. But these geniuses last night say, oh, my gosh, we lost in five states. we got to stop his momentum. Well, you know what? This is what we're going to do. I'm talking about you know the Ted Cruz campaign. These are people that have degrees and have been in the political game their whole life. So they huddle up last night, probably at a Ritz Carlton or another high end resort, and they're in the conference room and they're probably drinking eighteen dollar bottles of Evian water and eating prime rib. And what do they decide, Ruff? We got to stop the momentum. We can't let this go on. Well, you know what we're going to do tomorrow, boys and girls. Tell them what they're going to do, Ruff. We're going to announce a vice presidential candidate. <laughs> that was a good sound effect for right, right that moment. It was, it was. So, yeah, that's, that's what they did. They announced that uh, Carly Fiorina, remember her from uh, – she was attempting to uh, run was for it president. Packard Bell? What, what was it? From what HP. It? HP. Yeah, you live Packard. And, no, I actually have a laptop from that's, – that's what's broadcasting this show. But she well, was probably wasn't made on her watch if it's working. Yeah, but uh, yeah, she she didn't have the best record there, and she actually also lost in. Uh, she has in, no experience in California. She 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 lost attempting to run for Senate too, in California. But yeah, so she she didn't get anywhere. This is like a this is like a, 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 a what was it the chick's name uh, Sarah Palin. It's like a Sarah Palin on the mainland. Yeah, well, she's a lot smarter than Sarah Palin and, oh, and speaks better. But, but 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 I'm just saying that if these goons really thought in their little conference room last night and huddled up that this was going to kill the momentum, it's laughable. No, you it is I laughable. Plan, me, you, a Northern California guy, and a snoring trader Ruski to plan a better <laughs> uh, momentum-breaking strategy than this. Yeah, it, it, it's a very have unusual. Have on forums and, and moles and, and, and get Judonk involved, and we could figure out something better than this, couldn't we? Yeah, and, you know, it, this is very unusual to name a vice presidential candidate, especially with Cruz being so far behind here at this point. To name that's a vice... not even a name that's going to excite the crowd. Yeah, it's not. That's what's so weird. It's, uh, that's, it's, it's very, very weird. It's a very Did weird. Did you get my point, though, that you – all of us, we, we've never run no election. We have nothing to do with politics, but we could have huddled and come up with a better something, a last stand strategy, if you will, than this. Would yeah. you agree, my friend? Yeah, I agree. This is, it was very uh, unexciting. You and I could be in the Augustus Tower, eating <laughs> food on your folio with Ryland there, snoring. And the five of us, four of us could have come up with something better than this. Yeah. Laughable. Well, you know, if, if, uh, if Ryland had consulted me before booking this room, we could have been eating the $100 on his folio. <laughs> so, hey, so what is Kasich going to do tomorrow? How is he going to trump this? No pun intended. He's going to announce that his vice president candidate is going to be uh, who? The, 
Maybe it'll be Ben Carson. Yeah, Doctor Ben Carson. Yeah, I, I don't know, but yeah, it's uh, you know if it's if, laughable. I think it's going to come down to uh, you know Trump is going to crush in California. I, I can already tell you that he's it's gonna, inevitable. They can't give it to Cruz. He, he's he's going to crush in California, and then in in Indiana, I th- I think Trump is going to get it, and then that's, he's going to have the delegates, and that's going to be it. That's what's going to happen. It's a, it's it's and really. And then he's going to get crushed in the main event. And then, yeah, and that's going to be over. That's yeah. and then pre- and that's Hillary, the way it should play. And, out. and then Hillary's going to be president, but at least the, the Republican Party doesn't fall apart. And they, I think, yes. the, I think this is actually going to save the Republicans from themselves. Absolutely. By by uh, by by Trump managing to get this majority, this narrow majority, he'll get, and then he'll have to be the nominee. And then they they're stuck with him, and then uh, then they can rebuild after this without uh, without the whole party being in shambles. So. And maybe this will be a lesson. Maybe this is the tough medicine they have to swallow to get things in order here, to realize the mistakes they've been making and realize how to how to prevent things like this in the future, how to realize to connect with their base better. So now, the, Northern California guy, you're not mainstream. You're kind of off the grid a bit. Uh, you know, we've talked about that before. You don't you know, follow uh, the majority. You're, you're a free thinker. What is your take on all this? You know, I have to give a disclaimer. I'm probably like the least qualified person on here to be to be talking politics like this. But the the one thing I will say over listening to you guys over the last couple months about this the Republican thing is I agree that if they kind of went behind Trump or whatever, you know, to to get somebody else in there, I think that would really stain the party and just really discourage people from you know even wanting to be involved in politics or having any trust or faith in the yeah. in the conservatives so i think it would be better if it played out like this where where he just wins on his own and then goes down in the general election without too much shenanigans because it really I, I saw some new poll i don't know if either any of you saw it, but uh this poll i don't remember who who it was from claimed that trump now had support of 50 percent of the republican party which is kind of a big deal because at one point he was like in the mid thirties. Yeah, that's I didn't know about that he was that high. Let me see if I can find. But I'm still not seeing any poll at all that even shows the, that he remotely has a chance. Every poll I've seen is like he's like twelve to sixteen points. Yeah, and the, the other problem is Hillary. All her problems are already known, so it's not like he's going to bring out some gotcha that that no one knew. It's not like nobody knows Hillary, and once you expose her, then it's going to cha- turn around. Everybody knows all the baggage she brings here, so so the negatives of Hillary are known, and, and so that means it's not going to change very much. I don't think I don't think Trump's going to be able to say or do anything to turn people away from Hillary at this point. A lot of people don't like her, but uh, but if right now they're still willing to vote for her over him, then it's going to probably stay that way. And the poll was done by NBC News. It's uh, if you just Google NBC News, Donald Trump poll says uh, this was uh, conducted two days ago. It says that Donald Trump has reached fifty percent support from Republicans and Republican leaners nationally for the first time since the beginning of the NBC News Survey Monkey. That's what it's called. <laughs> NBC News Survey Monkey what? weekly election tracking poll in late December. This milestone is significant as the 2016 primary heads into the final few weeks of contests, as there has been intense speculation that Trump's support has a ceiling. Though his support has hovered in the mid-40s to low-30s since mid-March, the frontrunner has yet before recently to secure half of the Republican votes. So, huh. Well, yeah. uh, so 
As, as far as uh, and what is Kasich still even doing in it? I, I think he's just. Uh, Does it make sense? I think he may hope that maybe if if it goes to a brokerage convention, he'll be you know he'll still be relevant. They could pick him, or who knows? I'm, I'm not exactly sure what he's doing. So so that's what's what's happened with the election so far. We'll we'll, uh, we'll see. I don't think this anything. Ted Cruz has done is going to matter today with, with Carly Fiorina, and I think I think Indiana is going to go to Trump, and that's going to be that. So uh, the NBA we talked a little bit about this already. Uh, what was going to be a very exciting and and contentious playoff in the West was yeah. has been ruined. Uh, Stephen Curry, who is a uh, you know, who, who unfortunately has, has battled a lot of injuries this year. Well, he's involving his leg in some way. There, this time it's his knee. Before it was his ankles. Uh, of all things, he slipped on sweat on on the basketball court, which uh, usually they mop up. But I guess they didn't get to it quick enough. And uh, well, did you see what happened, Todd? Uh, that Monte Yunus guy, I think for uh, Houston, went down and like, and then like two seconds later, I think Curry slipped on the area he went down. In the middle of a play, so I don't think they really had a chance to mop it up. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I thought. It was just the kind of just sweat that just fell there. So, so anyway, that uh, that's why it's important for them to mop up the sweat. And uh, yeah, Curry, it just seems like you blow on him the wrong way, he gets injured the, this year. And that's 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 what I was saying earlier. I I, I think durability wise, we'll see. I think we've seen a, the, a peak. I don't think he can sustain the numbers he put up this season. I don't think he's ever going to shoot 400 or more three-pointers again. Not saying he's going to be a fail. I'm not saying he may not he'll never be an MVP again, but I think what we're seeing now is the peakness of his greatness. Anything yeah. else we see is going to be a bonus. Well, that's and, and, one man's opinion. And when he was drafted, there was concerns about his ankle. And uh so then then he got past that and he actually was uh was fairly healthy up until this year. And then this year he, he's had uh, a number of injuries, and uh, so this isn't even a surprise that yet another injury occurred, though it wasn't his ankle this time. But he's uh, he's already missed some time with the ankle too. It's just it just seems like he's getting injured a lot, and this is not a good sign for the future. And then for, he's out quote at least two weeks, and it could be more. So uh, so so that's huge, obviously. Uh, and so so on the other side of the West we have. Uh, so there, there's there's Oklahoma and, and uh, San Antonio and San Antonio. They're going to be playing each other. And it looks like Portland's going to be uh, yeah. advancing too. And Portland. So 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 you get so Oklahoma and San Antonio. That's going to be a tough series, but San Antonio is probably going to take it. I, I, it. Oklahoma has an outside shot, but it's it's probably San Antonio. But these are two good teams playing each other. Oklahoma has, of course, has the. You know, I I respect the fact that Mark Cuban is outspoken. And he's called the NBA out repeatedly on terrible refereeing, and he's paid millions and millions in fines. But what he did the other night before the final game of their series against Oklahoma was idiotic. Well, he you was know, just com- dead. He was dead wrong. <laughs> no, that's that's what I'm saying. It, 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 he, for those that don't know what I'm referring to, before right before tip off, maybe an hour or two before, he went on record and stated that the Oklahoma Thunder only have one superstar in. Kevin Durant and that Russell Westbrook is not a superstar, which is fucking LOL laughable. Especially this year. If I was going to take a point guard right now to to start a team, I don't know. It's probably going to be him. 
I mean, he's only had more triple doubles than anyone's ever had before this season. Uh, I mean, he even when he's not shooting a lot, he's getting yeah. 12, 15 assists. I mean, Christ, if that guy's not a superstar, I mean, you probably have to take him over Chris Paul at this point. Yeah, well, you know, uh, <laughs> Mark Cuban, is he's bitter that he has a fail team this year. It really was a fail team. He's had a fail team for a number of years, but yeah. Yeah, this year they really looked crappy, the, the Mavericks. So... Anyway, it's, so that'll be you know, a tough series there. But then the weird side is uh, so Portland now is probably going to beat the Clippers. The Clippers got up 2-0 on, on two blowout wins, and Lillard didn't look good, and the whole thing looked like it was going to be the Clippers. Well, the Clippers being the Clippers, they always find a way to lose, and this way it was, uh, it was through injury. So uh, in Game 4, up, it, both Chris Paul and Blake Griffin were injured, and it turned out they're going to be out the rest of this season. The, 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 they're not coming back for sure, these playoffs. So, sure enough, Portland in L.A. today, a game they probably would have lost, won by 10. Well, well, technically, I heard that it is possible. Well, Blake Griffin is done. But I've heard that it is possible if, hypothetically, they made the Western Conference Finals, he could return in time for that. Okay. But it, it, it's... But the one thing I will say, Druff, is I think more so than football baseball or hockey that home court it it's, seems like it's so much harder than any other sport to win on an opponent's home court it is it's very and, very hard and i mean you go back to even those mid 80 games or, or nba finals between the lakers and the celtics and just about every time it came down to who had home court advantage well it's amazing and in fact it's funny because i placed one of my bets i placed uh on the nba was on portland plus 150 uh, at home, and and I said they're not. You know, they're at home. There's so much of a home court advantage, and there's not that much of a difference between these two teams. This is before the injuries, and and I won the bet. But I, that's that's why I placed. It. I thought this is ridiculous to get plus one fifty here in Portland. It's, it's not like you're having uh, these teams are very far apart. Uh, the Clippers are better, or were better before the injuries, but not that much better. So anyway, they they. Uh, the Clippers, I'm sure, are done now without Paul and Griffin, and now they're down three to two, and they're going back to Portland. So I'm pretty sure Portland's going to win the next game and go on to the semifinals in the West, and they're going to play Golden State. Now, Golden State is not going to have Curry for this series for sure. Now, do they have the edge over Portland? Of course, they, even without Curry, uh, they're substantially better than Portland. But now it is no longer a gimme. That I see what I see the difference being. Instead of maybe a four to one series with Curry being gone, I could see it going instead of five games, maybe six. I, I would actually. But I don't I, think I, the outcome is in doubt. I actually think it would have been a four zero series. It, it could have been a four one, but yeah. Well, I, I, I would have thought so too. But then I saw them lose to Houston in the manner that they. Yeah, did. that was kind of fail. But they, yeah, yeah, they occasionally have a fail game. But they, Portland. Uh, you know, the thing is here: if Golden State, uh, if they're not careful. They probably won't, but they could lose to Portland if they're not careful because it's no longer just uh, almost automatic they're going to win because of the immense talent that they have above Portland. Now missing their best player, now missing the best player in the NBA. Uh, if, if Portland Now Portland only has three of the seven games at home, but uh, they, they have to watch out. And can you imagine if Portland manages to upset them, which before was never going to happen? I still can't imagine that happening. I still can't either. <laughs> But but if they imagine, can you imagine Portland in the Western Conference semifinals? <laughs> uh, finals, I mean, after everything that uh, 
this season with how strong the West was, the top teams in the West. Can you imagine of all things? Oh, they, they're Portland definitely there? like one of the biggest surprise stories in the in the NBA. Yeah, they were anyway. But yeah, and they started out poorly too, and then they got they got hot, and and then they were kind of mixed towards the end and, and kind of squeaked into the playoffs. But I, it, it, to see, think of them in the West of all places in the finals, possibly. Which I know we're a long time away from that, but and it probably won't happen. But the fact that it's even possible now, or before it wasn't, before all these injuries, and boy, yeah, boy, and some teams really got lucky here. San Antonio, they went from the team that's probably going to lose in the in the Western Conference Finals, though they have a chance. But they people were thinking it's going to be Golden State. Uh, now they look like they're going to win the whole thing, and. What about uh, Cleveland? Cleveland, provided they get through the East, now they get to face. I don't a- think. I don't think Cleveland beats Golden State or San Antonio. No, I don't either. But I but, think if they play Oklahoma, it's not even a given that. that no, I know that. But I'm saying, but they they have a better chance against San Antonio than they do against uh, Golden State. So Cleveland's not going to win it, buddy. It's no, I don't think they will. I don't think they will. So so anyway, the the, the ones who. Uh, but San Antonio, they really got a, a big boost from this, and then and then Portland, they got even though they're not going to end up winning the whole thing, there's no chance. But at least Portland, they got lucky in that they're going to get at least in the second round, thanks to this with the, with the uh, Clippers injuries, and and then even an outside, ch- and then they get to play a Curryless Golden State and have an outside chance of making the finals. Where if they had to play uh, San Antonio, they would have gotten absolutely crushed. Or, or, of course, a Golden State with Curry, they would have got absolutely crushed. So now Portland not only can fake the second round, but they can actually conceivably make the Western Conference Finals, which would be insane given the, the talent that's in the West. So, yeah, these injuries have really wreaked havoc, and uh, we will see. But this this may be the end of, of Golden State, who set the record, but uh, may not end up winning the NBA Finals. Well, what, do you, what do you think about – I know you're not a fan of them – what do you think about the Clippers? Do you think they break them up now, or do you think they're going to use? You know, Steve Bomber paid what was it, one point two billion, one point five billion? I think it was two. I think it was two billion. Two billion. It was, it was insane. An insane, obscene amount for a team, and I don't think that that nucleus is is, is going to win uh, the way they're set up. If anything, I think they're going to, you know, recede next year and, and, and even be worse. Yeah. But I what do you do? Do you keep them together? I mean, do you trade? I mean, I, what do you do? What do you do with that team? You have what, you have three max players and Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, and Chris Paul, and you still can't you can't get to the finals. Yeah, I mean, what do you have, do? They just have uh, the coach isn't very good either, to be honest. But uh, you know that uh, DeAndre Jordan, it's it's amazing watching him shoot free throws. He makes Shaq look like Steve Nash with the free throws. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 there's it, been a few guys in these playoffs who it's like embarrassing. It, he, bad he had two for them had, to be professional athletes. He had two airball free throws at a critical in a time row. in a row. How yeah. do you have two airball free throws in a critical time of the game in the playoffs in a row? I mean, I could they could put me at the line there. I wouldn't shoot airballs. The guy from Detroit, I think his name's Andre Drummond. Yeah, it's like a thirty-eight percent. Yeah, he's horrible. Shot thirty-eight yeah. percent for the year. I don't yeah. get it. <laughs> I don't get I don't. it either. But especially to shoot air how can you shoot two air balls? How? Yeah. It's got it's got to be mental. Because <laughs> it, it doesn't take that much physical talent to hit a free throw. It's just got to be about like repetition and, you know, like focus. Northern California guy, do you ever play a little pickup basketball? 
You know, I, I used to when I was younger. I haven't played for a long time. I was actually talking to my buddy today. He plays in a in a kind of a pickup type game in a gym every morning before work. But I have I haven't played in many years. Well, Back in your heyday, how many three throws do you think you could have made in a row? In a row? Well, I don't know about in a row. How about like out of ten? Okay, out of ten. Uh, six probably. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't well, very good player, better, but it's better than, you're better than Andre Drummond. Yeah. Well, it's tough to compare because I'm also not shooting in an NBA arena yeah, with all is, the pressure it, and the fans. So I think it'd be a little unfair to say that, but. I mean, maybe in an NBA arena, do you think you could make more than three point eight out of every ten three throw shots? Yeah, I would think so. Especially if I given practice and like if I work. Yeah, given practice for sure. By the way, uh, how tall are you, Northern California guys? We're talking about basketball. Uh, five nine. Okay, so see, pretty pretty small. In 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 basketball. When I played, the the thing I was best at was rebound. That that was my thing. I wasn't that good of a shooter. But uh, you're kind of like a uh, minute ball, if you will. Yeah, I got everybody like Dennis. Or maybe Rod- the Kimbe Matumbo. We were, no, no, they were blocks. <laughs> well, that was blocks. No, but right? they were blocks. Yeah, I wasn't a great blocker. It was it was mainly rebound. Right, like, Dennis Rod- yeah, I was going to say I was, like, I was like Dennis Rodman without the cross dressing. Okay. So yeah, I was uh, the rebounds was was really it wasn't just the height. It was the also I just was naturally good at getting to the ball and. Uh, so that that's that's where my one strength was in basketball. Everything else, did I wasn't very good. Did you play high school basketball? No, no, I was no, I was I wasn't good enough for that. But when I play like just just uh, pick up basketball games, I actually or one on one games, I actually have been able to beat people one on one. This is years ago. I haven't played in a long time, but I was able to beat people who were better than me just thanks to the rebounds. You know, because I was a few inches taller and and I was just better at the rebounds. So even though they were way better shooting and way better ball handling, I was actually sometimes able to barely beat them. Uh, thanks to the rebounding, where I'd kill them. So that was that was one one strength I had could in basketball. The, could you shoot the three at all? Uh, not very good. I, the, the shooting wasn't very good. I, I'd make some shots, but it wasn't very good. So that that wasn't where I would thrive. It was the rebounding. So, so in a game, you'd be probably put in as what they call a defensive specialist. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, right. Especially especially if they need rebounds. That's that's where they need to be there. So okay, the, the in uh, I want to talk a bit about uh, the Cubs in in the baseball because that's uh, that's a scary team. Uh, unlike the Nationals, who've been playing a bunch of fail teams, and in fact they just got beat down by, by Philadelphia of all things while while at home, which is embarrassing. But the, the Washington Nationals, despite having a good record, have been playing crap teams. So we'll we'll see. The, the National League. Well, the same thing happened last year. They're predicted to blow away and, and win uh, in a rout the division, and the Mets kind of just yeah. crept up on them, and then before you knew it, it was too late. Yeah, They remind me of the Capitals, actually, both from Washington. They always seem to have these expectations, but come playoffs, they just never perform. Yeah, they didn't even make the playoffs last year. So so the Nationals were uh, – th- I don't think they're really for real, but the the, the Cubs, they, they have played some real competition, and they, they have just been – Killing the ball. And this is despite the fact they're off to their best start in a hundred years, and, and they and they lost a very good player in Schwarber. So they lost a, a very good player who was expected to have a very big year, and and they still just no problem. They just end up uh, they have a killer offense, and 
They, of course, they have Arietta, who's just been amazing. Uh, in, oh, his mound. last 24, 25 games, they're, they're, it's historical. Yeah, I think his ERA is like 0.88 it's, in that time. It's amazing. Yeah. So you have he's Arietta, had what they call 25 quality starts in a row. Yeah, he's almost like an automatic win. And then and then you have uh, and then you have Lester and, and Lackey, who are doing pretty well, especially Lester, who's uh, pitching very well. So you have a, and, and Hamill. You, you have you a got number. arguably the best manager in all of baseball, too. Yeah, so there's there's so much going for this team. The really good starting pitching, the uh, the, the amazingly good offense, and uh, they they even almost lost Dexter Fowler to Baltimore. Ended up keeping him, and, he, and he's on fire. So th- this team is is destroying. And yeah, you know, the Cubs they they've been waiting. They've been waiting so long. They make my wait for the Dodgers to win a World Series again, which has been uh, it was now 28 years. That makes that wait look short. So. The Cubs fans have been sitting here their entire lives waiting for that damn World Series, and they, they have their moments where they think it might happen, like in 84. Uh, there, there was one in uh, in 2008 where the team won 99 games and they got swept. Well, you know, the- I'll tell you, the year they really should have won it against my Marlins, they got really lucky when that one mutt reached Bartman? out over. Yes, yes. Uh, and then the Marlins ended up scoring. It should have been three outs, and the Marlins scored like five runs, and they win the next game, and they, they beat the Yankees in the World Series. Uh, that was that team with uh, – who are those two pitchers that got hurt? Uh, Kerry Woods and what was the other kid that was really, really good who got hurt too and, and never was the same? They had two starters, Kerry Woods. Yeah, Kerry Woods, and he, he eventually became a closer. So Mark Price or something Price? Yeah, or, yeah Price. Yeah. Is that his name? Uh, no, what was that kid's name that, that now he can't even show his face? <laughs> Oh, Bartman? The guy yeah, yeah the Bartman, Bartman was the he one who did it. He went into, like, witness protection. Yeah. Yeah, it was the Steve Bartman, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, that's, uh, the Cubs, they just could not catch a break, and they, they just cannot win the World Series no matter what they do. And and then there was also in, in 08, they, they, they had an excellent team that won 99 games and got swept by the Dodgers uh, 3-0. And that one was because of Manny Ramirez on his steroids. That <laughs> He just, like, hit 500 and hit a few home runs and just destroyed them. So uh, it, it just wasn't – it just won – Catastrophe after another with the Cubs, and I was I was reading something really really funny uh, about Manny Ramirez the other day uh, because apparently and I don't get this I know Druff you definitely wouldn't get this but some NFL player for uh, the Arizona Cardinals uh, found a paycheck from like he literally got a paycheck it's not like it was direct deposit uh, found a paycheck from like Game Three of last year in the NFL that he forgot the cash and it you know kind of became newsworthy because like how do you forget like a hundred sixty thousand dollar paycheck or whatever it was so then they started talking about other famous athletes and there was a story that manny ramirez would let his paychecks pile up in his locker and he wouldn't cash them and at one point when uh he was with boston there was like i don't even know what it was but there was like hundreds of thousands of dollars that they couldn't account for in, their, in like the, the payroll, and they literally figured out it was because he hadn't cashed like half a million dollars in checks. That's funny. And they told him like, you know. And then there's another one. This is this is even better. Ricky Henderson, when he was with the A's, he got a hundred thousand dollar signing bonus, and he was so proud of it he framed it. <laughs> and the A's said to him, "We need you to cash this, or the check's going to be." I mean, I, I just—it's just so crazy when we all think about money, and then these athletes, like a guy, a dude for Arizona, defensive player. I mean, he's a star, but having a check for one hundred sixty, two hundred thousand, whatever it is, just. 
he finds it like crumpled up in his pocket. It's like a real check. <laughs> and I'm, I'm laughing because I'm thinking that I thought all these players at least had direct deposit that no one's really getting a paycheck. Yeah, yeah, they're getting a paycheck. That's funny. Like, yeah, anyhow. So, yeah, so so this year, you know, they've been rebuilding this team for a while, and they did a great job with uh, with the young players and the, the youth movements with this team. And so th- this this year has been seen coming for a while, but uh, but this is really uh, an excellent team and, and, and looks like the best team in baseball uh, easily right now. Now, of course, in baseball, there's also the extreme variance in the postseason. It's not like in basketball where provided that people don't get hurt that uh, the superior team usually wins. In baseball, this it's whoever's hottest at the moment. And I think it's so stupid, especially the first round is best of five. Yeah, that's so the, no, no, it's it's best of one. Now. Yeah, it's the best of one. That's the, the one. No, I don't mean that. I mean the the yeah. The, yeah. That's Which is a complete too. joke. <laughs> I think that if you that to play 162 games and then for all of it to be on one fucking game, that is such a small. It's just it's a joke. It makes. It, I've never understood it. I mean, you explain it to me. Why can't they at least go best of three? Rough. Yeah, so you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous and... too. I, I don't even like. You know, they're not going to reverse it because it makes more money. But I don't like all these extra teams in the playoffs because it makes a mockery of the long season. It makes uh, it makes it to where the long season becomes less consequential. Where uh, now I know it makes it exciting for more fans because their team is not eliminated as early from contention. But you have to do that. If not, I, I know you have to for the excitement. Teams, but it, people are going to tune out. I know it's it beginning just, of July. It it just kind of sucks. So so it, it just makes it to where undeserving teams win the World Series. Like the Giants, I know people think I'm biased because I'm a Dodgers fan, but they in 2014 it was a joke. That was not a good team. They had, they had like 87 wins, and they and they win the World Series because they get hot at the right time. And no, I, I agree with you. They definitely got pretty fortunate. I think two out of the three years they won, where they they definitely didn't even look like one of the stronger teams, but in 14, it's so they, streaky and random. In 14, in they were not a good team. They had three losing months in 14. You imagine if your World Series team, you had three losing months in the regular season. They did, they, including September. They were not a good team, that were the Giants team in the 14. They were very mediocre. They barely finished over 500. And then they, they uh, you know, the five games. Though, you know what? Both my Marlins teams that won, the World Series were Wild hovering card, right, right around 400, 500. Neither one of them won the division. In fact, the Marlins have never won the division. Yep. Yet both times they made the playoffs as a wild card, both times they won the World that's, Series. That's another good example. So Both times. Now, what's funny is the Dodgers have not gained much from the wild card. They've barely ever been the wild card. They've made the playoffs a number of times since the wild card was introduced, but it's almost always been from winning the division, including the last three years. And probably they'll probably win this year too, but it's uh, – it's going to be club. I mean, they got swept by the Marlins at home, which is embarrassing. But uh, hey, <laughs> but but anyway, they they'll uh, probably Don, Donnie baseball is happy about that. Yeah, he, I'm sure he's thrilled. He's probably very proud of himself. And uh, but they the, the Dodgers will probably still win the West. It'll probably be them or the Giants. But uh, all, all the teams kind of have some issues in the West there. So I think the Dodgers will still be able to pull it off. But Getting past the Cubs, boy, that's going to be tough. That's that's a very that's such a tough team. And provided that there isn't bed shitting in the playoffs, they may finally get that World Series. There's just so much talent on that team and so many players you know, that could hurt the you. The other thing I never get is like they criticize like a player and say he batted. He had an awful postseason last year. He batted 114, and then it's like, but they got swept three games to zero. It's three games. It's like, such it, a small it, sample yeah, size. Yes. 
And I think baseball is way streakier than any of the other major professional sports. Of course sports. it is. Yeah, it's very, very streaky. It's streaky, and also it's it's very uh, – there's the most variance. There's so much variance in these games. So that's that's why, for example, Clayton Kershaw lost uh, at home against the Marlins against uh, Tom Kohler. It was a, a plus – it was a minus 305 or something on, on Kershaw. And he lost. He had one bad inning, and the, uh, yeah. that was that. So – yeah, you never know in baseball. So if you get hot at the right time, you can just be an okay team and win. But so who knows? The Cubs, are, this is, nothing's a guarantee. There, they can be super dominant. They could win 115 games in the regular season and still, uh, still not win the World Series. But pull, pull the Mariners. What about the Mariners? Well, they, they, they could they would be pulling the Mariners, right? Didn't that Mariners team win a ton of oh, games? Oh yeah, and they, they did. Fizzled yeah. out, and no one even remembers them. Yeah, that's true. I wasn't remembering. <laughs> So let's let's see what is their record. I'm going to look up what their record is right now. Who? Which team? The, the Cubs. I think they had lost five or six games as of yesterday for tonight. Yeah, they're 15 and five. Yeah, and then yeah. the the Nationals that's pretty, are. That's pretty damn good. Though. But their run differential is like crazy. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. The run differential is plus 69 right now. It's 123 to 54. It's insane. Wow. So so that's why it looks so good. Now the Nationals they're 14 and six, but they just lost two to the Phillies, which is embarrassing at home. And they and they've just all everything they've played has sucked so far. Now in the NL, there's a problem this year, and that is the tanking. There's massive tanking going on in the NL. Uh, there, there are some awful teams. The very worst of the, all the t- bad teams is the Braves. This is a terrible team, the Braves. They are four. You know, you know who's underperforming the, the worst, though? One of the teams that many experts expected, the, not if not win the World Series, at least make it there, the Houston Astros. Look at their record. Yeah, 7-15. I know they're, they're, Oof. But, but I'm talking the, – the NL here, the Braves, are, I wouldn't say they're underperforming. They are just a really, really bad team. And they are 1-12 and 12 at home. <laughs> so, but they are so bad, and the, this team they can't hit home runs. There's like I think the team has like three or four home runs total so far in uh, in 21 games, and this is just a and, and the pitching is crappy too. Well, we not, talked about this yesterday off the record that uh, ever since Bobby Cox left, and you know that dynasty that won 15 divisions in a row. Uh, they've been a fail, and they—I don't even think—I don't know what their farm system's like, but I know they haven't really spent any money to try to acquire any talent in free agency. Yeah, I, this I team is what... a joke. Who they ha- they have up there? It's really like Freddie Freeman and the Seven Dwarves with him. So, and, and the pitching isn't very good. So this this is the team that's going to lose a, a staggering number of games this year. Uh, the, but then there's other bad teams. The Milwaukee Brewers are pretty bad. Even though their record's 8-12, and 12, which doesn't sound terrible, It's a, th- this is a bad team. The Cincinnati Reds, 9-13 and 13 somehow, that's also a bad team. They're going to finish much worse than that. Uh, the Padres, they, they just can't score. <laughs> they're 7-15, and 15 and I th- they've been shut out so many times. They started The Dodgers shut about three games to start the season, and they... Uh, uh, they've only scored 85 runs so far, uh, the, the, which is still more than the Brewers, and, and the, Bra- the Braves have scored 69 so far. The Phillies have scored 69 so far. That's another horrible team. So you have you have several— Are you saying that we're back to the dead ball era? For those teams, we are. Not when the Cubs play. <laughs> For those teams, we are. <laughs> not, not, not with the, the Cubs. The Cubs are—they've the, scored— so- so the the Padres and uh, the Braves are playing in the dead ball era. Of oh the 1930s. yeah, that, that 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 would be an interesting game to see those two. The Braves have lost eight, eight in a row, by the way. But the, yeah, the the Braves have. Scored. Did you bet the Braves the other night in some last gasp? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I'm never going to do that. I, I bet them because of uh, 
they, they were at home. They David Price had been looking terrible, and they were they, they had a pitcher who who wasn't bad. And I thought you know for plus two hundred they were worth it, but they weren't. They were terrible. They got blown out. So. <laughs> So yeah, I was, I, like I, right when it started, I'm like, I, why'd I make this bet? I'm never doing this again. I think they're the most uh, fail. I don't know if dynasty is even the word, but for a team that won 15 divisions or in the playoffs 15 years in a row to only win one World Series, yeah. I think that they're even above the Buffalo Bills in terms of choking. Yeah, boy, they choked the playoffs, yeah. I mean, 15 years in a row to make the playoffs – Oh, and with that pitching rotation, I yes. mean, like three of the all-time greats. Yeah, they have three Hall of Famers. That's what's, that's what's so weird because there's so much pitching is so much of the postseason, and uh, to not to, with Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz there. What do they not, even do? Do they just make? I think they only even made two World Series. Yeah, yeah. The one, they won the one against the Yankees that they they lost. Yeah, they 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 just were always losing. <laughs> it was amazing. I mean, year after year, they they're, they're like the opposite remember. of the Cardinals. Now yeah. they they would have actually had their streak broken of the fifteen, those all those titles because in '94 when the when the strike happened the Montreal Expos were excellent and they were in first and they would have stayed there. So that was when Tony Gwynn was like batting close to four hundred. Yeah, Tony Gwynn was hitting three ninety four at the time, and that's he, sick. And he he pro- I wouldn't say he probably would have because it's. In Tony Gwynn's own words, he said it's it's just too damn hard to hit 400. But, God, he was such a great but, fucking but, hitter. But that was his peak year. He may have been able to do it. Can't and, believe he's gone too, Druff. Yeah, that was uh, that that was surprising to me too, when when Tony Gwynn died so early. I know he had some health problems. He, he also oh, you know what he it was died lip from? Can- it was cancer from, from chewing, chewing, right? Yeah, from chewing. chewing. But he also had health problems. I, that's but what, it was the chewing that killed I know him, was, though. I know it wasn't it was, anything else. I know it was the chewing, but he also didn't take care of himself after, even during his career, health-wise. Well, he, fuck, for someone that didn't take care of himself, he was one of the best hitters I well, ever that, saw. That's what was amazing, is that he, despite, like, he, towards the end of his career, like, he was getting pretty fat, but it didn't, it didn't stop him. He was still just, uh, he couldn't run anymore. He wasn't stealing. You know, he stole 56 bases one year, which if you think about his physique at the end of his career, it's, it's hard to imagine. And I remember there was one season, because he was never known as... I'm gonna look it up now as a power hitter. Yeah, he had like 17, didn't he? Yeah, I remember yeah. there was. Well, I thought it was more than that, but one year, he, I, I was just still amazed. You know, the 56, I was such a big fan of his. I was still amazed at 56 stolen bases for him. When you think of like Fat Tony Gwynn, how do you steal 56 bases? But he wasn't always fat. But look at uh, Barry Bonds too. He was a prolific base stealer. But earlier he, in his with career. him, it was more easier to believe. Tony Gwynn actually got like fat. Bonds just got big from all the roids. Let's see. And I don't think Tony Gwynn ever did any roids or anything like that. I don't believe he did. Yeah, you're right. Good call. And I, after never hitting more than 12 and never hitting more than 10 before that, in his first 13 seasons, he went off in 97 and 98 for 16 and 17 and 16. And I, I saw so many games against him. He, was a he had 100 in 1997. That was during like the, the height of the roids. Uh, he hit. A, he had 119 RBIs uh, in a season, which is insane for a non-power hitter. He never hit 100 or even really close to it again in his career. Um, he had. Let's see. How many seasons do you think he had in his entire career where he hit under 300? Uh, how many seasons total did he play? From 82 to 2001. Yeah, so twenty seasons. I think I'll say five. Well, these full seasons are like some like super short seasons. Where like at the beginning, uh, he, I guess he, uh, two thousand. I guess he was hurt. Only played in thirty six games, and then his rookie year, he played in fifty four games. 
If, if you leave those two out, I'd say there's probably like one season he's under 300. His first season ever, he hit 289. Yeah. Every other season, he hit 300 or higher. Wow. His highest season was technically the strike shortened season where he hit 394. Yeah, like I said there. Yeah. In 84, he finished a full season. He played 158 games. He finished 351 uh, batting average. In 87, he missed uh, five games. He hit 370. In 95, he played a full season. He hit 368. That's so amazing. In 97, he played a full season. He hit 372. In 96, he played a full season. He hit 353. In 99, when he was close to retirement, he played 111 games, hit 338. His final season, uh, in 2001, he hit 324. I mean, that's fucking, we'll never see numbers like yeah, that. You know what's, what's uh, also, he, he had two relatives that played. He had his, his brother, Chris Gwynn, who, who wasn't very good. And then he also had his son, uh, Tony Gwynn Jr., who wasn't very good. So it, it didn't quite uh, translate to other family members. The, uh, the his, one, his one son played uh, for Vegas at some point, or UNLV. It was which one? Is that Tony Gwynn Jr. Or? I think so. Yeah, What's he, the other son's was, name? He was on the Dodgers. No, there's no other. It was Chris Gwynn was his brother. Oh, I think it was his son. Yeah, ne- neither neither of them did very much in the majors. So they, whatever he had, didn't quite make it over to the other family members. But I mean, good enough to make the majors, but not uh, not good enough to succeed. Whereas he was one of the best hitters of all time. That's amazing those stats, though, huh? And he's with the Padres the entire time. Yep. And then, you know, it's uh, even more. I, he stole... Uh, he stole 56 one year, I think. Yeah, I'm looking at that now. It's amazing that you remember these numbers. Uh, it, you know, it's amazing. Who do you think, hit-wise, the closest person in baseball is to him? In terms of how many hits. He's uh, 150 career hits behind Tony Gwynn. Who's an active player now? Yes. Uh, he won't R- get it. He won't He won't pass him. Alex Rodriguez? He's too old now. He has 1, 2, 3, uh, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 200 hit seasons. Uh, I- Ichiro? Yes. Ichiro. You know where he's playing now? Yeah, I know, in Miami. Yeah, yeah he's playing in Miami. But he, he has eight, eight, hits se- eight hits this season. And he's not starting much. He's ba- He's batting 400, but yeah. Like, I don't even know why he's holding on. He's, he's 42, he's 42 years old. 42, yeah. 42 years old. <laughs> but you have to think about it. Remember, that's quite incredible. A big he portion of his league. career was yes. in Japan. Yeah. He came into the league. He was a rookie at 27. And you know what? This was about, I think it was a year or two years ago. Uh, maybe it was even longer when he cracked some milestone. Maybe it was his 2,000 hits. I don't know. But there was debate on uh, ESPN on one of the nightly shows. It was for a couple days whether he's a Hall of Famer or not. Uh, I think the guy is. He has 499 stolen bases. Like I said, he hit 11 seasons of 200 or more hits. His lifetime batting average is 314 in 16 years, not even adding what he did in uh, Japan. Uh, I mean, what, what do you think he's a Hall of Famer? Uh, I don't know, maybe. Really? Yes, he doesn't strike out a lot. Yeah, but by the way, do you, do you know uh, in recent times uh, 
who the oldest uh, major leaguer was? I don't mean ever, but like in recent times. Oh, I know the guy that played for Atlanta was like 52. Fred McGriff? No. Or, no, or, no, Franco. Franco. He didn't make it his 50s. No, he, he was wasn't like 50. first base. No, he was, he was uh, 49. That's close enough. Yeah, that, that, guy was, that guy was insane. Druff, is that the answer? Yes. He was 49, yeah. yeah. And then like after that? When they finally got rid of him, he went and played like in the Mexican League. Yeah, he was trying to like, see. He, he still, he still. <laughs> I mean, I, I. But then there was also Jamie Jamie Moyer. Jamie Moyer, he was in his what forty five, forty six. No, he, no, he actually was also forty nine. And he was pitching, which is yeah, he was pitching. You know, well, that's no, more impressive. No, sometimes the pitchers can go a long time. He he played. He actually played for the Rockies in two thousand twelve. And, and and he was born in sixty two. So he was born in late sixty two, but he was forty nine also. That's amazing. 49 years old. So, wow. Anyway, uh, we will be back next week. We're about done here. but uh, thank- we play the 1999 song, though? Can you get it ready? Yes, yes. And I appreciate it. You know, uh, I want to thank the Northern California guy for being here the whole time. And, and oh, Brandon, I love this guy. Brandon, thank you for... Uh, Good kid. Northern California guy, do you ever make it to Vegas? Would we ever see you, or would I have to go all the way up to Northern California? Oh, I the only time I've ever been to Vegas was for a layover in the airport. Uh, but I mean, I don't wow, know. There's a, there's a there's a chance I could make it out there at some point in time. Are you anti-Vegas? No, I just uh, I mean I'm not, I don't have anything against it, but I don't really do a whole lot of traveling to be honest with you. All right. Um, and and uh, Druff, just for the record, so you know people that maybe missed. Or that are tuning in now, is the official? Is your official statement regarding the sizzler that you're going to do what like the Supreme Courts do and say that you'll have your ruling within well, a yes. matter of weeks? Or yeah, weeks? well, yeah, I'm still evaluating it. Uh, the, first of all, people have to understand this is an old situation. The only thing that's new about it is the fact that he had uh, association with another scammer that wasn't known before. But but that he didn't, you know, he wasn't. He didn't help that other guy commit the scam. He just—it turns out he's associated with another scammer, and he had welched on a bet himself. So the whole thing looked bad. Now, like, but playing devil's advocate, if that is all true and that's the case, that nothing has changed, why was his rep taken away? Okay, so so I I took away the rep for him and Lannister because they were just like it was mainly Lannister, but they were red repping everybody. Oh yeah, cause that them. one thread that they were just going nuts. Yeah, so I took it away yeah. now. Okay, I, I but I, I'll tell you the truth: why I'm not returning the rep privileges right now or paying him the $55 that he won in a free roll and that was that uh, for, for two separate things the rep I took away because I felt it was being abused by these two guys and, that, and now uh, just because I, I after everything he's done here I, I don't think he deserves it back it's just something that I just don't even though it's not directly related to things he was doing I, I just feel he's uh, he should be happy he's able to post it all right now. But nonetheless, will there be some sort of clarification on this yeah, in the there, coming weeks? Yeah, there will be. And as far as, far as the $55 he won... Uh, That's he, an escrow now until... A yeah, I'm, I'm, hold, I'm holding it now. It hasn't been confiscated, but he's not getting it yet. And the reason is, when I say... To win the money on this site, on this the free rolls, you have to be in good standing to to, to win it and... There, you, you can be excluded by either the person who has donated it or by me. And I, had I known that at the time when he won the fifty-five dollars, that that he was associated with Lannister and everything, you know, the scam he pulled on China, and then, and and how obnoxious Jay Searles would be about it after that, 
It's not like he said, "Oh, you know, sorry about that. I, you know, I had no control. This is my friend. I, I wish he'd do the right thing." But instead, he was arrogant about it and trying to troll about it. Like I, and the whole five hundred dollars he owes to Vegas thirteen sixty nine from the from the Welching, which was before. But you combine all these things together. I'm not sure if I would have allowed him to win the free money at that point. I mean, I, there was I only had partial information when he won it. That once it came out afterwards. I wouldn't have given it. I, I use Jacob as an example. If Jacob had played a free roll and won it, and then a week later it came out that he was scamming everybody, I wouldn't have paid Jacob, even if he qualified at the time. I wouldn't have paid him at that point if it turned out he was scamming everybody. Even if the right. two are unrelated, I would have said, well, if I knew he was, when he played, if I knew he was a scammer, he wouldn't have qualified. Well, then, then I can retro, retroactively go back and say, you know what, I'm not paying you now. So it's the same thing. Now, it's, what it, do you say to those who claim that you're using this $55 free roll money and have it in an interest-bearing account? <laughs> I say I should have done this a different year because the interest yeah. you're getting 1% at best right now. Right. So, yeah, so I'm still deciding what to do. Now, on the other hand, not that much has changed with Jay Searles himself as far as what he's done, and this Vegas situation is old, so... Uh, that that's the argument to keep him. What would you and, say to someone like Frank Rizzo, who's really, really, you know, taking this issue to heart? And like I said, I don't think he's had a full night of sleep since this. Well, see, that, what would you say to? I would like for you to address Rizzo. Oh, I'd like to. Okay, Rizzo. He has to understand the reason people are giving him a hard time on the forum is that he's getting too passionate about a subject that doesn't really well, involve him. He feels him directly. a fraud has been perpetrated. Yeah, but it doesn't involve him directly, and he's very, very, very passionate to where. People are kind of tired of reading the the very emphatic statements he's making. They, they feel he's making too big of a deal over something that doesn't directly involve well, I've him. gone on the record as a Rizzo supporter. I like him. I think he's a good addition to the fraud site. <laughs> we need more new users. Okay, and- well, no, I mean, he can do what he wants. I'm not, I'm not going to do anything to Rizzo's account or anything. He can post what he wants as far as this. But, but, uh, but that would be my advice to him is to tone it down. So, so that's... That's that, and that doesn't seem very soothing. Let's take let's take a river phone call here. Right. Is this handicap me? Hey guys, how's it going? So, to make Good morning, us, buddy. To make us feel bad that we're up so late? Uh, no. Well, I mean, you could feel bad. It's it's indifferent for me. I'm I'm about to walk out of my place. Um, I wanted just to quickly give my two cents, please, and on the Sizzler scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fat fuck. The fat Walter, Walter, Walter. Oh, I think um, I think we know what position he's going to take here. No, no, no. <laughs> so your input. So when it comes to him, I'm not his biggest fan. I think he's an asshole. The truth is, though, is that when people post his personal info and whatnot, you know, that's taking it too far. Now, in terms of whether or not he owes Vegas the money, he says, "Well, I don't." Well, 95% of the forum thinks that he does. And you run a site that's called Poker Fraud Alert. It's, it's a it's fraud. It's scammers. Yep. Right? So, in that sense, you know, if he scams someone and he's refusing to pay, then I don't know what the site rules are, but maybe he should be banned. Maybe he shouldn't. But you chose at the beginning not to ban him. That's fine. It was your choice to do that. However, when the new information came out and it turned out that he had a scamming toothpick, whatever, and Brandon had to work his voodoo and and get that guy to pay, 
you you came down with a decree saying he needs to pay X Y Z, or I'm going to ban him and I'm going to take away his rep. I thought that was fair, and I even said so, saying, like, listen, I don't think you should be banned, but if this is what you want to do, then that's fine. Now, it turns out he was just an attention-seeking whore, and he lied to gain acceptance in the community about who he was previously. That's okay, weird. That's I'm not, that's even, sure that, I'm not even sure if that's true. He could yeah, still be the wait, guy he was claiming. That's really, that's like, weird. he calls people obsessed. He says, oh... You live for this, blah, blah, blah. The truth is, yeah. the fact that he did that, and then he was crying, saying, I guess if you're going to ban me, then ban me, but I really don't want to be banned, or please let me back in when he was banned. He loves that site more than probably 99% of the form, like, more than me. Like, I wouldn't lie about who I was previously just to get an acceptance. Well, if I was banned, I'm banned, whatever, I'm done. Handicap me. You tell me what you think. I think a lot of it, should come down and, and, and the person, I guess, that Druff should speak with is Vegas because I don't know if this is true or not, but I've heard some conjecture that Vegas wrote off the debt and said it was fine and, 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 and didn't want the money. And if that case is true, then Druff obviously shouldn't enforce well, that, somebody that, to make a bet. Well, well, if, well no. But no, if wait, it isn't no, no. true, so, I don't know. I'm just saying wait, I don't know. Wait. So what it, happened was... People started posting his, his family info. Vegas was like, listen, it's well, really not a big deal. Be. I'm over it. Right. So just let him back. And that's why he was let back. Vegas said, just let him back. I wrote it off. It's over. Stop posting his family info. Stop doing all that shit. But Vegas still thinks that he's owed, like he's owed the money. Well, all because okay. he wrote it off. That doesn't mean that he doesn't think he's not owed the money. He's just saying it's a bad debt. Like, at, so, so at look, some my, point in time, my misunderstanding was I thought the two of them had come to some some agreement, but you're saying that's not no. the case. No, oh, they okay. haven't come to an agreement. See, no. that's different than Druff. But but I will say that I Vegas. That. Okay, when I unbanned a bunch of people from the Scats forum over here, uh, which doesn't have to do with Jay Searles, but I uh, it, it was Jay Searles. Well, what about me? You're unbanning all these guys who you know posted all this info about you. What about me? So I said, well. You're banned for a reason unrelated to me. It has to do with Vegas 1369, who you, you welch on a bet. That's why you're banned. So if, if he's okay with it, if Vegas 1369 is okay, this is two years ago. If he's okay with it, then I'll let you back. Well, Vegas 1369 at the time, two years ago, said, yeah, that's fine. Just let him back, whatever. So so he actually made the decision himself to, to go ahead and let Jay yeah, back. That still doesn't mean that he doesn't owe the money. No, I'm not okay? saying that. I'm not saying so, that. So, yeah, it's So... Here's my two cents, and Tyler, it's your site, so you can do whatever you want. I, I personally think you you have two options that you can go here. One, you can leave him without his privileges, and also you can label him a scammer, which, in all intents and purposes, he is. Or two, either he pays the full amount, or he reaches some agreement with Vegas, which I posted in that thread saying, hey, why don't you just give the guy 200 bucks?" Have Todd send him the fifty-five he owes you, yeah. and oh, you pay half, point. and then it's settled. Todd, why haven't you sent the fifty-five to Vegas? Well, I'm still deciding what to do. I'm not saying I'm not going to. I'm just holding it. Okay. Uh, well, I wouldn't. Uh, regardless of the outcome, I I don't think he should be in good standing whatsoever. So okay. well, that well, that, that, it's, it's, a com- it's, it's actually a more complicated, complicated situation. Than Let me ask you: If Marty messaged you and asked you please or nicely, would you just send him the fifty-five? 
<laughs> Marty's Marty's lucky he got the forty. All right. <laughs> but, he never did ask for it nicely, did he? No, he never did. See, I, like people say, I never back down on these things. I I back down on it. Like he 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 didn't do anything I asked, and I sent him the money anyway. Well, that's so. That's when can we? When can we? Can we just say okay? Just so it's done. It's said. Is it suffice to say that bef- right before or around the beginning of the World Series, so this won't, uh, you know, clog your performance and, and just be some stressor to you? Maybe like you know, last week of May, you'll have some sort of announcement. Yeah, it probably like yeah. I don't want to be sitting at the fifteen hundred limit Hold'em event and be be yes. on the cusp of making the final table and go and go. Oh, hold on, what, what am I going to do about Jay Searles? What am I going to so do about Jay Searles? So is that fair? We have a month from now. We'll say four radio shows. Yeah, from now. I, it may very well. It may very well come sooner. I just. Uh, yeah, there will be a decision. Now, who do you somewhere. consult with these things? Do you talk to your baby's mama? No, do you I, talk I, to Master Scaler? You know, the funny thing is she's alone in a room. She, no, she, the funny thing is she's actually aware of this story. Of course she is. But, uh, but who do you – because I'm not be honest, just so people do know the whole transparency thing. Druff and I are friends, but he doesn't ever consult with me about jack shit. I read about it just – you know, last night I had to bite my tongue because he handicapped me. You saw what he did to me. He makes a statement that the clit – is going to be banned for a while until he can prove that he – and then Druff gets all high on the, the Vicodin and he gets well, in a good loving mood. And, but my point is he doesn't consult with me about nothing. He makes his – and I'm, that's fine. It's his site. I, I'm just talent. But I know he's got to consult with somebody. No, I don't. So there's, there's, there's actually nobody. You don't have no trusted advisors nowhere? No, see, this is almost like a backlash to what happened you know, over at Donkdown. Maybe reach out to Reggie, man. No, no, this, 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 this is like a backlash that happened at Donkdown. In Donkdown, there, there was so much uh, micromanagement of me and interference of what I was trying to do that uh, and, and it blew up everything. Uh, I, I Like... With this site, I feel like I, I don't want to have to talk about anything with anybody. I just I just want to do it. And how does your baby's mother know about the Sizzler? She, she reads the site. Now, I would never ask you to violate an oath of your relationship, but does she have a dupe that no one knows about? No, no, she doesn't. She she doesn't actually post. She just reads, and uh, sometimes she'll read more than others. But but she does. Yes. When you say read, I mean, what does that mean? I mean, is she a frequent reader every yeah, she'll, day? She'll, she'll, she open, she'll, open, she'll open up the forum and see, like, you know, what threads look interesting, and and then she'll read it, and uh, and and she has read the stuff about Jay Searles. But I mean, okay, if I asked her like a ten question uh, quiz on things that anyone that knows about the site would know, would she be able to pass it? Uh, pro- probably as long as it's uh, more recent, as long as it doesn't go back to like old Neverwin Poker days, she wouldn't know about all that stuff. No, ten things like about Poker Front Alert. Yeah, yeah, that's she was anyone that's read the site. Except there yeah. was some, there was some period I can't tell you exactly how long it was. There was some period she was barely reading it, but she's back to reading it more. Okay. There was actually a period. Would you believe that she was listening to every radio show in in its entirety? But this is a long time ago. That was uh, when you guys first had the. No, you know, no, no. This is the, no. This is like a, no. This is a, into the relationship more. Like like uh, this is after we've been together like three years. She was still listening. But and what, uh, how, why does she stop listening? I, I don't know. She she uh, she really liked the the chemistry with you, me, and vowels. And then I think when vowels left, that kind of hurt her desire to listen. I kind of think the show got better. And yeah, well, it's, it's, she just uh, she she listens to this. She listens to parts of it now. 
I'm still trying to get her to listen to the call to listen line, though. Mm, you love that call to listen line. I was thinking if I, if I were to die prematurely, that maybe the I should have a request that they bury me with a call to listen line. <laughs> so, uh, handicap me. Do you think that's fair? Like, you're just going to think about it in, in, in a month of an announcement? I don't know what else we can do. I mean, it's not yeah, our site. No, I, mean, I, don't... I think you do need to make a decision. Um, yeah, and I think your decision back when you unbanned him was the wrong decision. Um, but now, I don't think he should be banned, but I don't think he should be a member in good standing unless he reaches some kind of settlement or he pays. And the truth is, he brags about having tens of thousands of dollars in his bank yeah, account. Yeah, I, I saw that. And he's, and he's doing blah, blah, blah. Listen, if the motherfucker can't even afford to pay half of it, I'm sure Vegas would be more than happy to get half the amount. 250 bucks. Yeah. If you can't scrounge up 250 bucks, you're a fucking waste of money. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be considering all this. And, 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 and handicap me, lastly, what do you think of Druff's ruling on the clit? I explain my thoughts, but I'd like to hear yours honestly. So, okay, here's the thing. I, he was ruining the fuck out of the form. And something needs to be done. And it was done, finally, once, uh, once Brandon stepped in. And I think if you look at his posting over the last, well, since he was, he was restricted, he turned normal again. He turned normal. It was actually funny. He was a good poster. It was the fact that he had the ability to, like, pretend to be crazy. Because he's not crazy. It's just a stupid stick that's not even funny anymore. Yeah, I know. I wish so, he wouldn't do it. But so, but the thing is here, I, I think I think he's learned. I think he sees that I'm going to post-restrict him if, if he does this crap and that I'll be unhappy. But he actually but, he, he actually doesn't want to piss me off. Like, like he, he actually yeah. likes me. He doesn't want me to get angry with him. So, like... Uh, I, I think I think he he understands here to stop this, and that's why I'm trying to. This is the first time this has happened, though, in his history. Like when he was, uh, I keep hearing his name on um, on downtown Shibu, right? Yeah, Shibu Pickens. People, oh, wait, like you guys would ban him, he would come back, he would be normal, he would be funny, and he would contribute. And like the truth is, I like him as a poster when he's normal. Like the last two or three weeks, he's been fucking hilarious, but. Now that you took it away, I'd be willing to bet that he's going to go back to his old way. Well, as I said to Brandon, I, I, this is not permanent. I can just—it's not like he, there's a double jeopardy on poker fraud alert. Let me, let me ask you something, uh, handicap me. When he's acting like he was for that few months, do you even understand? Because I just don't know if it's like some inside joke I don't get. But I literally don't even know what he's saying. No, I didn't I understand. I didn't it. understand it either. Okay, I just didn't no, know if you mean I'm not in on the joke. It just doesn't make sense in the context of the threads, or but no, it was it was just all garbage. I didn't like it either. Okay, all right. No, he's just writing random like shit just to try to pretend to be crazy, and then he'll fill in like one funny line and like out of the eight thousand lines he right? Yeah, you it's know, really a waste. So some some people don't realize that. Running a forum like this, especially one that has a, a kind of a free speech atmosphere, uh, 
Running a forum like this is is a lot harder than it appears. It's very hard to keep it to where there's not all kinds of drama, all all kinds of people. Because all the different personalities yeah. drop. Yes, what you're trying yes, to say? And, and 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 everybody wants you to do a different thing, admin wise, and to to keep everything running relatively smoothly. It's very tough, and and I feel in the in the four years Poker Fraud Alert has existed, that that I've done a good job with this. There hasn't been that much as as far as as drama. Uh, as far as the way the forum's been run, really, there haven't been that many complaints, and there haven't been uh, that many incidents. And I, it's a lot harder than people think to do. And and I and see, so you, you can't have too heavy of a touch, and you can't have too light of a touch. It's got to be kind of just right in the middle. You've got there's a lot of tough decisions to make. And yeah, this isn't the most important stuff in the world, so it's not like you're making. Uh, uh, decisions that affect everyone's lives but but to run something like this and to have it run smoothly and to have it uh not blow up with constant controversy and problems and drama it's a very hard thing to do and that's why everybody else at the same time you kind of need to have a little bit of controversy and drama just to keep it a little bit interesting well we we do have that but yes (laughs) now also i want to state for those that maybe didn't have been listening for the full eight nine hours that earlier in the show you decreed that if this heart attack that you've been having for the last day and a half takes you down or incapacitated, like uh, you know, a president when they go into surgery, that I am in charge and I get PFA. I want to make sure Ooh. we understand. Yeah. That's what Druffett said earlier. <laughs> no, that, that that's fine. Dies, I, 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 you if know, he I, dies, I, that he'll leave me PFA after all these years of service. And he also stated if he was incapacitated, like under surgery and under oath or – or under anesthesia and unable to clearly make the decisions in a steadfast manner that I would be sworn in as. Well, there would have to be a wa- there have to be there have to be a waiting period to see how long I'd be out. But but uh, but I, I will I will tell you this. I was thinking today about it and yesterday, and I was thinking, who should it be? Now, of course, you no. came, of course you came to mind. But there's one concern I had. The concern Uh-oh. I had is is about the forum. Is that uh, it had to be someone who. Would be into running the forums if, if you're just kind of. You know, not, I've gotten a lot better. Okay. I've gotten a lot better, Drop. I've been posting regularly. No, I've no, I've noticed, but that's the only thing is they just want whoever it is to to want to to run it for the long term. And it, have it, I gotten better? Yeah, you have. Have I been showing up for radio every? Oh no, yeah, for sure. Three you in the morning now. Yeah. I, I, look, I even have inspired the Northern California guy. He's at three in the morning. He's still sitting here with us. This kid's a keeper. And I want to say something oh, he else. Done? Yeah, he's been on the Northern California. Oh, uh, hey, buddy. What's going on? Scott? And I want to say something, Druff, and I, I have nothing against Daredevil. I've made bread with him, broken bread with him. Nice guy. Everything you said was true. We didn't run him off the show. He did a great job. But I want to say right now, my peace of mind, that if indeed he came back, he'd have to start over in fourth place. <laughs> We're not bumping so, North okay. California. Guys. No, no, I, oh, no I, there's I, no bumping. I, I like when we get a variety of people on here. But I'm, I'm just saying, to... you are in third place. Trader Ruski's like third and a half. And then <laughs> I'm just saying, you don't get bumped. This ain't like the Jimmy Fallon show. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm not you. saying that. No, Wait, no he's not going to get bumped. Can right? we get into some detail exactly? Like, it doesn't have to be like explicit detail, but, you know, the vagueness. Um, why he left, and I probably missed it because he never... It's all true what Jeff said. He had life shit that had nothing to do with radio or us. 
Was it like a gambling problem? See, I don't want to reveal his business. That's the point. This is not someone who's done something bad that we had to reveal their personal business. Okay, it has nothing to do – I don't even know all the details. Yeah, so so I don't don't want to do it. It's it's, it's not my place to do this. You could say adamantly that it had nothing to do with Poker Fraud Alert or its affiliates or the radio channel, none of it. (laughs) Yeah, it didn't. So so, while while he's uh, – He's making, uh, you know, the one thing I mentioned is the thing with with his girlfriend because that he made public himself at the time when it happened, and that was kind of the start of of, of uh, some issues that. Uh, so, so he he kind of had to get in line, and he, he felt it was best to step away from poker. I mean, and I'm and, even thinking if the Northern California guy can go through 2016 like this with this kind of steadfastness, he's been on for eight hours, seven hours. What does that sound, though? Who's doing that? Oh, sorry about that. I'm driving to my secret oh, okay. location. That's something to think about. That's not me. No, I know it's not you. I think he's getting to his office. I think that's a catchy name, the Druff Drexel Northern California guy show. <laughs> I'm afraid to add him, though. Every time we add someone, we lose them. Yeah. And I'm just giving him... Hey, so oh, my no. time's running up really quick, but uh, I have two more questions. Yeah. Uh, Todd? I posted in your buy a piece uh, thread. I was wondering if uh, maybe in the next week or two you give me an answer to that one. And uh, Brandon, um, in terms of the w, uh, World Series of Poker, mm-hmm. what are your plans and will you be selling any pieces of that any time? Because my plans have slightly changed to the fact that I'm probably going to buy a house. So I don't know if I can justify going down there and dropping, but I would probably set aside around like 15 to 20 K. I'm for the record. And I've been asked this and I probably, now is a good time to address it. Thank you for asking. Uh, I'm going to probably plan about 12 events this year, 12, 14 events. Um, As I did last year, I'm not going to be putting up a package or anything like that. But what I will do um, is uh, one event, I think it's probably going to be the 10K uh, Omaha 8 or better world championship. I'm going to sell pieces probably just for that one event so people can get the sweat. Maybe I'll sell like 30%, but that's going to be the only event that I sell. Um, okay. And, I mean, it's just a personal choice that I just, you know. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I, if you or anyone wants to take a 1% piece, I'll sometime – in mid-May, late May, I think this tournament's not till like the end of June, make a post about it. But in terms of everything else, um, I'm just comfortable with the way it is. And, and you know, it just, it's just easier for me. I like it. Um, oh, what the hell? Uh, what, what was that? That's not me. That wasn't me. Nah, you just ruined it. I was trying to make a car crash sound. Oh. Uh, well. That's but, uh, yeah, anyone that is interested, I think <laughs> that's the route I'm going to go. The 10K... Omaha 8 or better, and I'll also maybe 30%, maybe 40 I don't know. But if anyone's interested, you can tweet at me. If not, I'll post something about it pretty soon. But thank you for asking, Handicap Me. I, I do appreciate the interest. But go ahead and buy your house. Uh, <laughs> don't delay buying a house for Druff and me. Play no, wait. No, 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 no. See, that's the thing, though. Is I'd rather buy pieces of you guys than actually go down myself. So that's why I was asking. It's you know dropping two three k is better than dropping twenty. Well, you when know, I'm about to me. spend like one hundred fifty. 
let's do this. Text me whenever you have some time and, and we can talk. And if you want a little bit of a sweat, I'll even give you my event list and I'll be willing to sell you some small pieces or a piece in one event. We'll, we'll figure something out if you want to sweat. Okay, Absolutely. that works. That, that works. That, I'm very gracious. Thank you for inquiring, and I'm sure I can speak on Druff's behalf. And yeah, and, and, and handicap me. You, well. you already have the maximum of selling. It looks like it's going to sell out here, so I, I don't think I'll be able to sell anymore. So. Oh, oh, wait. So when I went to like the Tasty Steak site or whatever that uh, thing was, it looked like only eight percent or like twelve percent of the package is bought. No, no, it's it's actually of what's being offered. It's uh, it's getting close to the end. Ah, uh, okay. Right all right, all right. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to do a, a TJ Cloutier and sell 100 percent of myself at a markup and then lose on purpose. Well, then you would probably <laughs> have to ban yourself from your site. Yeah. Um. Oh, and then one last thing: when it comes to uh, when it comes to the clip, um, not the actual clip, but the website clip. Uh, I. I agree that he probably should have been banned, but you post restricted him. That's fine. You taking it off now, I think it's fine too because he's been significantly better. But I'm asking uh, for myself and probably a lot of other people if he goes off again, you need to be a little bit more. Uh, no, I, I'm, I am. I am. I'm, I'm, there's going to be much less tolerance this time. If there's a, if the, if there's, I mess- think there should be like a. Like in zero tolerance. No, they're, they're pretty like, much it. They're pretty much it. The third strike, you send them to Guantanamo, the waterboarder. <laughs> and by the way, I'd be remiss again. I want to give a shout out to our number one fan, literally in Sweden. That's the country, Sweden. Vegetera. He's in the chat. He's been listening, fuck, for half a decade. Uh, Druff, shout out to Sweden. Yeah, shout Vegetera. out to Sweden. Yep. And by the way, I can't. Uh, let me tell you something. I cannot text back anybody who texts me to the seven seven five three seven two eight three five five. I cannot text back to you if you're in another country. That number will not text outside the U.S. or Canada. So it'll do Canada, but not outside of Canada or the U.S. So just right. letting you know. Listen, I gotta be honest. It's three thirty-five in the morning. We've been going at it now for uh, yeah, I, I got seven it. plus I hours. I'm, I'm, this too. is. I've been on a good sleep schedule, Druff. I'm sure you know this. I don't want to revert back to the old ways. So I think, uh, yep. you know, Northern California, you've got to get up soon with the animals. Hey, I'm still here too, guys. You hear me? And Eric Ryland. Ryland. Jesus, Ryland. Ryland, we got to meet up, buddy. Yeah, for sure. Yes, sir. I'll be at the links tomorrow. Yeah, there had to be a few people I meet at the World Series. I had to meet uh, Ryland. I had to meet uh, that handsome kid. <laughs> Vegetara ass isn't in the archives yet. <laughs> And you know what? We're going to say Godspeed, sweet princes. And we're going to fade the black with a little 1999 in honor of the great prince. Shalom. 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 See you later.